It's time to talk about some sweet, sweet comic books the way only we can. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I am Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 163. 163 indeed. Hello, one and all, to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, the official and official podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for the week of February 17th. 2018, we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Proud. Proud. We're on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics, Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com, Twitter at Weird Science DC, and we have, what I already mentioned, an award-winning website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, something we also have. Eric, I don't know if you're aware of this. We What's have that? a Patreon Purpose? account oh. at Patreon.com slash Weird Science, and each week, each day, it seems, we have a lot of shows. We, we try to have a show uh, almost every day uh, yeah. we end up probably about six shows a week it usually ends up but one of the bigger shows is our patreon only spotlight which we feature two books that will only be on patreon and not on this podcast it is picked by the badasses of the get fresh crew which oh, is oh. a level of the patreon account so if you want to be involved in voting things in and out and up and down you can go Left to the patreon and, right and do that yeah and that goes right into what one of the books in the spotlight is sideways number one and also dark knights rising the wild hunt number one it seems as the badasses the pretty much picked the biggest Biggins uh, this week. So if you want to hear those, as well as every week, two of the books that they pick and many other shows, go over there. Uh, our regular spotlight this week was Supergirl number 18. So if you're getting this in our regular feed, you'll see that there as well. And you'll have to listen to that on Get that your feed spotlight as well. Uh, but also, speaking of that feed, Eric, we also put the premiere episode of the Weird Science Pop Culture reboot on the feed as well. And must that, that is a show. Reborn. Must be Pop Culture Reborn. And that is a show that will come out every other Monday from now on, and it will be on the Patreon again. So if you want to go and listen to that, we have over 175 shows right now. It's nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense. We try to work hard for that. We treat it as something where we don't want to beg you just to support us. We actually want to give you some bang for your buck and give you some other shows. Uh, also, I do want to point out, because a lot of people did say they were afraid we were going to pull a lot away from the podcast. I just mentioned a couple things that kind of are. Uh, I do want to say, if you listen to the podcast and say, geez, you know, Jim, I already get seven and a half to eight hours a week from you. Why would I need anything else? Maybe that is another reason to go because we don't want to force anybody. We do not want to say, I, me and Eric have talked about it. We said, like, you know what? We probably would benefit a lot more if this main podcast was an hour and a half. So then people would listen. They'd get done and want more. We don't want to do that. We really don't want to force. I kind of want to do that, but you wouldn't let me know. I'm (laughs) I am a a rock here for the for the people, Eric. But yeah, with that though, (laughs) if you do want to just go and support us, uh, just to do it, you can. Uh, and the other thing is you don't have to listen to every show. Like some people I've, I've heard have been – well, I'm saying some people are actually, you know, 
it, it it gets them away from it like, oh, I would join that Patreon, but there's so much there I'll never catch up. Well, you, you don't have to. But yeah, uh, we mentioned already there is a level on there. It's the highest level. Uh, that is the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, and they get to pick everything that we do. We have polls that they vote and pick pretty much everything that we do there. So this is – Ready, Eric? Are you ready to smoke ready, like babe. a badass? You lighten up? Were you allowed to get cigarettes today? Did, did, did I they was. Card you? Did they card you today? Did they card you for your cigarettes or you just go free and clear because you look like an old man? Which one was it? Did they? Man, why, why did, it got to be yeah, one of the no, other? No, it's, it's one of the other because I know that Jess bought them, didn't she? Because she has an ID. She bought them the other yeah. day. Today there I was able to go. buy them free and clear because there were actually people there who knew me. Oh, oh, you're a man about town, are you? Man about town, uh, America's sweetheart and Quaker town sweetheart. Who would have thunk it? Who three years ago? Who would have ever dreamed that you could get cigarettes because you know people at the convenience store, Eric? But well, three this, years ago, I had the Seven Eleven. They knew that me too. Is tr- that is true. That, that guy. Uh, I think Tanya still owes that guy a hundred dollars or something. But <laughs> this is the badass roll call. All right, Eric, this is the Badass Roll Call, and I'm going to tell you who the badasses are. They, it starts with my man, the ultimate badass, still reigning champ, Manship. We also have Aldrin Stoja, David Assel, which is all new, Dave. I end up uh, reading these, and I told you, some of these trip me up. We have D-Man, Josh Vermillion, Havlin, Batman Beyond Mark, G-Man, Dancing Mike is what he goes by, Eric. B. Murray, Brandon. We got Bobby, Jolly Drew, Reggie, Andrew Belfast, Danny the Street, Luis, Zach, Ulysses Jones from the Ulysses Jones Show, Eric. I, I know you know that. T. T. Hakeem, Double Aaron, Abuse Mom in the Verizon Hole, and throws a lot of shade my way. We got yeah. Mad Money. We got Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Dave J, Bill Bear, Ian, Missy T, Rob Lewis, Pete from NYC, Lone Wolf Marv, Jazz. Ruben, Ruben's still here, and the OG, Chris Rahai. And thanks, all of you and everybody else who supports us on Patreon. We really, really do appreciate it, and I hope that you are enjoying all the shows that we have, including the Cellar Dweller, who dropped the show on Wednesday about Hellraiser Judgment. Is that what it's called? 2018, yeah. Hellraiser Judgment. Boy, you're right on the ball. Or he is. I didn't say you. He He is. is. I don't know who this guy is. I really am waiting to see you both in the room together. It just never seems to happen, Eric. I, I don't know why it seems like a Clark Kent Superman What are you going to see Superman me and you in a room deal. together? That's never happening. A warehouse, maybe. Not a room. That's it. Not uh, a room. This week, Tanya said, do you guys ever think about recording together in the same room? No. I said, no, I don't even know how to do that. I told you, there's a lot of technical things. Just And also, Wrong Turn actually asked me about the podcast this week. I forgot to tell you. He actually asked me, hey, when you record, do you see the Eric Shays? And I think when he talked about it, he thought that like we're on the computer and we're, you know, FaceTime, I think is actually what he asked. He said, do you do the FaceTime? And I said, no. And you better not right now. If you do, it's going to end up freaking crashing your computer, you son of a bitch. 
But right now, we're going to change up the game, Eric. If if you've been listening to us for a while, we're going to flip the script here because instead of doing the uh, rant and raves and a mail section, we're actually going to go to the books right away uh, and get some books in just to see if that mixes things up. A lot of people do complain that they say, oh, man, I went to listen to your podcast and it's an hour and a half of nonsense. No wonder it's so long, not realizing that there's also six hours of us talking about books. So we're going to mix the rant and raves in with the mail see how it goes everybody it, tell me what you think about it see if you like this let it let it kind of sink in a little though yeah let it breathe a bit let, let ruminate on it for a while send us a line tell us what's going on in your head yes if you're an old school listener uh you will know that at the beginning of the podcast when we first started taking mail we did all the mail at the Crazy. beginning and there were points where we had two and a half hours of mail at the beginning so we ended up you know spacing breaking that it so up this is a little bit of a different thing to too, but right now, Eric, we're going to go on to the books. Now, we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love, the meat and the cheese that we crave. Oh, Jim, we just want to hear your voice some more, and we want to hear Right, Eric. Here we are in the meat and cheese of the podcast. Quickly, we're here, quick, fast, and quick. And if you like what you hear and like the cut of Eric's jib during Ooh. these reviews, but want to read his written reviews because he's known throughout the land for those, go over yeah. to our award-winning website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, where all these books and more. Uh, many more are on the site with written reviews with scores on them as well, Eric. We go on a 0 to 10 scale uh, no, with don't. our reviews. I, I want to change it. I am now any Batman book I'm going to give Batarangs to. Uh, what would you give Red Hood books? Uh, would you give uh, I give helmets? Uh, three Red Hoods out of five. You just give it three Red Hoods. You're not even going to have three any imagination. How about uh, JLA? What would you give a JLA book in Three that? poop emojis out of five. <laughs> That's what you're going to do. Three poop poops is what he gets. Poop, poop. There you go. You get the, the – and I'm, I'm looking for that desperately and can't find that, Eric. But yes. And Thank it's God. Thank God. But this is the big part of the podcast. We're going to start with the first three books. They're always the, the big books of the night, uh, really. And we're going to start with what we always do at this week is Detective Comics. Detective Comics number 974, written by James Tynan IV, art by Felipe Briones, Alan Pasolacqua, and Sal Cipriano, Eric. Hey! Sal Cipriano. He is here. He's ready to go, Eric. Poop, poop. 
There you go. I finally found it. It, it changed somehow in this, uh, in my freaking mess of a soundboard there. So there you go. Uh, I would actually, poop, poop you know what I get that? That's what I get. The moment this. was lost. There you go, Eric. I failed. Sal Cipriano would be very, very upset with me. Not only him, but a sexy, sexy brother. brother. I, I don't know if I like him or his sexy brother. His sexy brother, I don't think that I'd be able to maintain that relationship. He'd always be I looking he, over his shoulder. He'd be looking at somebody else. He'd interrupt him and yeah. take a cigarette out of his mouth, kind of just chuck it at your face real quick like really? a cool guy. That's what he's going to do? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm telling you, if he's going to take uh, you know, a cue from the books tonight – it probably spit in my face. There's like three books tonight. That and you know his sexy brother. He's got some kind of disease. Yeah, yeah, disease of sexiness. Isn't that isn't that a sexy disease? The sexiness is yeah, is that hepatitis? Hepatitis, Eric. Is that the sexiest of diseases? I I've heard. I still don't know what it does. I have no idea. Is genital warts the disease of the sexy people? I, I just want to know. Is. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know what you just said. I'm yeah. telling you, I'm a dummy. One but of those newfangled sexual diseases. One of them newfangled. I got the PhD. I don't know. They just they, I got it, the it was PhD just made up. And STD. It's the PhD. Why did I say PhD? I got the STD of the PCD. There it is. Uh, you know, there's a lot of conspiracy theories of these diseases were made to get certain groups and things like that. The PSD, that, that's the disease to get the sexy brothers, Eric. Unfortunately, oh. uh, the government is down. Uh, they're not big. They're not hip. With these sexy brothers, they have to get rid of them. And Sal Cipriano, he's the head of that. Don't know where this segment's going, Eric. This <laughs> bail me out, Eric. Bail me out. We get a death of Clayface aftermath issue, and while all the parts you'd expect to be here are all accounted for, something seems to be missing. At least for me, you'll hear fucking Eric Shea over there. Like most oh. of this run, Tynan's story is devoid of emotion and comes off as just going through the motions. The detective squad is falling apart. Doctor October. Heals Mudface back to all her glory, Eric. Ooh. Stephanie is leaving town again, and Tim is going all beautiful mind and shit, I wrote. The issue ends with <laughs> Batwoman about to fulfill the prophecy we saw in the beginning of her solo book and Ulysses teaming up with Brother Eye to be the next big bad. And yeah, I'll just say right away, I'm very, very bored with this book. And this issue, while you're going to tell people, you're going to actually be more positive than me yeah. until I convince you otherwise. But uh, with Good that, luck. there's not many times where you are more positive than me in any of the books. I'm usually a little more positive than you. Uh, I don't know if it's because I have to review this. You're kind of coming in as, as a dirty casual after yeah. the fact. But this book is just – it's boring. It is really boring to me and really – Everything in this issue is everybody's playing like if this was a band, they're all playing the instruments they've been playing all along. Everybody hits the same exact clay note. Face. Well, yeah, now Clayface, he he's uh, dead on arrival. Eric, I was gonna make a. He's part of the Grateful Dead. I don't know. I'm not even gonna try this. I'm. He's got right a now. PhD I, I think, in DOA. I, I think I, I think I ended up uh, freaking taking my Adderall at the wrong time again. <laughs> uh, I gotta time this out, Eric. I, my fucking eyeballs are going nuts, but. Clayface is dead. Obviously, yeah. that's true. But you have uh, Stephanie, 
who basically is just here to yell and scream at everyone and say that things aren't working out. She has not changed. You have Cassandra, who is only in this book, it seems now, to just be this, you know, the other side of Clayface, a former bad, you know, bad girl who now is upset because her one friend's dead. That doesn't change. (laughs) Yeah, you have bad girl. Bad girl. You have Tim Drake, who just wants to make his plans work, Eric, and can't understand why. Plus, throw in the future Tim stuff where everything yeah. he says has to end up wrapping around to that then you have batwoman who we knew was going to do what she did by killing clayface all along the thing was i actually thought that clayface would not die so what it, basically to me again everything is going the plan that we've had and i've been bored with this i for a think while. That you sat back and said Clayface is really dead? Not on my watch. Yeah, not I'm on my watch. Well, and, and what's weird, How dare too, you, the, the other thing that I want to say is we had last issue where I did say that was the finale of that story. This issue is – it's not even treated like an – but it is an aftermath. You know, right. It just says night's fall. It's a weird thing that I think that the last three issues, you probably could have worked your magic – and made them into one, if not two. Yeah, you're magic. Uh, oh. Editor Eric Shea. This is a drawn-out story. Yeah, this is a drawn-out story. This is the stuff that we should have gotten at the finale last issue. And to me, it's just, okay, let's string it out a little more. Uh, this issue should have been fully about the you know, the team going apart and kind of getting a little more with that instead of now a little bit of a hint to get to next issue, which is an oversized issue about Kate, well, the trial of Batman. It's an anniversary issue, Jim. Yeah, yeah. 975. 975, you know, happy anniversary in there, buddy. But yeah. yeah, you start off, there is Cass. She has Clayface. He's falling apart in clay. He's dead. We, we saw she this. She is now, just covered in clay. She's yes. sitting on the ground yep. just with Clayface's dead clay. Yeah. Body just there, just falling apart. And, and and with this, I do have to point out again the pacing of this book. When Tim Drake died, we immediately saw that he wasn't dead. So yeah. when he came back, it had been almost a year of us knowing he wasn't dead. So the emotions to me weren't there when right. even when Stephanie came back. In this, we saw Clayface get shot. Yes, this confirms he's dead. But we already saw Cass, and we already got the emotional parts with Cass. So her just sitting there, it's almost like you'd have the scene in a movie where, you know, it's raining. We got the Shawshank Redemption somehow. And I'm looking up and shaking my fist. No! And then... You, you wait two weeks, and then the next bit starts with me. No! And you're like, I, I don't have emotions. I've already seen this scene. I've already kind of worked this out in my mind that she's upset. So you end up having the rest of the team show up, including Dr. October that just comes, you know, running up in her high heels or whatever there. Uh, she seemed a little out of, you know, out of nowhere just showing up at the scene. Yeah. But she's there to kind of verify that Clayface is dead. Uh, and he is. Uh, you have Stephanie come out. Hey, what happened? Nobody's dead until it's verified. And that's Dr. true. Verifies that is very right true. Uh, with her lap or her tablet that scans the clay. Her holographic tablet. Scans the clay. But uh, Stephanie shows up. What just happened? Tim goes, that was a gunshot. Now, again, this is only here. Because it's supposed to be, oh, yeah, I remember Clayface was shot. It's just there as recap so that people will remember that he was shot. You have Stephanie. I'm not stupid, Tim. What happened? I'm God like, boy, damn it. Why I is hate it? You. Every time we go somewhere, it's like this. 
Yeah, yeah, and I, I just don't like her in this book. And a lot of people love Stephanie Brown. I can't think that anybody I, likes this Stephanie I Brown. I don't think anybody does she like this Stephanie Brown. She just argues and complains and is just a jerk to Tim for the whole thing. And by the end, she does say again that she's leaving. And I wish Tim would be like, wait a second. Please don't leave. You know, just stay. Just stay one more day. And she says, okay. And then he says, no, no. I'm leaving. He just wants to be the one to leave. And, you know, I'm not letting you. I'm going out on my terms, baby. But, oh, I, I really wanted that to happen. But you have it where Cassandra's there. Oh, my God, Dr. October, save him. Make him okay. And she scans and says, no, 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 whatever did this, it's whatever did this, the gunshot, it was rather ingenious. I'm like, okay, it's not time for ingenious talk, but he is dead. And, well, that's the uh, best part, too, because, like, you know, I can't say best part, but Dr. October is so fascinated with whatever did his claim. She yeah. is so cold right there in front of yeah. cast. I'm like, yeah. I'm surprised cast didn't freak yeah, out really. beating the shit out of It'd her. It's funny. The only reason she didn't is because Dr. October doesn't have a symbol on her shirt, Eric. There's nothing to rip <laughs> off. But, yeah, she, and that, there's a weird deal that I said that it's – it's a more of a verbal thing than a written thing where she's like, oh, he used to do this. You mean used to? And Tim looks like John Cena or something there. He's really off. And I That's know you like part. the art. I, I yeah. love the art in this issue, but it seems that nobody can draw Tim Drake properly. Yeah, Tim Drake every time I see him, odd. he always looks different. And he always, he looks different than what you want him to look like. Yeah, he looks like the future Tim a little here. He looks older. Uh, but yeah, Maybe Dr. wiser. Yeah, maybe. Dr. October does say, listen, he's – and it's so funny where she's like, oh, I'm sorry, Cass. You know, your friend is dead. I really respected him as well. No, no. She's like, nope, this is just cold, dead clay. No more life to it than a mundane counterpart. So, like, really? You're not – bedside manner. And then I love it too. Not her like, best. Yo, she's doing this whole thing. Oh, she looks up for Cass. Forgive me. Who – who would do, do such this? a yeah, thing? Yeah, it's almost like she realizes, like, like when she says care. that. Yeah, everybody's staring at her like – what the fuck? And then she, oh, oh, uh, pardon me. I, I, oh, I, no. I, Who did I, this? I love the next panel, too, because if you just take it in context of what yeah. it is, Tim is just looking away with his head covering yeah, his eyes like, oh. He's, he's, oh. I told you about this shit. You, you shouldn't be around people. But, yeah, that's why you're the doctor <laughs> in fucking Monster Town. Uh, but, yeah, she, he says, Tim says, I know exactly who did it. Again, this is the same tune. That we've been playing all along where this whole thing seems to be that everything – now, if you want to go for the full-out future Tim Drake who came back said Batwoman does something in the next few weeks. It's going to fuck up everything. It's going to do this, that, and the other thing. Pretty much that what Batwoman just did will end up killing – well, Damien and and, and Dick are dead because of this. Uh, What's his name? Jason Todd is a cripple. And it ends up with Tim – yeah, and no leg, I think, if I remember right. And Tim Drake is Batman. There is a lot in between there. You know, she ended up – and when this goes on, I side with with Batwoman. She had to do it. Now, again, it was a weird deal that when she took this gun – because then you see she's there with the gun. She says, Batwoman tonight – Target is down. Now, yeah, it's a little late in the game. I mean, they're there in his clay, and, and she's like, Target's down. If you just want to look over where she is perched for that sniper shot, everybody's essentially there except for yeah. Luke and Azrael, who are always off just not doing anything. Yeah, I just think she wanted to call the kill. Uh, Batman shows up, says, stop giving orders, which I said, it's just a weird line because she wasn't giving orders uh, and wasn't giving them before because Batman's been in the control of this whole you know deal. She just took the shot, but it's fine. Right. She's like, hey, Batman, he breaks the gun and says, how could you? Repeats that. Uh, but with that, 
I agree with her. She There was a kaiju clayface. He was ripping the city apart. Even as it goes on, Dr. October, when she does have glory with her mud face, says, listen, the shit that you did caused the destruction you know, of Monster Town. It got even worse. That destruction, as we were talking about, has to be clayface. Yeah. So he was wrecking. We saw he was a giant clayface wrecking the city. Batman There's always did not, another way, Jim. Batman didn't have another plan. The whole plan at that point was lead him the monster town, lead him right. away from the people. At, at the point where Inge- she ended inject up, him with the serum that may work or serum. may not work, and it didn't. He started going back. He started reforming into Clayface, and it didn't seem like he was going to be able to maintain, maintain yeah. the deal and and keep his mind. There was nothing in the book last issue that showed you that. Unfortunately, he oh, would no, they, say they didn't have anything. No, else, no backup plan at all. Nope. The thing is, even with that idea, where the team comes together and starts talking about, you know, yeah. there's always another way. We would find yeah. another way, no matter. what. What? I, I agree with that thing because I really don't like the idea of my heroes killing people. Yes, they do. Uh, the other thing, though, is there was a weird thing before where Jacob gave – and this is a colony gun. Jacob yeah. gave her this gun. When he handed it to her, he said, listen, you could I'm, modify no, it. I'm no gun. You know, I'm no tech guy, but you probably could modify this to not kill him, and that was just wiped away. Because it doesn't fit the story. It doesn't because you have to have – you have already set up the story that had to be Kate doing something awful. This is obviously it, and to have her modify it, it it wouldn't fit the story. So I wish that – the one thing that I wish from that last story that we had, I wish that as Clayface was reforming in the Clayface, he would say, oh my god, you know what, Cass? I'm actually able to control – boom. And then he's dead. And then I'm like, you know what, Kate? That was bullshit. You didn't even give him a chance. Uh, it looked like he was going to be okay. It didn't. It looked like he was going to go back. He might have killed everybody in Gotham. And I know that that doesn't matter to Batman. I know no. that he has his code. I know this. But I agree with Kate. I, I do. And Now, Luke, what if the thing Luke is, because that was a weird line to throw out there, the whole idea about modifying the gun if yeah. we're not going to use it at all. What if she didn't? She's just not showing her hand right now. We yeah, see, like, might... you know, Dr. October sees cold, dead clay right now. Damn. What if he reforms because she did modify well, the gun later on? Well, it's funny, too, is as you see it, the one thing is it kind of seems like the clay might – at one point, I actually thought it was going down a sewer. Right. It, it's not. It's just, you know, the Monster Town wreckage. Uh, the only thing that I can think that probably could happen if you want to continue, you don't care about basil clayface. You no, said you if you're not aware, yeah, if you're not aware, clayface can be whatever clayface. Uh, there's been many of them. Uh, I well, wonder, I you, even if we look a year ahead right now in the yeah. doomsday clock, we do have Lady Clayface out and about, yeah. so we do have a clayface a year yeah, from now. And, and with that, I wonder if they're playing a little that that's really why they led him to Monster Town because as it goes on in the future, we're gonna find out that Clayface comes back as full out, not even a, a human type deal, that the monster town nonsense mixes in with him here because he's there. Maybe that's the deal. Uh, but again, like I said, Kate's just there and it's just cut and dry because you have to do this. Oh yeah. There's just outrage. Up. And like, you know, she's deplorable for this act that she's done. She's gone against everything yeah. the goddamn Gotham Knights stand for at this point and yeah. killed one of their own. And, and really the, the problem I have, 
uh, with Kate, and I think Batman should have pointed out a little because it's more of how could you – hey, what was I going to do? I had the shot. I had to take it. It's that simple. He says, no, it isn't. The thing is she already told him kind of what she was planning on doing. He said no. He said, yeah. you do not do that. You don't. And she went against his his command, and that's where I think there's more problem. But she they don't bring that up. He's yeah. just mad about the kill. Then, Like we said, the next issue is an oversized issue, an anniversary issue. That's <laughs> called The Trial of, uh, of Kate or Batwoman. And I think they may bring it up there. But this is where the rest of the night show up, and you have that divide. You have Tim who says, "We there's always a different plan. And you I got want Cassie Kate, who's just really upset. Yeah, she's – goddamn symbol and, off of and, Batwoman's yeah, chest and because she's betrayed thing. what they stand yeah, for. That's the big thing. It's funny, too, because you have Stephanie who shows up. She's had, I'll just She annoys me in this book so much. First off, she looks like she's running on the side of the fucking building at one point, but she's there. And they're arguing. She was crying at one point, like, you know, half a page before. And then you look where Tim's like, the idea we're supposed to be better. And Stephanie's drawn like she's bored. She's just standing there. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, she has nothing to do with it. She's standing there and just letting Tim talk. Even when our, you know, our group here picks sides after Luke and Asriel show up and agree with what Kate did. And like, we have the whole divide right there where we have Batman, Red Robin, Cassie, and uh, spoiler on one side, uh, Batwoman, Luke, and Asriel on the other. Like Stephanie, she has no horse, like a uh, horse in this race. She can yeah. give a fuck less than seems no, like. No, yeah, she really could care less. And if anything, she was pushing that victim syndicate nonsense oh, yeah. all the time, saying, "You know what? They have a point, though. They have a point." Well, where's your point? Plus, that's another thing that's just in the back of my mind. Where we even talked before we went on, where where are the rest of them? We see Glory. Yeah. But where and it seemed like she Where's was locked up victim? at Arkham or something. Yeah. Like, was everybody just kind of held in Arkham after the first victim mm. took off? Where's Where's Needles? Huh? Where did he go? Where's Lurch? <laughs> where's Lurch and Needles? But yeah, uh, you're going to push the whole idea of Kate slash going to colony type deal where yeah. you know you're going to get this mindset from kate here that she is more of a military a more of a uh like a police deal where she says listen what i did if i was part of the military or the police I- i'd be commended i i stopped a threat that was going to destroy the city the only way that we could i should get a goddamn medal and you know it was time to to work and that's where tim says no no we're supposed to be better than all that and then she says you know there isn't always time to be better and i agree now the other thing too is as this is going on i don't know how this will fully affect or if we're just going to push aside the idea that this group the gotham knights is pretty much wanted not criminals but wanted because they the city doesn't want them as a group they think of them as a militarized deal and one of the big things with the victim syndicate was pushing clayface as part of the group well now you would think that they saw the team take them down so i wonder if that to me it's weird it seems like that's just going to be pushed aside that whole deal about you know we can't have batman you know having a a military the The only thing i can think of is maybe the military does stay involved like a city i don't see it continuing like that because now the threat of clayface is done with but, but the whole idea of like Colony coming arm. in again, yeah, I can see that being a part that, of it. But Colony at this point is pretty much, you know, on their own and shit like that too. So I, I just – but the whole thing with the mayor against them and all that, I wonder if that's even going to continue. We'll, we'll have to see. But yeah, that's where Cass flips out and basically says, why did you do this? And then rips the bat symbol off of Batwoman's you know, oh, costume. Oh, no, she didn't. And, yeah, and says, he could be good. He could be saved. And that's the problem. I wish that Cass did see something that gave you a hint 
that yeah. he was going to be able to fight it off or be able to do this. And uh, but you don't really get that. Also, it's just the ripping of the symbol actually makes me laugh. It's very symbolic. And it's funny, too, because Kate's like, listen, Cass, I don't want to fight you. And that's a good idea because yeah. Cass would kill her five times over. Uh, but she just is mad at this point. But then then Kate takes it a little too far, says, listen, you know, I was trying to save your life. And then she tries to say, and that's where she rips that symbol off. You were hurting says, it. And yeah, and says the symbol special means don't kill, means never kill. And again, if you want to take that to the extreme, Cass has probably herself killed I'm telling you, thousands of people. Now the part just, of the fact yeah, that it doesn't have. say that now. Face, we have Azrael, we have yeah. Cassie, all murderers in the yeah. background. You I'm know, telling you, she, she doesn't full out. She says means don't kill means never kill. I understand what she means. But if you sit there and like, I wonder, kids like, yeah, it's funny coming from you. I, I mean, I'll go talk to Harper Rose, see how her parents are Ooh. doing, her mother, that you sliced her goddamn throat and let her bleed out like a pig. But yeah, you have that. It's the redemption of that. And uh, yeah, Cass is upset. It's so weird. Like we've been joking about it all week. The idea of a half this team are just straight up murderers who are looking for a dead. Mm -hmm. Like Batman's like, gotta fill the roster now. Wonder what Rachel Ghoul's up yeah. to. What yeah. What's Tally up Zaz to? Zaz. Yeah, I said yeah. Zaz. Next day, he's like, Clayface is dead. Oh, we need a villain to redeem. Go get Two Face. <laughs> he's like, what? Get Scarecrow on the line. It's just so goofy to me. You that mean the awesome. The needle. Also, you have this deal there where I hope that in this trial bit that's coming up where uh, Batwoman basically says, uh, yeah, Batman, I know that I killed him, but you letting him on the team kind of is what led to this. You know, yeah. you, you kind of let him there and you kept it from people and things like that because he shouldn't be, you know, scot-free and all this either. Uh, but he says, Derek, go. You're excused. You know, you're on the bench. You're being benched. We're bringing in the backup, Zaz. Uh, and, you know, go away. As this happens, Luke and Azriel. And it's so funny because this also just points out to me that James Tynan has nothing for Luke and Azriel to do because no. you have all of this going on. And then they show up right at the point where you have to have two sides going because Kat, uh, Kate just basically says, how dare you? You know what? I'm excused. Excuse me. And uh, they come down and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, she did what had to be done. Uh, obviously, Batman, Tim, and that, they're like, no, no, she can't. You're going to go. And it does Cross look the line. like, yeah, it does look like Luke, Azrael, and Kate leave. I don't know fully at this point. You don't get the idea that they're fully together, you know, that they go off to, you know, talk or whatever. It seems whatever. like they're off the Gotham Knights, though, because they're willing yeah. to freaking, you know, step in yeah, with step uh, in. Batwoman here. So I, I have to imagine that she's going to recruit them going down the line. Yeah, and I think it was Ruben was talking to me, and he's like, I don't think Asriel, because Asriel does say, hey, listen, uh, Lucas, we've had a tough day talking to Luke, but it says, hey, it's an unwise course of action, Batman. I think that he's just more upset that Batman's ripping the team apart, because he yeah. says, you know, it's unwise course of action. We shouldn't be picking ourselves apart. And then Batman just goes, huh, he, like he doesn't listen. If you want to leave with her, you're welcome to do so. All right, I guess we're picking it apart. Off I go. Because, yeah, it seems like they're going to be uh, off together. You have to have this divide. And yeah. you, then you go three days later. And then off. you get three on three and then two after spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, that's you have because, yeah, then she leaves. And uh, you go. And really, if you're going to go, you'd have Asriel versus Cass. 
you'd have Kate versus Batman and Luke versus Tim. Yeah. I think that's a pretty even up fight, actually. So that's pretty good. Um, you get three days later in Arkham Asylum where Dr. October then has taken this, you know, formula that the other was bit of the, the serum. Yeah, the other bit of the serum to go and says, listen, Basil, my good friend Basil, he said that whatever happens, I was supposed to come and give you this, you know, injection that's going to get you back to being your old self. You won't be mud faced anymore. He felt bad about this. Now, the other thing is, if you remember, I guess she's changed her tune. Yeah. Because before it was, I will never do that. Go screw yourself because I want people every day to see what you did to me so that they know you're a monster. Well, he's dead now. She doesn't have to keep saying nope. that. And the problem I have with this is it's basically a half a page or, you know, actually a whole page where it's just boom, insert, boom, glory. She's back. Oh, my God. Thank you. And, and then, then Dr. another page of Dr. October just throwing shade just at her. Just throwing shade her and basically said, you've been given a second chance that Basil did not get. Uh, do something with it and even goes to as far as saying that the uh, the mayor seems to have taken a liking to her and it's, there's it's word that will be released. Idea, the whole idea that they might release Mudface yeah. because, you know, of all the bad press that the city's yep. getting because of the victim syndicate. But we also have the victim syndicate that caused the destruction of yep. the city. Yeah, yeah. And it, we don't so know if they the have the rest out. of them. We don't know if, uh, you know, the first victim, all those guys, are they captured? Yeah, I, we don't know where they are now. So this is the only victim syndicate person, it seems, that I can say is definitely in well, jail. It's the, only, it's the only one, though, that we had any background yeah. with. So I, I don't know if Lurch could be redeemed or from Needles. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't either. know anything Needles. about these characters. Tony, we know we've nothing been about time with and, and that's the problem is we've been yelling this first, uh, the victim syndicate, oh, it's nonsense we keep being it keeps coming up oh get rid of it the problem is you need an ending like everybody was waiting for who the first victim is what is going to happen and mark my words we will find out eventually and it'll be just like when tim came back and what i thought with clayface in this issue where we're gonna be like oh it's them okay well i would have liked to have known that a year ago because i really don't care anymore out of nowhere it'll be there uh it's also funny too is I, I would get the idea that they end up – the mayor comes to Arkham like, okay, let's go see that. This mud face is going to be great. I'm going to look so cool by letting this hideous monster out of Arkham because I can see past that to the inner beauty. What the fuck? Who is this hot chick? Hey, <laughs> that doesn't fit my plan. You're back in. You know, hey, you, you must be bad. But it, it's just pretty, weird. pretty people don't go to jail. No, I'm telling you. If she's pretty and bad, that's double. But yeah, it's just weird that you have this whole thing and then she just drops. Doesn't even say, well, you know what? I was against have, having this cure. But if Basil said that the last thing he wanted. But yeah, oh. you, you, you have the whole deal where Dr. October says, you know, you're a victim syndicate. You, you did a lot of damage and whatnot you're getting a second chance you know make it work uh then you go off to the robin's nest and i i do think that a lot of people would just have assumed this was the belfry though the belfry Belfry's is destroyed, destroyed. so you, you have to go back to his apartment deal the the robin he is just planning on the belfry 2.0 yeah. and, and this let's is let's again get back to oh, you know where we were it's yeah, time to rebuild it's just again though it's just the same notes over and over where i think that i can make this work this time and i think quiet and, down you beautiful yeah, yeah. and then really he's like i got my my eyes were uh, hurting so i started drawing shit on the floor he's yeah, gone insane insanity. he's gone insane and stephanie doesn't go full out but kind of does say you know what <laughs> 
And I can't deal with this work shit. Next day, it's like Eric, what the hell happened? You, you like, you know, you didn't finish all your reviews last night. Yeah, I'm telling you, I was focused on the computer. My eyes started hurting, so I wrote the rest on my carpet. You run them on the, the kitchen floor. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know if that works out. You take a picture of it. I finished them. I'm like, all right. I, I, I'm telling you, this is me walking backwards slowly out the door, <laughs> keeping my <laughs> eye on you all the, at all times. But yeah, she goes and just says, you know, hey, th- this is nonsense. You're overworking yourself. But he keeps saying, I-, I know that I can make this better. I know I can make it work. And Stephanie basically says, you know we what? Talk. How much of yourself are you losing? to make this happen and then she just starts screaming at him and i like the look of surprise on his face in one part but uh, with that you jarhead looking with that though what is she getting at you obviously see that he is on the edge he is having problems he's drawing shit on the floor and this is the point where you start screaming and saying basically i see the path you're heading down it's a path of war Instead of helping him, she no, just no, at yells. This point, I, I imagine she showed up for a date, saw he's fucking lost off his goddamn rocker, yeah. drawing on the floor, and says, you know what? I think I yeah. need a few days out of town. I need it, to it, get it out of funny. town. They, That's what I need to do, baby. They, so we're breaking up. They just went out to dinner the night before he's scribbling shit on fucking napkins. <laughs> it's like me writing notes for the podcast. Fucking scribbling shit, putting it in his pockets. But yeah, and she says, I need to get out. I need to be out of here, out of the costume. No supervillains. And, and without me. Yeah, Tim. Without you. And then she has to say, I love you, Tim Drake. I believe you can do great things, but I can't watch you do this to yourself. And instead of helping him, she just leaves. And if we're going to go for the full gamut of this in the time frame of what they were kind of pushing and things like that, this is only weeks, a month after he came back from what she thought was dead. And she can't take him this much. I mean, really. She just – she bolts. Batman comes down. I'm waiting for Batman to come in and go – Buddy, you got to come down here. You're fucking going all beautiful mind. That doesn't work out. No, no. Batman just starts talking to him. Doesn't even seem to even notice. Tim is crying on his knees, freaking amongst these pictures uh, that he's drawn. Okay, we we have some more stuff to talk about besides Tim. You can't put all this on yourself. Yeah, Because look at you. You're drawing on the floor. Yeah, look at you. You crazy ass bitch. He's there and he's like, "Uh, you know, the future Tim was right. Batman, being Batman's a curse. And I went, Batman. What did you just say? <laughs> what the hell You're you right. Mean? What do you mean by that? Batman no more. Yeah, I'm done. He rips his own. Where's Cass? Cass, do that thing with the symbol. I need to get it. I can't do it myself. But yeah, he's like, listen. A weird angle. And, and Tim just says, I'm a lot like you. I see what's going on. And really, I'm waiting for Batman to have any sort of talk like, listen, you got to calm down. We're going to work this out. Maybe, you know, with Kate off, you know, I, I excused her. You want to go on a vacation? I have some money. I can yeah. send you places. You know, you want to go to the Bahamas? I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you talk to Dick. He keeps fucking like you know yeah, running really. dry I here. Mean, but yeah. you, <laughs> you could use some of vacation. Yes. Let's he take needs some a fucking, break. Like spending money, we'll go off to Tahiti. We'll have a good time, yeah, buddy. I'm telling you. And he's like, listen, you don't, you don't want to leave the, uh, the states. There's an apartment in Keystone. Somehow I'm paying for it. I don't know what the fuck's going on with it. It looks pretty expensive though. But it's crazy. To me, that Batman does not say, and it works out with the book too because he's already sent Kate off. I would think that the team itself is kind of on a little bit of a hiatus. And you Batman, know what you need, buddy? 
little training. Apparently, yeah. in freaking Bloodhaven, I own something called Grayson CrossFit. <laughs> I got a lot of shit on the books that I'm not aware of. Somehow, I, I've funded this Titan's Tower bullshit in San Francisco. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but, yeah, he just talks to him. Hey, we'll figure it out, buddy. You have Tim just going completely nuts and crying. You want? I also got a tower in Rhode Island called the Sanctuary. <laughs> Yes, everything. Uh, but yeah, Batman just says, you know, actually, Batman doesn't say much. No. Tim, he's like, oh, that's what hurts. Word. Yeah, Tim's like, that's what hurts, Batman. Because then he says, Tim, what's wrong? I saw Stephanie leaving. Tim? And then he, Tim just starts babbling. He's like, oh, everything I do, it doesn't work. Oh, my God, it's, it's going to make it worse. I'm going to be the worst version of myself. Oh, no. Uh, what's wrong with me? I'm a- I, All right, Tim. buddy. I figured it out. I know what you need. Let's take a trip to Arkham Asylum. Yeah, I, I heard some temporal <laughs> anomalies were there. There might be something called Dr. Manhattan. Come he's, on, buddy. He's like, listen, I, I need to practice, too, because in the future that you're not aware of, I'm going to do the same thing with this Rorschach fella. <laughs> I, I, I got this plan. I need to practice with you because I, I think you need some help. I mean, we're going to go check temporal anomalies. <laughs> so much nonsense that Tim is hurting so much here. And then There's just, Batman I'm telling you, too, just look at the page. He's screaming. Of course I can, Bruce. He's like, don't lay it all on yourself. It's not all your fault. That's all Batman says, really. And he's like, of course I can. Uh, you do it all the time. Uh, you know, if we're as similar as you always said, and then all of a sudden now I'm not Tim, a crying little and bitch, it, though. It's so funny, too, because Tim is the guy. He's like the, the person who always has to apologize. Batman's just sta- – and Batman, in this panel, Tim is laying. He's on his knees. He's crying. He's like, I'm sorry, Bruce. I shouldn't have said those things. You look at the art, and Bruce is actually looking at us. He's not even looking at Tim. He's, he's looking bored. Off. Yeah, he's like, well, what am I going to eat for supper tonight? What's, <laughs> what's going on in this place? I probably I have Selena's to. Be, up I'm, to. I'm, I'm probably paying off the fucking mortgage in this fucking place too. I have to um, bad. Yes. I, you know what? He also has the hatchery in Batman of the Signal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, he's. How do you think I got so poor? But then the, Tim ends off up. In the distance. I just am going to remember my my first my biggest regret when I almost killed the Riddler. <laughs> he's a, his biggest regret is that and not uh, fucking putting some sort of lock on his fucking credit card. He, he's, that's what he's he's calculating all the money that he's spending. He's for just these lo- kids. And that's the thing is, he's not looking at us. He's just looking around the Robin's nest yeah. with all this high tech gear. Yeah, he's How much did that looking, fucking cost? <laughs> They told me kids cost a lot, but Jesus Christ, this is getting ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, he's sitting there. And then Batman looks a little sad because then Tim's just like, basically, you know what? Batman's a curse and one I'm never going to escape. You never have like any sort – Batman doesn't even – at one point, Tim is on his knees. His hand on his shoulder. That's, no, there, there, that's what I'm saying. I'm waiting for something. At the point where Tim is there, he's got a hand. He's just crying. He's got his head in his one hand and Bruce is there. Holding his Hold cape. His cape up. He's holding his cape. He, he doesn't <laughs> want to run it through the scribblings on the floor. <laughs> he doesn't even pat his back. Oh my goodness. This is why then we go to the next scene. Kate's there and she's in her uh, fucking lair and uh, looking at, you know, she's fixed herself up and she's looking at the suit thinking, God damn it, where's Pennyworth? I don't know how to sew. Where's <laughs> Julia? I got to get her. We need a new symbol. But she's there and Jacob comes in and through this whole deal of this detective comics, they have really pushed Jacob as and is a pretty bad father. He's not. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's better than Batman. I'm telling you, at least he shows up and wants to talk, and he's like, I'm hey, proud I'm of you. Batman yeah, he's like, listen, you, yeah, yeah, you've done, you did what you needed to do. It goes with the whole military deal that he's been pushing again. Yeah. Kind of the same thing we always get. And uh, she's like, yeah, you know what? Batman doesn't think so. I'm grounded. And then Jacob says, yeah, you are if you're playing his game. Let's play a new game. And then somehow attaches a new decal. You, I uh, swear it's, to it's God, cloth, he just though, got a box of like. new quality bumper stickers that yeah. happened to have it. Saw the tear on her freaking symbol oh. there. Just slapped it on. What do you think of this, soldier? Yeah, look at this, baby. Uh, the thing that you don't realize is – uh, Colony started a failed Patreon account, Eric. At one of the levels, you actually got these decals. Nobody signed up. It's basically that the next level is you get to kill people, and people didn't go for that. So they have the sticker. He's got a lot. Slaps it on and just says, what do you think? You want to get your real mission? And this is something that when James Tynan started off with uh, Marguerite Benet on the Batwoman solo book, at the end of that first deal, you saw like, and in the future of this the book, and future, one of yeah. the things was Kate in this outfit. Now, again, it was her very old. We actually thought it was her stepmother uh, come to, you know, do that. But it yeah, seems we had a like, lot of crazy ideas. It's just yeah, an it's, older Kate. It looks yeah, like it seems like it was an older Kate. So if that is something that is a future that can be changed, obviously, then we can just write it off as that. But it is kind of a I get a James Tynan thing that then her, him and Marguerite Benet, and he's kind of backed off from that. It seemed yeah. like he was there to start that out with her when he backed off of that. Maybe this was an idea that she said, you know what, I, I don't know if I'm going to use that in my book because we're busy with the lost year. Uh, so you can take it, and he did. So you do that, and then you just out of nowhere, you see the big bad coming up, and it's Ulysses, you know, who was in Colony, got kicked out uh, for being a little too over the top with his weapons, which ended up being the thing that killed, quote unquote, killed Tim Drake. So you have that, and he's looking at a bank. He and really, if you want to know what it looks like, if you didn't read the book, it's Mister Oz. He's yeah. there with a bank of you know things that somehow he even has a camera that's showing Stephanie leaving. T- Town. Hey, you got all of everything you see. Asriel, he's praying. That's yeah. You have Luke that's just looks like he's sitting and looking over. Uh, you I wonder where of, these cameras are. Yeah, at. yeah I'm telling you, it's Gotham all over the place. It's right there, and Kate Kane's next to her yep. face, and camera's zooming in on that yeah. freaking comedy symbol. Yeah, and it's like it's funny too because some of the things look like they'd be happening now, like Stephanie leaving. But there's also replays of Cass screaming. You have Tim still crying. You have what just happened with Jacob giving the voila to the new suit. And then Batman's face, he, he's just there. He's just, you know, frowning. Doesn't say a lot. And, no, and Ulysses then says, and actually, Brother Eye says, timeline advancing as planned. And then that's where you have Ulysses, who seems to have a controller, maybe a phone. It's crazy. He says, uh, which now means I have access to the history of their dark future. Uh, well, then, let's see if Ulysses Armstrong can't speed things up a little. And we'll see how that's going to go. And, you know, there's And I'm actually really curious about, about the that. Brother Eye, because I know we had that when, you know, the Tim Drake of tomorrow, he came down and he, like, you know, set the Brother Eye loose so he could do, use all the drones at Colony's Command to go and tear apart Batwoman. Yeah. But uh, I thought everything was taken away when Hypertime took yeah, him I away. Too. I want to know, like, did Ulysses download the program while it was active? Yeah, I thought that they showed him getting it because that's how he, he kind of was using it then. And we thought that he was going to use those drones well, again I, I and know all it, that stuff. I know stuff, it showed up so. in his colony air uh, yeah. ship because it needed to take control of those drones. But I'm guessing he downloaded well, it again, before Hypertime that, took it, it. And really either that or we'll go with the full deal because it seems as if, you know, it's not like a, a just a program. It's Brother Eye. Maybe Brother Eye itself 
downloaded said, itself onto the computer and we stayed do, we around. We do have the brother eye, you know, satellite right satellite, now in present yeah. day that is not this dark brother eye. So yeah. maybe it interacted with its, its That's present a, day I self. actually think that it's more of that and they're just going to kind of, you know, go with it that it actually just stayed behind itself. And, it, you know, you have Ulysses there. But what does this mean to Batman Beyond, uh, Jim? I don't know. It doesn't mean anything. I, I'm sure that, you know, we'll get some hyper time. I, I don't know how it'll resolve. I I, I'd like to see it. I just... Hope that we get to it right away and get a resolution because a lot of the things in this book, we're not getting a lot. I mean, you can even go as far as saying the whole, you know, not that it was in this book only, but the whole thing with the Night of the Monster Men, that mm-hmm. kind of just was left on the table as well. And, and in Kate's own book and in this book as, as well, it just kind of is hanging out there. We have the whole first victim and the victim syndicate where it's just ridiculous that we don't know anything with that going yeah. forward. And now we have Colin. Back. I mean, we've never really gotten to anything new in this book since it started. It just Wait till the League of Shadows comes yeah, back. Yeah, and the League, yeah. We just end up in that dead end, kind of. But we, yeah. we do have this, like, kind of a, you know, a swirling bit of storytelling that we keep going back to things. And when we think it's done, like Ulysses, we didn't see for a little bit. He came yeah. back for a little. Now he's back again. Oh, it's the same thing we're doing with Green Arrow and Flash right now as well. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how it all goes. I just want to say. I got no time with a hyper time. Yeah, I hear that wrong, I got sir. no time for the hyper time. I didn't like this issue uh, as much as you told me that you did. Uh, yeah. I give it a 5.5 on the site. I was bored. I thought that it was supposed to be emotional. Uh, I it it didn't come off as as emotional as I I would have liked because that would have been last issue when we saw shit going down and it just seems like everything on this book just never wants to end and I'm telling you I'm not a fan of anything brother eye and throwing that in like you said it throws a lot of shit around you sure know, does. the whole deal with you know f- even futures end which you know it's it's kind of not the deal but even that and and the Batman Beyond it just brings up too many things and it just throws Rose shit in this book that I don't think it needs. I need, and you have the, you know, the team is dissolving, and that's one of the big things that people love this book is for the team. I don't know how this is going because you have pushed this thing, like I said, with the mayor and the and the GCPD, where they say Batman, you can't have a team, you can't have an army, you can't have. Maybe this is the beginning of getting back to a Detective Comics that is – maybe it's almost like we say we want a Batman and Robin book. Maybe yeah. Detective will become Batman and Tim in a kind of a Batman and Robin deal. I'd like that, but I think that a lot of people would be upset about that. So I'm wondering – most people are already saying, oh, who's going to be on the team again? But the team seems to be a failure, so I don't think it's going to yeah. go that way. So I'm just wondering where this book is going, and I'm bored. What would you give it? And I, I'm I, telling you, I didn't like the art as much as you did either. It's okay. I, besides for the early stuff of Tim Drake, which I think did get better by the end of the issue, I would give this issue a 7 out of 10 yeah. because the thing is I've never been invested in this whole team. And the idea of the team dissolving and even a possible war amongst the team members – yeah. That's the most interesting thing the team, in my mind, has done since the book started. So I'm actually really looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, the emotional aspect, it wasn't that emotional for me. I thought when Cassie ripped Batwoman's symbol off, I'm like, you know what? That's a fucking, you know, baller move right there. I <laughs> really is. thought that was cool as it, hell. It's cool until you realize that all it was for is so that Jacob could show up and put a new so symbol a on. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't just put it over top. He but had no, to it's, do it's, that. It's, at least it's, you know, coming back to what we know should be happening in the future of this thing, you know, things that have been set up along the way. I just had a decent time with this book, and about 7 out of 10 is what I'd give it. Yeah, two people gave it 10s. So I'm looking at the scores now. I don't 
that's goddamn nonsense. Goes as low as a four, though. So everybody's gonna. You know, I guess yeah. it all depends what you were expecting or whatever. But we're gonna go to the next issue, which is one of your books, Eric. Sure is. Action Comics number nine ninety seven, written by Dan Jerkins, with art by Brett Booth, Norm Ratman, Andrew Dollhouse, and Rob Lee. Booster Gold and Superman are a decade in the future on the planet Jakul, where they're face-to-face -face with the House of Zod, who are hell-bent on killing their enemies and using their time sphere to go back in time and kill Lois and John as well at the point of John's birth. If that wasn't enough, Lois' daddy's rescue isn't going as planned because it looks like Lois and General Lane were killed in the escape attempt. Yeah, yeah, that's it's crazy. Uh, it's one of the things, by, by the time we get to the end, uh, we said, and we were talking at work about this even when this came out, where you do have time travel. Why don't you use it? Why not use exactly. it? Exactly. We've been running, like, you know, spinning our wheels doing some booster gold origin yeah. shit, and it's fucking just going from, like, one time hop to another. Now that he's finally doing some shit, Dan Jurgens, I mean, with the whole idea that we have a reset button any given time that you can do crazy off the wall yeah. fun shit with because of this reset button aspect. Yeah, and when he yeah. actually gave he gave it to me at the end, I'm like, my Jojo, but good for you, Dan yeah, Jurgens, yeah. you made my I, day. I don't mind that. And also, we even had that weird idea. I mean, I, we kind of left it behind that idea that we were in alt futures and alt history and stuff like that when they were going and they got pushed well, aside. We, ha we had that alt, like, you know, previous freaking yeah. Krypton back in the day is the yeah. only thing. And once we left that, we left that behind. Yeah. And with that, though, when you had that, that was like the nonsense, like whatever you did, nothing would happen anyway, but still didn't do anything. Like no. He didn't even take uh, even advantage we of that. There, yeah. Well, even when we were there, we didn't do shit. No, that's what I'm saying. Even when you had what could have been basically an Elseworld story, you know, kind of in this because they got pushed aside uh, into that. They did nothing with that. So now that oh, you it have gave this, us jerk off Superman contemplating yeah. what his life would have been like outside of Lois yeah, and John. Just talking nonsense. Uh, yeah, with this though, he does work with that. Plus, it does kind of you know jive up with the Green Lanterns book that you hear. You know how Jordan the Green Lantern Corps that we're going to talk about later. Uh, yeah. Though when we do talk about that, I get upset because I don't understand why you're going to you know slow down the how Jordan deal, which is already slow to kind of jive with this it's kind of some people like that throughout the you know the consistency and the synergy yeah, of, I like it, the but synergy of it yeah. i don't i don't mind that in books but when you have another book that how join the green line court nothing is going on in that book and now all of a sudden it's just there to kind of say look this does happen it you'll hear later it drives me nuts but in this issue uh, i like it uh now again you basically it all boils down to they have the the you know zod and his family have booster and superman and they are basically going to torture superman by going in the past and they're you know hey dad how about i do this no son i'm going to do this oh man i want to do that they they just it's like a you know a fun time of how they're just going to fuck with the house of l and superman uh, one thing though is they they spell out here that uh, and I always want to say Loran, but uh, Lorzad, yeah, yeah. Lorzad, he's a psychopath. He yeah. is a psycho killer psychopath that basically, if you see him off panel, is probably killing animals uh, because everything that they talk about, he's just like, oh man, I want to do that. I want to kill them, and he he's a really really over the top with it. Uh, but I like it. I like this. Uh, yeah, I'm saying we, we started out with this whole thing. We pick up where we left off last time with Superman fighting Lord Zod. 
And I really dug the aspect, too, because like you said, we have psychopath Lord Zod yeah. who just wants to fucking make Superman bleed yeah. because we don't know what's happened in the timeline at this point, no. if they've met up again or if it's just that, you know, the stories that Lord Zod has heard along the way of like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Superman trapped you in the goddamn Phantom Zone all that time. So he's the problem that we have or if, you know, yeah. they actually have more history. But I really like the idea when they start battling, we have, you know, Kryptonian versus Kryptonian and they do the heat vision blast off. You know, we're going to meet up yeah. with the heat yeah. vision in the middle and Superman's going off. He's like. You know, his hate is fueling him, but he's never had to push himself it's the way I had with, though. you know, and then just takes freaking, he takes Lord Zod down because he can push his stuff to like, you know, the nth degree. He's just, yeah. he talks shit like, huh, never had that happen before, did you? Yeah. And not only that, but it, it makes me, I'm telling you, in a roundabout way, I'm like, boy, Superman, you're a dick. Cause he's sitting there and he's like, huh, he didn't that have anybody. To, he didn't really have a lot of training here with you got anybody. A lot to learn, and, and, yeah. And I'm telling you, he's like, boy, uh, I wish he was saying it. Like, you know, he, I have a son and, uh, you know, I train him. He, you didn't get a lot of training. Yeah. Motherfucker, I was in the Phantom Zone. What the fuck training am I going to do, you son of a bitch? I, I was in the Phantom Zone. That's all I kept thinking where he's like, huh, he, he lacks training. He says, as it is, Lore lacks training. Now, he's been out of that in this future. Sure, but, like, decade or so yeah i'm telling you though the big years to me are these young years where he was stuck in the phantom zone and kind of went on his own and, and again i don't know what phantom zone he was in because we've seen a lot of fucked up phantom zones since rebirth Who started knows, but man. it just made me laugh of he lacks training almost like it's like he's throwing shade at possibly zod at that <laughs> some point. father but, he is yeah that's what i'm saying i'm like Boy, you're a jerk. Come ten you're times a real father's jerk. Yeah. So basically, yeah. And it, when they do this, the heat vision deal, it's basically like, uh, you know, the uh, when you have in Last Jedi, even with right. Kylo Ren and, and Ray with the this lightsaber and stuff like that. But yeah, Superman's going to be stronger. He's going and to I, be. I, I don't know what the, the thing is. If uh, It's just because we had Eradicator and Lord Zod in the last issue who came yeah. to meet Booster and Superman. For some reason, I didn't even think about getting like an older Zod or Ursa. Yeah. For some reason, I just took it. Oh, they must have just died. It's yeah. fine. And, but and then Zod shows up and takes fucking Booster and Superman down. I'm like, yeah. All right, shit just got real. Yeah, and it was funny because that led that progression of you know what? This is easy. I got Junior over here. I can take care of him. And then Zod comes down. And I just wonder, like, Zod comes down. Is like, you know what? I'm gonna wreck your ass, Superman. But. How how do you stay so young? You look really really good right now. I I'm all gray here. Why am I gray? You I shouldn't have just, taken up smoking. You, yeah, you look really really good. So never, a lot of preservatives on the planet. Yeah, they cool. never really spell it. And he knows they have a time machine and stuff yeah. like that. But it makes me laugh. That he, huh? Yeah, all all these fucking crystals and shit that I'm making the mind that being a god uh, on this planet it's taken a lot out of me. And and you do have well, it's that like here. Being the president. You have four years being the president. That a lot of times eight anymore by the time they get done that presidency oh, term they're, they're a they're wreck yeah shit. they're a wreck yeah, it's the it's the hours eric it's yeah. not the job it's the hours but we go off then the lingamba and actually before we move on okay. to this part of the lingamba i just want to say because i threw a lot of shade of brett Bo- and a lot of shade it's yeah, just I like, like i like his where um I didn't like his art in the last issue, and I think the reason I like it way more this one is because I don't like his booster gold, and we get very little yeah, of booster maybe. gold in this issue, well, and everything else like Zod, Lord, uh, Lord Zod, and Superman 
Oh, look, amazing. Well, I'll tell you, I think that uh, I think so, he changed up a little bit because I think that my problem was is that the his super characters, you know, even uh, Lorzad, but especially Superman last issue, uh, he ended up making him really skinny. He didn't have enough right. bulk to him. He has it here. So and maybe that's the thing, especially like when he's like, that was too easy. You have a lot to learn, Junior. He's standing over him. He's a fucking stacked dude there. And I think that he looks pretty good. But yeah, I like the art way more in yeah, this issue yeah. than I did last action. Yeah, even Comics. Eradicator looks great in this yeah. issue and, and, and Zod. Uh, but yeah, you go to Langamba then, and you have Lois. She's trying to get in this, you know, the government palace where she's going to save her father. And there's a guard that basically stops her and says, "You know what? You're you're stopping right now. You're not allowed here. Get the hell out." And another guy, and it's very convenient as the story goes. More and more people are just there in Langamba to help and that's her the out. The best part because they're all friends from when Lois yeah. Lane was there doing a story before, and I'm just like. When this other guard comes up and knocks the guard out that was pointing the gun at Lois, I'm like, yeah. and there's another person that Lois is going to get killed. Yeah, yeah, really. And and it ends up this guy actually is like – it's funny too because she's there. She's dressed up as this you know, sister, One of the religious this sisterhood, sects, yeah. the religious deal. This guy just comes out of nowhere, hits this other guy over the head and says, I'm a friend. Samuel Lane came to free us from this regime. He doesn't deserve a firing squad. I'm like, this guy reads minds. He is jumping to conclusions to the nth degree. It's so funny because I love it that she's just like, oh, no, no, I'm just a religious lady. I was yeah. just here. And he's like, I done fucked up. <laughs> I'm in big, big trouble. But yeah, uh, it looks like goes, I'm going to the firing uh, squad yes. now. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, also, I, I have to mention. I should really stop jumping there, to conclusions to yes, get all my exercise. Oh, my goodness. I need to exercise a little different. Different. Uh, the one thing that there's a trope here that drives me nuts, it, it's not anything that, that, you know, will make my score change or whatever. I hate in a story where you have – she is dressed up. She yeah. goes into this, you know, facility. She doesn't have to get rid of these robes. I mean no. I know that they're probably not supposed to be in there anyway, but she still has a disguise. If somebody exactly. saw her, they'd be like, oh, you know, what's the sisterhood doing here? Instead, she just – Boom, throws him away, has the gun, and full out, like, paramilitary. <laughs> Anybody sees her now, they're and, open and firing. Somebody sees her immediately and yells, intruder, yeah, because yeah. she's an intruder. Why does she take that robe off? There's no reason for it, except, you know, go with this. And, yeah, all of a sudden, this guy's going to kill her with his Uzi, and the Uzi becomes red, and she drops it. And a uh, heat vision, she Lois thinks and thinks, okay, Superman's here, finally. Uh, you know, my, my man finally has come and, and, and is doing his due diligence here it ends up obviously it's superboy and About he's time there. john's revealed yeah. himself and she's like i thought you were in metropolis you know poor perry's there and he's going around town amber alert going on <laughs> left and right <laughs> he is a wreck now in there because john has now been missing and if anything he's pretending that we said it before that bundle of clothes and and the pillowcase is john he's there reading him a story i just I hope, imagine i hope like, nobody yeah, sees so he's must got the mono yeah oh he's he's really tired that that tired he, son he, is at that age, honey. You that know. That's true. You know it. And yeah, Superboy's like, no, no, I'm here. You know, um, I was on Apocalypse, so why can't I be here? It's true. Yeah. He was. And he was by himself for a lot of time on Apocalypse there. And then they go and find and, and her the thing dad. Is, and then I realized immediately why Lois didn't want him here because, yes, like it's great that he shows up because he, she would not have been able to open the cell yeah. door that yeah. General Lane was nope. in. But so Superboy opens the thing up. First thing he says, Lois. 
you brought your child here? Like <laughs> that's the only reason because uh, she does not so want good. General Lane, who she hasn't talked to in like ten years, to say yep. you're a bad mother. Yep, it's so good. Even though I think at one point she even stressed like I had to go around with my dad and I was in some shady areas and stuff. But yeah, he's mad at her for doing that. Uh, it is funny because she he's like his. That voice, Lois. And then she's like, huh, this door without a key. And this is crazy. Run while you can. I'm like, where are you going to run to? I mean, she's already in deep. And she goes in and hugs him while he's still shackled up. Uh, but Honey, yeah, they shackles first, hugs yeah, later. Yeah. Then they, they meet, you know, this is the meeting of, you know, General Lane John and, and Sam. his son. Yeah, Sam and, and John. And they see each other. And, and John seems very good. And he's like, you, you know brought what? a child here? Yeah, you brought a child. He says, like, listen, Grandpa, I met my other grandpa. Shit did not go well. They they call him Mr. Oz. Some Be people. better than other granddad. Oh, my goodness. He, he disappeared. I, I don't know what happened. He told he me seemed, he was going to take me to a magical to place. A Turns out <laughs> that was a lie. <laughs> seems like that was Langamba. Yeah, you know, we we never get to that uh you know that planet with all those people that can be super well, superheroes I'm sorry. But yeah, with this you have that whole idea where I also like it too where Lois is like, "Okay, my son, what is it? Dad doesn't know Clark's secret that John is special." Nor will he ever. I'm like, what are you going to do? Oh, God. <laughs> I was going to slice his throat. But, yeah, they're going to go off. And she says, we'll explain later. Uh, we go off to New Krypton again. And this is where they basically have Booster Gold and Superman tied up. Strung kryptonite up. there. And it's going to be pretty much a public execution, a public deal here to show all the people of the planet. This is what happens when you fuck with me. You know, I'm your god. All this stuff. This is kind of a funny deal where you do get this idea that you're on the brink of if he is going to be accepted as a god because even he says like i want them to worship me and stuff like that so this is kind of one of those steps uh in the meantime skeets is destroyed he yeah gets and i'm destroyed. telling you right then like i'm telling you we're not at the big crucial part like you know we get the stuff with yeah. i'm happy as hell in the gambo and superboy finally reveals himself like that was a good step we get here where we have Booster Gold and Superman tied up and freaking cr- yeah. like you know, Zod laying his exposition down and shit like that. Skeets comes in, is destroyed by Lord Zod. I'm like, all right, Skeets is fucking destroyed. That's fucked up. All right, you yeah. got my attention. Yeah. And then yeah. they start taunting him, talking about, we're going to use your goddamn time sphere. We're going to go back in time. We're going to kill yeah. your wife. We're going to kill your son. We're going to do it a bunch of times yep. and make you watch every single time. But first, we're going to fucking like, you know, lay on the heat vision and kill both of you right here yeah, and now for the people of Jakul. And with that, also, you, you get this whole deal. You know, like you said, uh, you threw my wife and kid in the Phantom Zone. I'm going to do the same to your kid and your wife. You're going to have to, they're going to have to deal with this fucking nonsense that you did. Superman gets spit in the face. As I <laughs> Hopefully said. he doesn't have that gorilla disease. Everybody's getting spit in the face here. And, uh, yeah, they're just going to go to town and they end up, you know, going full out with the heat and vision. And I'm telling you, by the end of this issue, like, you know, it started out, we had some, it was a decent fight. I thought the art look better but as the issue progressed in my mind the stakes just keep building and yeah, building yeah. now we you know we have lois john and sam on the run we have superman uh, like you know not even that skeets destroyed and then superman and booster like they're about to be fried and like booster yeah. even, superman even says booster's force field it's not gonna it's last not gonna this last. Kind of, no, like damage very long and so and just to point out die. 
to point out, I said it, but they even point out in this, you know, hey, you can't do shit, Superman. We got kryptonite. You, yeah. You're there. You don't have any power. So he is relying on the basically so Booster right and now. and the heat vision will kill him if it gets through. He, he, his powers are down. So you have that. And like you said, it's a good cliffhanger because as we go then, you go to Lingamba where you have Sam, Lois, and John running and the, through I'm the woods. I'm telling you, man, too, reading this issue, I had this great part in my mind like where we have the Superman being almost destroyed by yeah. By the fucking house of Zod, and then we go back to Lagama. I know we don't have much of a page count left. Like, oh god damn it! Why yeah. would we go back to Lois's story? Yeah. And then when they're trying to escape and they're seen by the Lagaman soldiers, and they just open fire, and you just end yep. this issue with freaking General Lane and Lois laying bloody on the yeah. ground, dead. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, and they say, like, hey, you know, stop shooting because they're firing. There is a funny thing, too, as you go. There is that red panel that reminded me so much of Batman Beyond that we haven't right. gotten in a long time. But uh, with that, they're there and like, hey, stop firing. It's enough. You can only kill them once. They're dead. And like you said, and me, me and you both were talking earlier, uh, yeah, Superboy should be alive. This yeah, would not, not kill bleeding, him. He's not but he looks like he is knocked out from this. Yeah, yeah, that he's there. So he should be alive. Maybe that's the, you know, the key. Obviously, we're going to have to have some time travel, you know, deal to get them and back. And that's the thing. That's what I'm talking about. We have time travel going yeah. on in this entire arc right now. That is pretty much a reset button in my mind, which can make all this stuff go away. And, you know, but right now the stakes are high as hell. And I'm actually pleased for the first time since yeah. this arc has started. I can't wait to see what I'm happens next. If they, if he would have went one step further, and we actually would have seen Superman and Booster both die, and then we have to have somehow where, where, uh, you know, uh, Zod John? goes back, and John oh, okay. has to yeah. change things with the deal. I think that would have been even more. We were holy shit, but yeah, just seeing Sam and Lois dead—that's crazy. It really yeah. is. Uh, so yeah, uh, what did you give it? I really like the art a lot more in this issue than I did previous, like I said. And yeah. the stakes got higher and higher as it progressed. And I'm telling you, my jaw dropped when I got to the end. I had a good time with this issue, yeah. so I gave it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 as well. I actually had some fun. And like you said, uh, he Dan Jurgens is finally playing with some of the things that you should play with with a story yeah. like this. Don't don't have time travel and this sort of thing and not they take give us a booster gold origin and some yeah. freaking action comics. Yeah, we said when you have these, uh, you know, even in Elseworlds stories, that's a big thing that we talk about all the time. That if you're going to do that, take advantage of it. Has some oh, crazy shit though. happen. So if you're going to have time travel, have time travel stuff, and that was pretty cool. Uh, we have one more book in this section. And it's yours as well, Eric. And what is that? Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 19, written by Scott Liddell with art by Marcio Takara, Rob Schwager, Felix Serrano, and Taylor Esposito. It's date night for Jason and Artemis in this issue, but it turns out that it's all a ruse to give our two heroes time to talk about what's going on with Bizarro. Speaking of Bizarro, it seems that he's being called out by a mystery character calling himself Solitary, who apparently is the one responsible for bringing our outlaws together. Yes, yeah, and this is a date night issue. Uh, I did see a reviewer was like, oh, this is ridiculous. They're not romantic. Uh, you know, Jason and Artemis, what, what the hell's going on? It's a ruse. This and that's, is all and that's set the best up. part because I actually even wrote in my review where, you know, it is a clever bit to have you know the readers lose their fucking yeah. minds when they open up this issue for this date night, and then you know by the end of the issue it's like oh no none of it's real yeah. it's just like a show for Bizarro. I'm like you know what yeah, that's pretty good. Is. And the best part of it is Jason doesn't know. Jason yeah. thinks it's a date, so at this point he just you know he's she's hot. I mean yeah. really, I mean really, and uh, yeah he thinks they're going and, on a date. It's so funny to me too because she is dressed to the goddamn oh, nines God. in this. 
And he's just wearing what normal Man. kind of like T-shirt yeah. and pants and a, he's just his hanging. bomber jacket. He's got his bomber jacket on. That's that's fancy. And it's funny if you if you sit there and think about it, you have you know Jason there, and nothing makes you like a woman. Uh, finding out or thinking she likes you. And that basically yeah. to me is what's going on. Like he's like, you know, obviously he has eyes. He knows that she's hot. They, they've they been to get, you know, on a team together. So they're friends. And then all of a sudden she's like, hey, are we going to go out on this date? Oh, yeah. All, all right. right. That yeah. sounds good. And he's going to plan all this and stuff. There is a funny thing where you have her there looking, you know, over her shoulder and she's got so many scars on her back. <laughs> like, oh, you know, you, you're showing them. Well. You're very proud. But uh, as you go, basically that's like we said no scars on them legs and and it's funny because if you go back and read this again you see how artemis is setting things up because at one point they are going to go and drive the you know outlaw mobile that's just a porsche uh is what bizarro spells out and all of a sudden artemis just goes no no i don't want to drive drunk uh can we use the doors all that is is so that she could get somewhere where bizarro can't track them which they do uh, I like it, and I, I yeah, really it's like a great that concept. To what this issue this be, actually issue, becomes by the end? Yeah, this issue is a little down because it's a problem with this book. Not a lot happens, and again, well, yeah, not I'm, a lot happens you, here. I'm talking about how much I love the setup for yeah. this whole ruse, and like it's. But the thing is, by the end, the setup is getting our characters caught up. Oh, like not even to where we are in the story right now, yeah, so it yeah. really goes nowhere. Yeah, it just goes for them nowhere. to have it. But I like this that steps. That yeah, I, lo- I like the setup. setup. Yeah, I really like the setup. I also like that you do get Lex here for a little, where he's looking at what Bizarro is doing, and he's going through basically looking at panels of everything that's led up to here. You yeah, you see the smarty pants Bizarro, all the stuff that we've had since then. Lex has been keeping an eye on, and I, I like just like the thing. He's like he's just almost like using his holographic computer like Tinder, where he's just swiping the different instances. He's like, "Yeah, you are quite the clever one, bizarre." Because I like that too. Like Lex Luthor knows that something is up even before yeah. our heroes do. Yeah, and it's like I I got the idea. Like he puts these all together and knows the plan. Like he yeah. knows the end result, and I think that maybe. By the end, he's playing chess while Artisan uh, and Jason yeah. are playing checkers. Yeah, really. And I, yeah, I think at the end, maybe Lex will be there to kind of save everyone, then, including Smarty Pants Bizarro, who's, yeah. who's pretty much losing his mind. But uh, yeah, you go to the date. And you have Artemis and Jason just talking, you know, about how it's just, it's very standard issue yeah. uh, deal going on. The big thing is that Bizarro is watching them. He is keeping tabs on them. He can hear what that they're saying while he's just going full yeah, blast while right he's now. bathing in the you know synthetic kryptonite. Now you do have a call out here, an editor's note that's wrong uh, because you have Crazy. Artemis drinking. Uh, she got you know she got champagne, I believe it was, and. Well, uh, Yo, Jay, I Jason, soda pop. Yeah, he got soda. I like how the the waiter does not like that. Yours and sir, your soda, and it's like the frigid talk. Excuse me, Mister French waiter man. So yeah, really. Have a problem. Fuck hey, off. Yeah, really. You know, I have a friend especially who's got a lot of problems with this stuff, and you know, but yeah, she's drinking. She's like, you know what? Here's the lightweights and cheap dates. I'm like, you bitch. But uh, it does say Red Hood and the Outlaws number six. That should actually be number eight. It was yeah. issue eight, and if you don't remember, that was when they ended up beating the crap out of everybody in the bar, and then the basically, bar. yeah, and basically talked 
about Artemis's, you know, the stuff with uh, how she grew up. Oh, and like that. And the Shimtar like and stuff like that was brought up then. That's how we got that background of her. Uh, but yeah, you have Bizarro who is watching this. And it ties in very well by the end because Artemis wants to get Jason alone in a place where Bizarro can't watch them because she's worried. But yeah, in the meantime, and she he's has in every his right kryptonite. to be worried, as we say. Because yeah, Pup Pup, he's back again, and he's basically like, "Why? Why are you looking at them? You shouldn't be doing this. This synthetic kryptonite—it's really messing with you. You're talking to me. I'm a doll." And you know, Bizarro then goes nuts. Out freaks out and then realizes because we've seen he's been trying to get this synthetic kryptonite there it, there's a limited deal and he ended up going through great lengths to get it and now it's all over the floor and he gets up and starts licking and it off I'm the telling floor you, this is just the whole like the complete idea of addiction in my mind where mm-hmm. he gets up and starts licking it up off the floor because you can't yeah. waste a drop of this Jim. yeah no no this is like if i had a whopper and i brought it home and it fell on the ground i'm looking around i'm just picking it up there because i'm a damn right but yeah it really it's more of like the guy who y- you have he spills a, a drink or goes yeah. and I, I mean i'm even saying like guys who uh smoke and you're down on your luck and you're going around picking up cigarette butts off the street i've seen smoking. them guys no no yeah. they used to hang out in front of 7-eleven in the morning when I used to get my shit and go through the little ashtray and yeah. no, and they're just like pulling so stuff disgusting. out of the item. I'm like you gross motherfucker. Yeah, so disgusting. Well, yes. I even think I even think of the guy you know who's a true alcoholic who starts grabbing like you know the mouthwash and drinking that. Yeah, yeah, like in uh, the uh, Facts of Life when Tom Hanks was there and he was drinking the vanilla extract. That wasn't the, the Facts of Life. Or not the Facts of Life. I mean, uh, what's it called? Now I can't even remember. What's it was the, Family Ties. Family Ties. I couldn't remember the name of the show. Yeah, and then ends up striking. Uh, Michael J. Fox, and that's what uh, that was the deal. The the cool Alex. uncle, poor the Alex, cool uncle. But yeah, uh, this basically is just really to show that he's really over the top. Uh, you go back to Artemis and Jason; they're walking around, they're having a great time. Uh, and this is where Especially Artemis, Jason, who doesn't know this, is yeah, well, yeah, and Artemis starts getting sexy talk and says, you know, hey, why don't we? Go somewhere where we can be private. You know, hey, do this. And Jason's like, he's going to show off now. He's like, hey, we have the door. We can go to the most private place on, in the world. Ends up going to the Batcave. And then Bizarro and Cherizaro, they're tracking him. And they can't. And I'm telling you, I think anybody who jumps in this is going to be so confused yeah, at the point Cherizaro. where Bizarro is standing behind Cherizaro. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. Because it yeah. threw me off at first. Like, what the? Oh, never mind. Yeah, it's Cherizaro, the hologram freaking AI. And Jason is there, you know. He's showing off. So they're in the Batcave, and this still isn't enough for Artemis. She thinks, okay, we are safe. Hey, you said this was safe. Jason's like, oh, man, you know, Bruce told me all along. Nobody could ever do anything from here or whatever. And she still won't talk. She gets out. Oh, you know, they have a whiteboard. A whiteboard. And they start scribbling things to each other. And she says right away, we need to talk. There's something wrong with Bizarro. And then Jason gets it and writes back, not, not, oh, what do you think about Bizarro? What's wrong? No. Right. This whole date thing is totally bogus. And then hands it and she makes a little drawing. Mostly bogus. his nose. Yeah, and mostly. And, and then he's like, ah, he hits his head. But yeah, they're concerned. Well, in the meantime, you do have a signal that goes off that Bizarro, Cherizaro sees it and Bizarro sees it and he goes off to see what this is. And it's kind of odd where he ends up going there 
and in the, this bar, you have the drink, drink more bar here. It uh, goes in, tells everybody to skedaddle, and then talks to this guy who basically says that he is the thing that got them together. And, and it's so weird. This guy is just in like a little tuxedo, yeah. just sitting there. The way his face is, because you have the normal face, and then it looks like he's vibrating with yes. all these different like emotions going like so. His face is going off to the sides of his face. Yeah, it's so yeah. weird. Like, I'm like, the fuck is this? Yeah, and he's solitary. He says, call me solitary. Guy singular, call me solitary. And yeah, he has this face that it's like one is, you know, ah, the other one looks mean. The middle one at ports, I think that there was a little snafu with the art because to me it looks a little too much like Lex if you take away the hair at the top. Uh, but he's going and basically like, yeah, I, I'm the one who got you guys together. And, you know, and that's where Bizarro's like, you know, you're not going to be able to stop me. You think you have what it takes. And they're like, absolutely knock him out. He ends up 20 minutes later. He's out. Like he's and then that's the thing. The Artemis and Jason have to go back suit up because they're yeah. told by Chair Zorro that, you know, you just became unconscious. You're laying on the floor of this yeah. bar. What happened, yeah. buddy? You got a problem? Yeah, and in the meantime, uh, down in the Batcave, they pretty much agree we'll keep an eye on Bizarro. You know, yeah. it, it, it pretty much just puts out there what we thought was going on anyway. Uh, that at least Artemis, Jason seems okay, to be J- like completely Jason is oblivious. Bringing nothing to the yeah. party. It's like, yeah. he's getting more powerful every day. Can we afford to take that risk? He just writes a question mark. Yeah. He has it's no like, idea huh? what to do. What are you talking about? But yeah, body, uh, I don't know. Yeah, and so they're going to have to keep an eye on him. And that shows you that the team will be looking they kind of you know even he's like oh what happened to me and whatever and they're like oh don't worry buddy you know everybody had a long night whatever yeah, sorry to screw uh, up your date that's cool yeah yeah and they they're going back it ends with them just you know they're they're they have him both arms around you know artemis and then jason and they're walking him out uh and, and he it's so says, weird too, artemis i didn't even I notice when i actually reviewed the issue solitary still sitting at that booth yeah oh is he yeah Oh, yeah, yes. He's just there drinking with this crazy look. I'm telling you, the art to me was off. Uh, The art when you have close-up characters was decent enough. I think it looks great. You're right. Uh, We had that screen with the Lex look at everything. It looked a bit shady. And right even there at the end – I didn't even notice till right now that Salatari in the background. Anything in the background just seems very rushed. Uh, Even when – when you go into this bar, when Bizarro first goes into the bar, looks like everybody turns to look at him. And you're like, okay, that, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Then everybody just becomes this, like, you know, blobs and things, and it just is kind of annoying. But, uh, you know, there you go. I, and, I like that one guy that's running out who needs to finish his beer before he goes, though. Yeah, yeah, that's you, right? He's there <laughs> drinking out the Some side. Some of us too. have problems, Jim. Yeah, really, drinking out the side. But, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Uh it's this is a book that really has a pace that it's very slow. This has some intriguing developments. You have sure that the does. team understands that Bizarro is having problems. I would guess that maybe we're gonna lead to. I mean, if they find this synthetic kryptonite bath and things like that, then you know the, the jig, jig is up, up or, and gone. And gone. Uh, yes, but uh, even with that, if they see him talking to Pup Pup, that's trouble. But having Lex there, we see he's keeping an eye on them, and then having this, you know guy there that we don't know solitary guy singular uh we'll see what's going oh no he actually that's the thing i keep what are thinking you guys that, yeah he's like no guy singular call me <laughs> i like the name guy singular that's better be my new alias guy, guy singular. singular hey don't don't mess <laughs> with me guy singular Canada, they call me gee singular yeah gee singular 
They call you in Canada. There you go. But yeah, he's solitary. And we'll see what's going on because that's a crazy thing for him to say, no, no, I'm the one who got the team together. Yeah, out of nowhere, 19 issues in, we actually have a man behind the scenes who actually yeah. set everything up that we're dealing with. Yeah, that's kind of cool. We'll have to see how that kind of came into play, but we'll see going forward, though, as a singular issue, uh, as a guy singular issue. It's not as, um, you know, I'm it's not you, that's, great. I'm telling you, you have that great intrigue at the end about this guy and then Bizarro meeting him and actually being powerless because the guy can just knock him out apparently. Yeah. But the majority of the issue where we have this date, which doesn't make any sense, where you find out it's a ruse and then just them that's a writing, good wrap around. On, writing on a whiteboard though of just what they're going to do. Like you're not even fully caught up with where the readers are now and you still have to take yeah. time and future issues to get caught up to where we are. But there's not a lot going on here. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, and that's because of that. That's why I gave it a six out of ten because yeah. I actually did enjoy the art for the most part. Yeah. It's not Dexter Soy, obviously, but I thought it did a decent job. Yeah, I didn't like the art as much, but even so, I'm still going to give it a six out of ten for different, you know, slightly different reasons. I just yeah. want to see at one point where Batman goes down into the Batcave and finds a whiteboard with the question on it. He's like, "The Riddler, Riddler. Riddler's been here. Yeah. There is trouble." Too. He goes to the Arkham, just starts beating the he shit just out of the Riddler. Beats the How'd shit you up? do it? Yeah, he's How'd like, you do it? Every Everybody's been in the Batcave lately. How the fuck did you get in? I don't know what you're talking about. Just no, like, the most what? secure place in the world. <laughs> the question mark. I'm telling you, Riddler's dead. I should have <laughs> done this before. I don't care what Selena thinks of me. No more man. regrets. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm a man Yolo, with no Riddler. regrets. YOLO. You're, you're done, buddy. L-O-L. And then stabs him. Somebody comes in. Boy, he has something to say. And then walks away. <laughs> Boom. Bang. That'd be so good. Because he just leaves that. that Twenty-seven, twenty-six times. Who yeah. has something to say now, Riddler? Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I stabbed you twenty-seven times because the exclamation point at the end. He, <laughs> but really, he does. He leaves a whiteboard with a question mark in there. Oh goodness gracious! But that is it for the first section of books. <laughs> We're gonna go off now to the first section of mail. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with you. Hello, love. It's Hello. Mail with Jim. How you doing there, Eric, for this first mail section? You doing yeah. okay? You okay now? You rested up? You rested cool. up since all them three books that we just talked about? Woo-wee. Them, them hard three books there's, right there's there. hard traveling books. Uh, this is the mail section number one. You can get involved in all the mail sections if you want. You can send in 800 mails a night. Eric would love every second of that. But if you want to get involved in the mail, mail us in at... Weird Science DC Comics at gmail.com. And then you could be part of the show just like our first emailer, Luis. And Luis says, Hello, get fresh croup. Poop, poop, whoop, whoop. As you guys know, I have given Tom King Batman a lot of crap the last few months, and I gave up on it. Everyone that I know that likes comic books and some reviewers love his book. I have no clue why. I'm all for an emotional and deeper story into Batman, but not like this. 
Uh, yeah. I think that he is preaching to the choir. So someone told me about this new Batman and Wonder Woman story. Said, give it a try and you will love it. Batman and Wonder Woman kissing. And he's saying it's funny because as he says that, I thought somebody was suggesting waiting for Liam Sharp's uh, <laughs> Brave and the Bold. Bet. Like, oh, okay, he's going to check that out as yeah. well. No, no, no. He's talking about the recent two issues, uh, the end of the Super Friends arc. So he says, Batman and Wonder Woman kissing at the end. You know what? I ended up getting it. And you know what? After reading it, I can say I liked it as much as cleaning the backseat of my car this weekend after two of my friends threw up in my backseat at the same time. But Jim, that doesn't sound like a good time. It doesn't. I don't know. Maybe he's into that, Eric. He's into (laughs) doing that. In the meantime, I went shopping just before we were recording this. And I ended up stacking eggs in the back seat like an idiot. Now, this is – you want to hear Master Disaster. So I, I stacked these eggs all up. Makes sense and I got six dozen eggs, okay, because uh, Zach uh, eats tons of eggs and Tanya likes hard-boiled eggs on her salads, Eric, her salads. Right. So I get these six dozen eggs and they're stacked in, in three, you know, two things of three. So right. I'm going well. As I'm going, you know, here in Quakertown, it snowed last night. It snowed, sure you know, it had a lot of snow. So there's snow on the roof of my car that I couldn't quite reach. When it, so I decide <laughs> as I'm driving home. He's a little guy, uh, folks. I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. I'm driving home from Aldi. <laughs> Decide that what I have to do because I hate – I'm looking at everyone too because I I heard recently that they're really cracking down on people with snow and ice on their car roof. That you can't have that because you can stop and shit goes flying. You can hurt somebody. goes off the back. So I'm on the road and nobody's near me. Nobody's around me. So I'm coming up to a red light where I have to turn right, but it's red. Uh, Nobody in front of me. So I decide, oh, this is what I'll do. I'm going you know, 35 miles an hour. I'm getting to the red light. I'm going to slam on the brakes. All the snow will fall. Fly up, go off the deal. I'll be scot free. I'm Mr. Miracle here, Eric. Uh, instead, I slammed on the brakes. No snow moved, and all the eggs flew up and smashed in, in the in the back seat. They ended up, you know, in the bottom, the foot part of the back. Uh, all smashed, all smashed. So I, I ended up sitting there. And then I'm thinking, you know what? I know I'm not going to clean this up. This oh. is really, really going to stink. And so I did have to clean up. Some of the shit was going, and I had to go back and get more eggs. Yeah. It was a disaster. It was a complete disaster. Great I don't morning. know why I decided to do that. All I had to do was go home, let the snow melt, and take those yeah. eggs in, put them away. I did Just be a lazy man, Jim. That's all you got to do. But no, well, you had to go no, and do I, something. I'm t- I think I actually was being a lazy man. Just not Instead of getting a broom or something, I'm just going to slam on the brakes, have that happen. Didn't work out for me. Didn't work out at all. Does anything ever work out, Jim? No, it doesn't. I wish I had my Batman books there so I could have cleaned it with that besides uh, using perfectly good paper towel. Wonder Woman is written horribly. Check. I I need the sounds. Here, Wonder Woman is written terribly. And why is it when I read the book I feel stupid? The writing is so off and the repeating dialogue, I can't take it. I'm so happy I dropped Batman and sadly dropping a lot of more, a lot more books. DC, step your shit up or you'll be losing a lot more people than me. And this is where I told you. I said, we have this podcast and we try to be realistic. As we yeah. say, we're not negative. We're more realistic. And as we're talking about the books, I said to you, you know what we need that everybody would hate, but, but weird science DC comics podcast could go for a reboot. 
That's what we need her, because when that happens, everybody jumps on. Everybody's all into it and shit like that. Yeah, there's no hype. So believe me, as we sit here, again, no business plan. But if we did, the big thing would be to be cheerleaders and push these books to try to get false, you know, enthusiasm, so that people would keep listening to our podcast. (laughs) Hopefully, they're listening. Like, boy, I'm really down on the books. I want to see how down Eric and Jim are, because maybe we're down a level below makes you feel positive. For That's a lot of I people think. we talk about, they're dropping all their DC books. It seems like, and I think yeah. the only reason they still listen to us is to keep so up. So they what's know going what's on. going on. So yeah. if things get better, they, they're caught up. Maybe. So there you go. I just sit there. I'm like, you know what, DC, you're killing me. You know, we're there. We're here with a podcast that will only benefit if you make uh, every book a ten out of ten. Why can't yeah. you do that? Why? Why? Eric? You'll benefit. We'll benefit. Everybody yeah, everybody wins, does. Everybody's happy. They got a smile on their face. Eric Shea's buying his Transformers and Beast yeah. Warp figures. He's playing with them like a, a little kid. They're kicking his feet up. Oh, my goodness gracious. The next mail. Oh, thanks, Louise. And I feel thanks, your pain. Well, believe me, I feel your pain every week for about nine hours. No, I, just think- I was actually thinking about it for this week when I got up this morning. Like, you know. There are some down books this week for the most part. This is probably one yeah. of the mo- best weeks I've yeah, had yeah, in a I long agree. time at DC Comics. I agree, but uh, the the issue is to me is where Luis is talking. Uh, he gets the opportunity to drop a book he doesn't like. We just sit there and wait for solicits praying oh, that God. books like a cyborg back there and you know Superwoman and things that have been canceled now uh, will end because we just can't take it anymore. But yeah, uh, we all want good books. That that is the end uh, thing of that. And the next mail is Brandon, and Brandon says, "Sup, fellas. While Sup, here, here I am, officially neck deep in boxes of all different shapes and sizes, Sexy. and completely over." Overwhelmed. I don't, yeah. He is moving, Eric. That's not sexy talk. He has moved into his house with what was formerly a roommate, now a fiance. Though I've rarely heard him say fiance or my better half. He hasn't said that. Usually when I say my better half, I'm talking about my butt cheeks, Eric. Yep, that's right. It's moving week. You know how everyone just automatically knows moving sucks? Well, when you're actually doing it, it sucks even more than anticipating it. I think the whole package sucks. It's really crazy that I've despite... lived here for 10 goddamn years. I just don't yeah, want to move. I was just going to say, Eric lives in an apartment that I'm telling you, it, he pays more a month than I do in my mortgage for my house. He just doesn't want to move. It's ridiculous. No, it's the they treat him like shit. Uh, they act like assholes, and yet there he is. He has neighbors across the way that, that freaking bang and then are actually scream and yell. What I was going to ask, that guy lived below you still that was banging when you were talking about Aquaman that one night? Is the he still is, living there? I, I still don't know exactly who it is. I think it's one guy, and if it is, he is still living there, but okay, I've not heard anything since. Then he's the guy who I have to have called the police, right? On the, no, because the, there's no way in my mind no. that he would have been able to hear that down there, but the guy— really? I think he's going to die soon because I always hear him hacking and yakking. Yeah, you hear him hacking and yakking. I thought maybe you heard like a you, – you could somehow hear there's a weight on his fan. He's hung himself on it. You, you think, do you think if he died, you'd be the one that would end up having to like alert people because of the smell? Is he right Absolutely below? not. Oh, that'd be, you wouldn't call, would you? Nope. You'd just deal with it. You'd get some Febreze and go on with it. Yeah. 
It's really crazy that despite how many times I've moved in my life, that it's just one of those things. My brain forgets to sufficiently hype up really just how much it sucks every time. Yes, I'm always aware it's awful going in. I dread it for weeks, but the act of physically moving your own items from one place to another sucks so severely bad. I think I tend to block out truly how horrible an experience it really is. Brandon seems like I've seen Brandon and the denim vest mafia that he's involved <laughs> with. I, I would think that at least those three other guys, you know, would show up somehow they people so. people would think that judas priest is on tour or something when those guys show up but you would think they would at least help right i'm wondering think. if he get. i don't think he gets into who is helping and, and really too it, it's tough to move all that buffalo wing sauce that he has that, that's really the thing on top of that i have to go back to spectrum time warner charter internet or whatever this piece of shit company wants to call itself this week after having files for the last year which has been great I already messaged Jim this week that I wanted to and probably should have fought the dude they sent to install this garbage internet service when he tried to leave without it working and without giving a reason as to why it wouldn't work. I told the guy I don't understand the point of your job, and if you can't hook up the internet, what are you paid for? Guy probably threw shade at his denim vest and what, Eric? Uh. Uh, Denim vest and beards. And really, I hope for some reason that this doesn't mess up Brandon's uh, ongoing battle with Skype. (laughs) <laughs> everything he, he ends up looking at his computer wrong and skype won't load up on his computer so we'll see we'll see how him and trevitt do they still do it in ha- uh, hangouts or whatever so we'll see how that works i don't even know i guess he has internet i don't know if he ever really told me the finale of it that he did he said to me that the guy just threw routers on the ground and left or something anyway <laughs> enough about goddamn people I know. That's their one thing. I said, get that Geek Squad guy back there and do it. And then he informed me it was not part of the Geek Squad. And I said, thank you. (laughs) You were telling me that. And I said, maybe that's your problem. Anyway, enough about moving. Let's get to the books. Action Comics, Eric. Finally, we get an issue that doesn't follow the same boring patterns as the ones that came before it. And what do you know? I really like the hell out of it. It's funny, as we say that, I was looking because I already, in a roundabout behind-the-scenes way, I've already started uh, editing the podcast. It'd be funny if I could edit on the fly. Like, as we're talking now, I'm editing. But I already started editing. And so as I do it, we have the first three books. I already edited those that people heard. But when I do this, I always go and grab stuff and look at the comic book roundup. And that Action Comics score just keeps going down. I know. I thought, like, man, me and Eric really liked that. R.I.P. In, uh, in peace. Rest in peace. In peace, he says. R.I.P. In peace. Skeets. That's how that works. R.I.P. Rip in peace. Rest, rest in peace. In peace. In peace. Yes. Rest in peace. In peace. That kind of goes back to a sports thing real quick, Eric, that they have RBIs, which is runs oh. batted ins. With yep. that uh, S at the end, it always drew, uh, drove me crazy as a kid. I'm sure you'll be back in no time. Little too much time for Lois, though, to go without drinking for me to believe the other story taking place in the title at this time. Yep, that's all that's She's wrong with that bit. She's still a bad parent, though, in the eyes See of what, her father, so it works. Yeah, she probably has that flask with her in Lungamba. See what happens when you don't drink, Lois. You get shot to pieces. It's true. She stopped. It's funny, though. She stopped drinking wine. Now she's just doing shots. That 
That was pretty good, wasn't it? Wild Hunt. I don't know, guys. This was just too full on Morrissey for me to fully buy into this issue all the way. I'm still working my way through Morrison's Batman stuff before New 52, so it's not that I don't get the concepts or characters and where they're coming from. It's just that I always felt felt empty inside after I finished reading this guy's multiverse work. It's like a friend is telling you a story about someone in high school whose name you remember rings a bell, but you can't put your finger on why or remember anything about that person. So you stop listening to the story and your mind just starts wandering, thinking of the things you maybe should remember but don't because you haven't heard of this person for 15 years. And he gives it a 6.3 out of 10. God, I hope number six is good. I do too. And he's he's a little more positive than I was. I can't. Did you give that the same score as me? 5.8 out of 10. Yeah, that's what I went. That was a weird one for us to be together on. Uh, Flash. Lots of splash pages, but I think I'm close to being back on Flash for now with this ground story. I hope this moves towards more of a Barry and Wally book, though, that would really hook me for a while instead of the constant jumping on and off I've been doing lately while this or arc, uh, while the story arcs bore me. And yeah, that's I the thing, too. I've noticed a lot in the Slack people talking about the Flash. They love it. it yeah. like people like this issue way more than we did. Yeah, you'll hear that's coming up in the next section of books, and you'll hear we're, we're not, you know, fully negative about it. It just. It's a lot of recap and stuff like that going with yeah. that, including Barry's whole, whole life. I mean, no. really, did, did no, we have to know? Shut up. Oh, no, my, my greatest regrets, living sideways. <laughs> Man, on. this was kind of disappointing. I compare the equivalent of going to see a movie when the trailer was already giving you all the best parts. Hopefully the setup is all out of the way now and we actually get something besides what we got here because I have to read any more about how class sucks at school and some forced bullying. I'm out for sideways. And he says the setup. I'm waiting for the setup. I mean, this was like a day in the life of Derek and I, I didn't even get really – and he likes YouTube or Instagram. And that seems to be what I got out of it. And again, that is – that and Wild Hunt were on our Patreon uh, spotlight. So if you wonder like, oh, I can't wait to hear what they say, you're going to have to go over there. Doug the Art, though, I like the pairing for the character and the 2 I don't like price K-Rock. Tag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the you 2 know, K-Rock old Kenny Rockerford? Yeah, oh, K-Rock. I thought you yeah, were talking K-Rock. about the station in uh, New York. The uh, No, no, these... me and Kenny were tight, so we got nicknames for each other. He's K-Rock. Hey, you're so tight. You've never liked the guy. You're yeah. one of those. He's one of those friends, are they? You're frenemies? Is that what you are? No. Yeah, I, I love K-Rock. K-Rock. I, I can call him that now, too. Uh, I went Rocky. I like Rocky. Uh, but this issue I thought was a little down, and it might have been because the story didn't do it for me as well yeah. uh, that the art didn't help it out in my mind. Two nine price tag for a monthly uh, might get it a little more leeway uh, as for as seeing out the first arc. And yeah, I, some of these though, it's funny if they don't sell, you're not going to get more of this first arc. You know, they they have to sell. I I'm guessing. That by the end of this, some it's almost like that Scooby Apocalypse nonsense that's still going on. Do you realize that still when we get the review copies? Uh, you told me the other week it was. You shocked yeah, me. I'm like Scooby to Apocalypse, but you know that one keeps going on when some of those others ended. I think that's what we're gonna get with these as well. Some will hit, some will be sellers. I'm I'm guessing the Terrifics will be one of those that actually that's keeps going and stuff like that. I can't wait for that one. Uh, Red Hood. Surprise of the week for me was Eric saying how much he liked the art in this book. Eric, my friend, go get those guys some new glasses immediately. To put this art in a book following a Dexter Soy issue is an insult to the series. What the fuck was with the holograms this issue? Every page that contained them looked horrific. I don't think I've ever written in about art before if it wasn't an obvious shot at J.R.J.R. Jar Jar, but hot take 
take here. I think I'd rather have Jar Jar fill in than this team again on Red Hood. Yeah, and you, That's the thing, you didn't I, I, I talk about it, you know, actually it was last section, so yeah, I talked yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, we just talked I about wasn't it. even thinking about the holograms. I was just thinking about the characters in general, yeah. and I gave my score and I talked about it, liking the art, because when we talked about the holograms in that last section, yeah, they were totally goddamn off. And like yeah. even that, you know, solitary at the end between the legs, like, yeah, the yeah. fuck is that stick figure back there? Yeah, yeah. And and the, another thing that I didn't point out is at the very beginning, you have that that picture, that page uh, with Artemis. And she's sitting there, you know, when she's looking over and stuff like that. Her hair seemed to be a hologram in that. It, it was like this weird see-through. And I forgot to bring that up. I, I may have even put it in my, uh, you know, scattered notes. My notes like a Tim Drake writing on the fucking floor. All right, guys, I can't wait. Yes, all right, guys, I can't wait to read Tom King's Catwoman fan fiction title this week. That's coming up mostly because Poison Ivy League will be happy with nothing. And I can't wait to read their complaints. Then their complaints about being harassed, then their complaints to Tom King himself, and then really getting all riled up again. On a side note, Eric, I have read Batman uh, for next week already. Not so sure that the, uh, the Poison Ivy League will be that upset. I actually, really? I actually think that they're gonna hold tight and they're gonna wait to see what happens because the last solicit for this art actually says redemption in it. And I think that all Tom King is doing now, he's gonna play that game with them now where at the end, they're just gonna say, oh, you know what? Ivy, you're a hero of sorts. And then everybody will be happy. I, I think that he's playing the game as he always does. But that is Brandon. He says, totally forgot to put up a poll this week. Remember I asked you, like, oh, yeah. did you see the poll? And you said, I don't know what you're talking about. Are you getting sexy? I said, no, the poll for the Marvel Minute. And you said, oh, you, you wished I was getting sexy. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he didn't put it up. So uh, Among the Chaos and Double A-Ron didn't remind me to put it up. So, And he's moving. It's not Double so we'll A-Ron. That's who did it. So this week's book, he's going to go back, a real winner from before. He figured he, he should do it. Star Wars DJ number one, he put. <laughs> and then he put, just kidding. It's really going to be Old Man Hawkeye. Number two, a book that I definitely wouldn't have picked if I had that, if the poll was up. I don't even know what came out Marvel wise, but I always go for the number one. So we'll see how that goes. But we're going to go off now to see what Brandon and Trevitt have to say about Old Man Hawkeye number two. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Marvel Minute. Brandon couldn't be here today because he is moving. So I'll be flying solo. We're covering Old Man Hawkeye this week. You may have noticed there was no poll, and that's because, again, Brandon's really busy and he's moving. And I forgot to remind him, so it's mostly my fault. So he figured, fuck it, why not? Old Man Hawkeye, right? Let's try it out. So, Old Man Hawkeye number 2 of 12, written by Ethan Sachs, art and cover by Marco Cicchetto, with colors by Andreas Mosa, and letters by VCs Joe Caramanga. So we start this issue off at the Hammer Homestead in Des Moines, Iowa, with Jebediah Hammer freaking out over what happened at the beginning of last issue. You know, Hawkeye killing most of the Madrox gang. He knows it's only a matter of time before it all catches up with him. His wife thinks it's not a big deal because, you know, no one's going to know he was there. Who's going to know? And their sons are big enough, and they're kind of badasses, so they'll protect them. But when they walk into the dining room, their sons are dead on the ground. Bloody. One has a knife through his eye. Dun dun dun! Yeah, right. It's Marshall Bullseye, and he's sitting at the dining room table. And he starts asking questions about who killed the Madrox gang? Who's the guy with the bow and arrow? All that good stuff. So now we switch over to Hawkeye, and we're outside of Hammer Falls. 
It looks quiet as Hawkeye makes his way through the town to a place called Eye Candy. He walks through the saloon doors to what looks like a futuristic western strip club where the strippers dress as old female superheroes. He's looking for the proprietor of this establishment, and he finds him in no time. It's the Orb from Original Sin. You know, the guy with the big giant eyeball for a fucking head. He recognizes Hawkeye right away and freaks the fuck out. Then, we switch back over to Jeb Hammer and Bullseye. And Hammer tells Bullseye that the man who helped him went by the name of Ronan, or at least that's what he told Hammer his name was. Bullseye looks him up in his cyborg eye computer and sees that he was an old Avenger, but wasn't really around for too long. Then he looks at Hammer and examines his heart rate and notices that it's a little heightened. Either he's lying or there's something fucked up going on. Bullseye threatens Hammer's wife again and tells him he better be telling him the fucking truth. Hammer just freaks the fuck out, pulls a gun on Bullseye, and immediately before he could even pull a trigger or do anything to save his wife or himself, Bullseye throws a fucking ace of spades and slices Hammer's throat. And then apologizes to his wife for the inconvenience of her husband and kids being dead and leaves. Then we check back in over at Eye Candy, and Hawkeye is getting into it with the bouncers after the orb freaked out and yelled, Keep him away from me! Hawkeye kicks the crap out of a few people, and it goes from fists to bullets real quick. Clint jumps behind the bar, pops up, and shoots three arrows. He nails two guys and misses one. Takes cover for a moment and then cleans the rest up. Clint finds the orb hiding behind a couch. I think it's a couch or a table. He looks like a coward hiding with strippers. And presses him for information. He tells the story of... Hawkeye tells the story of the villains killing the Avengers. And wants to know where all the villains are. The orb doesn't know. But Clint knows for a fact that one of them comes to eye candy. And tells the orb... You better tell me where the fuck I can find this guy. The big guy. You know who I'm talking about. And he points an arrow at him. You know. Because if you don't kill me, I'm going to put an arrow through your stupid fucking eyeball head. Or brats him out. Tells Clint where this dude is. Tells him he goes to Arcade's Murder World Carnival. Before we can get to that, we head back over to Hammer Falls. Where Bullseye shows up and runs into Hawkeye's daughter. He chats with her for a moment about her father. Wants to know where he is, blah, blah, blah. She's kind of a little asshole. She tells him she doesn't know where her father is in a fuck-off kind of way and that they're not really close. He only shows up when he has to drop off money or when he's feeling guilty or some bullshit. Bullseye mostly believes her, and when he reads her heart rate, she notices that it looks like she's telling the truth. And then he gets a message in his cyborg eye about 12 people being attacked at eye candy it doesn't mention eye candy specifically but it says 12 miles northeast and he's on his way after that for a quick moment we catch up with hawkeye as he's about to walk into arcade's murder world and then we turn the page because that was it all we get is him you know he walks in we see a couple of flyers with a couple of cool little things written on them and uh that's it that's it for Hawkeye for this issue. We turn the page, and it's Jeb Hammer's wife while she's at her husband and son's grave. Obviously, she just buried them because they're fucking dead. Uh, and somebody else shows up looking for Hawkeye. 
it's the Madrox gang in Venom costumes. I guess the dupe created more dupes, and they all have their own Venom costumes, and they look scary as fuck. One of them even wants to eat the brains of her dead children and husband, which is disgusting. But that's it for this issue. We get it to be continued. So, this was a pretty good issue of setup, I gotta say. It's pretty much what I would expect in a second issue of a 12-issue story. Overall, it was really fun. I'm really happy to be back in this dystopian Western world. I think Ethan Sachs does a really good job. Sorry, Ethan Sachs does a really good job with the story and the dialogue, especially for a brand new writer that I've never heard of. I think he did some stuff during Secret Empire, but other than that, he really hasn't done much. He used to write for the New York Daily News. I found that out when I looked him up. Uh, the art is gorgeous. Marco Cicchetto and Andreas Mosa do a fantastic job of rendering this world. So I'm going to have to give it a buy because even though it was a setup issue, it was very, very enjoyable. And I still feel strong that I could recommend this series to somebody. And the art especially is gorgeous. So this was short and sweet, but that's it for the Marvel M Minute this week. So uh, see you in seven, hopefully with Brandon. Just a This is the Wonder yeah, Flash Titans section, right? The, the Wonder Flash Titans. The Flash the Mar- of Titans Wonder. Yeah. Roy Harper. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think that as we start this out, I'm wondering how long we're going to talk about the first book. Because this oh Wonder God. Woman book, not a lot going on. And I know that a lot of people, actually, I think that maybe James Robinson didn't know uh, the lightning he had in the bottle arc, because I did see a lot of people talking about Silver Swan and how much they liked her as a so, villain. I'm, tell- I'm telling you, I pushed this goddamn villain for this. This is a three-issue arc. The first issue where they you know bring back this villain, yeah. they have a new origin, stuff like that. I thought it was so well written. And then the next two issues, last issue and now this issue, where it's just a fight scene to a quick conclusion, yeah. like that is such a disservice for the character you just actually hyped me up so much for out of nowhere. I'm like, you had such a chance. You could have made this into a six-issue arc, really discovered the character, made her something special. But, and nope. We're done with this. Time to get back to other shit. Yeah, now, if you go back and listen or, or have a better memory than me, uh, I believe that I did not like her that much right like away it. because of the fact it was more of the, oh, you were my friend and stuff like this. And I was like, please, you know, I've seen this a million times. I even said, you know, it's even like uh, The Incredibles. I mean, you can go down the line of these things of I thought you were my best friend. I'm your biggest fan, things like that. I thought it was very cliched. But I'll admit, I actually was enjoying the story a bit and hoping that what we get here, this end of it, uh, would be a little bit better because really you end with her 
just in a coma and waiting to see if you want to use her again. Also, have to say that this is a, a weird kind of ending too because Jason kind of, you know, ups and skedaddles out a bit and stuff like that. And with that, not a lot happens in this issue. No. So I think that your blurb – is this back to Flash Reviews? Because we're going to talk all about it. It's not going to take long. Give me your blurb. Wonder Woman number 40, written by James Robinson with art by Emanuela Lupacino, Carmen Carnero, Ray McCarthy, Rami Lafarda Jr., Hi-Fi, and Seda Temafonte. Silver Swan story comes to an end with this issue. And with that, we get a brief fight, some Dr. Psycho, and Jason is taken by magical purple energy. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you told me before we started recording that you were probably going to have one of your shortest blurbs. And you know what, Eric? You did. You did. I tackled really, everything yeah. we needed to tackle with that blur. Yeah, and really, that's all that happens. We start out, uh, if you remember last issue, uh, Wonder Woman did, and she explains it in this. She ended up, like, bashing or cutting. She, uh, cu she cut Silver yeah. Swan's wing in half after and Silver it, it Swan went an and looked like she – Exactly. She Silver Swan went and looked like she cut Jason's throat. Wonder Woman lost her cool, cut her wing in half. Explosion emitted, and they all three fell from the sky, and that was our cliffhanger. Yeah. And the thing is – at the end of this issue, I still don't know why that explosion happened. No, I, I don't think we'll ever find out. I, of course I really not. don't. Not now. Uh, to me, it was nanites, Eric. That, yeah, that nanite is what explosions. it was. But in that, you start out, Jason falls into an alley. He, it says alley, and I do love the art. I think Emmanuel Lupacino's art is always great. But Good there's art. like weird things because he ended up falling. Uh, Wonder Woman's like, oh my God, I thought you were dead. And I'm like, well, we've seen he's a little stronger th than the average man. But well, he's yeah, like, he was, I don't I know, it went dark. That throat getting slick yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, but she seemed he, more he, like it falling is what she was concerned about. Even the idea that Silver Swan's wings were able to cut the flesh of a demigod and shit like that, because yeah. I'm telling you, these people are bulletproof. They can take all kinds of damage. That got slit his goddamn throat. So, like, we see here that he actually is healing, like, you know, yeah. he has a rapid healing effect where is he even getting rid of the scar? So that's the one thing I was concerned with. I'm like, like, is he not invulnerable? Is yeah. that something we're dealing with now? Because remember when we had the whole thing before, we were to, like, you know, James Robinson was going back and forth. You know, we're telling the present day story then going back and showing the past with Jason. And all of a sudden he was going to fight Deep Six and nothing ever came from yeah, that. We just ended came. with that. And actually, I want to I want to take the time now. Yeah, you ended I up felt looking like such into a goddamn Deep Six. I, that's the thing. Is I was doing some research on something. I ended up seeing Deep Six are apocalyptians so actually all the shade i've been throwing like, yep. deep six what are we doing Wait, remember it when dark side knew who it was and you're like exactly. oh my goodness i even That's said that made like, me the, laugh the, the deep six connection now them showing up because we had dark side say before the timeline still doesn't like add up completely in my mind but dark side saying he has a plan for jason then deep six showing up it all makes sense now but i'm telling you I had I had never heard of Deep Six before. Maybe it's because I'm not a huge fan of Jack Kirby and all his nonsense. But Deep Six just thrown out there with no explanation because yeah. we never even saw that. It was that cliffhanger and Darkseid mentioning, and you know I'm working with the Deep Six. Yeah, That's and, all we got. And with that, I think that when you say about the timelines and stuff, I think we have to put that behind us for now until at least – I don't know. I don't even know if Doomsday Clock, when that is done, that timelines are going to match up and things. I don't think timelines are ever going to match up as we go. We had that discussion on our uh, Patreon 
uh, about the wild hunt and things yeah. like that. I just think that it's a losing battle and in between, you know, no, each I'm just talking about the timeline in between the, uh, the back and forth issues of James Robinson. Yeah, I'm telling you, I don't even think that's going to match up. I don't <laughs> think anything matches up anymore, but really I'm telling you when Diana shows up, she seems more concerned about him falling because then they start talking and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh yeah, you got slashed in the throat. How's that? Oh, it's kind of healing. I have a scar oh. here and it's, oh, it's weird. Even the scar's because, healing. Good. Yeah, it's weird because all of this seems to be set up just to give you a little bit of, hey, we have to show you Jason's powers because we haven't really given you much of that. So, okay, he has some uh, rapid healing. And then he has to point out, like, hey, you know, you have rapid healing too, don't you, sister? Well, yeah, I guess kind of. And, you know, there you have it. And then they fly off. But there's really, to me, it's this weird setup as if James Robinson realized, oh, my God, I got to tell people what is up with Jason because he's about to be taken at the end of here and we're going to have to have some powers and things like that and even uh, that it's just like even after we get done the whole you know oh well, i'm fine discussion where's silver swan yeah, nowhere well, they, to be they found yeah they don't okay, know where she let's is fly off. and the weird thing about it is even wonder woman says like you know i cut off her wing but i don't know where it is i can't find the piece of that wing so i don't know and it, it goes right after the talk about being you know rapid healing and things like that it's a weird deal like oh i looked i don't know where it is so i guess she's somewhere else let's go find her and jay say come on the only place i can think of the look is the hospital where i last saw vanessa in her human form and they're like all right let's go and uh be we do go from there to go off to see the Furies fighting Steve Trevor and the uh, Odd Fellows and the Odd Fellows and to me really yeah, and what and nothing. what do you get it's from nothing. this Jim what you get do you nothing. get from you that get because nothing at all and the worst part is I'm actually kind of upset that the Odd Fellows and Steve Trevor Trevor are handling their own against the female yeah. Furies yeah like, and, it, and it, as, it, it just seems odd to me well and it's weird because they just keep saying like huh I guess you'd want Wonder Woman here no no we just keep fighting ah, yeah you know what I wish Wonder Woman was here and then we go off from there to All the right, hospital never to be seen again yeah and then we go to the hospital and it's just it, it, it's a murder scene I mean it's a crime scene there's murder yeah, mayhem when, when they, Vanessa became yeah. Silver Swan she murdered everyone in the hospital yeah, friggin yeah. blood guts everyone's like and I'm actually surprised too because I know it's Wonder Woman showing up just the idea that Wonder Woman and her brother Jason, who nobody knows, show up. Oh yeah, you want, come on, check out the murder scene, everybody. Yeah, come yeah. on in. And then the one guy's like, "Yeah, you may not want to look. You, you might throw up." Jason does that look. It's like when uh, my wife had our last kid, Logan, and she had a C-section. And right. they said when he was born, they took him over, and I was going to go cut the cord. And when they're walking by, they're like, "Yeah, don't look over there at your wife. Uh, it, it's pretty bad." And what, what, I looked what is over. That tradition, though? I looked like the- over. And it was bad. I just that's just kind of the I'm tradition. Just, I, I know. I just like this tradition. Like, oh, the father needs to cut the cord. I'm like, yeah, I don't want any parts bit. of that. You're welcoming him. Welcoming him. Welcoming. I can't say it. Welcoming stroke, him to the world. But yeah, I looked over and saw guts and shit hanging out, and it was a pit of just blood. It was it was disgusting, just like Jason. But in this. Uh, it has one of the things that drives me nuts, uh, because the one officer says, Hey, uh, listen, while she, one weird thing happened though, when she was going through, she went to the computers and cut her arm and bled into them. No more yeah. than a few drops, whatever that was in her blood, it went to work. And that's where Wonder Woman's like, Yep, nanites, microscopic. So what did that accomplish? And it pretty much got rid of all the history of, you know, the research and stuff that did, if you And forget. even Vanessa herself. Yeah, and if you forget, this whole thing started because they were doing research to get her to walk from being And she, she had a one-in-a-billion type body, like, that was going to be a 
like make her able to take this yeah. nanite like you know into her blood and actually allow her to start walking no. again you know she was like you know a very special test subject to be able to do this and now that she's like you know erased herself and the research data around yeah. the world because her blood connected to the internet now yeah. she is the only yeah, living being with this kind of research in her. How the fuck does your blood connect to the internet? There's you no know. here's no blood, I don't know. Blood. That doesn't make sense. Magic. You can have nanites, you can have anything. That does not there is no interface that's what, what, gonna take your nanites the from the blood. Time, what, what was the last time we dealt with this? Was it Brian Hitch's Justice League or I think was it, it JLA? Was. I think it was, it was JLA. The, the big baby, didn't he yeah, do that? Yeah, it might have been the big baby, but there was something else too where it was the same. I think it actually was in this or maybe blood work and flesh, but I think it was earlier in <laughs> Wonder Woman where you had that as well. Where you remember when she was going and that one uh, villain had the, uh, you know, everybody, she had the blood disease that she wanted to fucking change. It's everything oh, there was with that. blood. I, I, for some reason, I just remember it being the though like because we actually had a name we put, like, t- like tagged been. onto it and I like, I'm telling it's like, you, it's driving me blood nuts. Blood yeah, it's, it's driving me nuts because there is no interface to accept the blood. Now again, that is comic book science, and I I hate to say oh, that we just it. we just argued about Flash in Justice League last week, saying it was over, you know, too much. This is just too vague to me. Where they keep saying this, oh, that the blood got into the computer. No, 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 that's gonna fritz it out. I ain't gonna your nanites. What what are they? I I expect the nanites just sitting there typing and doing things. Why not just have her have the nanites and be able to access files? It, it drives me nuts. But it's it's very little a uh, deal. But they go from there and they're just trying to figure out what their next. Can you step imagine is. what this book would be if it overexplained how the no, nanites? I don't need to overexplain. You say you don't need the nanites. She has the nanites in her. Just make it seem like they are taking over and she can access or knows more about computers that's all i need i don't need blood in the system it's the ghost in the system it's bloody ghost but with that though uh basically wonder woman and uh jason kind of split up you know there's this whole talk through this as well where wonder woman says to jason you know to be a hero you know you got to be prepared you got to be doing all these things and whatnot and then it comes to to you know comes to fruition here as he goes back home and silver swan just shows up and attacks him I'm which like, wonder, well, woman, know where wonder woman lives well that's the thing Did i the told you no i told you i think it's all because of that party it was all spelled out when jason was at that party and everybody was taking pictures and they showed up she said you can't do this people are going to know where i live now and i think that it wasn't explained that's all i can think of is that that's how they found out i don't know she just shows I don't know up. Either. she just shows up and attacks jason she's beating the shit out wonder woman shows up because that seemed and to it, be it really kind of, kind of seems like this was a ruse too because like yeah. jason you you stink from falling in that garbage when we fell you need to go home and take a shower yeah yeah i'm gonna use my brother as bait yeah i think it was and she's like okay and i think that's also why now a lot of this is not set up at all but again you can think in your mind okay she knows that he has rapid healing he can be cut but he's not you know he's not invincible or invulnerable but he has you know that so i'll set him up but i'll come in right afterwards and she goes in it's almost like trial by fire like let's see what kind of hero you can be jason well and basically he is bait she shows up wonder woman comes in and says hey vanessa keeps saying vanessa it's really funny because she's like listen vanessa i I'm your friend. I always Vanessa. was. Don't call me Vanessa. Okay, Vanessa. It, it, you know, it's it, it it's like, uh, you know, nobody calls me Francis. All right, Francis. Pipe down, Francis. It, it, it reminds me of that so much. But as they go, she just keeps saying, I know that, 
you know, Vanessa's still in there. I had a problem. I had this girl, Barbara. I don't know. You don't really know her. My but friend she had, Barbara Minerva, she, she has a darker problem. self too. Yeah, and I was able to get through to her. And, and so then, you weren't. Yeah, and then basically Wonder Woman's like, you know, and Vanessa, uh, Vanessa, Silver Swan just keeps doing that canary cry, the Silver Swan cry at her. And Wonder Woman just says, that's right, let it out. All the air in your lungs, they go underwater and then come out and Vanessa's back. <laughs> like, I don't know what just happened. And then she just takes her over to Argus headquarters and they put her in a tube because she's in a coma. That, that, and there you go. I'm telling you, if she ever woke up, this tube would be able to contain her silver swan self. Anything that she could throw at it, this yeah. tube will be able to contain it. Yeah, and I don't even know if they're fully, you know, know that she is still silver swan in the meantime. Who knows? Well, no, the, but the thing is, the nanites are still in her blood, and that's they why they are, want to have actually research what the fuck her as well, because do. she is the only thing that's yeah. keeping this technology alive at this I'm point. I'm just saying, if so she wakes need a researcher. up. And that's what if, it really seems at the end when we have this one doctor come in, talking about, oh, don't worry about it, Wonder Woman. We're going to be keeping a close no. eye on her, and you see in the reflection that it's actually Dr. Psycho in disguise. Yeah, it is. The, the thing, though, is it, she's silver swan that because she got knocked out in a coma, somehow the nanites aren't doing the silver swan thing. Well, it, she, has, it she has to keep her, her mental eye, like, you know, she yeah, has I to I, I can't work. even get that, though. I'm well, telling you. That's what you, they were I talking about thought... before, like, when they were doing the rehab and stuff like that. After the, She has to be able to put herself in a situation yeah, know, mentally that, and emotionally is, to keep it going. It just seems stupid to me that she's just silver swan until she gets knocked out. Like, it's not even an end. That's why it's not even like she's like, oh, you know what? I was wrong, right? It's just stupid. I, I'm telling you, oh, I'm telling you it's it not ended fully so stupid. I, I would like actually to actually know, like, why does the nanites allow her to have like, a canary cry? Yeah, that I just want to know what the nanites power. are doing. I now. wanted to talk They're just about dormant? it. Are they just dormant now, or I just I don't understand anything that's going on now with her, and I don't even think that we're going to see her again. I think we're done. I, I really – and let, well, you'll have Dr. Psycho, obviously. Yeah. They're having that. That will come out. But I have a feeling that she's just going to remain in a coma forever and we're never going to see her again. And then at the, the end, it's just it's just Jason. He's writing the letter. He's going to leave. And then, and then he gets swallowed up by purple fucking energy and he's gone. There you go, the end. I, I love it too you, because this letter it. he's writing, you know, we, we have the whole thing where the narration is actually the letter that he's writing to Diana talking about how he's going to be leaving to go find himself and all that shit. And I just imagine he decided to write it because – he had just got done cleaning up this house. Now it's a wreck because yeah, of Silver Swan. All that work I did. Fuck this. I'm yeah. out. Well, what did you give it? I gave this issue a uh, 5.9 out of 10 because I really love the art, but this is really a nothing issue that was such a lackluster conclusion to something I actually was kind of you know intrigued with. Yeah, I, I'm almost at a three. It's it, There's nothing to this issue. It, it's a bunch of garbage, and then it just ends by ending. And nothing really with it. And like you said, you had three issues to set up Silver Swan, and then she's just in a coma and a tube. And basically, that's it. Uh, but I'll get, I do like the art. So I'm going to give it a 4.5. And that anything else, it's all art. I, yeah. I think that this story's garbage. I think that Wonder Woman, this book, is complete garbage right now. And nothing I, I was to so me into is the idea of James Robinson taking over, too. It's so terrible. disappointing that he's not doing anything with the character. No, he's doing, that's the thing. You could say, I could say it's terrible. He, he writes okay dialogue, yeah, but it's doing nothing. There's yeah. nothing going on with this book. It's starting to become a book that every time it pops up, I roll my eyes and I don't even want to deal with it uh, just because nothing happens. Like you said, at the end, there's Silver Swan in a tube. Well, you know, they're going to do research. I, I, again, I just don't know how they're doing research on her nanites when she's in a coma and they're not actually even active right now. 
So well, they, I imagine they're, they're going to like you know take her blood and stuff like that. Yeah, just I think it's it's just ridiculous. And like I said, I I get the idea that he thought that Silver Swan wasn't going to be that good and nobody would like her. Um, a lot of people I see like her. I didn't. I I, really I thought she was a cool less. villain. I really wanted to see her explored more. But yeah, like just, you said, I don't expect to see her around very much more. You know, I mean, at the end it yeah. seems like we're going to collect a bunch of villains for Wonder Woman who might come together at the end yeah. of this like a big arc or something like that. But besides that, I don't really see It'll it really be the Wonder Woman Revenge Squad. Yeah. Is what it'll be, just like in Superman. And uh, I just, I, I don't know. The, the whole idea of her is basically just her as a sad sack uh, because one of the most famous people in the world didn't remember her after a year. And it just, that doesn't set up a really good villain to me. But we're going to move on to the next book, which is going to be another fast one. I, I don't know this section, uh, though, you know, I don't hate the next book and I don't Go on hate like a the flash. last book. But boy, these are quick moving issues with not a lot going on. Like we, we say about things, you know, treading water or, you know, running in place or things right. like that. Mostly these, that's all these books do anymore. And I, I just don't know. Like there's some like the Superman books. Uh, we saw things coming when the issue 1000 of Action Comics was coming up. It's understandable. You know what? They don't want to oh, yeah, do, we too, can't much. do, anything do that. too much right and now. Then once we have Brian to be over Mike, yeah. by a thousand. Yeah. And then Brian Michael Bendis jumping on that causes the, the deal. Well, why is this happening in Titans? And why is this happening in Flash? Uh, we thought at one point, okay, they're waiting for Doomsday Clock, and then that's delayed by if eight years, it seems. So I, I just – I we need something. And in Flash, it's going to be the Flash War, which I thought was happening. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, <laughs> it really took me by surprise uh, that it wasn't happening, this issue. Uh, kills me. Flash number 40, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Carmine D.G. Gian DeMonaco, Ivan Placencia, and Steve Wands. I thought we were going to start the Flash War, but instead we are back to Grodd. And while that could be a good thing, Joshua Williamson seems to be stuck in neutral and overly concerned with getting everyone up to speed on Barry before going forward. Oh yeah, this was suddenly becomes, or it suddenly becomes Flash the truth with Barry losing his powers and handing the full Flash mantle to Wally West. For now, and yeah, at the end, and that's was like, the most exciting part of the book in my mind, just because I grew up, you know, reading yeah. Wally West for the Flash, and he's always been my Flash. So I can really take that this book becoming a Wally West book. But besides that, my yeah, and all it's right. Not before going before to. we get rid of like Barry Allen, possibly. Let's remind everybody about who Barry yeah, Allen it's is. What this, all this is is set up so that Wally can go around Central City as Flash, and then when the Flash War breaks out, you have this idea of, hey, I like Wally better. No, I like Barry. This is the Flash War I like that we're going to have. Shut up, Todd. Yeah, Avery. But yeah, it starts <laughs> off, and you have uh, Gorilla Grodd there, and he's talking uh, to Barry in his head, and he just basically says, you may think that you know, you're know you reading my mind. I'm actually talking to you. With why, would you, why would he think that he's reading his mind? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. And then he's like, <laughs> the voice you hear that you think is your own is Grodd's. He's like, yeah, I kind of thought that. You sound a little different. And unless you desire your brain to bleed with my rage, I demand that you give me the speed force. And there he is, Ray because, there. Because I got the gorilla aids real bad. Well, it's funny because that's when Barry yells, you can't control me. Huh, why, why don't you tell me why you're dying instead? 
And then we get the narration. Oh, by the way, like, I'm like, where, where is this and, and whatever? But yeah, it seems like he has the gorilla hepatitis, the gorilla gonorrhea. I don't know because as he says, it does seem to me, I'm telling you, it seems very much like a gonorrhea type thing that if you get infected and don't get it treated, it rots your brain away. Uh, so you have I it where it he too. says. It's this infection that happens outside of Gorilla yeah, outside. City in the jungle. So the other apes have been able, the other gorillas have been able not to get them. Like you went out for a wild night in the jungle, and That's you're afraid right. to tell anybody what they you use, caught. They use protection, a, a banana and a, and a gun. I, I don't know, but with that, it reminds me of Al Capone when ah, Al Capone died of gonorrhea in jail and stuff like that. But yeah, he he's got the the gorilla gonorrhea, and he just says Real all this. Bad. You know, do you have any idea? And it's so funny. He's like, tell me what's wrong. And he's like, we. It's called the silence to my people. You humans call it death. It's called the silence. We're not not supposed to talk about it because it's gross. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, uh, by the way, you know, I don't know what you – you would never know what it's like for your brain to rot away from this infection. And for months I engineered all these circumstances and this is very quick. This is very quick going with basically him saying, listen, I hate you stinking humans. But you know what? I had to use a little bit of this black hole stuff. So it just, that's all the explanation you get. As much as I hate humans, sharing Gorilla City tech with black hole was necessary. Oh, really? All that Gorilla City tech, huh? This whole setup, too, because we've had black holes since the beginning of this Flash Rebirth run. It's like, all to develop the lightning rod that will draw forth the speed force and save my life. So this lightning rod that showed up last issue. Yeah, last issue. This was the end game, even though we had the speed force storm, speed force guns. All this yeah. different black hole nonsense. After all this black hole stuff for rod. 40 issue, 40 issues, they were just making a lightning rod so that he could gather the speed force, and that's nonsense. It, it, it was not. You, you and can, is the lightning you'll rod never the thing that's me. causing time to slow down in Central City? I think all of that is, yeah. But with that, that you have some hokey things here. But really, you have all this stuff where Black Hole had all these things going on, and you know, you had Dr. Carver, who was the big bad who created the speed force storm. He uh, very conveniently died last issue. Yeah. And because of that, that wipes him away. So now Gorilla Grodd can say this was all his doing all along when we know it was not it's okay to add grod in and say don't say that i was here from the beginning and you know it and you know uh, I, I was here from the beginning and me and like even the whole thing was mina working for him the whole time was it yeah, after the, she the, like you know godspeed went after her? yeah because and, then, oh, and the most of, i'm saying and the most we get out of freaking ray jin who showed up out of nowhere you know the god of lightning you know, he's for years. I was just a lowly scientist in Star Labs, obsessed yeah. with the Speed Force, until I heard Grodd's voice. Yep. Grodd freed my mind yeah. with this There's, lightning wand. Well, lightning wand. Yeah, and with the lightning wand, and also the I'm gonna study the Speed Force storm and, and learn the inside out of the um Speed Force storm. That that shit is coming, gone, buddy. But with this, what are you also doing the, with this lightning rod. There's this weird part too because uh, lightning Grodd, wand. Yeah, Grodd is talking shit. You know, he's doing a lot of shit and uh, sharing, and then he says. If any of your hero friends try to breach the field of energy around us, they will meet the same fate as the outside all, you know, the whole central city's trapped in time, trapped in a moment. But the problem is, is 
we have all of them that seem to just enter and, and nothing. Oh, happens that's the thing is, them. I actually am trying to put this together in my head. And by is, the does end. he is, mean is the is Justice anybody League? Anybody without the Speed Force? That's what I'm saying because nobody we know. There's nothing to that. Then if he's like, oh, any of your hero friends, does he mean the Justice League? Does he mean like, don't call Superman because well, if he comes what, in, that's what I have to imagine is the Justice League. But I'm just trying to picture because we have this bubble, this time stop yeah, bubble it's around a time Central stop City. Bubble, yes, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, we got. We got Kid Flash here. We have yep. Avery here. Avery was it here. because they were within the small That's sphere what where Grodd was? They were already and then in when, there. But then but, when Wally yeah, West Wally shows comes up in. the end, I'm like, is it because yeah. of the Speed Force? Tell me something. That's what I'm saying because Wally seems to come in from uh, Keystone. And with that, like I said, when he says your hero friends in this book, I'm going to naturally assume – Wally, Wally, and Avery. Those are the yeah. three that I'm going to assume. Double wall. And with that, though, they're all there, and they yeah. come in. So I can only think reading it now, he means Batman, Superman. We know but they're not showing the up is, in though, this book. I, I know they're not showing up. I'm just kind of trying to understand this fucking goddamn time stop thing because here we have, you know, negative – we have negative flash. Mina's here. Yeah, she Mina. has this negative speed force. I could say this works for this whole situation. Grodd does not, and as far as I know, Ray Jin does not as I, either – and a multiplex definitely does not. They're all within here working fine, you know. So yeah. are we inside a bubble here that's within the I time stop bubble? I'm telling you, there, it's not explained. I, it just it, we could sit here all night and wonder. We're never going to get an answer. Do, do it's you just, want it, buddy? No, I don't. Uh, I, I'll uh, say if I can sit in your lap and then stroke uh, your fancy beard. That is the only thing that allows you to get cigarettes nowadays. No, but, it's uh, not. <laughs> uh, you do have the whole deal where. You have Avery and Kid Flash, and they're basically like, oh, no, multiplex, multiplex, he's still, you know, you have them around for no real reason except to just have something for Kid Flash and Avery to do until they don't. And then you have Ray Jin, basically, like you said, Grodd freed my mind. I was a scientist in Star Labs, obsessed with the Speed Force. Uh, with the lightning wand, we'll finally be able to control the Speed Force storm. Study the Speed Force what? storm. That storm has come and gone. I don't know what he's getting at what there. What are you doing, Rajin? You don't make any sense And with this that, story. you say the Speed Force storm. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to have 50 flashes again. It, 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 get away from that, Joshua. No, because now they're going to be able to control that. it. Well, yeah, they'll control it. But still, it, it's of one of those lightning like, wand. And that's where you Not have this weird rod. deal. No, the wand. wand. And with that, you have this weird deal because, okay, I could sit there. If Grodd showed up. And said, listen, I heard about this Speed Force storm. You know, it's in all the books. It made it in the, you know, uh, Gorilla City News at 9. I saw it. This is awesome because I need the Speed Force. Can we somehow control it, do it again, that it focuses on me? I'd go with that. I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. He went to Black Hole because they created that. Recreate it for me to get this. No, he says that he did all of this all along, that he was the one who did it all. That's where I lose it. And then I don't know what's going on when he starts mentioning it because that, like I said, that's come and gone. And the, the, the whole plan does not seem to be Grodd saying, let's create a Speed Force storm again. No, it's him just saying, I'm going to grab all of the speed from all the flashes, and then well, I'll even be that, all powerful. It just powerful. seems like he wanted to grab the Speed Force from, from Barry. Barry Allen, yeah, and, Barry. That's, and at the end, it's like, oh, this isn't enough. Yeah. Not enough. Yeah, yeah, it's not enough. In the meantime, you do have Avery 
just jumps and and I'm telling you I don't know if there's the way the art is and I like the art I don't. as it is but I don't like it as a storytelling device because at one point Avery looks like we have door technology like we did in the Wild Hunt she's jumping through shit she grabs the wand which appears to be Darth Maul's lightsaber she grabs that she has it and she's like hey you know did you get that flip on uh, on film I'm like listen there toots there's shit going down here stop your jokes but there they end up going and Rajin gets knocked down by Wally and Barry basically says Kids, get, get the, the hell out, out of here get the hell out of here take that wand away now this is the best part of the book to me because Barry says get that wand away you don't understand Grodd is more dangerous than anything you've ever encountered you have have not encountered anything like him. Leave now and take that goddamn wand with you uh, because that will also, you know, get rid of what he needs. And Grodd says, I know that you, you can pretend you sent them away to save them. No, no, that's not pretending. Not he at did. All. He did. He's like, you just don't want them to know the truth about you. And I'm like, what the hell is he I getting just, at? I just love it. All right. It's like we're fighting Rajin. Huh. We got Kid Flash and we have Avery. All right. Stay, kids, because I I, I have a feeling Grodd's about to lay some knowledge yeah, down. Yeah, he's going to lay some knowledge bombs on us. I said I thought that possibly Grodd, <laughs> with his new abilities here, he was able to access some uh, dark net, dark web uh, internet history of Barry. And boy – it's nasty because he's I just, there. Don't pretend you'll send the children away to save them. Yeah. You wish to keep the ing- them ignorant about you. I'm like, what did you think I was about to th- like? You know, was yeah, I, I aware that you were about to lay down a story in my yeah, mind that I'm they might you, somehow it hear? It makes no sense. And he, yeah, like out of nowhere, he doesn't have them leave. Like you said, it's like, hey, uh, Kid Flesh and Avery, stick around. I'll need your help. Ha, yeah, now they're gonna know. Your mom died. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. knew that. Your uh, dad God, was falsely uh, accused you, and in prison. Huh. Y- y- uh, yeah, we know that You too, were like, in, in a lab explosion <laughs> that got the speed force going. Oh, oh really? You were obsessed I, with finding your mother's true killer, yeah. Barry. And, 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 dun, you know, dun, dun. and you know what? Then you were on the Justice League. I'm like, really? This is what you're getting at? These these are the non- I'm, I'm telling you, It's like sitting there and I, I, Grodd is very intelligent. I mean, he is. I I think that disease has gotten to him. I I think that it's already rotted half his brain. I I wanted Barry to sit there and like, really? These are the secrets? Okay, I'll play along. All right. Oh, no. Barry might have the disease too, though. Yeah, maybe. Shut up. Shut up. Get out of my head. Oh, it's so ridiculous. Shut up. You you, you tried to save your dad. And really all this leads back to is something that – Joshua Williamson has been – he's been pushing so much that the big truth is – you're afraid that all you are are the Flash. Like everybody loves you. You have friends. Yeah. You have a girlfriend because you're you the are Flash. nothing before the Speed we, Force. We've dealt with this in this book over and over and over again. This is basically Reverse Flash said this to Barry as well. Like, oh, you're nothing. You're you're afraid that you're gonna be. But no, we we've dealt with this, and it's basically no. Don't say it. That uh, you know, I'm special because of the Speed Force. And then basically he says that eh, now you're gonna be nothing, and you have Mina say, hey, don't fight it. You can't fight this. Uh, you're gonna get hurt. And again, this does tie back. You have where basically we just got. 
Barry's whole origin story and what has happened after that being in the Justice League. It's such an odd recap of something that most 99.9% of the people who don't even read this book would probably know. But then from there you go to the point where a, uh, Mina is going to steal the Speed Force away from Barry in a way that was at the beginning and they're using tech and things like that. That's not explained. No. Explain the stuff. Explain the bubble. Explain how they're ripping the speed force out if it is, in fact, not the same way as when they ran around them that we had well, with the speed the force. The thing is, too, like we have this lightning rod that was built at C uh, CCPD, you know, was it like built right on top of it. And now we have Flash getting shackles put on yeah. him and they have cords coming off them. And then Mina plugs something in yeah. and it takes the speed force out yeah. of Barry. That's what I'm saying. And gives Ex a grod. Explain this stuff. Not Don't explain to me that. You know, Barry's mom died. I, we don't I, I really love need the progression that. too, because we have to have this big catch up. That for some reason, this needs to be a jumping on point. This fucking second part <laughs> with Rod isn't not. like here, but like this whole thing where I can't control your mind flash. Your mind moves too much, but yeah. I can gaze. And as he's gazing into Barry's memories, telling him everything he knows about himself, yeah. he's saying, "Shut up, get out of my head." And for some reason, this makes him collapse right in front of Grodd to the yeah. point where the multiplex can just pick him up and hook him up. Like, yep, just what just happened? Why are you on the ground and knocked out? Because he just said he can't control you. Yeah, and and also just said this is all you had it all. The Speed Force gave you the life you always wanted. Words it's made Grodd. you special. You hide and protect your powers. No, shut up. Yeah, words are for helping, not for hurting. But Grodd <laughs> didn't learn that. Basically, he is completely knocked out. Grodd's going nuts. You'd be nothing without the Speed Force. And now we're going to see about that. And basically, they take his Speed Force out. He is laying there bare-chested. Kind of looks like he has, like, overalls on. It's a funny look to me. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, and then out of nowhere, they're grunt. Oh, your Speed Force burns in my veins. And then he's like, it's But it's not, not enough. It's not enough. And that's where you do have Mina looking like almost like, oh, Jesus Christ, we're going to have to do this some more. You, you should have been healed. I don't know what. And, and they have Rajin. We'll get you more speed force, Lord Grodd. And that's where they they need the wand. They're going yeah, to get the, the wand and the well. other speedsters. And that's where Barry, he just picks up Barry. He goes in his rocket freaking chair, his He's rocket right throne, goes up into the air and basically says, you know what? Your city and your speed force belong to me, but I must admit I was wrong. You are not nothing. You know, you are less than nothing. Spits in his face with his oh, diseased gorilla spit. I hope that's, I hope that's not contagious. Yeah, I'm telling you, I hope whatever he has does not go from bodily fluids. And then he just you drops know it does. Him. Yeah. And then he drops him. And as as Barry's falling, he's going to tell Iris he, he loves her, even though nobody can hear that. And Wally comes out of nowhere and grabs him and said, I saw the city was frozen. I came to save you. So much you. for none of the friends coming yeah. to help, huh, and, and it's funny, too, because you have this idea where there's Barry. He has no speed force. He is checking himself out. He's looking at his hand and stuff like that. And Wally shows up, and he's just like, it's business as usual. Listen, me and you, will team up. We're going to go after Grodd. We're going to, yeah, Grodd beat me. But, you know, I know, no, that's fine, Barry. But, well, no, you don't fucking understand. I don't have speed force powers anymore. You are now the and Flash of Central City and just the Flash now. And Wally's just, what? what? He, he's all upset. But, yeah, you have the And on top idea. of that, though, I'm telling you, for all the times I'm trying to explain this bubble idea, yeah. now that Barry doesn't have the speed force and he's moving around, he should be in the bubble. another monkey wrench in there. Yeah, yeah, it does, because now he should be frozen. But 
He's just walking around. He's strutting his stuff with that bare chest, and basically, yeah, you have that well, antenna in the Central background with the, the and probably uh, Keystone City too, because I'm sure you want to take care of your hometown. Yeah, you're gonna take care of them both. And uh, Twin yeah, City you, Flash. You have here where you have you know Wally, you have Kid Flash, you have Avery, and you have a non-powered Barry Allen, and you have well, we have a bunch of issues before Flash War starts. So uh, I wonder if this is Joshua Williamson's plan. Because he has tried at points to balance the Barry Allen flash bit, yeah. and, and but he hasn't done it really well. I mean, really, it seemed like at one point he was going to be working at Iron High. That has completely gone off the rails. We haven't seen that much. So maybe this is just his idea of now I'm forcing myself. It's like I said when I do these other podcasts where I, I won't read other books other than DC. You give me a podcast where I have to, then I'm forced to do it. This is almost to me like Joshua Williamson needs to be forced to have a reason why he's just gonna have barry be barry and go and deal with iris go and deal with his his job and things well, like the that thing is, every new aspect we give the flash though joshua williamson does not go into it at all even no. when he had, he had the negative speed force i still don't know what that yeah meant. we don't know mina has it now and she's yeah. called negative force, but uh it's just weird because maybe now for six Five, six issues, we'll get a Barry Allen who goes to work. He, yeah. you know, deals with Iris and then works. Maybe he'll be like a, uh, like an oracle to the rest of the Flashes for a while, uh, and end up, you know, coordinating things. Maybe he's like I, a monitor. I think he's going to be like, no speed force. I'm out. You know, I, I deserve this thing. I'm done. You know, he, yeah. he, if he can't be a part of the game, he doesn't want to be a part of the yeah. team. I think it lasts two issues, and then we're right back. They're, they're going to end up getting that wand. Obviously, the wand will, to me, cause another speed force storm, and it'll hit Barry, and he'll be, you know, back in. He'll be back in the game. But uh, speaking of this, I do think I went a little high. I gave it a 6.5. I did like the art the first time I read it, and then as I read it again, there were a bunch of things. Like I said, I like the art as it is. But right. as a storytelling deal, there was a couple times where I was completely confused by the art. So I think I went a little high with the 6.5. I'd probably go – I could go as low as a 5.5, five, uh, but I'm going to stay – actually, I'm going to go to a 6. I'm going to go a little against my review on the site just because as I read it and talked with you about it, I realized that, you know there were some problems where I thought I actually enjoyed some of the bits that I now have a problem with. But what would you give it? I have to say, I th I'd probably give it a 5.8 out of 10, which is really? a, a point one lower than I gave Wonder Woman. And really, it's because we have this story here where I don't understand any of the things going on you behind just it. Like we talked about the science Flash, don't with you? Silver Swan. I don't understand the science of Black Hole yeah. either, and I don't even like the art on it. And then we have to have a fucking like t a two-page spread dealing with the background of Barry Allen, which anybody reading this for the yeah. most part at this point Such should a weird at least recap. know. It's so weird. It just, so I'm telling you, the only thing I really like about this book is the idea of Wally West being yeah. the Flash going forward. Yeah, and, and it is kind of a cool timing with the Titans disbanding. So this is the pretty much the most Wally West you're going to get in the yeah. books right now, which but is But what odd, about his heart yeah. problem, Jim? Hey, well, now he's there because his heart is all in it, Eric. That was the heart problem. His heart wasn't in it. And <laughs> I don't know. They're not. They're not going to use that nonsense here. Yeah, that is coming on. I, I just on. expected more out of this. We have this whole angle where yeah. we finally have a full issue of Grodd. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Grodd, but what we have, the black hole connection. 
it's just said. You never see it done, and it's just yeah. presented to you with no explanation at all. To me, if, if you want to use, I'll continue my Star Wars references. This is when you're done watching Return of the Jedi, and back in the day even especially, yeah. where all of a sudden things happen, and you have George Lucas. Yeah, that was the plan from the beginning. Yeah, right. Right, buddy. Yeah. That was your plan. I saw you having Luke and Leia kissing all over the time and making sexy eyes. You're changing the shit as you go and don't smooching. want to admit it. Yeah, they were smooching with everybody. But yeah, I'm telling you, things were changed, and that's yeah. fine. That's fine. It's it's Joshua Williamson's story, but it just made it like, really, Grod, you, you were involved all this time. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that, that was your plan, huh? You've been How sick long has Mina been involved, the, huh? And you've been sick all this time. And yeah, Mina ended up dying you know, into the Speed Force and was brought out by, by uh, Black Hole and Dr. Carver. But you were behind it all, right? You were whispering in people's ears. But yeah, we'll move on to the last Not book even of this Carver, section. Not because Carver was, I think, at that point already incarcerated. He was arrested. Yeah, and that, like I said, all of a sudden they have to get him killed just so – you know, he, he, he'd be he there. It'd be funny if he didn't get killed. Yeah. He'd be like, what? You, you're bullshit. You know, and not that they would but have to who's do behind that. Who's so, Dr. Cover? Yeah. Like, you know, I, I ain't your goddamn dancing monkey. No. Oh yeah. And they're like, Hey, huh? you know what? You really were a jerk. <laughs> I'm no mo- monkey's uncle. That's what he just I really put a that. monkey wrench into this one, huh? Ooh, that's it. Hey, don't you give me none of your. Monkey shines. Uh, hey, I'm going to go ape here if you don't let me have a glass Ooh, of water. Come on. I was just, just going to say something about, hey, don't ape my actions. Hey. King you know, Kong ain't got you, nothing on me. I bet you're glad I didn't say <laughs> banana. There you go. <laughs> what's, the next, what's the next book? Titans number 20, written by Dan Abnett with art by Paul Pelletier, Andrew Hennessy, Adriano Lucas, and Carlos M. Manguel. Arsenal continues his war on drugs in this issue now that the Titans are disbanded, and he isn't alone, Jim. As it turns out, Roy's old flame Cheshire is going after the manufacturers of Bliss as well, and the two work together to bring down the inner gang's knockoff drug market so they can acquire the original sample of Bliss so they can figure out who's really behind the drug. Yeah, yeah. Hold up. Too too bad that (laughs) Cheshire is double-dipping and working for the Brain and Monsieur Mala as well, who are the makers of the dope. Yes, they are. And really, when I see Cheshire, she tried to kill us, Eric. She, she did, did not us, succeed. Jim. No, we were we were alive after that. It must that. be Weird Science Reborn. Must be Weird Science Reborn. Because, yeah, we were alive. But, yeah, she, she has it out for us. She tried to kill us in that green arrow. She didn't succeed. You ain't bringing us down, Cheshire. Uh, she might bring Roy down, though. But, yeah, yeah. This, is, this is another one that, I mean, there's not going to be a lot to talk about. But of these three books that we're talking about in this section, it's definitely my favorite. And me oh, and you well. both are Roy fans. So having Roy by himself, uh, we're always going to like that. And like you, you even said before we started, this section, to me, off air by ourselves – in, in secret, whispering, you said that you wouldn't mind having a, <laughs> you wouldn't mind having a Roy book, though I don't see that happening. No, no, but, I'm sorry. The thing is, I, I, I say I wouldn't mind having a Roy book. I don't think it would sell, and I'd probably yeah, get really, no, no. you know, disinterested in it really quick. So you know, they always got to play that drug angle. But now yeah. that we actually have a focus on Roy, who hasn't really done a lot of stuff in the Titans book so yeah. far. It's just fun to me because, you know, Who this has? is a character. Like, everybody else is friends. They have partners. And, like, you know, Donna might have been something in him, but she even her she was taken away and up on the watchtower. So Roy's on his own. He's not about to hang up the goddamn tights. He's going to go out there and keep being a superhero, but he really doesn't have anybody. And with this issue, no. actually, this whole, like, arc right now is really showing us 
how much Roy does need his friends to back him up because he could easily fall back in old habits. Well, and I wish that uh, one thing where they do spell this out and even Donna says it to Wonder Woman later, like, hey, all of the other guys here, you know, they all have mentors. They all have these guys and Roy does not. But we did see in Green Arrow that Roy and Oliver were kind of getting along a little more. He was helping. I wish that they would have spelled out that trial. I actually, it would have been a cool synergy with the two books just saying, you know, Roy, he actually was trying to make up with Green Arrow, but you know he has his own problems well, right well, that, now. That, that's and have a funny a thing too, because as we saw in that last issue of Green Arrow, when we saw what everybody was doing as mm -hmm. the trial was about to take place, Roy was in town. What made his yeah, jeep? That's like, what you I'm know, saying. Yeah, was about to go down. Yep, it seemed like he was going there to help. So I wish they would have just mentioned, like, you know, Roy does have somebody now that he could kind of go to. Because it, it, really, I know that Roy and Oliver had a falling out, but. It's one of those that if the, you know, chips are down, I think that Oliver would help, but he's in a trial of the century right now over in that book. Right so I now wish the they would chips have actually are down, I imagine. And yeah, all well, in yeah. my mind, all he has is Jason. And he can't find yeah. that hidden fortune. And, and really with that too, uh, you have, he does have somewhat of a support group, but he's not going to go with it. I wish that you would have had Donna. And then this is just small talk that Donna does say yeah. to Wonder Woman, but you're expected to think that this is real deal where I, I wish she just would have said, you know, Roy has some other people, but you know, the thing about the trial or say he, he's too hard headed. He, he, yeah. he's going to try to do things himself uh, is what we actually and he's still see kind him of do. pissed off about the Titans disbanding. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, you have some weird things going on with this Titans disbanding where you, you're not going to have, I would guess you're not going to have a Nightwing arc because right. Nightwing has his own book. Yeah. Wally has now in the flesh, nice so flash, you don't have yeah. that. Now, again, you could have a arc where it's a Wally, you know, Dick team up, which would be cool. We kind of already had that in an annual and we things had a, like yeah, that. Nightwing annual. So I'm wondering how long this disbanding Actually, I don't even is going to take. Was that an annual or is this yeah, like a one shot? No, I thought it was an annual, but I, I may be I mistaken. Uh, but with that. You you would wonder if after this maybe we're gonna get a Garth story, you know something well, like that, Garth which I would like. Of, uh, Lil, yeah, he's uh, Lilith, off with so Lilith. They have each other. Wally yeah. and Dick have each other. I'm just saying, Donna's like, up there if, with the Justice League, so yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm just saying that if this book is gonna continue this route for the next six months, where it's disbanded, may like it almost seems like this is the start of you're gonna get little, you know, here's the Roy story little from vignettes. the Titans. Here's this, and I actually what I want to say is. I, I want a Garth story. I would really like that because uh, we, get story nothing. Cool right we get nothing from him. So like you said, and it kind of dawned on me when you did say in your blurb, we haven't really gotten a lot of Roy in the Titans book. Roy has just been there to kind of, you know, have a quip and give eyes to Donna. That's yeah. really all he's done. So and I then like be pissed this. off at Wally when Wally's giving yeah, that's an what I'm saying. eyes to so Donna. I, I would like it. To be where the next story, if we went with that, you do find out. Like they did say, Garth and Lilith, maybe they're on some adventures, Eric. Maybe we're going to see that. But you do have Roy, and he's trying to and find it's, out it's this weird bliss. Too. We even get to the credits page here. It says, Titans Apart, Part 1. Yeah. In my mind, this is a part two because we dealt with the first part of this yeah, last yeah. issue. But here it's part one, and basically that might be for the trade. Maybe, uh, and that's the thing. Know. is, we, we start the issue off. We have Roy. You know, He's being blocked. He's trying to block gunfire. The cliffhanger... It's very different where Roy was being shot off a building. I'm like, yeah, there was no building. way he was surviving that no. cliffhanger. No, we he didn't think he was. Uh, yeah, he's fine. And he's kicking ass. Uh, but, again, it's like the typical Roy where he's like, you know what? I, I'm hurting, but, oh, Jesus, I'm in over my head again. 
And luckily for him, Cheshire shows up yeah. and just wrecks house uh, and goes and, and basically then Roy gets up and they beat the shit out of everybody there. All these inner gang troops. Yeah, the inner gang. And then she's like, hey, are you coming? A lot has changed since last time because as they're going and they do go off to the noodle bowl, which I thought maybe that's like the best food in town. They just have the sign noodle bowl there. Can you go in? And they're talking about all the things and it ends up kind of, uh, you know – crisscross applesauce deal where they're both working the same job for different reasons. Roy's just doing it to be a good guy. Cheshire's doing it for money, but kind of says a little bit of a lie. been hired by a collective of a family yeah. who's lost their loved ones to drugs to yeah. obtain justice for the law can't provide, so that's why Cheshire's in town yeah. to get a paycheck. With a few days to thrill. She's there to get a paycheck and basically lies right through her teeth about what she's really doing. No, the thing is, in my mind, she is doing that as well. She is taking the money from these families and she's taking the money from the brain. I think that she's just doing this all for the brain because I don't even know how they would get back to, oh, hey, by the way, guys, I killed all those bad guys. Uh, hey, what, where's the proof? I really don't have it. I think that's all a lie just to get Roy well, to, to go along with it. That whole thing where she goes off like, you know, she leaves this noodle bowl. And, hey, you forgot to check. And the, the guy who owns the place like, her money's no good here. Not after all she's done for yeah, us. Yeah, I'm telling you, I, I think that that's just more of her lies. But it might be. But even with that, it's a weird way that he says it. Her money's no good here. Instead of saying like, oh, no, she never has to pay. No, her money's no good here. What's that accent like, what? you're putting on, buddy? I don't know. Her money is no good here. And then he's like, what? What do you mean? It's pretend money. She plays Monopoly. She always tries giving us counterfeit money. She has no idea money. how currency works. She doesn't understand. Not she very keeps giving that us, one. She keeps giving us chicken wings. She's from Buffalo. She she pay in Buffalo wings. No. So you have that and she walks off. And yeah, you do have that. So maybe she is playing all the double different dipping. places, double dipping. But you don't really get much of it uh, because at the end with Mala and the brain. But with this, you then get Donna. And basically, it's a quick deal where you get a little bit of a recap. Like, yeah, they still have you up on that watchtower because yeah. they think you're going to be Troya. Of course they do. It, yeah, it's they, quick. I don't afraid. mind this. And it yeah. is kind of important because in my mind, this is the whole thing where we are getting away from all of Roy's freaking, you know, fallbacks to help him with his, you know, his problem that he has. Yeah. Now that he's thinking that he's actually calling Donna and it's doing more hindrance than help, you know, the idea that he keeps calling. She's up there by herself, yeah. stuck there. He thinks he's making her time worse because isn't he keeps it, reminding her of it. Isn't it weird that she's not allowed to talk to anybody else but Roy? What, what are these uh, rules laid down? I think they. I think they're, she's allowed to. I think they have to call her, though, and all the other friends are yeah, assholes. I don't know. She actually even says at one point, like, oh, I, I think it's actually Dick. And they're like, oh, we're not allowed to call her something. But, yeah, and then she's like, listen here. And that's how she talks, too. But, yeah, Wonder, like Woman, Wonder Woman wants to talk and basically says, you know, we're just here to figure out what's going on. We're going to do tests. And it's not permanent. She just says, oh, no, you'll probably throw me in the Phantom Zone. Uh, and who are you protecting? You know, who's protecting Roy? He doesn't have this thing that we said before. You know, I'm a prisoner here. At least let me call Dick and Wally. And she's like, oh, you're not allowed to do that. But, uh, yeah, she's like, Roy will be fine. She's like, how do you know? You know yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Roy's not going to be fine. and He's the one who actually no. kind of severs the connection. He's like, look, Donna, we can't talk we can't anymore. Talk I'll be anymore. fine. I've always had to it's look out for myself you, anyway. Me. 
Donna, do you understand what I'm saying? The whole thing, it's a roundabout it's so way. Forced. I'm going to stop calling. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you understand? Look yeah. after yourself. Tell Arthur. me that you, you know, nod your head. I can't see you. You're in the watch hall, but nod your head if you understand that I'm saying, do not call anymore. And I won't call you because really that's all it is. Yeah. If you're saying she can only take incoming calls. The problem is they haven't really, you know, they don't have that tech up there. She can, she can't call out. Uh, but yeah, you see a quick deal with Dick and Wally where they're moving Wally in. It's a continuation. It made me laugh because through the whole thing, Wally's like, oh man, I got this new apartment. This is kick-ass and I'm waiting for Dick to go, buddy, settle down. You, you didn't pay a cent for this. You know, this is Bruce Wayne's money. But yeah, he's like, this is my Yeah, home. Wally, we're all living off Bruce Wayne money. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know what kind of life I'm going to have without my friends in it. And uh, Dick's like, I don't know. I, I have a feeling you're going to be flesh soon in Central City. So don't get so relaxed here. Uh, but yeah, they basically start talking talking about as if this book would be canceled like yeah. hey you know what we're disbanded i don't know right. how it's K- gonna Karen's go back home with her family Lilith and garth have gone on an extended vacation to see if yeah. they have any like you know future kind of future together batman told me not to bother donna uh, yep. harper was in touch with her she's he's she, he says she's okay yeah, that's what i'm saying like they actually spelled days, it out you? and they actually spelled out you're not allowed we're not allowed to call donna and stuff and Re- you know. really don't follow no damn rules yeah really but with this you have a deal, and I think it's very subtle, and I don't even know it was meant to be, but I liked it, and I wish it was explained a little more where Wally could say to Dick, because Dick's like, you know, it's temporary, Wall. The Titans will be back, and when he says, I'm not sure, I know how things go like this. You kind of stop forgetting about things. Time will pass. This is basically him and the Speed Force. Uh, not people only forgot that, about it, it. Actually, it, this is a very well thing. You know, people like they move on with their lives. They have separate lives, and like you know, it's like if oh, we yeah. stop doing the podcast for a while, and then we like, all right, okay. we're gonna get back together. But we, have, we stopped doing it for so long. We're like, eh, what's what's the point, really? We're doing other things yeah, now. Really, I'm like, I, I have a fun time not talking to you. I don't even know what apartment you live in. God <laughs> damn it, I'm not even as good of friends I'm as Wally, Wally and Dick there. Uh, but yeah, all with right, that Jim, though. I'll make sure you help me move, all right? Okay. No, no, thank you. But uh, with that, again, like you said, it is the whole deal of friendship, but there's that weird deal in the back that I think Wally also means, like, I know how it is, you know? You disappear for a little. People forget about you. And I thought that was pretty cool. And then we go back to New York with Roy and Cheshire kicking ass and they're going through they're trying to find this bliss right now they're at a knockoff like bliss oh they just keep going through all these inner gang freaking manufacturing places that are doing this bliss in order to find that original sample because if they get rid of that no more freaking manufacturing knockoff shit from Man- yeah, and that's all. Right Most of Inner Gang is the knockoff deal, but they have to have an original sample. Again, Cheshire's there to grab that because she's going to go give it to Mala in the brain, yeah. not to get rid of it. They go back to Wally's house uh, or apartment there with the bliss, and Wally just they just this is the most important thing that he's been doing all this. They just lay it down there. They're eating some pizza. You have a nice talk. It's basically what I used to tell my mom about my room being messy when she's like, oh. Oh, the room's dirty. I'm like, it's not dirty, and I'm not dirty. The room's just a mess. He kind of says that, like, I'm not I'm dirty. clean, just even this. if my apartment isn't. Yeah. And they end up talking, and, and I, I don't have any dirty gorilla diseases, baby. Yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't get spit in the face. I don't do drugs. I don't no. have dirty gorilla diseases. I'm good to go, yeah, baby. Yeah, and with that, through this whole thing, you have that thing in the background where, even at the beginning, when Cheshire says, like, you think this is smart, you going after these drugs when you can fall into the abyss. And he says, you know what? What better 
person to do this than somebody who has been down there and sees yeah. how bad it is to go. And you have that where they start kissing now because they're kind of together. They're doing now. Well, Roy's really different now. She, I'm telling you, yeah. I was actually really in the idea of Cheshire and Roy getting back together, getting like, yeah, she's a bad person. We've seen her do terrible shit yeah. in other books. They have had a relationship before. Maybe they would be good for each other yeah. now that like she actually sees Roy, you've cleaned up your act. I really like what I'm saying. Yeah. And it broke. It's I'm so funny you, too. I even said in my review, I hated, I hate Cheshire because she killed us in Great Hour number 21. Yeah, yeah. It, what she does here, just pure evil, well, Jim. Well, that like, too. But bitch. also, it's so funny to me because like you said, it is being this whole deal where she's like, you know what, Roy? I, I like the way things are working out for you now, or whatever. And you know what? And he's like, you know what? I've made a lot of mistakes. I, I've been good to bad people. I haven't been, you know, I've been bad to good. You know, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. a wreck. And through this whole thing, I'm sitting there and I'm like, why are you selling yourself short, right? Like you're there, and it is played out like Cheshire is like, you know what? I like this new good or good uh, Roy. Roy. I want yeah. Roy to stop and go. You're a fucking villain. I don't care what you're saying about the good me. I'm a titan. Yeah, we're disbanded, but I'm a fucking titan. You are a fucking villain. You just brought down Jim and Eric in a goddamn plane. Like he she doesn't know about still, that. I know, but she is still Man, pure evil. He knows that she is not good. And yeah, they go to bed. He's a gonna, merc. Oh yeah, they're gonna make love here. And there she goes. She scratches his back and poisons him with the bliss. And then all of a sudden you have I don't, I don't know if it's the bliss or just yeah, some random narcotic or what because nah, it, like, yeah, when I... he wakes up the, night, the weirdest part about it though, I have no understanding about this bliss because they have sex. She scratches his back, which, you know, she has and poison you, everywhere. You see, see the like, brain. Like, you see the brain in his, yeah. in Roy's in his dreams. Dream. Usage now 10%. And then Roy wakes up 10%. Oh yeah. God. What, what the hell am I dreaming about? Jade? Jeez. I feel wrecked. Hand shaking. Yeah. I, I didn't use last night, did I? I, could, I couldn't no. have been that no, stupid. No, I, I, I don't think remember. it's fully. I think it's fully the bliss. Whatever. I, I the, said, what you know. is the bliss now? Why does this? Well, that's what I'm crazy? saying. I think that we're gonna find out what the bliss drugs, is. Jim. I think that we're gonna find out what the bliss is. This is the r- way that Dan Abnett is gonna show us what the bliss is because now Roy is infected by it. And yeah, right away it seems that the bliss it's is the- something that you get. You're controlled by the brain. Because there he is, and maybe that's why he wants all these samples and the pure part, because it's only at 10% at this point, and the usage now 10%, it, it goes up, whatever, but I think it's that this is all It's a weird line out involved. of nowhere, I'm telling you, and this ends right there where you know Roy wakes up all fucked up because he thinks yeah. he used last night, he, he doesn't he remember, and that's going to put him on a goddamn terrible path going forward. Yeah. And then Cheshire showing up, you know, working for uh, Mala and the Braid, here yeah. you go, like, like anything wrong with what you did? No. No, I, I, I had a couple kind of complications. Person. Whatever like, happened, happened. She's like, I can deal with it. And nothing there. You uh, but bitch. it's so funny because as he is dreaming, it's like usage now 10%. You're like, I don't know who the fuck that is. What's going on? But I had then, no idea. But then later in the cliffhanger, it's just the same exact panel, but not dark of the brain. I'm like, okay, that was the brain earlier. Yeah. All right. There we go. But yeah, I think that that's the bliss that she had. The bliss got him hooked. And maybe. Maybe again, maybe it's a roundabout way because it does seem like whatever this is, she has made a connection with him and the brain. Maybe that's it. Maybe it isn't pure evil that she did. Maybe she needs to be able to turn it around that later now he'll be able to find where did, Mal did and the put brain are. In his blood? No, I just think it's the bliss and she knows that somehow you're connected. I don't know. But again, I don't know we don't know what the bliss is. So this is a good opportunity for Dan Abnett to show us through Roy's eyes. We'll see how it goes. But what did you give it? 
Well, I gave this issue a 7.5 out of 10. I actually real I'm telling you, whenever we deal with, you know, Arsenal, it, he's yeah. usually a one-trick pony where we have to deal with the drug, you alcohol, kind of whatever, the, drugs, the addiction yeah. angle. My word. This is go-to fucking move when, yes. any, when anybody ever writes about him. Yes. Here, I actually don't mind because, you know, he is using the idea of his addiction to clean up the he's streets of New York. Back. And we get some great characters out, all along yeah. the way with the Cheshire, Mala, and the brain. I'm like, I did not expect this book going this direction. Yeah. I'm having a good time, and I really enjoyed the art. Yep, I'm going to give it a 7.5 as well. And one of the things that I really do like is the setup. And again, there's some subtle things here. It's not just shoved down your throat. The idea that Roy's on his own. Yeah, he's a little horned up. That That's what yeah, happens. But he doesn't have any it gets friends. It's hard out there. Much well, it is hard, and, and it is hard in his apartment too. But as they go on, he is trying to find a friend. And he will kind of look the other way to allow Cheshire into his life for this little bit just because we they've spelled out he doesn't have anybody else. You have and, – and a really neat way or not neat way but a good way that you do have Wally and Dick together in that apartment talking and it's not much but it's enough to show, okay – Friends can talk, you know, they can work things out, whatever. Roy doesn't have that. He went off. Oh. He has nobody. He has severed his connection with Donna because of the fact that he thinks that it's not doing her good, though. Again, if you really want to go I'm, into it, I, I actually, didn't really I buy all that. I mind too. I didn't buy that fully, but I think that's what it's supposed to be. But it seemed like once Cheshire was there, uh, it's exactly. like, smell you, you later. not the same way I would. I had the hots for Donna. Yeah. She's, a, yeah. she's away right now. Things aren't really bad. working out the way I'd hoped. Hey, my ex is in town yeah. and we're doing stuff together. I better keep my options but, open right now. But with that, I do think that you're meant to think that he really does legitimately think that he is causing more problems than helping by talking to her because she keeps getting upset. That's he might have convinced himself. I know what's I'm really telling going you, on though, there. it's just because me and you are both pieces of shit that we <laughs> think right away because they should have done that before he met up with Cheshire because once it's like – Boy, man, he the is. Thing you know, is, I it, actually think it plays more realistically this way. Yeah. And like, you take it either way you want, and it still works. Yeah, but he ends up being more of a piece of crap in my mind. He's where kind you of don't a piece want of crap to be, guy. Yeah, but you don't really want him to be anymore. But yeah, I, I took it fully as like, you know what? What have you done for me lately? Out of I'm sight, not out of fault mind. Roy for being a piece of crap. He tries to do the best he can with his well, being yeah. a piece of crap. What happens on Earth stays on Earth when your <laughs> uh, when your woman is that's, in the watchtower. That's, that's always been the downfall of my life. What happens on Earth stays on. Earth. That's no, no, true. Everybody knows. No, that doesn't work all the time, but it does if Jess was in the Watchtower. That that exactly. would work out a lot better. But yeah, I actually did like it, and me and you are both Roy Harper fans. So this yeah. actually gave me more of the, you know, back in the day, Red Hood and the Outlaws, Red Hood and Arsenal book. Uh, it gave me that feel, and I, and me and you both like those books, so sure, uh, I had some fun. So that was good. That was good. See, we ended up positive. That's kind of how we like to do our reviews when we write them on Tuesday. You always want to end up it positive. Ones out first. I'm telling you, I've had some real bad problems picking them. Now, obviously, I should read them all first and then oh, yeah. go through that. But once I've read the bad book, now I'm depressed, and I might yeah. as well do it anyway and stuff and whatever. But that's it for this section, and we're gonna go off to more mails. And rants, Eric. What about the raves? No raves, just rants. Oh, okay. Yo, it's mail call. It is the best podcast a week. Even though Shay is such a freak, I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go. So first I'll hear Mel with Jim, Mel, Mel with 
All right, that's mail section number two. You there, Eric? You here? Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, Electric Boogaloo. Oh, my goodness. We're going to start out with All New Dave. And All New Dave says, hey, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the entire Get Fresh crew. Get Fresh crew. Well, that's nearly it for my forced vacation. I must admit I have enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Every day is a forced vacation for Eric Shea. Yeah, it really, is it forced though? <laughs> I forced every, every, the hell out of the I'm situation. telling you, forced vacation is such an odd concept. It's more to me forced the rest of the life uh, to get to that vacation. But before people think I'm a complete idiot, it wasn't the time off that worried me. It was just the fact that I didn't have anything organized. And when you're used to working 60-hour weeks, that's a lot of time to fill. That is. I, I know that. Hey, you know what you fill it with? A lot of podcasting, Eric. Once you stop working that overtime, uh, start 17 podcasts is what I think ends up making me feel better. I need, needn't have worried. What a fantastic resource the full Weird Science DC experience is. To steal a phrase Ooh. from Jim, I was looking for something to fill the time. I didn't realize it was there all along. <laughs> See, there he has it. But seriously, thanks to everyone on the Slack, Jim, Eric, and the Cellar Dweller on Patreon and all the Mixlers. DJs. Uh, I actually have to say that All New Dave inspired me because I had not been on Mixler, you know, spinning records for a while. And I just decided spinning one day, records. spinning records, I'm spinning the LPs. I, I, I'm grabbing the wax and I'm, I'm laying it down. And uh, so All New Dave, the first day I kind of got on, might have been even Monday at right. like four. I just got home from work and we were going to record something. Yeah, so I had we were doing time. the pop culture. And we had yeah, like, you know, there was a little bit of catching was. up to like on stuff that's going on in the world before we got sat down yeah, to record. Yeah. So as I was sitting there, yeah, I was looking. I'm like, you know what? Nobody does things on Mixler now at this time. Eh, fuck it. I'm gonna set up a, a a list, a playlist, and while we get while I get ready, I actually listen to the music. And all new Dave gave me some encouragement, liked it. So I was there almost every day this week. Also today, it takes, folks, a little tell, bit encouraging. Today for an hour, I was on last night after we were done. I think I played two hours of music. I'm a yeah, mixler fino. Yeah, the best though. Get Fella. off the Adderall, buddy. Yeah, I know. Really, that's what I have to do. Yeah, I was playing some records. Uh, a lot of people were there, and everybody dancing. I, had some, I was tightening the ball joints on some Transformer toys. Oh, yeah. So, so who was wasting time? Uh, I ended up uh, today. <laughs> Even before we did this, I had an hour thing that I was going. And this one, Eric, I played music and mixed it in with stand-up comedy. What do you think of that? What kind of stand-up comedy? I had some uh, Mitch Hedberg I had. I had some uh, Bill Burr. I had some uh, Old School Eddie Murphy. The ice cream man nice. uh, thing. Uh, the uh, Mitch Hedberg. The, ice cream man, ice cream the, man. The, the Mitch Hedberg, the amazing buoyancy of citrus was played, Eric, in between songs. So I was having some fun. I was spinning That's the records. Spinning the records. I've enjoyed this weekend. Really, if anybody wants to and you're, you're inspired, we do have our Mixler channel. It's Mixler.com slash weird science, I think is what the full deal is. That's right? right. I always get it mixed up. But with that, uh, this week, Eastern time, around 4 o'clock each week, I'm going to play an hour or two of music just to have some fun. So, And there's regular shows as well, but yeah, check yeah. it out. I've enjoyed this week so much. I'm going to start taking a step back from work. And and really, Dave, ask Eric. 
That's what happens. This is where when you have people, you know, bosses, and they end up making you step back from that, you actually realize, you know what, number one, uh, the money might be good. It's not worth the fucking, you know, disaster of a life that it gets you 20 hours, 30 hours of overtime. And then you start realizing, you know what? I like this extra free time. I like doing stuff. I'm not as bored as I thought I'd be. And that happened with me as well. And now they can't get me to work a 40 hour week to save their lives. (laughs) (laughs) We're supposed to work till 3.30. Yeah, yeah, really. We're supposed to work till 3.30. I'm telling you, if we can get the three without killing each other, it's a plus. We're sitting there looking at the clock like it's a goddamn starter's pistol. When that thing hits three, we are running. And we try to avoid everybody. Just run the fuck out. The place didn't burn down without me. And I can find a more fulfilling use of my time, like sitting on my ass reading comic books and tearing them up apart in Slack. See, that's good. That is awesome. Lots of books this week. I kicked off my Superman collection with a bang. Death of Superman, Lois and Clark, and Final Days of Superman, or as as I like to call it, Eric, the Super Super League, were enjoyable reads that only lacked impact because I wasn't fully aware of the background history, especially Final Days of Superman. I wish I had saved that until after I had read more of the new 52 action trades. Yeah, yeah, it's mm. it. It really doesn't go that well into that that action comics. I, and actually, the the final days of Superman was such a clusterfuck of, of stories and writers. So, and, and actually, and that was the really Tomasi deal. into the final days of Superman. Better was Jeff Johns yeah. run on Superman. Yeah, and then I think that the actual final days was the Tomasi ones. That was that like month. That so I'm uh, the other things before that were the clusterfuck. Yeah, Gene Luan Yang, uh, uh, Greg. Puck. He had a bunch of things, but everybody had their own little stories and stuff. It was nuts. It was hard to mourn his death knowing he was just a ball of red energy destined to be merged with the blue and wiped out of continuity. Poor New 52 Soup. Still don't know what a that lucky means. man you are not. And remember, uh, recently we just saw, I, I think it was in Superman, where we saw that picture hang. Oh, it was Justice League. Saw that uh, headline of Superman died yeah. in the... Uh, the Daily must Planet. Be so yeah, reborn. yeah, must be. <laughs> I'm not hitting that. You you think that you're just gonna say that, Eric, and I'm gonna be like Dance a for me, dancing monkey. monkey. You think I'm gonna be a dancing monkey for you? Must be Superman reborn. You son of a bitch, Eric. You always do it to me. You always get me going. Now I can't find. Uh, uh, wait. Must be Eric Shave reborn. There you go. Right. There you go. Uh, wait. We have one more. Oh, you know what? I got rid of that magenta one. Oh, uh, no. Wait. Wait. Must be Medentia Reborn. <laughs> Medentia. Uh, my favorite books were Rebirth Action Comics volumes. Uh, I'm up to volume three, and I'm really enjoying going back over the comics from when I first jumped back in after Rebirth. This was what when I it was all new and exciting. It was great going back over the stories, filling in the gaps where I missed That's an issue. Do the new 52 review. Yeah, I'd forgotten how good the first two issues with Patrick Zercher on art were. My thanks to Simon and Mark on the Slack of Recommended Futures and for my next trade. I've only got I and it's weird a lot of people now and you said when I think back of Future's End it just it has a bad taste in my mouth yeah. and I don't know if it's because of convergence around that time World's End and all World's the, End Batman and Robin Eternal I mean that was around that time but Future's End was not bad you actually no, said you I really went liked back it. and look at my aggregate score on the roundup and I'm like you know what I did not gauge this as badly as I actually thought yeah. I did yeah, it, it, going back though, thinking you have a negative idea in your head, don't you? Yeah. It, it just, yeah, it's weird. I've only got Identity Crisis left, which I've saved for last on Ed Double A Run's recommendation. 
that can be my Sunday read. Me and you both love Identity Crisis. So yeah. I've had it. Wasn't it weird also that that was kind of in that hyper time uh, in the button, and then we found out that a lot of people hated Identity Crisis. <laughs> like really, everybody hates it. That was weird. That's that is the story that actually made me switch from Marvel to DC full time. Yeah. Like you know what? This is telling me it's kind of stories I want to read. So I'm going over to DC now. Yeah, and what happened then when we started the site? We didn't even have the podcast yet. I think that was my first older trade that right. I went to read because you had told me so much about it. And I, I loved it as well. Read it in one sitting. I, I really enjoyed it. For me to read anything in one sitting, I, <laughs> I, I have coupons, Eric, that I can't read in one sitting. I, you know, $2 off. I got to come back later. Uh. I can't pay attention. I've had a great week jumping in. And what then happens is I, when I come back to read it, it's expired. That's what uh, happened the other day. I was all upset. I was going to lunch and my coupons were expired. I've had a great week jumping all into DC Comics, especially action. I'm going to take some time off trying to force myself to read prose novels for a while. The only ones I actually enjoyed last year were Glenn Cook's The Bad Company and James Salas's Drive Away, Eric. Yeah, that's one of your yes. favorites, right? <laughs> yeah, it's been so long since I actually read a book. Bad it's Company the, by Bad Company. Bad, bad Company by Bad Company, yes. And uh, Can't Get Enough of Your Love is, is the sequel. Instead, I'm going to grab a trade a week now and try and bump up my overall DC knowledge. Thanks again for everything, guys. Hope you all had a great week. And that is all new, Dave. And I'll tell nice, you Dave. that at the one point, I was going with that, too. I was going to buy a trade a week. I ended up kind of going away from that. And I Peter also – after a little while. I also, yeah, and I also promised at one point that I was going to buy all the trades that we did the New 52 reviews of, and that kind of was going to lead me into that once a week or at least, yeah. uh, you know, every two weeks. I kind of went against that as well. Well, we got Eric. some stinkers. Why do you want some stinkers? Yeah, we did. That really threw me off. But yeah. Uh, right now, though, Eric, if people are, are listening and they're wondering where those rant and raves are, Eric, they are going to start right now. And I said we're going to sprinkle them in with the mails uh, from now on as long as everybody likes that new way of yeah. doing it. But since this is the first one, I want to tell everybody, if you want to call into the rant and rave line, we do have a rant and rave line. You can call 641 715 3900 enter extension 452328 followed by the pound sign it's just that easy folks welcome to the podcast you know it's gonna be a long one And this 
rant and rave is from your man, Dancing Mike. All right. Hey, Jim. Greetings, Eric, and I'm Mike. Hello, mother. So, anyway, um, first of all, I want to give a shout-out to the Get Fresh group. Boop, boop, boop. And a very special shout-out, as always, to the king, the undisputed Universally loved king of the Get Fresh crew, one Richard Richardson Richard of House Richardson, Richardson first his name. <laughs> Long may he reign. Yes. Hello, Your Grace, Mr. Richard Richardson. All hail. Anyway. Wait a minute, Eric. I have the one more. Richard Richardson here. There you go. <laughs> um, so, does a berry shit in the woods? I believe we've answered that question if you Dave look at the Barry. recently unveiled uh, presidential portraits of our former president and first lady. Because apparently that's what he is doing in that uh, photograph. I haven't even seen that. Also, the portrait of uh, Michelle Obama, I think that was Raleigh Rosmo from Night of the Monster Men. Because I guess the person that painted that is a social justice artist. I'm not making that up. Apparently, it was a social justice artist. And I guess when you learn to be a social justice artist, they don't teach you things like, I don't know, shading or depth or anything else so i don't know if that was maybe she's going to be a, a guest star in paper mario or the first lady of flat world so um, now he says that eric you know what i think is the worst representation of a painting of somebody do you remember what i was laughing at no. so much it was the uh the courtroom painting of tom brady Remember when he was in court? <laughs> it is the worst. It's so bad. I'm telling you, I have not seen the presidential portraits there uh, with uh, Michelle and Barack Obama. It can't be worse than that Tom Brady one or possibly the sketch of the leprechaun, Eric, that they oh, used when, when the leprechaun deal was going down. That the, was the pretty leprechaun good. in Mobile, Alabama? Yeah, yeah that, I think that that might have been one of the worst just to go with that, Eric. Who else in the leprechaun say yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. I saw that leprechaun. Um, yeah, those were some interesting paintings. Uh, so, anyway, um, just random stuff you mentioned on some of the other 853 podcasts you were on, uh, Jim. Uh, you said you were drinking sweet tea like Maryville fucking Tennessee. That's right. Uh, you know what we call that down here? We call that Coke. I thought they had, I thought they'd call it water. I talk, uh, you know, down there in Maryville. Coke. Interesting. Um, also, the, you couldn't think of the name of a Garth Brooks side project, which flopped horribly. And it's something Gaines. I still can't remember a lot. I, I know it's Gaines. It was Chris Gaines. Chris yes, Gaines. apparently yes. he was going to be Chris Gaines. Yep. And people said, uh, we don't want to hear Chris Gaines. We listen to Garth Brooks because we like Garth Brooks But it was going to be songs. for a movie. And if you are a single person that has been in a breakup, never listen to the song The Dance because you might. Uh, yeah, it just might send you into a fit of depression from which you can never recover. That's a very, very sad <laughs> that song. That seems like every a very beautiful song. song. Anyway, that's just the Thunder Rose? Yeah, Tanya, Tanya loves. If I went up there right now and I said, you know what I hate? Garth Brooks. She may try to kill me. Legitimately. Oh, yeah. Not even a joke. She may try to kill me. That's how much she likes Garth Brooks. Well, Garth Brooks talk from me. Um, apparently, Gene Young Lang, Gene Young Wang. Can never get his anyway. He's he's doing Superman Wang. versus the KKK, and it's yes. good to see that um, Superman will be battling against Democrats. So that's always nice because <laughs> here he goes. Here he goes. You know the KKK is a Democrat organization. Anyway, I did not um, look it up, there. people. And you were talking about the bums on the street, and you know wanting money, and I guess Tanya will give them 
It's funny. This is like a replay of stuff that has gone out of my mind. The minute we oh, yeah. say these things, like, yeah. whatever you know, fifty, sixty, five hundred dollars. I wonder what half the time. I wonder like what podcasts we say these things. I have I no think, idea. I think that one might have been the pop culture Invite one. Them in, Maybe give them soup. You know, take the food that's meant for the kids and, yes. and feed it to the to the bums. Anyway, um, one of the most interesting bums I ever saw was um, going to a, several years. Do you think that homeless people like that, uh, do you think that bum is a, a very derogatory term and they are fighting for their right to not use that? Uh, do you think that's part of it? Bums. What are they going to do to fight for it? I don't know. You get their shopping cart and their half a leg. I, I don't go that. I, I would not like to be called a bum if I was a homeless man. What about I'd like be, a beach bum? That's kind of a cool like beach yeah, bum. Yeah, but that's you know, like, different. Yeah, like that. That's different, Eric. I mean, you sit there, and when they say bum, you know, you're like, oh, man, look at that bum. And then I'd say there. I prefer there, hobo. Yeah, and I yeah, so do I. You get the bindle going, you sexy. Now we're talking, We're now we're bringing up stuff that I won't remember again next week. Well, years ago. Look, set the stage on how many years ago it was. Jared Fogle was throwing out the first pitch. So, yes, it was a Cincinnati game, and we were walking to the stadium, uh, me and some people that I know, and... um. We saw Jared Fogle walking down the street, and then later we saw him, you know, throwing out the first pitch of the game. It was like, oh, it was him we saw. But the beaming back to the bum, there was a bum <laughs> on the street. You know, there, of course, there were several, but, you know, there was one just had a sign. He was sitting there, a sign said, not going to lie, I want beer. Yeah. So he was like, yeah. he's yeah. like, I don't, I'm not going to lie, I just want beer. Of course, I didn't give him anything, but that was nice. He was being honest that that's what, that was what, if you gave him money, he was going to use it for. So, um... Yeah, um, so that's, let's see, what other nonsense? By the way, Eric, I, I didn't realize that Jared Fogel was Jared from Subway. I I'm sitting my, there, I'm actually thinking to myself, Jared Fogel, I'm like, that sounds familiar. What is it? Uh, oh, God, is that the I one have to from look Subway? It up. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sitting there, I'm like, is Jared Fogel the guy from Subway or is possibly another country singer? I, I wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't know. Is he, a, yes. is he an old baseball player? I'm not aware yeah, of Yeah, maybe, maybe, Eric, but no, that is Jared from oh, Subway. Uh, yeah. Just one more bit of nonsense before I get to uh, actual comics talk is, and this is related, you were talking about uh, theater or movies staying in theaters longer when you were a young yes, boy, and I know it was that is true. But just like Reggie, just like uh, just like Jim, when I went to the movies, it was it was a nickel, and you'd go over yep. Saturday morning and you'd see your cereals, and there would be yes. newsreels beforehand. Yes, that's that's exactly. what was happening. That's but anyway, the movies you did the news of the world staying in the theater longer, and you said um you saw Star Wars several times, which mm -hmm. um. I did too, because like you said, they would stay in movies for, or in theaters for months. Also, there was a second run theater in Knoxville at the time awesome. called Terrace Tap House and, uh, back in the day. And you could actually, you know, order food and drink and That's stuff crazy. while you didn't, they would have tables day, right? you know, in front yeah, of you seriously. where you could watch the movie. I, I saw Lost Boys there. It stayed in there a while. I saw that one probably about 11 or nice. 12 times. I saw that movie a lot in the theater because it's a really good movie. Awesome. And also, um, that was the movie that would show Rocky Horror Show on weekends. And I saw that one. I lost count somewhere around 104 on Rocky Horror <laughs> because not only was I watching the movie, I was participating because for a long time I played, I played Frankenfurter, which again, nice. I don't wear lingerie in my private life. Just, I would do that in public. He just wears it for the comfort, Eric. Why wouldn't you? And that was 25 plus years ago, so no one wants to see that. Merville is way ahead in the entertainment deal. Really, to have a movie theater that you actually serve food and stuff like that back then, that, yeah. that's crazy. Now, so And with the whole rock cover, my mother I'm actually did the same thing. She played Magenta and Columbia. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Should I hit the horn again? young 
transvestite from transsexual. Transylvania. That was, that was, um, yeah, so they did stay in the theater a long time back then. And the midnight movies that we had was in Allentown. And the, the thing that they played all the time was either Led Zeppelin's The Song Remains the Same or The Wall. The Wall. Uh, the Pink Floyd. Yeah, that was the always, time. The Wall was always there. And also, uh, a big thing when I was a kid was to go to the, I don't know if it was the Franklin Institute at one, but somebody had a laser light show that you would go and watch, like, uh, Dark Side of the, the Moon and the stuff like that. the planetarium have that? It might have, but that's what I'm saying. I, I couldn't remember exactly where it was, but it, it probably was the, the planetarium deal, uh, even there at the Franklin Institute and stuff like that, where they had those laser light shows. Taking yeah. you back to Star Wars and 1977, in the Soundways review on the Patreon spotlight, Eric said that he's not with it. Yep. Now, Jim, I'm going to need your help to complete the lyric on this one. I know you'll remember this, but Eric will have a, oh, no freaking go. idea what we're doing here. So in honor of Eric, Eric not being with it, here we go. Well, come on, everybody, get down, get with it. Come on, everybody, get down, get with it. Come on, everybody, get down. I don't even remember Eric. I'm so I hope you completed the lyric there. Mm. Yes, and that no, song was written not. by Eric Carmen. And yeah, in I 1977, the interestingly yeah. enough, it knocked the Star Wars theme out oh. of the top spot for one week on the Canadian charts and only reached number three. I'm telling you, 77 and my listening was all dominated by my mother, and I was listening to a lot of Bay City Rollers and shit like that. I imagine three. the Beach Boys. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. US. Um, one more note from, uh, I guess your... Um, Sound system is skipping ahead, and you kind of stepped anymore. on the the lead last time. Yes, yeah. it's going to be the movie uh, that a saw. few weeks ago from uh, what the Tom King Batman is. The Tom King Batman is the young animal Batman. Like okay. I said, it was oh, Gerard yeah. Way had the young animal. It went down the tubes, and then yeah. you had the like uh, Maddie D said the emo and listening to My Chemical Romance and. It's young animals, so Tom King is writing the young animal Batman. I think it all makes perfect I don't like sense the young now. Wraps Batman. around. Oh, let's talk a bit about Dark Knight's metal brother, uh, <laughs> which I guess is metal five point five, according to uh, Mister Snyder. Things in. You just have to read the six issues of metal. That's all you need to read. Nothing. Brother. Not, you don't have to read any of these side issues. They just add to it. But oh, wait, wait, no, read this one. It's five point five. So. Scotty Boy, he can't contain himself to six issues. He always overwrites and starts trying to cram everything in the universe into every story. That's why Zero Year lasted approximately 578 issues. That's right. And I will repeat again another of my biggest problems with Scott Snyder. He can't let anything, anything just be. Everything has to have some great meaning attached to it. And there are never any minor details or minor characters or minor events or even minor interactions. And that's the crux of it. Is he talking about Jared again, Eric? From I don't Subway? know. I think we're talking about Harper <laughs> Row. And I'm like, where's Harper no, no, Row no. at? All I heard was minor interactions that reminded Ooh. me of Jared from somewhere. Should I hit the CSI? <laughs> when everything is epic, nothing is epic. Ooh. It's like someone who keeps yelling all the time. If, they, all if they yell all the time, no one then is. it loses the impact. So I, that, That's what I'm afraid of uh, the podcast. <laughs> Always yelling. I don't know. It's like Scott Snyder. It's just yelling becomes normal. Writes talking. in all caps at all times. And yes. there's never, it's, you can't, 
everything can't be epic because, like I said, when everything is epic, nothing is epic. When you keep yelling, it all just becomes noise. So he needs to know how to he needs to know how to bring it down and then back up and have some variant. I think that what he's saying he he does, and I I will admit some of the times a lot of his writing does lack subtlety. It is really like in your face, but when he does, he does have some things like the Court of Owls and things like that. When he does yeah. write with that sub, it's really, really good. Sometimes though, he does go full out. Uh, I'll admit, I think that this metal story, I'm not going to say anything that what Mike is saying is wrong because I'm starting to come around to his way well, of thinking. you know, thinking. because Wayne means wagon. Yeah. So he's yeah, a sta- doorway. Like, yeah. And just the whole idea at the beginning, I really was sold by the line, you know, this is just for fun. This is yeah. going to be a fun story. It it went away from that a bit, and now this last issue tried to grab that. Well, th- this last issue, I think in his mind, he thinks is fun because it's Grant Morrison. As Grant Morrison was writing with it, he thinks it's a lot of fun. It wasn't fun to me because by this point, I was having less fun and wanting to know answers. So, you know, it, it's just – it's not been as fun as I was hoping. And tones, but no, no, no. It's uh, – everything has to come back and it's – yeah. Anyway, I mean, the guy knows about details and knows, you know, some story stuff. But just, I, I can't, I don't like it, and it's not Batman. And uh, so, anyway, um, so I did get to, um, I got some comics this week. I got uh, Mage the Hero Denied number six. Of course, I'm trade waiting for that because Image will never come out with uh, Mage the Hero Discovered, yeah. um, or sorry, the Hero Defined uh, part two of that uh, the, that trade paperback. If they come out with that, I can catch up on that. Also got a Mighty Crusaders number three, which I won't talk about here because if I were going to talk about that, I'd probably call like a Dark Circle podcast or something. Yeah. But I did get to DC Comics. That's a little hint for later. Let's talk about Wonder Woman number 40. Just keep that in mind, Eric. Keep it in mind. Well, I have... We're not so smart, so I just want to point that out. A little bit. Uh, Eric, good review. And you mentioned some, of course, at the end when... Jason got enveloped in that purple stuff. I'm assuming that had something to do with Scott Snyder because of the purple. So or Greg Capullo, I don't know. Maybe he got Capulloized. It's the case. Um, and something you didn't mention in your review, I'm I'm sure it'll probably get mentioned somewhere yeah. on the podcast. I know but what I'm be, still right? wondering. So at the end, the guy is looking yeah. down, Doctor. Um, Doctor Psycho. The doctor yeah. is looking down at the. It was Carne looking at Vanessa in the tube. And as this, as we're we're listening to this, we'll have already talked about it. He's so got yeah. this weird ass reflection of some creepy gal with a weird beard and crazy eyebrows. I call him weird the, beard. Making the girl face. I don't know. I'm not sure what's going on there. So, if anyone who has a bit more backstory and previous Wonder Woman can tell me what's going on with that, I would appreciate it. Because yeah, we think it's Doctor Psycho uh, in disguise. Yeah, but it's reflection, Eric. That's not disguised. It, reflection's not in disguise. It's just very creepy. Vampires and are never I disguised. I do agree nope. that I was hoping Silver Swan would be around a bit longer. All of a sudden, she was like, Me boom, too. boom. Now it's Vanessa, and yeah. Um. So that was that was yeah. And Jason, I don't know. Maybe he'll come back. He's not dead, I don't think. So I'm thinking Remember since Dark Side had bigger plans you know, for him. Your body, he's not yeah. dead. So um, I'm assuming they're storing him away to bring maybe him back some, at some that's later some date. Deep and six maybe Wilson like just wanted to get rid of him yeah. for a while. But maybe it was like Tim Drake in the Batman Beyond series. Boom, he's gone. We don't want to deal with him anymore and he will never be mentioned again. 
Maybe that was it, because I don't think Robinson really wanted to write that one. But um, no. it was not a bad... And that's why, at the end of that review, I ended up actually losing my mind. I know. <laughs> because I it didn't even... When I don't review the book, you know, I go and I'm reading it. And I was like, okay, you know, this is a little bit of bullshit. When we started talking about it, I got so angry. Bad resolution, I guess. It was just very... I don't know. There was some stuff, and I don't know how... Uh, the Odd Fellows and Steve Trevor are holding off the uh, the. I didn't put yeah. that in my review either. I thought it was I'm nonsense. Guessing, yeah. Hopefully, Wonder Woman gets there soon before they all get there. Um, before they all get slaughtered, basically. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, that's a bit unbelievable, but yeah, uh, Wonder Woman is like pretty good this own. week. Um, uh, I, I liked Bullshit. it okay enough, but not as good as I've liked uh, the few last few issues. And let's talk about Detective Comics number nine seventy four. I don't know. Someone noticed when I was picking uh, my comic books up at the Golden Age 1942 that the uh, mud on the cover looks, uh, in the Batman symbol, looks a lot like Doomsday Clock. Yes, it does look like the hand of a clock uh, posed at about five till. So I don't know. I'm sure that was probably intentional and uh, kind of a nice touch. But anyway, this issue was uh, more, you know, the Bat family coming apart, blah, blah, blah. It looks like we've all heard it before because it was basically what they were going off on in the same, um, in the last few issues when future Tim came back. And uh, Tim does say he is becoming the worst version of him, uh, the the worst version of myself. Mm -hmm. So apparently he's going to turn into the new 52 Tim Drake. Is that what we're (laughs) going to see? That may be. Though I take that art over that, uh, what we had here. Anyway, um, and the bartender art was Tim okay throughout, but near the end when Kate is sitting on that chair nursing her wounds with, you know, the, the new, or the old ripped bat suit is there. Right. And, um, her feet. I'm not a big feet guy. I don't know if some people are into feet, but I'm not really into feet, especially when they look like gargoyle claws. It was, that was, that was, that was, that was some, some Dancing Mike is now turned into to draw. He's turned into the Rex Ryan of of Collins, Eric. There's a deep cut for that art. There, it's like just don't show her feet if you can't draw them any better than that. And uh, the next page, when you know he's showing her the when uh her dad's showing <laughs> her, her the new suit. I don't know if that's actually Kate or if it's a uh, Capullo's Joker because it looks like a weird, really weird. It's so funny that he says that because I brought that up when we were talking about it. Now, did we talk about that on air or was it off air? I don't know. No, but when we either that or it might have been off air. Yeah, when I'm looking, I'm like, what the hell? She said, here's one of the three jokers. We we found it. We got a clue. And yeah, so that was a Batman Detective Comics number nine seventy four. And I don't know what this series is doing. Apparently, we're going treading water. We're going to do a colony some more, and then the first victim, and then the team broken up. And see, Mike, I don't. I don't know what this series is doing. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's, that's about all I got this week. So I don't know. I, I, I don't want to give it a, a real rating because I don't want to say FU5, but it was very middle of the road for me. I had nothing, the art was okay mostly, yep. but nothing's really happening in this issue. Maybe they're going to finally get rid of Boy, Stephanie, really which I guess that's a plus because I don't, like Jim said in his review on the award winning website, weirdsciencedc.com. Um, you don't, I'm sorry, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Did I say that correctly? Anyway, but yeah, you don't, you don't see, it's like 
Yeah, Stephanie's gone. Right Maybe here, we can get rid of him. It's, nothing's happening in this series. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, so there you go. Anyway, um, yes, because so my DC books were kind of a downer this week. Um, I did enjoy one of my other books a bit more that um, wasn't DC, so that's kind of becoming par for the course lately. Mighty so Crusaders? I don't know. That's not Might a good been. thing. But anyway, He's not gonna call um, him about everyone that or... does need to go still support um, Weird Science uh, DC Comics on, um, let's see, patreon.com slash weird science. Again, that's patreon.com slash weird science. Uh, support Jim and Eric, and uh, you can let them buy toys and have right. Jim try to keep uh, that house full of crazies together. Yep. Um, yeah, Thanks and a lot. Um, I guess until next week, let's see, we're going to turn the spotlight off. Power mm-hmm. off, the, I'm sorry, yeah, turn the spotlight <laughs> off, power off that Patreon spotlight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Watch out, because you never know we're go- we're going to pop up. Culture that ass. Keep it weird. And see you in seven. See you on the sevens, Eric. And that is the end of the first section of Mail and Brent Raves. And we're going to go off now with some more books. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escape my sight. No war threats. Evil mites. Aware of my power, green's light. Green's light. There it is. Green's light. Ah, yes. And that means we have two things going on. We have Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, in the house. And also Reggie. How are you doing, Reggie? Ah, Very good. Now that I heard that uh, Green Lantern oath from Wrong Turn, I'm doing just Now you are doing even better. But yeah, Yeah. Reggie, I'll have to admit, we have five books of yours coming up uh, with me, you, and Eric. Uh, Maybe four with Eric because he is is, uh, making a uh, stand. Uh, yes, and that would be Dead Man, of course, but that's next section. But if you include that, let's get rid of the next section that, uh, okay. includes Ragman and Dead Man so that I can tell you that I liked your books. If yeah. we just go with this first section, I'm in. I, I enjoy it. We throw the man section in that we'll be getting to later. Kind of evens things out a little, gets me a little more even keel well, down the ruin middle. Everything, you know. Yes, that, they do. That that is true. And uh, Goonies are good enough for me. Is that uh, what you were getting there? Uh, uh, but yeah, we're gonna start off with what book, Reggie? We're gonna start off with Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number thirty-eight, written by Robert Vendetti, art by Ethan Van Skyver and Jason Wright. Close your eyes. Give me your hand, Rainer. Can you feel my ring blinging? Do you understand? Get your ass to base and notify John Stewart. Or this incursion is sure gonna hurt and shame. Yes. Little bangles there for Oh, of course, of uh, course. You, uh, obviously, uh, from, yeah, from the so past, you are a bangles fan. Uh, uh, it wasn't bad. It, it, uh, you know, it, it clued us in a little bit on, uh, some, some backfill for Zod that actually was kind of cool in terms of what's going on in action comics right now. We're kind of seeing this, uh, this race on the planet. Jakul. Jakul. It is Jakul. They're a little more tentative at this point, you know. They're not quite all on board, but they're getting there. And uh, this might be the incident that cements their faith in Zod, I think. But the the, the crazy part. Well, to I'm me saying was it seems to me that they're all, they're they're already worshiping Zod as a god to the point where you know, ten years for like Superman needs to step in soon. I don't even know what's going to happen to make these goddamn savages like think otherwise because. 
right now we're going to have the Green Lantern Corps show up in the next issue, it looks like. And they're already on board. They're, they're teams odds. So if Superman being 10 years in the future or 10 to 12, whatever it is, in the future, seeing the world, what it's going to be. Him coming back now, I don't know what that's going to change unless he just beats the shit out of Zod himself. I, and I, says, I, I'm your I, god now. I mean, that, that's that's for that. Car. I just I just like the small amount of connectivity. I think it's just going to be, you know, this is the precursor to. Yeah. I think it's uh, going to be the rings. world that we see in action comics. I think they'll see constructs and be amazed, and that'll end it. I really think that basically they're worshiping Zod, you know, because he's the big bad or whatever. Yeah, he's taking the powers. rings. I have a feeling though that when they see full out ring technology, you have a bunch of lanterns show up and do the light show. Uh, I believe that they would think that, you know, they would think that's pretty cool and, and go with that. And in the meantime, yeah, I, I think that then – but you have, like you said, you have the future with Superman and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. The, this issue has some cool deals. It, it's still maintaining that weird pace that it's it's a very slow-paced book. It's it's a placeholder, this one. I mean, the the, the – uh, important thing that happens here is, you know, Kyle and Kyle, Kyle and Hal are yes. pretty badly beaten up and they're held yeah, by Kyle Zod and like their rings been have been done. taken. Yeah. But because Hal's ring is made from his, you know, essence or his willpower, willpower. he's able to call it to him to the, himself. But he gives it to Kyle because Kyle is much more banged up. And uh, it's, it's such a weird thing because they're really weird. pushing. We like, you know, we have to have the continuity where, you know, Hal did forge his own ring out yeah. of pure willpower and shit like that. So it is connected to him more than any other Green Lantern ring out there. But I got to think about where the continuity ends, because when Kyle Rayner became the ion back in, you know, during his run of the Green Lanterns back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Before he gave the power back to the power battery, creating the Green Lantern Corps again, the last thing he did with his powers actually give his ring the ability to always come back to him yeah, so he could never lose it again. Back. And we don't have that here. Uh, it's the only thing that I thought – it's a weird deal because with that, you have – Hal's ring, and he does spell it out like, oh, they didn't, you know, realize. It's almost as if they're saying they have this power, uh, like force field around the rings, and because it's not a normal ring, that's right. what keeps it from, and then all of a sudden Hal just says, like, they, they don't understand. They think that I have a normal ring. It, to me, that's kind of what they were saying, like this force field that they set up, though. I don't know how they set it up and things like that anyway, but it seemed like that's what he was spelling out as well, that because this thing is to contain a normal ring, uh, my ring isn't normal, though the best part about that is, is it flies out. And just goes right through right Eradicator's, Eradicator's head. head. Yeah, and I thought that was, that was awesome. Uh, you know what? Uh, until the too, end. The thing I was thinking about, too, the whole continuity of Kyle, I might be fucking this all because when he be, was the White Lantern and got, like, got it all. Now. Didn't his ring shatter and he had to get a new ring? Yeah, yeah, he did, actually. I yeah, do so right there, so. Yeah, that, 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 that right there actually it. solves my whole continuity And they probably did that only I'm glad, so. I'm glad yeah. to hear it because I was going to say. LOL at uh, maintaining any continuity that's from something right. that happened um, in the late I, 90s. I've been saying that well, that, well, that's the, no, the universe no, it's the early 2000s. Like five times since then. Yes, like, but on, the Green Lantern continuity has sustained. Or true. has it? <laughs> yeah, what happened be when they Green went Lantern to that reborn. other universe? <laughs> yeah. the, the universe uh, that existed uh, before our own, you mean? Yeah, yeah and then true. came back. Explain it. I'm not even going to. What I'm going to explain, though. Is that I thought it was cool that the Eradicator got the ring right through his head, and then by the end, it's just it's erased. It's nothing. I actually thought that was something really big going on. I'm like, holy crap! They actually got rid of it. 
Yeah, I know. But still, I thought he was out of commission. He was out of commission for four pages, it seems, and then comes back. But really, not a lot happens, really, if you know, when we're talking about this, because really, Hal ends up going and saves Khan. uh, The 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 dinner party that was that was a little weird. Like, what was that was the Darth Vader uh, dinner? So he could like shit on the Green Lanterns. Was that the end? Was that what it was? It seemed like he just wanted to teach his son what the Green Lanterns were until Hal told him what the Green Lanterns were, and that ended up really pissing him off. And it seemed very odd because Hal's just like, you know what? We're pretty, you know, top-notch, us Green Lanterns. Get out of town. Like, I don't want you. You got to understand, Zod knows the secret of happiness because he's fine with it. Ursa's pissed off. And as we all know, happy wife, happy life. Well, and you do get the whole deal where they talk about, and it's really about uh, Tomar Ray. Is that what they're saying is, you know, there was this Green Lantern, Tomar Ray was supposed to be looking after Krypton. It was nonsense. He didn't go. And that's where Hal steps in and goes, listen, here's an easier answer, little boy. I knew Tomar Ray. He was my friend. And the Green Lanterns are good guys. Case closed. And that's where, yeah, she freaks out. The and beef then, is, uh, yeah, yeah. And I like I said that this actually reminds me of the missing scene of Han Solo and Princess Leia eating dinner with Darth Vader when, when they <laughs> ended up when the door closed. This is what ended up happening. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's very quick. You have Hal basically just saying, you know, we're we're pretty kick ass. But it seems like Zod has these big plans of kind of and, and even says, listen, the Green Lanterns, I owe a debt to them. Like we all the, the three of us kind of have to because without them not doing this and us getting in the Phantom Zone and all this stuff, it wouldn't have happened. We wouldn't have went to the old sun. We wouldn't have had all this good stuff. Uh, and, you know, they want to have kind of a redo and things like that about what's going on. But really nothing really happens. Uh, you know, they're at a dinner party. They send Hal away. He calls his ring. He gives it to Kyle well, because Kyle's dying, and then Kyle goes off to talk to John Stewart to get help. The, the, you well, know. On, on top of the whole thing where he's talking about, you know, how the the failure of a Green Lantern back yeah. when Krypton was destroyed is what led them to their like where they are now, the godhood kind of thing, yep. the having the superpowers that the Kryptonians have under a yellow sun. That never would have happened with Tom without Tom yeah, Ray's failure. Would have Krypton, now he's saying now. From what the Green Lanterns are going to do in retaliation, this is going to bring us to our yeah, next level. And I gotta think that it's going deal. to be almost the like you know the universe possibly turning against the Green Lanterns or you know diplomatic immunity because the Green Lanterns will come down to try no. to stop Zod because they're originally there because they thought that was somebody was stealing like mining operations there no. and shit like that. But now that the people of this planet are worshiping them well, like Zod it, as yeah. a god, it's religious say, freedom. Fuck is what they're that's go what with. I think might diplomatic happen. Diplomatic immunity. Yeah, it's not diplomatic. Like it's it religious. A situation like no. listen, this is now by rights Zod planet. He's improved the, it or something. They'll invoke some interstellar law. Force their authority over yeah. this, mm-hmm. this the thing planet. is, if it's that, if it's that, I'm out. Uh, I'll be fucking furious because that's the whole fucking thing that we dealt with for, uh, you know, eight to, you know, actually years with that lost army and that shit before that with Renegade and stuff. We've already yeah. dealt with this. We actually started this whole series with them trying to get back in the good graces of the universe and then to switch it around by this uh, at the end, of, you know, by the issue 38 where we're going to go back and redo that. Uh, I'll be furious if that's the case. I just think that he needs somebody to come to be 
in authority so that he can say, listen, this is religious freedom. I'm their God. You can't do anything about this. They want me here or whatever. Get the fuck out. That ends up making it so this is official. You know, to, to make it official, he does need something, and that will kind of throw it out, you know, in the quote-unquote courts or whatever. I yeah, just yeah. don't know. But, yeah, That's I hope. That's all the same lines. I'm saying the whole thing, if, like, you know, it'll what be, I'm saying, though. some shit like that. If the Green Lantern Corps came down and did, a, like, uh, put their authority over them yeah. if there's this whole thing that they have no right to do, that would put them back into the whole yeah, idea I, that the universe would be that. against them. But I think you're right in the idea that they don't have a jurisdiction now because the people of this planet do worship them as a god, and it will put them, you know, this will be Zod's planet as a whole then. after that. And don't yeah, forget it, it is the books. Guardians are in charge again, so they are going to probably accept a more esoteric yeah, you which know, again, it's weird the, uh, because we don't even the see them here, and you just get that whole idea, oh my god, they think that Zod's a god, they can't understand, like, is that going to be something where the ring then finally is able to understand what they're saying, or are we going to keep going with that, because that's the weird deal, you're getting it through weird. hieroglyphics and actions, and but yet the Green Lanterns cannot talk to them because they can't, you know, they, they don't know this language, there's nothing yeah. to translate, so is that... Does that is that thrown in something because that's kind of odd as well. Well, what are those things? The whole idea, if it's not in the Rings database, it's not able to translate this yeah. language. It might not be like you know, while it is in a space sector, it's not a declared planet. And once it becomes declared after the Green Lantern Corps show up, it might saying. be all right. This is what it is when we got here, and they became a part of the you know the police sector that we like police here. Yeah, maybe then because it's. By the time the Green Lanterns get there, Zod's already the god, so that has to be established. He's grandfathered in, is what he is. Yeah, and the weird thing about it, though, is as I think about it, where do you go from there? I know that you have the future story with Superman, so this sets it up, but why use this book to justify the setup of Superman? Then maybe that's the Green Lantern Corps against Superman later on. Yeah, it just seems like it's a setup for a nothing story. Like, that's the setup as they come down. Hey, Zod, you know, you're bad. No, no, no. Like you said, religious immunity. Yeah. Immunity revoked. But yeah, you, you have this. <laughs> and that, that's the thing is you have this, but to me it does not lead – then to an interesting story so, because basically they'll have to leave. Is you don't want to you don't want to read a story about interstellar paperwork and no, that's what I'm oh, saying. Okay. By a, after the fact, if what and now again, all this Thanks, that we're bureaucracy. saying, it may not even be true because no, no, really that's what shows you how little there is in this issue. Mm -hmm. Basically, the big moments are eradicate a ring through there and uh, through his head, and then basically. Kyle going off with Hal's ring, but really there's nothing much more to it. But yeah, if it ends up that, okay, that's your planet, side, we have to go, it almost seems like it's it would lead to something like a Lex Luthor at the beginning of Rebirth. Like, they'll be there, and Hal's like, you know what? I know Zod's going to trip up one of these times. He's a bad guy or whatever, but we're not going to hang around with Zod in this book. You're going to move on, and it just yeah. seems or like very Or will we? It deal. could be the Zod couple all yeah, over again. Yeah, it could just again. be the Zod couple. But it's, like, it's just the, the way you were thinking it is, it just seems like a really weird setup just to justify a future from another book. Is all I'm saying, but I, I mean uh, that's it's a lot, you know what I mean. But I don't I think it mind could end it. Up petering out and, into being yeah. just like the Green Lanterns and learn their place that they can't just go in yeah, strong just, arm again. Uh, but it, people it's, just that's they don't an like old them. lesson, you know what I mean? Especially here's the deal: you have that lesson now. Why now when you should be dealing more with? And I'm really shocked here that maybe what we're leading to and what is the like you said the Guardians, where the Guardians say like, no, no, no. 
we got to stop this. And you have the Green Lantern Corps like, you know, this is what I'm expecting from this book now is this, you know, the Guardians with the, the Green Lantern, struggle. see how the power goes, see what's going on, see if the Guardians are still like our way or the highway, things like that, which shocks me that we don't have the Guardians at all here. But maybe that's what it's going to lead to where the Guardians are the ones who say, listen, you got to back off. This is their planet. We're not going to make the same mistakes we did. They already promised that, that they're going to let the universe, you know, they're not going to rule with an iron fist. We're going to do it a little different. You have Ganther, who basically, you know, was really afraid that his legacy was going to be a tyrant and things like that. And maybe this is the way for them to jump in and say, we know Zod's bad. He's awful. But he's in the right here. Back off. And then they back off. And then we're done. But again, if that's the setup, it's still not that interesting. Like These are comics. You have the space cops with the most powerful weapon in the universe as a ring. And this is what we're doing. They're going off to, to, with Zod. Have, have, and you, it's just, have you not realized that this is comics and they just write the same story over and yes, over again? That, that, that I do not see to you this. this no. is just, they're going to retread the same ground forever. That's all I it is. I don't want to. I need something time. new. And, and with all the books, and me and Eric talked about it in an earlier section where I think it was the last section of books where we said all these books, are, you know, you're treading water, you're doing this. We say that a lot. There's a lot of reasons for that. You have a Superman books where they have to. You're getting to Action Comics a thousand. We said that. Yeah. Also, Brian Michael Bendis is jumping on, so you have that. You have Batman where you have that weird deal that you have metal going on. So unless you're Steve Orlando, it just seems to willy-nilly throw Batman in things that shouldn't be in things. You have the Green Lanterns are pretty free and clear. Like you can have a lot of fun. You don't even have how on the regular Justice League. So you could do no. whatever you want. You're in space. You could have anything that goes. And this is what we get, which, again, I, I wasn't angry about it. I told you before, I liked your books. It's just I really, by the end of reading this book, every time, every time that we talk about it on the podcast, I just need a little more. I need something more, and it never gives me that. And though It's not infuriating. Yeah, it is. This is like – and it really reminds me a lot of Aquaman. Where you're, you keep giving me the same thing. You don't really progress a story that much. And, and even this, this is a new type of story. It's just not that interesting. I, I don't know. I, I just, but, uh, and we're guessing at what it comes to. And then you yeah. just have these yeah. crystals and, you know, what we really get on the page. You have to kind of guess what's going because there really isn't much. There's Hal. He goes to dinner. He says that his team's the greatest. You know, Zod and his wife and son, they don't like it. And then that's it. Then, you know, you have Kyle just completely through the whole thing. I'm going to die. I can't move. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Here, also, take my ring and go back. Oh, thank you. And off he goes. Also, with the idea that the, uh, Zod is having the Eradicator analyze his rings so yeah. heavily, we don't know if they, you know, possibly Zod is, might be trying to create his own ring as well. Well, that's the thing. That's where when you say that. All the, types of things, uh, gentlemen. All types of I'm seeds, telling you, though, that's the thing, though, that I lane. think that he's talking about. When he says. You know, I have something, something's going to go on, we have this. I also think that's part of it as well. When he says, you know, we're going to try to re reproduce this and the Green Lanterns are going to help us anyway, I think that that's also with the ring and him getting it, wanting to be more of a god possibly, but we'll see. Sod with a ring is pretty cool, but yeah. we'll see how that goes. What'd you give it, Reggie? Well, I'm looking forward to the part where uh, Zod opens up the uh, Jack Cool DMV. That'd because be I think I think that's going to be very interesting to see that kind of arguments that they get into the lines, the uh, lines. you know, all kinds I, of the does small Zod speak this made. language or does uh, he just flex? It was okay, exactly like you say though. It moved the story incrementally, incrementally, and really 
only two things happened of any kind of uh, note. Uh, I do think that Ethan Van Skyver stepped his game up a little bit in this issue. I was kind of bagging on him last time he did this. Yeah. Not, to, not to ever say he was bad, but I was kind of like getting a little soft on him. I think he really did come strong uh, in this particular issue. Yeah, I love the artist. No, yeah, it, it, it looks just perfectly great. Uh, there's a cover of the next book that's done by him that I have a different feeling about. But uh, for this book, I gave it a 7 out of 10, the old yeah. Vendetti Sevi. Yeah, it is pretty. Uh, I actually I wanted to uh, go and tell Ethan Manskyver on Twitter how much I liked his art. But he he wasn't there, Richie. No, he, he wasn't around. He, he, no, he and nobody was home. Him and Dan the deal. I can't get a home. channel. Tell him there. Yes, yes. But, uh, uh, I liked it enough. Like I said, I was yelling about it. It's just I keep wanting more. That, that's all it is. And you have, uh, like Eric's a big Green Lantern fan. Obviously yeah. he's yelling about fucking years and years ago. He's, a freaking, <laughs> he's performing and informing over there. Uh, but I like it because it's fun. And this book, it's, it's missing the fun. It, it really is. Even when I like an issue, it's just not as fun as I think it should be where I just even have – and then you also – I think that you have too many guys going on. At some point, maybe they have to have another like how book by himself and then you have the Green Lantern Corps because you have Guy Gardner who now is just there to yeah. spout nonsense next to Jon Stewart. That's all he does anymore. You don't get any progression with him as Give a character. Him his own book. I and yeah, or something that. like that. But yeah, you get nothing from him. So I'm a little back uh, from that. But I do like the art. So I'm going to give it a 6.8, a little lower uh, than Reggie. But what would you give it, Eric? I'm telling you, I'm having a good time with this and the possibilities in my mind of what we could get. Like we just discussed a bunch of different possibilities. I'm on board for all of them, really. I could actually yeah. take any one of the things we discussed, and I really love the art in this issue. But, you know, there is not a lot going on. Like, we're moving very slowly. I would still give it a 7 out of 10, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm just a little bit down just because I just – the story never progresses, really. But the next book has a weird start to a new deal. What is it, right? Yeah, that's right. It's Suicide Squad, number 35, written by Rob Williams, art by Eduardo Ponsica, Julio Ferreira, and Adriana Lucas. Welcome, Hack. Your untimely death was your ticket out. Welcome, Hack. Now watch the guy that killed you chicken out. Well, the team changed a little since you were in the pad. Killer Crocs, gone feral, and June Moon is sad. Who'd have thought that would happen? Who'd have thought that would happen? And no one would give a crap. No one would give a crap. Yeah, it's been a little whack, but now everything's on track. Welcome, Hack. 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 Yes. So you know, my, you know, you know what my big problem with this issue is. It what? <laughs> The last page reveal is on the fucking cover again. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know. I was actually very disappointed about that too because I knew exactly what I was getting yeah. into just by looking at the cover. There was no oh, secret to it. Shit. No, there wasn't. Bullshit. Yeah. yeah, it is. Uh, not I, the first time we see it, but I hate when I see it. Yeah, I, it's weird too because I do think that as well. I think that possibly the solicit spells it out too because even before I saw the cover, uh, somehow I knew that this was a hack issue, uh, for some reason. Ah. And I'm not even talking about, uh, you know, Rob Williams is writing there, uh, but boom, boom. But no, uh, hey. yeah, 
it, it's okay. I like it. I actually I like, like I, this. I, I had fun. Yeah, I like this more than what we'd been getting, and it's weird because you did have Rob Williams off the book for a little to have that two-parter uh, yeah. that we had. Uh, and with that, you come back, you start off, and it was weird because I was like, okay, is this picking up from somewhere? Because you have The Wall, a new right. superhero that the president, mm-hmm. pretty much Donald Trump, uh, has unveiled as kind of a veiled dig threat at Amanda Waller, and he's just like, almost like a, you know, Captain America, Iron Man well, that's the thing. type It deal. looks like Captain Steel. Yeah, yeah, and he's there. Yeah, it does. And he's there pretty much like, this is, you know, in a commercial, like, you know, you're going to love this guy. He's there for America, and we're going to make America great. You're you're going to think I'm crazy, but I did not make the Trump connection in this book until I I went back and realized that this chapter is called Drain the Swamp. Oh, that's why. That's I why swear to God, did. then I was like, oh, and I was like, oh, that's the double entendre of the wall yeah, character, is the waller why. and the wall and whatever. I also uh, thought that the big thing Lydia was, yeah, you had the wall, but you also have the, the wall. That, right, you know, that's they, exact, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, very, and that very, also, very I, th- I th- oh, that was, up. we will make America safe again, actually mm-hmm. was like, okay, I get it. It's not, it doesn't make it better or worse. It's just, you know, you're going with the times as they are, and yeah. you have it. And yeah, he's there and he is, you know, Captain David Prohaska, a celebrated hero. And, you know, it's like, hey, he's going to protect us and he's not a robot. He's a man and he has all this going. And really all this is is a very long setup of basically for, I guess, down the line with something going wrong and them, you know, pretty much throwing out the fact that people know Amanda Waller, what she's up to, and they have their eye on her. They want to make her obsolete, whatever. And, you know, Rick Flagg even comes in and says, you know, hey, they wanted me to be that. I, I didn't go for it. But, you know, and then Amanda Waller just starts fucking throwing shade at him and saying, you say anything, you do anything. I'm going to fucking blackmail you, you son of a bitch. You had sex with Harley Quinn, and you're not allowed to do that. Boom. But yeah, and really, you get well, it through that. It seems to me too that Rick Flag is going to b- go work with the Wall program. Yeah, I don't know. He said that they asked him, and he, what does he say? He's like, they gave me the choice. You know, they wanted someone with meta handling experience project, but you know, asked if they interested, and I was. But he seems to. I don't know. I don't know if he's going because he says I was. I think that maybe at the last second he said no. I don't know uh, because then she's and that if he is, basically what she's saying is. When you go over there, you better not say shit because I have yeah, shit yeah, on you Yeah, keep your goddamn well, mouth shut. I don't know. Actually, if that's the case, I'm all for it because yeah. there's really no room for him anyway. He's, he, he's not doing yeah. anything in the book. He's been dead for a while. I would have he yeah. was banging Harley Quinn that felt yeah. wrong. Yeah, and it is. And with that, though, you go. And now we have our damage uh, you know, deal where we left off at the end and of Damage boy, did number that throw one. Me off. I'm like, are you it stepping on Damage's well. toes by giving us this story here? Yeah, it's weird. Or it's such a weird, like, what synergy they're trying to get there with Damage. Uh, it's okay because then you continue that, you know, Suicide Squad XL team yeah. against Damage. But like and the whole, said, the it's whole a idea weird too deal. that they're actually trying to bring Damage in to bring him out yeah. some heavy hitters for their exactly. like Suicide Squad it's, XL or Task Force XL. It's basically back to doing the Zod thing, and that's why people yeah. are really pissed off. Like Amanda Waller, you know, enough trying to get these like uncontrollable rage monsters into yeah. your uh, sphere of influence. I did, of course, like seeing a slightly different. Suicide Squad team in yeah. the mix for yeah. once, so that was that was nice. Yeah, the thing is, uh, I have to admit that the art in this is good. 
It's yeah. not horrible, but the art at the end of Damage, where we <laughs> saw that team, was awesome. It was and amazing. Seeing, and seeing it here, I'm like, eh, you know, and then all of a sudden, like, I'm like, boy, Damage kind of looks like a, a gorilla a little. I'm a little it seems yeah, he, a little he, he off looks different. There. I love the art in this, but I, yeah. I, I understand that. It was, well, that, say, that, that it was Tony Daniel. Amazing yeah, well, I think it was Tony uh, Daniel. Daniel. Versus Tony Daniel. This, yeah, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a tall order. And no, that's of it too. Like we talk about seeing the new Suicide Squad team because we always love a changing team. Yeah. But for what we get, we get Giganta, Solomon Grundy, and Parasite. You start out, Parasite's Parasite already out of the fight. Yeah. Solomon yeah. Grundy next out of the fight, and the Giganta immediately out of the fight as soon as she joins. So yeah. we get our main Suicide Squad cast here. Yeah, yeah and, and with that, you are one hundred percent right. But just to see different people. In the yeah, plane, oh, you see them. You know I what like I mean? It. Like I was like that was I I enjoyed that a little bit, but. It's basically back to Deadshot and Harley and Katana. Yeah. Right. And, and I, I actually like because uh, I I'd never realized uh, before that Damage didn't have a nose, and then Harley had a kind of a decent how does enough smell? joke. Yeah, decent enough joke. Hey, Damage, you got no nose. How do you smell? Awful. Ah. I thought that was actually funny, and I was like, okay, I, love that I, I can have fun with that. And then as it goes on, you have basically, it seems that whoever has the walkie-talkie to talk to Amanda Waller thinks they're in charge, uh, <laughs> and you have Boomerang pick it up, all of a sudden he thinks he's in charge. Hey, uh, Waller, I'm acting as team leader. And it's so funny because we had just done the New 52 review of the Suicide Squad at the beginning of the New the first 52. Arc, yeah. And at one point in that boomerang shows up and thinks he's the leader so it made me kind of laugh that only lasts a second anyway yeah. uh but it, it's okay but then you have I, where... I think the thing is i think boomerang has some really fun, like funny dialogue about his aunt Mabel i don't know it goes a little damage. too far it's a little too far like they always do with boomerang in this book rob williams really likes to shove that joke before it was i saw my pants yeah exactly now it's not shitting his pants you know well he's not but he starts with that Annie talk and it goes on for over and over and it was okay but then this is where you can either appreciate this or hate it you do go back to bell rev and you have the fact that croc is they continued that whole thing he's burned up he's more of a you know just a monster he does he can't even think right because of him just in pain and stuff like that but then you go and there you have fucking june moon enchantress just sleeping she's out of the the picture again because she's sleeping i can only hope that what they're doing here is this is the beginning of the end for both of them in this book that they're like okay croc will never be able to be controlled now he is just you know crazy get him out and then with june you know enchantress june moon get her the hell out that's the thing is i really do think this is the way to get croc and uh, enchantress out of the book completely because they're fucked up. We can't do yeah, anything with them anymore. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you on. can't do anything. Let's move on. I hope that. And they do it in a good way where they're just in Bell Rev. So they're there. They are captured. If you want to use them later, you can. Uh, it's not like they escape and go off. You, no. They're there. Uh, you would just occasionally see Enchantress sleeping. That's all I need because, again, they, they can't use Enchantress. No. She's too powerful. So when you go out, it's just nonsense because she keeps getting knocked out. So I like that. Then you get King Faraday. Tell me about King Faraday, Reggie. You, you lay down that King Faraday knowledge that you have there. Because he's um, there, and I'm just like, oh, yeah. I guess they're going to keep going with him. They just, just they just, well, she's keeping him on, on lockdown because yeah. he's still infected by Red Wave, I guess, infection. Yeah. He's yep. going to spread the plague. So he's just there to be a smug prick and sort of like a uh, an, uh, advisor. an advisor. But he also he comes across to me very much like a uh, dude from Silence of the Lambs, you know? Yeah, Very much like cryptic uh, 
I don't know. Yeah, he's a, he's, he's smoking like, he's smoking but, like uh, that, yeah, that's basically uh, it. Say, he, he's Fourth got all months. the knowledge of the Task Force X for when he originated the Task Force X. So now he's this immortal freaking like ghost alien being. So he's just going to hang out. And the best part is because he's just so smug because he's supposed to be going through the Task Force X files and like, you know, figuring shit out for Amanda Waller. Well, he went through he's everything. Yeah, he's going through everything. He's going through Amanda Waller's personal stuff. Like, hey, I see you had an appointment for seven days ago. Friggin', you know, and uh, you, you seem to forgot that. Like, I guess you don't yeah. want me to know. What's what's the code name for something? Corette? Huh? What, what's going on, yeah, Amanda? Yeah. And she just it's walks away furious. She went to go see her, to her uh, grandson. Corretta. Tried to see her uh, grandson be Man. born. Now that she now that also, I just at the out. hospital. I mean, all this, all this, all we're seeing with Amanda Waller is that. Her life fucking sucks. It sucks. You know, she's it, basically a, a failure at work. Her family has abandoned her. She hangs out with like crazy alien ghosts and uh, you know, feral crocodile men. Yeah. She's not a she's not a happy woman. It's funny because before I actually realized that was King Faraday, uh, I actually for some reason thought that it was going to be Maxwell Lord, and we were finally going to get that sort of deal, which has just been hanging. I uh, but it wasn't. It was King Faraday. No but Task yeah. Force Eleven for Jim. No, no, that's what I'm saying. This is I I keep waiting for that, and I thought, oh, you see the team kind of falling apart. This, uh, you know, even the Suicide Squad Task Force XL, you're doing all this, and I thought, oh, we're finally going to get Maxwell Lord after the Justice League versus Suicide Squad. And we didn't. Uh, but yeah, really, all this issue is mainly is to show that Amanda Waller is, you know, you even start with the whole idea that the president is taking shots at her yep. with this, this wall. And then you have Steve Trevor throw shots at her as he seems to leave. And th- then basically the whole right. fucking bell rev is taken over because all of a sudden out of nowhere, uh, you know, electricity starts going. And like you said, you know, right away from the cover, which sucks that it is hack. And it's funny because she, she seems to be back and basically like, I'm going to find out who killed me. I'm just waiting for somebody to just, it's boomerang. He's right, he's yeah, right over there. Just go get him and, and leave us alone because basically she's controlling everything and then announces that she is Bell Rev. She is. Smokey is the bandit. He Whoa. didn't know this. And, uh, yeah, it just, it ends like that with all the cells opening and, and whatnot. I, I'll tell you, so, the coolest part is that Hack is actually relevant now and she's doing stuff, so I don't mind the character anymore. Yeah, actually, I didn't yeah, mind Hack sucks. then. It was Although just she that. She looks good. I like the yeah. iteration, the way she's I mean, it's weird. Last panel, she last was page. a. She was a Harley fangirl. Now all of a sudden mm-hmm. she's you know full out just hack. But and, she still uh, has the diamonds on her cheek. You see yeah, that? Yeah, I'm looking still, at a little she Harley those, in her. Yeah, a little O in the deal. But yeah, she's ready, and mm-hmm. she says hack is Bell Rev itself, and she looks like she has killed people. They're all going down. Oh yeah. Ne- next ghost in the system, and we'll see what happens. I mean, they did spell out pretty much that Croc is just animal now. So I'm assuming that that was a setup. So when is gate opens they'll go and maybe rampage. maybe they end up you know taking them out or at least you know it'll be like the movie rampage a, yes i hope not maybe yes. they'll find gorilla might grog be. and he'll they be the might. monkey one and then yes. they'll do uh george the other one? yeah george, george vizzy yes. and ralph yes yeah i, I well, hope what, it's not it was a werewolf right was the other it was one? a big wolf yeah. Yeah, right. yeah so what did you give it reggie um i you know i hate when the cover just straight up gives away the ending. Uh, even though there was a lot more that did happen in the issue besides just Bell Rev going haywire, you essentially the, the cover and the last page are uh, almost identical for the effect that they have. And I really think that takes a lot of punch out of it. There were a lot of good moments in this book, though. And uh, you guys are right that it was uh, 
did seem a little more with with uh, some comedy and levity, but Man. I can't get over the uh, the ripoff of uh, you know giving away the ending on the cover. So yeah, I gave it a tough. six out of ten. I think that I'm gonna go six five. I actually like the art. Uh, I like that we're doing something. You have the team out. I like seeing the XL team though. They don't do anything, uh, but in the end, you are having what appears to be possibly leading into the Suicide Squad kind of being, you know, on the run, possibly with Amanda Waller. Like at some point, I'm telling you with this, it seems that the person who's the most in trouble isn't even the people with the brain bombs. It's Amanda Waller. And I would like to see that return of almost like her having to rely on them, uh, you know, to go. And this has happened before in the book, but I don't mind it. And with that, I would think that that's pretty cool if they are on the run. I'm wondering what this, you know, the wall, this new superhero, how he's going to go bad or how it's going to show. But I think he's going to be chasing them down and things like that. I think that's okay. We we have that continuation of Amanda Waller with her family that was set up before. Uh, they hate her guts. So, you know, you have where she doesn't have anywhere to go. She well, doesn't have anywhere to After Rustum came after him. Come on, Rustum. That's true, Rustum. <laughs> but, yeah, with that uh, – you know, maybe we'll get something new. We'll get, you know, with Rick Flagg leaving, possibly Killer Croc leaving and things like that. Maybe we will even get a new team eventually as That'd it goes. Cool. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'd say, what did I give it? A 6.5? Is that where I yeah. was? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd give it that. What about you, Eric? I'm telling you, I'm actually really impressed with this issue because it's doing something that I'm actually intrigued in for the first time since the first arc began, like way back at number one. Because not only do we have this whole idea, you know, the uh, Suicide Squad, Test for Sex, it's antiquated at this point. The government's doing all these different things yeah. to shut it down, like to come up with bigger and better ideas of what we can do to save the country. And I like the synergy we have going on with Damage right now because we know that uh, – was it Commander Jonas or Captain Jonas yeah, who yeah. is in control of the Damage project? I want to say that's just the military. I want to say that the Wall project is also her as well. So we have the Wall, we have Damage, and with uh, the Suicide Squad coming in trying to take down Damage, I like the idea that maybe it's like, all right, Jonas comes out. We got to get rid of Amanda Waller because she is fucking this up. She tried to steal our project damage here. So I just like this whole toppling of the dominoes to take down Amanda Waller and get us, you know, possibly on a run situation to somebody else in charge or just, you know, Amanda Waller maybe becoming the biggest bad there is to say, look, you want to take me down? I'm going to take all you fuckers down with me. It's just a really cool situation we have going on right now, and I, I like the art and issues. I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. I, I actually think another thing that this might end up doing, which maybe it's about time or whatever, maybe the Suicide Squad, because you have pretty much it seems like Suicide Squad XL is yeah. out in the open. That that doesn't seem That's to be still, more. Yeah. That does not seem as covert. Maybe this is the deal to say, okay, this goofy notion that Harley Quinn can go out and nobody's going to question it, and you have all the. Maybe this is the way to kind of get rid of that as well. When you have possibly the wall go nuts, and then the Suicide Squad, who's on the run, then takes them out, and now they are actually a justified bit you don't have this whole you know covert deal because it is kind of silly at this point where you have these villains going around with no sort of you know explanation why and in this day and age with people taking videos and things like that and the end with hack like you said we had her before she's back uh it's interesting enough though it was and and it's been a long enough time now that it actually feels kind of fresh and kind of justified even well, justified indeed, which leads us to our last book of this section, uh, <laughs> okay. which is the re 
reboot of the book that keeps its numbering. I, I'm we're talking about new Superman and the this Justice is League of China. School. This is not a reboot. This uh, is no, just, but what this I'm is saying is, renaming. Are you shocked? Are you shocked that they don't go with a number one? Because I am. Because I am not shocked. nobody's I am reading shocked. this book. Uh, nobody's going to pick up out of nowhere a book that's at number twenty. Uh, nobody's even going to know if you're in the comic store and you see New Superman and the Justice League of China number twenty. All I'm going to do then is look for the first nineteen issues and never find them because there wasn't the book name that. I'm really shocked they didn't go with the number one. Hope that that bumped it up. And if it's going to bump. It's going to bump to 30,000. It's not going to bump that much. No, that'll, that'll be what gives it the and bump. And maybe you would go. And the, the weird thing about it is this issue itself is not even that sort of issue. If you have not been reading New Superman and you pick this up, I think you'll be confused. Now, you, you may have like some the, trouble. Yeah, I, know, it, it, I think it gives you the basics, but you, you might. I don't, I, you're I don't think. You're not already versed in Buddhism and shit. Well, that. And I'm now. telling you, somebody picks this up, and all of a sudden you have uh, fucking Keenan talking in the between here and now to I Ching. And the, I, I'm telling you, their heads are going to spin and blow off. You know, and that's, this, this comic series turned us into Buddhists so subtly, I didn't even notice. Did. Yeah, you, you know, can tell that since then I've been very calm. It's very really, calm, it's really got me calmed right? down. Uh, meditating, that's you. That's now, just another longer. thing in this, Eric, while you were reading it, did you happen to see uh, or watch at any point to check if Keenan used two powers at one time? Like they said that I they did couldn't. Not. Uh, he did. So that whole thing in Deathstroke, it appears at one point he is flying and then uses powers as well. In Deathstroke, He's they got pretty much full breath of them. No, well, in, in, in Deathstroke that they just had, who he is full out and part of this Justice League of China, it seems in that as well. But even though it, it skirts back and forth, but uh, said that he can only use one power at a time, and I think they got that wrong in that book. Well, even in that, he in my mind, he was using invulnerability and super strength at the same time. So that was just yeah. what Deathstroke like, you know, read online. So yeah, but that, that but that it read online. It seemed like it read online that he put. So I I don't know. I, I just I think know. that they didn't give him the full gist of the character. De- he Deathstroke still him. uses Ask Jeeves, so a lot That's of his uh, returns well, are very up to date. Yes, well, that that's the problem is is that Deathstroke was still looking at his Geo Cities page as well, <laughs> and, and he was upset that he was page. upset that uh, <laughs> Eric had stolen his idea of having a uh, Hellraiser as one of the uh, animated gifs there. But uh, Reggie, yeah. tell us about the book. It is New Superman and the Justice League of China, number twenty, written by Gene Luen Yang, art by Brent Peoples, Matt Santarelli, and Hi Fi. Nothing could be finer than the Justice League of China in the morning. Nothing could be sweeter than Keenan as the leader in the morning. Though that Lantern Corps is looking to slay, Robin Bot's got a trick to whisk him away. And Avery breaks Keenan's balls while they escape their clutches in the morning. Yes. And yeah, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I just, I'm telling you, I like this issue. And I'll, I'll, I'll even tell you right now, I, I do believe, now me and Eric haven't done our complete first section, but up until this point of recording, this is probably my book of the week. Now I've yes. had a bit of a, I've had a bit of a down week, I'll tell you this. <laughs> uh, but this book, I, I always like Keenan. I continue to like him. I this, like the This talk. book brought back, I mean, listen. Not by way of excusing them, but those last three issues were rough because we yeah, think they, they had to make this transition. 
this issue feels like it did. You know what I mean? Yeah. This this brought back a lot of that fun, the character interplay, the the uh, Daylon and Baishi has become yeah. like a, a cool little uh, thing. Yeah. I love Avery always uh, breaking Avery and balls. Keenan, I, love I love the idea of the Green Lantern Corps. I love the North Korean Aquaman. Yeah, he's I love crazy. That. I, I, I do as well. What I'm saying is it's a weird deal because you start off and you have them there somewhere in northeastern China. Now, the one thing that I'll tell you is that I don't know that anybody going into this right off the bat until later on will realize that these guys are kind of on the run. They are yeah. independent in a country that does not allow that. They are not part of what they were to make this Justice League of China. This is, you know, their self-made deal. Uh, I do think that they don't do enough to stress that. They're more concerned yeah. with the North Korea bit. Uh, I would have liked at least one issue where you really got the idea that they are on the run and they can't really go out and do things or people are going to try to bring them down. It, it's almost like the Ministry of Self-Reliance has now let them go. And it kind of threw – that threw me off a bit. Uh, I also would have liked a little more introduction to, say, Beishi. Yeah, you can say that he's – He's fucking Batman. You don't really need yeah. much more of that. Bat, but bat, I would have liked the idea of you have him and Daylen, who, you know, this is a lot of issues where now they're a couple, but you don't really get much of them. And I would have liked them. I, I could have done with a first issue where they're sitting around just discussing what they're going to do now that they went off on their own. Now, I will tell you also, I like the art. But at first, I really thought that they had done must be Beishi Reborn because he looked <laughs> like he was in shape. He yeah. looked like when he was snowboarding, I'm like, OK, they're going to go with it. He worked out. And I expected at one point. That somebody is going to say, you know what? All that working out's really helped out. You, you yeah, know, you, uh, it's, then, it's all ski jacket yeah, right there. It's layers is what it is. Because yeah. once he takes it off, he's the big yeah. fatso he, and they he point it out. He looks fatter than ever. I don't know what yeah. the hell the deal yeah. is with that. He really <laughs> does. But, yeah, you start off where – He's uh, got a know, girlfriend now. I don't yeah, get all impressed. He, does. he doesn't have to look. Actually, <laughs> I think that he would. She's hot. I think that he would yeah. be uh, very self-conscious and try but to do that. But she's half snake. You know, who's even normal? That is true. And he's – I'm not even going to say anything but uh, you have them there, and Keenan is meditating, and he's trying to get his chaos order, heaven, earth, yin, yang, and all that. And he just – a few months ago, the ghost of my master, I Ching, said that I embody the eternal balance between that. I'm telling you, somebody just joining in and like, okay, but again, this issue does not point out anything. Somebody who's not reading will not get the idea, oh, now that it has the Just League of China in – it's a new book, and I'm going to jump yeah. in, which it's not. This, this, I just, this book does count a lot on making you curious enough to yeah. look at the previous issues. And as you point out, they might be looking for a super, new Superman yeah. in the Coast League of China and, issue and that I, don't yeah. exist. And so, really, I don't know if I can't, you – can't save the world, though. You know I, I mean? know, <laughs> but if you didn't have word of mouth – by issue 12, I mean, this book legitimately is selling, I think, the last – it's it's under 10,000. There's wow. nobody buying this. So you can't think that they're going to start now. And it just the trade it, it, gets a big bump. I, I don't know. Well, like, they say the one thing is keep this going the like schools. That, it's a big thing with schools. And you even said when we were talking that one day that I maybe it's bookstores that are really doing yeah. this. We were talking about in the news deal. Something is going on that either – and I'll even – the cynical deal and a conspiracy theory, it is a diversity book. And it is quality. I'm telling you. Oh, if also, they, they, sit they have there, Gene Luen Yang writing a YA book yeah, next yeah, fall. Maybe yep. part of that deal was we'll keep new Superman well, going. Because yeah, the thing and, is about these yeah. comics is 
I I bet they have to sell or ship not that many to break even. To break even. You know, there's really almost no incentive for them not to keep making well, the damn thing. What so, I'm saying is, uh, if yeah, this it, it, yeah. to them it might just be a a a, a chip on the table well, to, to keep again, Gene Wen Yang around writing it, the. Uh, yeah, you know, and I'll, I'll go back to my conspiracy theory is that you got rid of Blue Beetle and, and Superwoman. People make and it. Cyborg. Oh my God. And Cyborg. So you, the books that were canceled are diversity characters. And if you're going to keep one of those books, this is the quality one. So maybe it is at the point where, okay, Blue Beetle, yeah. all of those are selling bad, but even if Blue Beetle was selling 20,000, this is selling nine. You know what? Keep the good book. At yeah. least you're going to go and say, okay, we're going to throw this out there. If 9,000 people buy it, that's fine, but it's a quality book. Nobody's going to say, oh, Jesus Christ, this book's still out. That book sucks. Nobody's going to say that. This book does not suck. Unfortunately, what you do see are pieces of shit on Facebook who continuously keep going, not my Superman, and then throw the ching chang chung and things like this. I mean, that's those nonsense. Guys, those, those, those people are genuine morons. I want to strangle them because this is a, a good book. book. You know, don't, worry about, don't worry about the names of uh, no. the new Superman part. It really is all – it's a totally different like no, and, and really, if you want, if you, and this is again, people have heard our podcast. They hear us talking about this. We love this book. Uh, if you want a book that has legitimate character progression, this is it. It really oh, yeah. is one of the bigger ones. And as that goes on, it is a lot more about that character progression than even the quote unquote Justice League of China. That is all mm-hmm. set up to show these characters, which I really like. And we get introduced to a couple more in this issue because, yeah, you have them there. Keenan, we see he's still trying to figure out, you know, it's not like he is able to snap his fingers and have everything happen. He's still struggling with what he was trying to do before with the yin and yang and stuff. He's sweating. Yeah. They show that. Avery, he's also afraid, I think, that if he snaps out, he's going to do that same, like, yeah. whatever he did, the super blast from yeah, that. Yeah, that, yeah, uh, yeah. Was that two issues ago? So he's, like, really freaked out by it and he thinks he's you know a little bit thinks he's yeah. kind of a hot chick now he's yeah. all he's all talking very like metered yes to everybody yeah. and then he avery is he's trying to settle down it. avery just and i love avery because to me she's sonic the hedgehog she's yeah. pissed she can't <laughs> settle down she's there tapping her foot she throws snacks at him because she just wants to do stuff she's a flash you know she's, she's a speedster uh and basically like he says why couldn't you go off with Beishi and uh and Dalen, ah, uh, they're a couple. They don't need me. I'd be a third wheel. I, you know, all this. And then you see them. And then you see that somehow these kids on the ski slope, uh, their hopes and dreams for candy are being sucked up. What appears to be Yoda. That's what he looked like to me. Uh, and it's very that's odd. An old, but, that's an old, uh, yeah. fourth world. Character. He looks like Yoda, that, but yeah, might, I don't he's know if Kirby there. made him, but he is. From, I would think so. Yeah. He's an apocalyptic. Um, apocalypse. He's, he's the, whatever the God of. Sucking up your hopes and dreams. Yeah, yeah. Did you notice that Beishi is snowboarding on Robin Bot? Yeah, he is. It's I pretty good, that. too. So and good. I like that, too, because then you have Robin Bot kind of pop up and you're like, all right, Robin Bot. Cause he's like, they, they see this panda that seems to be sucking things out of, of kids. And I, I don't want that to sound that bad. Uh, no, but Robin, that too. It was terrible. Yeah. No. Yeah. Robin Bot. <laughs> I think you're on the dark web again. What Robin Bot comes oh, up and he's like, skiing. yeah, he's like, I, I, 
scan this and it indicates that zero percent human and then that's when they realize what's going on they call for you know keenan and avery but in the meantime we go off to what should be the most exciting part of the book and it is uh to me because we are being introduced to the aquaman of north korea i'm saying i I don't know what it is about this i don't know if it's just the whole north korea angle to it that angle gets me it's a I little heavy handed. So awkward. Yeah. Just reading this it. bit and it. the whole idea of like, you know, I don't know if it's a, I'm not a worldly fellow. I don't That's know if it goes I on in other places, me. but like I see this whole thing and the way it's being like, I feel weird reading this. Like for somebody like I'm, maybe I'm not supposed to see behind the veil of North Korea. I don't I, know. Yeah. And he, oh, uh, he yeah, loves I mean, the Vice, Simpsons. Vice has two documentaries. Oh, no, you see, you see him drawing Homer. Or yeah, something he's like drawing that. Homer at the beginning. Uh, because he's getting Western television as we yes. find out later. Uh, there are two documentaries on Vice that are fucking captivating. You gotta, you gotta check them out. It's unbelievable. This is, I don't think this is very far from no, what it's like. Well, I'll tell you the thing that I had a problem with. It's not what I think is, is accurate or not accurate is when the, you know, officials, the North Korean officials come in, uh, the military officials, the government officials, and they want to talk to Ann Quang Joe, who ends up like we find out is the Aquaman. I had the idea that for some reason they were doing the school to recruit these guys. Like, I didn't get no. the idea right away that he was in trouble. I actually thought this was one of those where they were going to pull him out and say, hey, we, we realize you're the Aquaman. Like, I didn't know the angle they were See, going this, with. This this goes back now a couple of years. Do you remember this when uh, Greg Pak was writing action comics? Yes. And you got mad that he wrote that Superman stood up against local police to protect the neighborhood. <laughs> and I said true. then that when the the New World Order happens and the Illuminati yes. takes oh, over, God. you'll be the first one in line with the no, junta. Actually, Just you step in and saluting all. If, if, if you want to go yes, back to that. I you do know? want to point out that when that did happen, and we had a lot of shit going down there, where you had these local authorities come out, and Superman ended up attacking one, I specifically said to Eric immediately that I bet you that it's an alien, or they're controlled, this will not be real, it won't be Superman really going against, and if you remember, the state police uh, all over the place, and every state had a fucking tizzy oh, about it, problem. and oh, I yeah. said to Eric, I said, I, I remember yelling at Eric, I'm like, they're making Stop something about this, wait until next month when the next issue comes out, and we will see that it's either an alien, or it's somebody controlled it was an alien, and that's what it ended up being, and I was right, Rath and by then... An Alien. Was it that? I don't even think it was that. It, it was, was just Shadow Wrath. You, you, yeah. you were ready to salute and get in lockstep with whatever overlords no. show up. And it's the same way here. If the North Koreans came in and said, come with us, Mr. Warner, you'd say, uh, yes, sir, Supreme Leader. Yeah, I'm telling you, know, you, it's just like they went in my, and Where's my daily I gift just, of painting? I just didn't get the whole concept of what was going on. I actually thought they were coming in and like, okay, you passed the test. Uh, we had a, you know, an equivalent, equivalency test or something, like whatever it was. Uh, but yet you, I didn't get the idea that they were there to, you know, get him for looking at cartoons. 
is basically what it is because they found a a uh, TV that was rigged to get things from across the border. It's That's basically he was using the stick. A lot to learn about. Yes. Yeah, basically was using the uh, the stick. That's and in the meantime, he's just sweat uh, sweating profusely. Where that's where you realize, okay, this is going to be is the so Aquaman. I'm telling you, the, the sweating profusely. I like it. I think I want to see. I like, like you know, it what too. they're going to do with the whole idea. I think he's Somebody's just going to turn into water. Something more is wrong than food yeah. poisoning or something. Yeah, well, with that, though, like I said, all of a sudden they come in and they're like, uh, that's him in the second row. Thank you, Professor. Apologies for disturbing your class. But as you know, worker party business takes precedence above all else. And he just starts sweating. And I didn't get that he was in trouble yet. I actually thought this school was. And I'll tell you, it also went with the whole deal that we're waiting for the Green Lantern Corps of China. I'm just thinking that this is like a, a superhero school. I don't let me know tell why. You Let me tell you something. Over at, the, in, at Auschwitz, you would have been on that line with the fucking soap on the rope, whistling with a towel, just rope. like... Me and that? Jerry don't Lewis... I'm telling you, me and Jerry Lewis would have dressed up as clowns. We would have been dancing the fuck around. You know, whatever. But with that, though... You have them take him away, and then it ends up they're beating the shit out of him. He's sweating, and then he he's Aquaman of North Korea. Uh, it's crazy. So his, but his version is essentially he like either creates water or controls water, and through that water comes uh, almost mystical giant spider crabs. crabs you know, yeah. yeah crazy. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know whether it's like only like fantasy sea life or any sea life. I guess we'll find out more about it. But yeah. he escapes North Korea. On the back of a couple of these crabs, one of yeah, them kind of runs And I'll and tell you, like a, they call him Your Highness and shit like that. So some he's some kind of royalty of some he, sort. Yeah, he's yeah. they they've been looking for him. He's he's a royalty of whatever this yeah. North Korean Atlantis or we'll get more details. But I'll tell you, yeah. when he runs across the border, <clears throat> sorry, the Justice League of China is there, and I'm just yeah. like, I was like, why would they go down to South Korea? And then I was like, oh wait a second. There's a much bigger border with China. I totally- <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and with that, though, you also have that you had uh, – what, what's his name? Now I can't even remember his name that they Sleaze. were fighting. Yeah, Sleaze. They're fighting him, and as they're fighting him, out of nowhere comes the Green Lantern Corps of China and comes in, and basically there you go. They're there to set these guys straight because they went off on their they're own. They're there to Apprehend them for the Ministry yeah. of Separate Alliance. Yeah, the yeah. And yeah. do you think they are androids, or you think they are actually people? Because I, they look like androids to me, but we'll see. Uh, I think they're people in suits. I just see that crazy shining thing in their forehead. I don't know what that is, so we'll have to see what's going on. Uh, but yeah, you have that. But in the meantime, then you have, like you said, the Aquaman of China because they they end up fighting the Green Lanterns a bit, going and Keenan hits. He saves Avery. They kiss. The whole thing with that is it seems like they think that Sleaze has given them the amplification manipulating of their, their emotions. Yeah, of their mm-hmm. emotions. Uh, I think there's a little more to that. Obviously, of course there is. Yeah. Wrong to fuck, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and and really, they Don't you know you've had this, and I love <laughs> I love Avery and. So so I, I don't mind this. That gives them something to do when by oh, he and, and uh, Daylin. I love I love their relationship. I, I like I say I love how Avery's always like snapping on him, and Avery's especially in this issue is trying to be so like you know staid and 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 yeah whatever even handed with everything, and she's just like ah knock it off, you asshole. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. She's she's uh, the one to remind us or supposed to be there to remind you that Keenan used to be a jerk. That she keeps mm-hmm. saying that. Though you're going to be better served to go back and read those. Uh, and really, she wasn't around at the very beginning anyway. But then this is where I said there was confusion 
that I think if somebody just joined in with this book, because that's where Keenan then starts meditating again. And I there, and, and yeah, all of a sudden out of nowhere, he's there with the all yang and all the stuff that I don't know what people would even think about that. But, you know, you even have that continuation. Oh, you know, your emotions cause the power. It used to dissipate it, but now it's the opposite. Your emotions and powers are tied together. And when you give in to them, you give in to me. And that's that, you know, fear that he's going to have that he has to kind of keep that even keel. But around Avery, it seems like he does have a lot of emotion. So you have that. So I like that, you know, combo. Emotion even is when, another word for boner, right? That's that true. And even then, she even says, ah, oh, you know, uh, you're a jerk, and that's the jerk I know and love. Oh, I don't mean love. And I'm like, I, I like this. Yeah, I like how they do this. Uh, but that's when they get word that there's trouble, and they head to the border, the border. of Korea. And, yeah, you have – uh, the guy there you with have these the monsters. Aquaman of China I'm being dragged you. across the border by two giant alien crab monsters yeah. protecting yeah. him. Yeah, being attacked by the military with a tank and stuff. And what I like about uh, this, this it is... This one crab is just taking bullets on the shelf. Yeah, oh yeah, he's just, just taking... Like, I, I like the awesome. fact that you have this kid. The kid does not look majestic. He doesn't look no. like he's in control. He looks scared shitless. Awesome. He has no I idea what's it. going on. And I like that idea. This is almost like, to me, where... Now, it, those are always jumping the shark moments that I'm going to say in a TV show. But you're adding another character that now people who jump in... If you did jump in an hour or whatever, but it makes it fresh again because we're going to see somebody who doesn't know what his powers right. are and trying to you, control you might, them. And you I might like be that. seeing another good character arc here. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I, I like the idea. Brought, that's cool with yeah. me. I'm fine with that. Also, the oh, fact that they too. don't know each other's language. No, that's you know, true. If so we'll see how that goes speaks, on. He speaks Korean, and they, you know, Chinese don't. The only thing is, they have to tell Avery to watch out because he has crabs, Reggie. But, uh, but with that, I do like it. I like the idea that we're not just going forward with a team that they have a wild card now with him. Uh, and like you said, and even the enemy in the Green Lantern Corps of China. Yeah, right. and the weird thing then is too is now you have. Pretty much North Korea after them because of this guy, oh, yeah. and then China after. Incident. They're not gonna, yeah, and they're not gonna work well. That you know, they're they're gonna be going different route. You know, do all this stuff, and you're gonna have, like you said, an international incident because North Korea is gonna claim that China's harboring. Uh, what I would guess at one oh, point they will North, want back. North Korea don't want it with China. They're not gonna. No. I'm telling you, no. I'm telling you, North Korea though is gonna want him back. He's a superhero. Yeah, there, there might be something there, but yeah, it's it's definitely there's comics. I also think that uh, Chinese authority could just say, settle down now. Yeah, and well, you say that. I'm telling you, it looks like they're about to bring a tank into fucking China. So they're no, about we'll to see, cause we'll trouble see. right now. So well, listen, we'll you, see. They can bring it right up to that line. But anyway, yeah. uh, it was I, I really enjoyed it. And actually, talking about this book with you guys, I, I feel like I enjoyed it even better. Yeah, like, I like yes, it. Yes, I. Really breaking it down to its components. It's just all good stuff, folks. You know what I mean? Yep. It's good characters. I think what, what Jim is saying is true, that if this was your first issue of New Superman, then you might be uh, confused. Yeah, it's a you yeah. might be You might be curious to well, read the early stuff, though. Yeah, it might be that kind of be. good confusion where you're like, oh, I want to know what happens. Yes. I, think, I think you would be because uh, the interactions between, you know, uh, Baishi and yeah, De- and Daylon and yeah. and Avery and Keenan they're great you know what I mean I think I think if people were to start here they would want to go backwards but you will you have should. to because yeah. you won't understand what the hell yeah Keita, how, and how hopefully it, yeah yeah you won't know that and the, I I will also tell you that if you are listening and you haven't read 
the new Superman, and you were going to go, you're going to miss out on the fact that we have been waiting all this time since Rebirth started for this goddamn fucking, uh, you know, Green Lantern Corps of China. So when yeah. they show up, that is a huge moment. It is humongous it is. to fans of this book. If you're just reading this as the first issue, you're just going to think that that's a normal thing. You're just going to think that, oh, they have a Green Lantern Corps as well. Oh, that makes sense. They have a Justice League. I, love I how guess let that they're be a enemies. Cool scene, though, but obviously the North Korean Aquaman, Aquaman was going to be a hook for the book. You know yes, what I mean? And it was is. like it, it was just well done in a way where it was like, "Yep, here they are, pals. We're going to yeah. about to see and constructs. It, and with that, you're you about get to understand not, yeah. what this shit is all about." But yeah. after we get to New North, yeah, Korean and with Aquaman, that, you know we I mean? have We're also been, right now. yeah, and we've so, been waiting uh, this yeah, whole cool, time. Good writing, Mister. And you know what? That is the thing too, because I was looking forward to the Green Lantern Corps of China for a long time ever since it was just spoken out, you know, about the Academy. Yeah. And thing is, we're presented with that here finally, like we got at the end before, where they just walked into the room and said, you know, oh, here's our Green Lantern Corps of China. Here we actually have them. But this new character they present, the Aquaman of China, is way more interesting yeah, in my better. mind right now. So they, they actually made me care more about what they're selling here than what I thought I now, wanted, which but, is cool. And I just want to actually bring this up because this is what I was thinking the whole time for the Aquaman of China. What if he is the strange water we've been seeing? He's actually the strange water itself, and that's when he leaks out. He actually creates portals where these alien, like, you know, aquatic monsters come out. That is the nonsense, Horn Eric. I, I, maybe. We'll see. I, not, I would I'm, doubt I'm he's going to tie that in. That's definitely not true, but my <laughs> instinct would be that someone would look at that strange water story and be like, nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, what, I, what, what going, I off, going off what Eric said, though, I do think that this was on purpose, that we were led to go full bore. Oh, I can't wait to see this Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, and when they yeah. show up, Gene Luan Yang plays it off as a, okay, here they are. You don't get much about it because the big draw is this Aquaman yeah. of China. I do think that as it goes on, and plus because the Aquaman of China – or, or North Korea, I'm sorry, uh, actually seems like he will be part of the team. These Green Lantern way. Corps, the academy, actually villains. And it makes sense. It's an academy of the state. Yeah. So that uh, makes I mean, sense. That, that's going to develop over time. I think we're going to see a little more of them no, uh, I, in, like, over issues. I don't think there's going to be, right away at least, a big Green Lantern Corps No, but I think arc. that when we do you know, see that, I think somebody's going to defect over the Justice League of that's China. Possible. I think you're going to have something possible. with it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, we, we know so little about it. It's, it's so up in the air, I think, now. But I just love the fact that that's the thing we waited for, and we got it, and we're willing to back burner it yeah. for the, yeah. for the uh, North Korean Aquaman. Yeah. It's just, it shows good writing. It shows careful, planned writing. Yeah. Is there are any other writers listening? Plan? No, they're not listening. Stories? To us. Okay. Nobody's listening. To us. Uh, and I, I got to add on the site, I gave this an eight out of ten. I think right now I'm feeling like an eight point five. Really? I'm gonna go eight. I'm gonna go eight, and that's way higher than any of the books I've talked eight about five. already. And I do think that if they're gonna do this book, and I do hope that it's one of those things. Okay, Gene Luan Yang, this is not selling. It's not. We canceled it at one point. You got a reprieve, you know, the fucking governor called at the last second. You, you got a, a stay of execution. You're going. I do hope that what they did then is not say, okay, Gene, you're good to go, baby. Just go. And he's just, okay, I'm going to set this up. I, I hope that they said to him that little do we know that 12 issues. Like, okay, just treat this next right. bit as a 12-issue maxi-series. Write it so that you can write a complete story. We're not going to fuck around with you because that's all you're going to get unless somehow 
you start selling out the wazoo, yeah, which yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. They're closing these things up in the in past five digits. Yes. You know, I just, I'm digit, telling yeah. you, I hope that they gave him a set amount. like, Or if they said, listen, no matter what, you get 16 issues. No matter what, you get eight. Whatever it is, please, right. I hope that they gave him that so that what we're going to get, we're not going to get this fucking nonsense at the end where all of a sudden he's got to rush to finish. Or you have yeah. this where somebody else has to do one issue because uh, that solicit has changed because he's going to end it. And all of a sudden we get I, – I want to hope that what they were doing when they let this go is to allow him to tell a complete story with this Just League of China because he said to them, listen – Look at, and this is just all in my mind, but they said, okay, the book's going to be canceled. He's like, this sucks. You know what? I had this big plan. Oh, show it to me. Okay. Well, here it is. Here's my scripts. Here's my ideas. And they thought, you know what? This is really good. This is an all ages book we can get behind. You got the diversity deal. It's a winner. Uh, I know it's not going to sell, but we'll let you do this arc. We'll let you do this story. It's good enough to tell. And so we get a complete story that never feels rushed. Everything feels natural. Yeah. And then it ends on its own terms after it's done. And then there you go. I, I just hope that because this book is really, really good. And there's no reason to just keep stringing it along when pretty much it's one of the top three books for me in all of Rebirth. Uh, I just don't want him to fuck around with it. So, But I'm giving it an 8 out of 10. Ah, it was just my little soapbox deal that I, I'm that's telling fine. you. I, Since I you're talking to writers, I'm talking to Mr. DC <laughs> and freaking editors or whoever. That's to Dan DiDio himself. And, and really, you also think about it. If Dan DiDio, you think he still has pull? I mean, he seems like he would. <laughs> I, I'm telling yeah, you. This, I, I think so. This seems like a book he would like. This seems to me like a Dan DiDio type of this, book. Right? Yeah, it's got to have. I think this book's got to have. You even throw in a, a goddamn more fucking more Jack Kirby. It's all, it's pure. Like, hey, Dan, look, I'm going to write the next bunch. Of, I'm going to throw shit in there for you. You're going to love it. But, yeah, I think that they can stand there. At least this is one of the books they can stand there and be proud of to support even without the sales. And, and I do like that. But, Eric, what would you give it? I'd give this issue a 7.5 out of 10. I really enjoyed the art in this issue, and I like the progression of the story and the Aquaman. I'm not going to call him the Aquaman of North Korea. It's he's going to defect. He's going to be the Aquaman of yeah. China. I I'm all about that, that character, on. but like, you know, it was a little slow, and I had a yeah. lot of catch-up to you know get people back on board with what's been going on with Keenan Kong and the Just League of China, but I'm really still all about this book, but 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I didn't mean to hit the mountains in that time. 7.5 is a nose up from... Yeah. most recent scores though i mean that yeah. really is a uh yeah a turnaround well, it's back on and, track and I, now. I do feel like this book like it, it's feeling like it did in its heyday yeah. More, i agree you know so i'm i'm, I'm, I'm excited about it positive. again exactly i can't i really do look forward to the next issue all right well we're gonna go off now to a little mail section get some things going pay the bills with that mail is what they oh, yeah. say and then we're gonna be, we're gonna yes we're gonna be back with the man section then Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh yeah, it's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh yeah, it's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh yeah, let's hear what you have to say. We don't need no 
It's mail with Eric. This is mail section number three, and it's going to start with Hussein, who says, Hey, Jim, Eric, and the big Canadian bonjour to the Fresh Cup Pro. What up, Fresh Cup Pro? Fresh Cup Pro. I'm going to get serious here for a second. Jim, Eric, oh, no. which comic was the first to make you really understand that sometimes a writer would not have any idea what the hell they're doing with a character or a book? That would be one of me and Brandon's favorites. And Nocenti's Catwoman is really oh, what I saw. And only also, actually, uh, that reminded me or showed me that sometimes people write things that they have no idea what things are in general. Where all of a sudden in that – and I'll always bring it up where she had during the uh, Gotopia story where they had a guy who claims he's a quarterback. And you know, I'm not going to say I this is verbatim, but it pretty much is. is. He comes and he says, I'm a quarterback. Give me the ball and I'll get it down. I, th- I thought it was like throw me the ball and Throw it's me down. the ball and it's down. So, um, what? what? What are you talking about? I'm a quarterback. Throw me the ball and it's down. And I, I, I laughed so I much was, about not, that. Not only that, but it was the Gothopia arc, which was a dream state yes, Gotham where people had the state. perfect lives. Yep. And after that series ended, Selena maintained the job that she had in yeah. this dream world. Yeah, in this dream world, she became a suicide hotline like on the phone and, and being a counselor. The Gothopia ended, which was a dream. Yep. In her regular book, she maintained that job. As a, she, it wasn't like she thought, you know what? That was a dream world, and I guess that's job. something I should do. No, she still had the job with the same people that were working there. It just continued. And Nocenti had no idea what was going on. Then later had the Race of Thieves, where it was this big wacky race deal uh, that ended up being won by a hobo that Selena set up because she bet money, but it made no sense. I, oh, I'm God telling you. It. That book was all over the place. It was nonsense. But yeah, that pretty much and thankfully, was. Thankfully, at this book. point, I've never read Anno Sensi's Green Arrow, so I'm sure that's fucking off the rails yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, we'll be, we'll be getting to that maybe eventually in the new 52 review. That is the next trade, so we'll have to see, but we have to, we have a lot before yeah. that and probably a lot of nonsense. But he says, uh, because I think I've hit that milestone with James Robinson's Wonder Woman. I Ooh. thought it was Tom King that did it for me, but Robinson takes the cake. It's so blatant as to how he's padding these issues. Every conversation is unnecessarily stretched out to the point of absurdity absurdity people say things to each other that characters would never say to each other this is starting to sound like anything by steve orlando the uh-huh. scene between diana and jason and wonder woman number 40 as well as the conversation between diana and that cop in the hospital scene are hilariously padded i think i've reached a new level of something i'm not really sure what it is maybe you guys can provide insight maybe this comics or it comes from a year of reviewing comics and yeah i, I think that's part of it as well well, because Hussein uh, does his reviews for us and also Comics The Gathering. And I think that once you start writing about the comics, y- you can't just pass that shit off. You, you, you know? can't unsee what you've no. seen now. And, and then you have to actually explain to somebody what you like or don't like about something. And it really makes you like, OK, I, I said there's parts now when I'm reading a comic that I'd be like, OK, if somebody asked me, eh, it's decent enough. Oh, yeah. But if I know that I have to come on to the podcast and talk about it. And, and a fight with you, then I know that I have to I don't know actually why you think sit there and fight think. With me. Because that's what happens. It's me against you. That's how this whole thing's set up. No. I set it up as a, a, you know, a battle royale. That's, if I let you know, then you might have any chance. This is my way I cheat. 
I don't tell you it's a contest. After each book, you don't understand. I have a whiteboard, and it has Jim Eric. I just put a little notch on the Jim deal. I won that round. Boom. You have not won a round yet. I just hate to tell you that. <laughs> just don't worry about it. You're never going to catch up. I told you know, this I think to- I actually won that round in that green arrow that you gave a 7.5 out of 10. That you know, green arrow was able to will Hal Jordan's ring into having power, and they also breathed in space. Okay, wait a minute. I gotta go. I gotta go to the the board here. I, I'm <laughs> doing this. Eric. Okay, I'll erase that. Boom. It's now seven thousand to one. <laughs> you, right. you got that. But I I actually was gonna give you detective earlier only because you were positive. But that was that was a notch on my belt. Uh, the he says then I told this to John on Slack a few days ago. I can guarantee that Jorge Jimenez is moving to Just League with Scott Snyder. Think about it. He contributed to Batman Lost, contributed to The Wild Hunt, is drawing the short story by Scott Snyder in DC Nation number zero, and isn't drawing any upcoming issue of Super Sons. What surprised me about his work on Batman Lost was how his style is able to change from a Super Sun style to a more regular or traditional looking style. I know a lot of people are hoping it's Jason Fabach on that Just League, though. It does seem like I don't think that anybody, especially artists themselves, like that seems like it'd be a step backwards. Even though we don't get any Jason Falbach, but just to go back on the Justice League again, I don't know that he would be down with that, though he and seems to be I desperate. I love Jason Falbach. If we got Jorge Jimenez on that, I'm happy as well. You're in. You're in there. Okay. Yeah. I, I, nah, you don't get a slash for that. I, I was just going to give you a mark for that comment, but I'm not. You're going to have to bring more to the table than that. The Flash was a bunch of fun. This is probably my favorite biweekly DC book right now. See, everybody's People loving love this show. Joshua Williamson did a fantastic job at depicting the menace and might of Grodd, and Barry losing his powers was something I did not expect. The final page got me really excited for the next few issues, and I think I can see where this Flash War is going. Maybe Barry gets his powers back and expects to take back the man of Central City's Flash. Telling you that you go with this something if that's what you if if Hussein thinks that basically a couple issues go while he's in Central City, Barry gets his powers back. If Wally doesn't just hand over like, oh, good, you know, Central City's yours again, whatnot. Yeah, what, what would happen, though, something has to change then. Something has to brainwash Wally because there would be no way that Wally would be like, fuck, not on my watch. I like the Central City stuff. There's no way that he would not just give it back. No. So I got to see what happens. I, I have a feeling that it'd be something like him, Wally's brainwash, possibly with the people coming back. You're going to have Iris, you know, with time cops. I, I don't know. Only for Wally to claim that Barry isn't doing a good. I forgot about time cops. Only the freaking uh, renegades. For Wally to claim that Barry isn't doing a good enough job. Uh, we'll see. I don't. I just. I hate to think if you're gonna have those two and you're gonna have a dick, it, it's gonna be Barry. I don't think it would be Wally because, you know, you brought back Wally because of the hope and all that stuff. I would think it's that Barry would be pissed to want the Speed Force back and to do some drastic things. So he's a sad sack. It looks like he's just going to walk around with the Charlie Brown theme playing and kick the dirt. I think he's going to prove Grodd wrong that he doesn't need to flash well, uh, that's Speed what I Force think he's to become, wanted. you know, an yeah. actual person. Barry yeah, I think that's what he's going to want to do. I think that that's how he's going to get Iris back. And, and then, then what will happen? really bored. Yeah, or, he'll be, well, yeah. Again, but maybe like all new Dave, he'll realize, you know what? I was doing too much as the Flash. Yeah. And also, though, you're you're not – you don't have speed force powers. You go and you're like, hey, Iris, look at me. I'm just Barry now. I'm not the Flesh. And then it would be funny. And as if we what, saw before, she don't give a fuck about Yeah, well, that's, that's what Grodd's saying. So if that doesn't happen, though, the next thing you know, time cops come. 
Barry can't help her. So I think that that would be a reason for Barry to really go over the top to get Speed Force powers back. Well, Though Wally case, would want to save her too. They, exactly. You know? And if that's the case, that's probably where we're going to get the whole reveal of who Wally West is to yeah, Iris, yeah. you know, if he has to save her. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Dark Knight's Rising, The Wild Hunt number one was all right. It wasn't what I expected, which was a more Batman Lost type of cut up story. But I feel like you have to read this if you're reading metal. I hate this metal 5.5 crap, yeah. but it's true. I didn't like it either. One last thing before I go. Have you guys seen the variant cover to Mr. Miracle number seven? It shows Scott holding a baby, presumably his, and the baby looks all distorted like most of the panels in this book. I'm predicting that the end of the story, when Scott finds out his world isn't real or something along those lines, he'll mourn the baby Allah for the man who has everything and the recent aquaman yeah. annual that's it for me this week gents keep it cool and great job on the reviews thank you saying i did oh, see that saying. variant but most of the things with mr miracle give me a headache so i try to avoid you know that sort of nonsense but we'll oh, see. i get you we'll see i hope that last issue just uh, dawns on me and I, I awaken to a new world it's like it all makes Be- sense now. when the beatles first There's took lsd time. eric it opened up avenues they didn't even know existed so hopefully that will happen and i'll just be a fan for life the next email is from jeremy greeting greetings and salutations to my two favorite podcasters uh, reggie isn't here and of course Aww. the the always wonderful get fresh crew which poop, seems poop. to be growing regularly always nice to see poop poop it's been a while since I last wrote in, so I thought I'd drop you a line. I'm hopelessly behind on both listening to the podcast and reading my comics. If it wasn't for the review issues, the most recent comic I've read would probably be Deathstroke number 27. I'm trying to catch up, but it will be a long, slow process. And those comic publishers keep publishing more comics. Damn them. It is weird. They just keep on coming. Yeah. Anyway, I've just read Legends of Tomorrow number one. That's why. This is why he's behind. He's reading all this nonsense. And I thought I'd share my brief take on it. I was going to try for a one-word review for each story, but there's no way I'll I'll be able to manage that. One-sentence review it is. Firestorm. Nice characterization, but crushingly boring story, although it's always nice to see multiplex. Says you. Metamorpho, an origin story we probably don't need, told in a rather pedestrian and plotting manner, but featuring some nice art. Okay, we're getting there. And really, as far as I can remember, he's spot on. And yeah. yeah. Sugar and Spike. While the idea of Alfred hiring Sugar and Spike to retrieve Batman's funkier costumes is pretty entertaining, Giffen's quote-unquote hip dialogue wears thin very quickly, and the relationship between the two main characters is kind of flat. And he says, I'm cheating her, I know, but I just want to say this. Firstly, I really like Bilquis Evely's art here. Secondly, I haven't read Blue Beetle, but I've heard you two complain about Giffen's dialogue many times. Now, I was a fan of Giffen's humor in the 80s. If you haven't checked out the Legion of Substitute Heroes special, you really should. Maybe I'll put that on a back issue. That'd be pretty cool. And his work with DiMatteis on Justice League is rightly legendary, Eric. But oh my goodness, this stuff was, on the whole, terrible tedious back-and-forth dialogue rife with repetition and non-sequiturs it didn't quite ruin an otherwise interesting story but it came really close and that's basically the the sing-song dialogue anymore and it's so Keith funny to think about bill chris everly on that that story too because yeah, i, I hated her it. art but yeah. when she jumped on and wonder i'm like the yeah, fuck we happened because I really yeah. dig this. I think I just hated the story so much. I'm like, fuck this yeah, just too. It, yeah. The Metal Men, written by the late Len Wein. It should be no surprise that this is the best of the four stories featuring I'm an intriguing you, premise. I really enjoyed that Metal Men. And an introduction to our main characters, which uh, uh, delineates their personalities and, comp- and ca- capabilities. And damn it, they're awesome. Yeah, I, I hated every I know. minute 
of that book. Every – I'm not even going to say sentence. I'm not going to say word. I'm going to go to the letters, Eric. Every letter of that book annoyed me to all end, and I hated it. I hate it. Overall, we're looking at a 6 out of 10 here, I think. The art is very nice, but apart from the Metal Men, the stories lack something. They lack something throughout the whole deal. In the case of Sugar and Spike, that something would be an editor. Uh, me and Reggie talked about it on the uh, the news podcast. I think that these editors are too young. They're too much fanboys and girls. And you have a guy like Keith Giffen. You're not going to say to him, oh, you know, Mr. Giffen, can we tighten up that hey, dialogue? Yo, Keith, he'll he'll Keith, fucking up, slap huh? you. Yeah, he'll fucking punch you in the face. One thing, one other thing, I got so behind on Wonder Woman that I decided to reread the entire Rebirth series. This was a stupid decision, I know. Yeah. Issue 2 is the most lovely, warm, beautiful comic I've ever read. I already love Diana, but this just made me love her that little bit more deeply. I understand that Rucka can be a bit of a tosser at times, but yeah. damn it, he writes a magnificent Diana, and Nicholas Scott's art is just awesome. Sigh. And yeah, uh, the beginning of that you know year one deal, yeah, I, I did like that. Right? That's it for me. You guys continue to be wonderful, awesome, and stupidly hardworking uh, with being so behind on the podcast i've not really had the time to check out your other stuff although i did enjoy the new 52 storm watch and mr terrific podcast a few weeks back two series i'm no longer in much of a hurry to read so thanks for that i remain in all of your creativity stamina patience and good grace thanks for everything you do love and respect always jeremy and it's funny jeremy that he mentioned that storm watch new 52 review me and eric both uh could not remember one word of it and no. actually wondered if we actually did it and i, I had no to go on the feed like, what are we doing storm watch we yeah. already did it uh. I, I went on the feed and i'm like yeah we did it <laughs> it's done <laughs> so i i wonder the quality of that one Seriously. but yeah uh i i kind of then remembered a little bit i just remembered not liking it uh the next and last email of this section is dancing mike eric he has not written in a lot lately so uh -huh. he wrote in hi jim eric or hi jim greetings eric and Hello, mother. First Hello, of all, Mike. a big shout out to the Get Fresh crew. What up, Fresh Cup crew? A uh, please insert. Oh wait, he said please insert this, Eric. One of our favorites. Get Fresh crew. Ship. And I'm the king of the Get Fresh crew. Richard Richardson here. On the news podcast, Jim and Reggie were discussing a Justice League ride in Dubai, I think, and speculating that I would like to go there. First of all, I think that might be one of those countries that doesn't allow you to drink alcohol and homie don't play that, he said. And we already have a kick-ass Justice League battle for Metropolis ride at Six Flags over Georgia, which I was at, Eric. I actually I did enjoy a weekend at Six Flags over Georgia back in the day. And it's not uh, just a projections and look at the pretty pictures ride you're now, shooting what is that? Spinning. six flags over georgia is that just like a way like over georgia way or is it like is it over georgia what are talking about? They, over I think georgia? That, no i think that that's what they all it's like slick six flags over new jersey oh, I, they, they're all like that yeah and you, oh. you know the flags they're flying over georgia over georgia it's six flags over georgia all right is they're it over like over that way we're talking about no it no like it's not like you're like you know hey i thought that six flags is here no no six flags is over georgia and then oh, you have Georgia. to ride. You're like, God damn it, I'm in Utah. I thought it was here. <laughs> hey, you got a long ride. You're shooting and spinning 
There are 3D and practical effects mixed, and it's a total kick-ass ride. I wasn't expecting much, and I was pleasantly surprised that the ride is so fun and so good. And the people with me who aren't comic fans also loved it. So I don't need to go to Dubai to see this new park. I'll just head to Georgia, which is slightly, slightly cooler than Dubai in the summer. And Jim, you should head down and check it out. I'm sure that you take Tanya and the kids to Six Flags for a day would only cost you about $73,486. Uh-huh. Fun times for all. And that's before food, Aaron. Uh, we were say, one, actually- of the, one of the coolest things, though, about Six Flags, I have not been to Six Flags since I was a young kid. I think the yeah. last time I actually went is when they had, like, probably like 1990 or 89, whenever they brought out the Batman stunt show. Mm-hmm. I saw that as a kid, and it was like a water thing. Like, you know, they had, like, Axis chemicals sitting in the middle of this gigantic pond, and they had, like, jet skis going around. This whole big production, you could feel the fire. It's one of the coolest things I ever saw as a kid. That's cool. Uh, when I went to Six Flags Over Georgia, I had a little Eric Shea experience uh, because I went in. We went on a roller coaster, and I, I don't know. I kept my eyes open because, you know, I'm a man, Eric. I didn't yeah. have to close my eyes. I, I ain't scared of, of cuts. And uh, – <laughs> One of my contacts came out of my my fucking eye, and the other one shifted. I'm telling you, this thing was flying, and it ended up irritating my eye, so I ended up having to take that out. So I walked through that park and had the whole time that one day, I couldn't see a thing. I could yeah. not see anything, and they actually at points, I'm telling you, I had to be led by, by the hand. Liberated. Oh, it was so bad. I, I didn't know what was Please, going on. I, I've had that many times because I remember when I was a kid as well when they first opened Hercules at Dorney Park. Yeah, remember that yeah. the wooden roller coaster? Yep. My father, being a smart man, is like, like Eric Lay, I'm going to take your glasses because I don't want to fly them yeah, off. Yeah, you your don't want to fly your them mother, off. Your mother's going to yell at me if you yeah. if you lose your glasses. So he takes my glasses and puts them in his shirt pocket, like the front little pocket of his shirt. Yeah. yeah. And we get down the ride, and they must have flown out at some point, yeah, and so he got yelled at anyway. Yeah, he got probably yelled at more because he had him in his shirt pocket. <laughs> I thought he like he took him, he put him in his back pocket, then sat on him and crushed him. Yeah, it was very like I, I'm going through that Six Flags. I couldn't see a thing. At the end of the day, I'm going out to the car. I realize I'm there with a Berenstein bear, Eric. It was one of the mascots. He took me home for the weekend. Well, that sounds that, like that, a good time. He's gonna go that, home with you. He's gonna dance. Yeah, it's gonna yeah, get weird. He's dancing it up. I don't know. Moral of the story: Don't have kids except the kind that sit on the arm of the couch right beside me, waiting for me to pet her pretty little muffin head. I don't know what's going on there, Eric. He, he sits there. He all he is there for is to encourage Tanya to to get more cats. I think it, it just drives me nuts. The the one cat tried to sleep with me last night. It came like was laying oh. on my chest first off, which annoyed me. And it's purring. They're trying to you steal know, your breath, Jim. Doing all the stuff it was, and I'm there. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll go with it. I'm petting him. And then the next thing I'm like, yep, I'm allergic. You got to get the hell out of here. It's killing me. And Tanya's like, oh, he loves you so much. I don't care. So yeah, the, the creepiest thing in my mind, because I'm, I'm a very light sleeper, but sometimes yeah. I do get a good deep sleep going on. It doesn't happen very often, but it seems like whenever I do, the cat actually gets up on my chest and I wake up and I just see that face right in front of mine. It's one of the scariest things I've ever had because yeah. I always I always go back to the thing. No matter what, I'm a superstitious guy, I guess, deep down. It's trying to steal my goddamn breath. It's trying to steal your breath. Next thing you know, it has a camera, takes a picture of you, steals your soul, Eric. It steals ah! everything. So until next How did time. How you get on my chest? In the immortal words of burn victim Mae West, good sex is like channel break, big boy. If you don't have a good partner, you better have a good hand.
There you go, Eric. An impromptu burn oh, victim, Mae West. Go to Chatterbait and think about that. But oh, we're going to go on to our next bunch of rant and raves, starting with this one, Eric. Yeah, hello, Jimmy. This is your mistress. I read that fucking Sideways comic, The uh, New Age of Heroes, last week. Yeah. I want to ask you a question. Maybe you can ask your fucking friend over at DC Comics. What the hell happened to Vibe? Huh? What about Cisco Ramon over there? I know he's in that television show on the CW. I know people like him. What the hell are they doing making a new character? Basically got the same thing as Vibe. What the hell's the damn problem over there? Fucking DC? Don't know what the hell they're doing, Jimmy. I'm, I'm getting sick Jimmy. of it. I'm getting tired of this now. My mistress has a very bunch of diverse uh, opinions on things, right? Yeah. Like a mistress that is also upset about vibe and sideways. I love Rocker Farts Art, but, you know, fucking Dan Dildo in there. What the hey, hell is he Rob. talking about? I don't know why he don't just use vibe. For God's sake, Jimmy. <laughs> Speaking of Dan Dildo, I need you to vibe. come over tonight and, uh, you oh, know, Jesus uh, bring Danny and whatever. And, you know, maybe a box of chocolates and uh, a strawberry milkshake and a yep. clear cup. All right, I'm sick of this nonsense. I'm tired of it. In a clear cup, Eric. I huh. always bring the strawberry milkshakes in a clear cup. I don't know if you realize that. Tanya does not get the clear cup. She's I'm married to her. I don't have to be that fancy. She gets the regular, uh, you know, paper cup, Eric. Uh, you like that? <laughs> second, Mike, Vi- Vibe has been missing since forever, Evil. At the yeah. end of that thing, I'm like, what the hell happened? Because I even had this thing where Vibe went missing and Element Woman went missing. And we even had this little arc where, you know, we find out that Element Woman was taken in by the Doom Patrol and it became the Doom Patrol versus the Justice. Vibe, not a goddamn talk about it at all. Yeah, yeah. He's disappeared. He's disappeared. And and it is true. After all the work that Jeff Johns did to bring Vibe back and make it a legitimate character just to get rid of him feels so off. And and like uh, my mistress said, uh, go with the fact that he's also on a very popular TV show that you would think he'd at least show up in some kind of book. You know what I mean? Some kind of capacity. Yeah, yeah. So he does not. Super Sons, Eric. I don't know. Uh, Teen Titans. I I don't even know how old he's supposed to be now. Uh, But the next – or the next rant and rave, Eric, is a little bit of poetry. And I know you're a very cultured fan. Fella, and you love the poetry. This is emo Batman. It's a little death poetry slam going on. It is. This is a death poetry slam, emo Batman. Hello, this is emo Batman, and I have some dark poetry for you. Darkness is imprisoned me. All that I see, absolute darkness. I've heard this poem before. This sounds familiar. (laughs) Stuck. In my cave, I cannot live, I cannot die, trapped in my cave, car is my holding cell, Alfred left the keys to the Batmobile outside the mobile, and now I am stuck. The lights are off. It's taken my sight. Taken <laughs> my car keys. Absolute horror. As cat has taken my speech. Night. <laughs> Can't walk through the night. This has been another dark poetry. By emo Batman. Boom, Eric. All I can think of S O S. I'm shaking my head. 
Oh, dude, the drums on my desk. Uh, yes, thank you, Emo Batman. We're going to move on to the last rant and rave of the night, actually. Uh, and that is something I, I think that Dancing Mike may have actually called into the wrong podcast. Area. Oh. Hello, Kevin, Lisa, and Jerome. And hi to everyone out there in Dark Circle Country. It's your boy, Mikey. Um, I want to talk this week about Mighty Crusaders number three. First Mikey. of all, Lisa, that story you shared about Haley and your dog last podcast is probably reason 26 I don't have kids and like reason 18 I don't have a dog. And also you guys had so many, uh, stories and stuff you shared so, so much on the last podcast. You guys went way over. It was almost, it was almost like an hour and a half. Anyway, I don't want to make it too long this week. So, um, why are we doing the dark circle podcast? First of all, I got the, uh, ultra, the variant cover with, uh, Victoria by herself on the cover. Really nice cover. And the issue was really good. Moved along. A lot of, uh, plot, uh, advancement. Eternos looks like a total badass. Uh, the team got their asses handed to them, even though Victoria showed up. What was it? Lisa? Uh, it was, it was Lisa, Frankie, and Jerome, I think. I, I want to be Lisa. A lot more of that leadership. Hey, Eric! What do you think of the new Dark Circle books? Oh, I Dark. forgot! You're Jerome! I'm sorry! I got upset. How do you think, Jerome? You like it? I, I'm just wondering, is, is Dark Circle a company or is it just the name Wait of the a podcast? Minute, that's not part of the... What kind of podcast are we if we don't even know the company we're doing? Oh, my goodness. Better, better go back years. to Mikey. Must be Dark Circle Reborn! So, uh, good character development, good plot development, really great issue. Um, Thank you! Probably 8 out of 10 for me. Um, I was really 8 out of 5! Of course, uh, <laughs> let's see, Crusader Central is down, down to Rex is on the loose. Uh, and, yeah, so it's lots of stuff. I'm a pretty girl! You stop it! Can't you tell? What from my voice? You can't tell her! Stuff is happening in this issue, and, um, hopefully they'll, we'll, um, Start recovering next issue because Hopefully. the only one up is a uh, darkling right now. So yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen, uh, Mike. What, what was your name? Dancing Mike. Actually, I heard no, there's gonna Mikey. be uh, Mikey. There's gonna be a fill-in issue with another creative team next month. So, anyway, um, like I said, eight out of ten, really good issue, and can't wait till the next show. And I guess until next. Remember, we're bi-monthly now. Time, uh. Circle your wagons and don't be afraid of the dark. <laughs> That's a good. That is a good way to end it, though. I'll give them that. If you had a dark circle podcast, what would you call? It? Would you just go full out dark circle podcast, or would you call it like the black and round or something like that? Would you? Would black you get fancy? Yeah, the dark circle. Would you get fancy? Or would you just go, you know, standard and try to well, get people to actually it, be it, able it, to find you? Oh, uh, the, no. the, the Lost Boys Dark Circle yeah, podcast. No, no. You, you went a little too far because you would not end up having the Dark Circle. You would call it Jelly Donut. And then just say, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. I, I'm looking at Dark Circle uh, Comics right now. They are a. Uh, a subsidiary of Archie Comics, Eric. Oh. So I, I have I to was admit, not aware. I'm not that aware of it as well. Uh, so I'm looking, I'm looking at what we could possibly we'd be talking about. Possibly titles such as Adventures of the Fly into Flyman, uh, Flyman mm. number five. I don't. 
know. I'm reading this stuff now. I don't know where this podcast is going. The Jerome. darker side of Archie podcast. Oh, yes. that's. I just call that Jughead, Aaron. Jughead. But yes, that is the end of the rant. Raise the, the end so of this. The not-so-Archie podcast. The not-so-Archie. The Betty and Veronica podcast, the Sticky Maple, it's called. And I know Brandon would listen to that, possibly without pants on. And he knows I am telling the truth. But yes, that is the end of that mail section, the end of the rant. Raise. We're going to go off to some more books. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We'll find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We don't want to All right, we are I back. want to hear Eric Shea. You want to hear I right. I always want to hear Eric Well, Shea. see, the thing is, right now, you guys oh, should good. talk amongst yourselves, because I'm looking online for some pledge, you know, floor polish right now, some finisher, because oh. my ball joints and my Beast Wars figures, they're getting a little loose, and if you put a little bit of freaking floor polish on there, you can tighten them right back up. Would you say that your Beast Wars figures have the rheumatiz? No, I don't think do. I don't think they do. No, no, no. I would never say that. A, oh. a, a touch of the uh, touch of the old sciatica. Do they have the itis? Is that what they have? These no. guys. I did That's see the what itis. was the what was the uh, figure that I saw today? Roachface was that his name? Rat trap. Roachy Roachface. He he had. Some, are you talking about Insecticon? Uh, it might have been, but yeah, he had some loose joints, as they say. Reggie's been to parties where people had loose joints. They, you know, <laughs> those are some of his favorite parties back in yeah, the day. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Yes, but we are Missed here. You, Eric. What's yeah. up, bro? All right, bro. <laughs> Get we away are, from me. We're here to talk about the man books. This is the man section. Man! Including where when we leave and leave you with uh, with Chris, you'll be talking about Wonder Woman being in the shade, the changing... The changing girl man. Girl man, possibly. Mm -hmm. I thought, is, is it my... Understanding at one point it was going to come back as Shade the Changing Woman. What was it's, that? It still is. It's still okay. happening. Next That's month, what yeah, I Shade thought. The woman, yeah. I thought I saw something about that. Eric has no idea what's going on and is now uh, bidding. She, she develops her secondary sex characteristics like Ooh. pubic hairs. Yes. He, he is now there. He is bidding now on an insectoid uh, called. A, a, a what? An mm -hmm. insectoid. And he mm -hmm. the insectoid that he's bidding on is called uh, Fly Trap. Is that what mm -hmm. he is? That's he's a good called, one. Uh, eye Face. Mm -hmm. Eye Sore. What go. about what about Centipicticon? Yes. Is there an yeah, eyesore? Where did I get that? There is something called uh, eyesore, probably, right? Probably looking, getting pink eye, looking at no, a no, dirty that's movie. That's me looking I, at I, me. Eyesore was the character of the, like, the, uh, the, like, the, the secondary character in the Cellar Dweller from like 10 years ago. Okay. Uh -huh. well, maybe that no, was no, in. No, so. Oh, really? So what you're telling me is the character nobody cares about is what you're telling me. Yes. Okay. He's flushed. I, I thought there was one of those characters that you had, like a Beast Wars guy that was nope. eyesore. No. Uh, eye Cheese, is that one? 
of them. I cheese. Uh, sleepy dust, as my mom used to call it. You got the sleepy dust going on there. Actually, she said that. My, she my actually, mama called them eye boogers. Eye boogers. My mom called it sleepy dust, but that was actually the NyQuil she gave me beforehand. Yeah. And, and maybe Here you the, go, yeah. Jimmy. Here you go, Jimmy. Dust for mom, you that's opium. Freshen up a drink, governor. Yeah. Is what Mom, she would it's say. Mom, it's fucking 3 p.m. There's still kids. Here you go, lady. Here you go, there. It's time for old sleepy time. The sleepy time train has arrived here at the tracks. <laughs> here we go. Oh, it's off you go. Yeah, Let no, me sing you a little lullaby, then, eh? Yeah, lullaby. Yeah, right. Let me. me. Let me make you a, a meal right now. You have two choices. Either eat the dinner that I made you or go to bed. Where are you going? Upstairs? Where? Get down here. That's what I would have done. I'm, I'm heading to the fucking bed, Mom. And then at one point when I hit my teens, my mom definitely thought I had mono every step of the way because, you know, I like to be by myself in those days. Right, uh, right. And she did not like that. But we are here for the man section. Neither did Jesus. No, he did not. Uh, we are going to start with the better of the two books and uh, that is a uh, tallest midget in the circus i believe because what are we starting with reg we are starting with ragman number five written by ray fox art by anaki miranda and eva de la cruz do you remember that day that fateful day when her rags came my way i said no one could take your place and then you died, you were killed by some other mercenaries. And I wish that I'd gone to that day. Ooh, and it's all right, and it's coming along. We gotta get right back to where we started from. Suicide wish, martyrdom strong. We gotta get right back where we started from. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, yes, Ratchet's <laughs> Ah <laughs> uh, yes, and we have Ragman, and, and really, it's going to go all downhill from here. So here because... we go. Here's here's what I wrote. Here was my review on the site. One sentence. Yes. So when he so when he is out of souls to spend, betrayed by Etrigan, and faced with the spiritual death of everyone in town, Rory has no trouble acquiescing to the simple demand of Mega Demon Zadargal. Yeah. Give up the magic hell cloak, despite it resulting in the loss of his own life. And he was pretty suicidal anyway. Yeah, and yeah, that's really, there really, it is. And yeah. also, Shining Knight shows up. Yeah, that, Shining Knight shows up, that which I is okay. Uh, but go. with that, you start off, and we'll go through this real quick. You had the cliffhanger of last issue where you had uh, Frankie uh, there, Junior? The little, Junior yeah, Frankie is Junior, possessed by uh, whatever possessed. hell demon Satan. Yeah, and the demon Satan has made a deal, or basically lied to him and said, "Listen," and not really lied that much. Basically saying, "Your dad's dead, and this guy's, you know, it's his fault and whatnot." But in the meantime. Etrigan's, you know, pulling strings behind there. You have Shining Knight coming for some reason. I, I still can't decide why, just basically, to fight the demons. Basically, just say, Etrigan's fucking with you, you know what I mean? Stop trusting that guy, and let yeah. me help you chop up some of these zombie it's hell demons. It's so scene. weird having Shining Knight just show yeah. up in Rory's neighborhood out of nowhere. Now, no, I'm yeah. like, we saw a panel of Sir Justin talking about the, like, you know, one panel talking about yep. the background of the rag before. Yep. And now just the, the current Shining Knight... This shows up in this neighborhood. Etrigan, yeah. you fiend. Yeah. 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 Well, and, she and was just, she actually was uh, passing by. 
Yeah, mm. she was. She was heading out to she get was tacos. Just rolling by. She was on her way to see... Uh, really great taco trucks down the street. That's, yeah, that was all. She was going to get tacos. She was like, oh, wow, this is a thing I should probably get involved. So, yeah, yeah. Really? Uh, and again, that's the problem with the book. All this off-panel stuff like that. Well, with that, yeah, I want to see that. That's the director's <laughs> cut. But with that, a lot of people who read this, there are a couple of people in, in the Get Fresh crew, beep-boop, who actually liked the last issue of Ragman and saying, like, oh, my God, Etrigan there kind of ups the stakes, does all this stuff. Oh, he's going to be the big bad, whatever. Uh, with that, though, I thought that he was just thrown in out of nowhere. That was just me, mainly because there's not much story going on anyway. So to have anybody thrown in but Shining Knight out of nowhere, and it just ends up to me – uh, just a, a an artificial way to extend the issue with nothing happening. Well, you know, not not, not only that, but when we had the whole idea, you know, he's being attacked by these zombified looking, yeah. de- de- demonic looking people, and it all wraps around to the point. Oh no, that's They're because people. of the hell vision that Etrigan yeah, gave. The hell vision. We never really did anything with the hell nope. vision, so you saying this means nothing to me now. No, and yeah. with that, it was like, I'm going to give you your regular vision. Like, we wanted oh. to know how that was going to turn around and whatnot. But in the meantime, you do find out that they are, you know, the regular people. But they're Friends, still family, kind of neighbors. frenzied yeah. and stuff. And it's still, it doesn't really matter to me. And at the point of that, they're still attacking them. It, you know, whatever. It just makes yeah. them, okay, I, I won't really kill you. And then it's the whole deal with Etrigan and the souls and how, you know, Rory's having problems and he can't get, he's running out of souls and now you have the, the squad mates in like hey and they're like, use us, us. Use our yeah souls, use us man. just we're, you do know, it we're, we're the squad but he's with like this, i can't yeah and with I that can't. the whole story is just all over the place for it's, it's a weird deal you have a all story place in one location ta- yeah you have a story that's all over the place in one location that's giving you nothing and really at the end like you said, you you already said the whole story in a sentence because yeah. nothing happens except then he decides, okay, you know what? I'll just make a deal with one of these guys. Hey, Etrigan, you want to make a deal? No. Okay. Hey, big devil there, guy. You want to? Yeah, shake on it. All uh, right. Sidargal. <laughs> yeah. Embarrassing for you. Dude, embarrassing Zidargo for me. Showed, all right. Sidargal showed up. And the minute that motherfucker started rhyming, I'm like, what are you doing to yeah, me? All uh, these introduced Etrigan. He's rhyming and stealing all over the place, driving me nuts. Now he gets his Dargle and Etrigan rhyming. We're having a fucking rap battle is what they're doing. Did you notice that's that Dargle ra- rhymed in a different structure, though? Yeah. I don't he rhymed in an ABBA, whereas Etrigan rhymes ABBA. My name is Dargle, and I'm here to say. That's all I was. That was my favorite line, yeah. Yeah, and really, it really does make sense because doesn't Ragman, isn't he all rap? Oh, wait, oh, see, there I go. I, I tried to make Very a good. joke and it Very didn't, even, it like didn't hit right there. <laughs> That's yeah, because he, you didn't hit the freaking rim shot sound effect. You do that, we know okay. it's a joke. Hey, uh, isn't it cool though? Because really, when you have Ragman, isn't he all rap? I don't get it. I don't have the rim shot there. But yeah, really, it all ends with him basically saying, I'm going to kill you. And then, uh, okay, whatever. I, I just, yeah, it, it he just, gets shanked in the stomach uh, by Sadar Gall, uh, you know, by his clawy fists yeah. or whatever. And Sadar a cool looking demon, but uh, for whatever it is, you yeah, know, I'm like, fuck about him. He, looks like he's raining like blood. A, wow. Yeah, You'd feel differently if he was, if he was a guest in your home, I would hope. I, I would feel different because he's home, fucking pushing yeah. his ass really? out. Nobody comes He'd over here. Damn, He'd say, listen, up, rhyme man. your ass outside, buddy. Uh, yeah, That's what he'd say. 
but this it, garlic really... is very unfortunate. I don't know what yeah. to tell you. It's as I said, as I said before this, it's this whole uh, now five issue going into six issue arcs could have been one issue in what would have been yeah. a very boring series anyway. Well, this so... is and this is my wraparound is the fact that you tell me that oh Ragman he doesn't deserve a book. I don't I don't agree with that. But this book stinks. It's yeah, not, not good. Book. No, I, this I is a, where I think a ragman book could be fine. Yeah, if there it was is like this is not one, a wise man once told me that there are no bad characters, just bad writers. Eric told me that's my, right. my my second day uh, at work. But with that though, it's a shame. And this is where like you have these you know mini series and stuff. They really seem to be. And at one point we're really pushing it. But I think this is going to continue where you're not going to get a ragman series. Unfortunately, if you're a ragman yeah. fan, you're never never going to get a series at, at this you know time and space but you get these minis that could lead to something else if at the least another mini but these are so bad that nobody's buying it i see the sales of this and i couldn't tell you that this will be better in trade because it'll be overpriced in a trade because like you said we've gotten one issue of story it's really yeah. not good i like the art enough uh, I've had enough of that this issue as well, only because I keep saying to, on this podcast, you know what, the art's pretty good, the colors are the, really the art good. Can't, yeah, the art can't carry the whole it's thing. It's not carrying it's, it because it's far and away the best part of it. And actually, I've warmed up to it more. Yeah, over I like time. the art, but it's but not going to save. I'm no longer, I'm no longer weighing that heavily against no. the score like I might have early on. It's, it's. This, this is a, a nothing time, book. Period. I mean, you, you, you have a it. book where most of the characters are just walking down the street is what they're right. actually doing in this book and then they just attack people but really it's nothing and it did that you have a filler issue in a filler series and a filler mini and a, that's all it is and i know again there's some people in the slack chat i think swanee really likes this book i hope he continues liking it i don't i, I really don't and yeah. it just when i i get it when it's this week that it pops up i just think oh reggie's got to deal with that one again but I would think that maybe this is a quick review for you. Me and Eric say there's some of these books that they may stink, but it's kind of a quick review because you yeah, can just right. have Moving fun. On. And, yeah, there's not much going on. But I'll be honest, I surprised myself. I was like, all right, let me let me write what happened in this book, and I wrote that sentence. Yeah, and I was sentence. Like, You're done. And done. <laughs> now done let's, now. let's have some rhyming and stealing going on. That's but yeah, it. this actually it reminds me back in the day when I was doing that Aquaman and the others, that I'm yeah. just like, hey, I'm done with this thing. But mm. luckily for everyone, it's just a six-issue mini, so That's you know, right. we're at issue five, we're going to get one more, and then we're out. And, you know, you know put them to bed for a while. Smell you later, we'll get something ever. But what did you give it, Reggie? Uh, I gave it pretty disappointing stuff, visually very strong, and I feel like getting stronger as the series went on. Yeah. But uh, pretty much a waste of money and time, so I gave it a 4 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 3.5. That's all art. Uh, this story just – it doesn't interest me. You're just throwing in, in the second – penultimate issue, as Eric would say. Uh, you're throwing not. in two <laughs> new characters out of nowhere, one that rhymes in a different pentameter. I, I mean, really. There and, you and go. The Shining Knight shows up, and you're like, okay, in the second to last issue? Like, there is not even a story well, to grasp. you got to think, of it, you gotta think about all those huge, I mean, the coalition uh, of big Shining Knight fans. Well, there but, are. I mean, we, we uh, did get hints. Thousands and thousands. Um, well, and, and all those were, were really excited at the hints of Shining Knight in the metal story at the beginning because yeah. me and oh. Eric there was the hint so oh, i forgot all about yeah, that yeah. yeah you find out now that no not metal here here yeah shining night but yeah uh what would you give it Aaron? 
I'm done. I, the Ryman and Steelin just doesn't do it for me. I still enjoy the art in this book, but I hate this iteration of You're Ragman. You're going to give it a three, aren't you? No, I'm going with you a 3.5 out of 10 5. because See, uh, like, not, the art, the art is strong enough and yeah. it is bringing you stuff for the like the big finale kind of finish. You have Shining Night and stuff like that. You have you know Rory's vision back. You have the idea that you know we have this ultimatum that he had to make. You know I have to give up the rags. I'm going to die, but at least all the souls here are going to go separate. I want to see, you know, I, I I can't say I want to see it. I won't mind to see the wrap up of how, you know, like uh, Ray Fox is going to finish this up. But there's it's just thrown at you out of nowhere. And there's no real great storytelling going on here at all. No, and it, it continues where I, I know there are Ray Fox fans out there. I have slowly and surely become not one of them. I mean, yeah, me as really, well. like his stuff is not hitting. And this is a guy who pretty much really, you know, hangs his hat on these Dark, on the dark, you know the dark deal and the hard. He writes that. He writes that Harrow County, right? You know that book for uh, yes, it's a dark. I believe so. talking about. But nope. Yeah, he also though he did that one. He actually does the one where uh, that underwinner that he draws and writes, which uh, oh, right. Paramount Jag and stuff. That's complete and utter garbage. I thought Harold County might have been Cullen Bunn, but I'm not sure. You're right. You're right. Yeah. It is Cullen. Yeah, Bunn. it's you're that right. underwinner that it, it's just garbage. And it was funny because where Paramount Jack was reviewing that. And uh, he was giving it like twos, and other people were giving it tens, and it was driving him insane that he didn't understand what the hell they were seeing. Now you know yeah. what it is to review for weird science. Yeah, yeah, that's what real it is. Goddamn, that I, is you true. Know, actually, at the I, I don't want to I don't want to expose the fact that uh, yourself. That's, you know, that's the, the young animal. The young animal thing is pre-recorded, but I will anyway by saying that Chris goes on quite a rant on that at the end of the young animal segment Wait. also. Yeah, well, we have one more book with us. And, yeah, I was going to mention as we lead in that Chris actually gives a very special score for the first time on the site mm. and the first time ever. Uh, he actually – And, then, was, and he, he, goes on, he goes on a little – Chris gets, gets on his so. soapbox and he, he ex- tells you what he thinks about oh. the uh, scores floating around for some of these oh. books. Well, actually, me and, me and him were talking about that uh, on Twitter this week about the idea that a lot of people are giving out tents like their candy, so I'm sure that it's going to be about that vein, but we're going to go off to the next book and the last one that we're going to talk about with you, Reggie, and Eric has now turned off his mic, and uh, me and you will be talking about this. In in the meantime, uh, yeah, this is not going to be a 10. Uh, Give it to us, Reggie. What is it? It is Dead Man Number 4, written, drawn, and colored by Neil Adams. I tangled with my papa, then mistook a tree for Rama, and I told a purple witch I knew the path. Now I do not mean to lecture, but I got no help from Spectre. You're no use if you're not using Yahweh's wrath. On the way to Nandapar, but I killed two giant golden dudes. On the way to Nandapar, but... I copped one hell of an attitude. I let that horned witch know. I warned the bitch I was hip to the sitch on the way to Nandapar, but I could not be tricked. Yes. 
on the way to Cape May. One of my favorites. That is actually that uh, the uh, my old <laughs> boss actually would play that. We used to have uh, the company parties where they would get incredibly drunk, and he would get on the piano and play that. That was one of the songs that he really liked. He'd get out the sheet music, and everybody would sing along, and it was very odd because we were in Quakertown, uh, Pennsylvania. But that was one but of the You know songs. all those Jersey Shore hotspots. Oh, yes. You know the deal. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, this book is me and it's a me and Reggie book. Uh, we had had some fun with it, but in the meantime, we have mentioned that up until this point, the, the first three issues, it's just not as goofy as yeah. what we usually. That like. was the one. Remember the one comment I told you this week was if this is not coming yeah. of the Superman crazy, no, where it's just it like not. so off off the wall. What this is like? Here's the thing. Now, if anybody is out there, I know uh, our man Rimmer is actually becoming Neil Adams fan after listening to us talk about it, and we actually <laughs> suggested the uh, coming of Superman uh, with this book. It just. The coming of Superman had that goofiness, but it also had fun, and it also just had the idea of, oh, man, he's really like – he's out there. He's going for it. He's showing you like – he's taking old-school comics, like even Ooh. Silver Age stuff, and forcing it in now and having fun with it. With this book, it just is – okay, I'm just going to write a lot of nonsense dialogue and oh. get everybody – Actually, as crazy as this, I think he's got more of a – it's story more of a story he wants here. To tell here. That's what I'm but saying, because, and it's but it's not that goofy. It's just not a bunch of crazy shit no, all the time. I need goofiness, and this yeah. has it. But even that is not the like. At points, I read Coming of Superman, and I'm telling you, I was crying by yeah. myself, we, laughing we because just, just thinking ass. about boy, I can't wait to talk to Reggie about this. I read this, and I'm like. It, it it's infuriating because a lot of the fun of it is not there because the fun in this one is let's repeat a line of dialogue 15 times. Well, let's so just, it's, to, and, to me, there is one big fun thing. Well, in this that, there's, that there's a, I will tell you, there's a couple. And I think that the one thing you're going to go with is pretty much in the second page of the book. Oh, no, uh, no. I love, I, I think I know what you're talking about too. The, the, the Yetis. The Yetis are, it's <laughs> just fucking <laughs> ridiculous. It's, and, no, and it's, the, it's the fact that, okay, so, so <laughs> here's the basic. Now I'm it, laughing. It, I can give you the basics of what this issue is about. It's yeah. that yeah. Boston Brand, in the body of his brother Cleveland, uh, learns that his other brother that he has, I don't even know if he's ever met him, Aaron, Aaron. Yeah. is being kept in Nanda Parbat. He was given to Ra's Ghoul and the League As, of Assassins yeah. by his father. Yep. And now, Dead Man wants to go to Nanda Parbat. Uh, but then he doesn't. But he then doesn't. he doesn't. And that's the fucking hilarious Actually, that is funny because basically as you go on, he finds out about all this. But I'm telling you, it's a convoluted road to get there. But Mm -hmm. as he goes, pretty much he goes to find – what's his name? Like he's trying to figure out this whole story. So he's going around to find it. Uh, He goes to Vishnu. You know, Vishnu and his little yeah. get up and stuff, and it's raining. They have a, a lot of talk at, at one point about it raining and things like that. And him and the Spectre go, and then when he figures out he has to go to Nanda Parbat, then he just starts arguing with random people through this whole thing. Then all of a sudden, he ends up going and yelling at a tree. That and <laughs> well, no, to be fair, the tree talks back. It's it talks back, but out of nowhere, the trees there. I'm telling you, and this is where. 
again, I start thinking like, okay, there's Reggie. Maybe Reggie's going to be able to tell me. And then I read it again. I'm like, no, actually, he's basically he tells he, – he yells at the specter, butt out. And then the specter just keeps butt out. And they keep doing it yeah. until finally he gets the idea. Uh, but that's where you have Eloy. Is that how – her Eloy? Where that's, uh, yeah. I, I, that I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know who, who the hell is. it is because she's the, the tree. The LOI, I guess that's supposed to be like a tree nymph or something yeah, like this. Yeah, it seems that he starts yelling at the tree and then starts throwing shade and tells the tree it looks like crap. Then he says, again, back to this rain, you sent me on a long, futile, rainy journey and then decides, okay, I'm not going to go, but then I'll go if I'm being forced to go. With a wink, wink, when he gets attacked by what he sl- claims are pillow men, I don't know what's going on. Well, in this no, book, they're not fluffy pillows. Well, I, I don't know what's are, going but... on. I, yeah, why would he see, think he, they're pillows? He kills two of these giant golden <laughs> guardians. The two of them go to, and I mean, it's just insane to me. He fights them. This is the, this is the action scene. Uh, he fights them. This yeah. is like Spectre. You're gonna help out. Spectre tries to come in, and then he tells uh, them to butt out. Then, yeah, then, then, then he, then he. Uh, Yanks Spectre back because he actually wants the Golden Guardians to take yeah. him to Nanda Park. Yeah, that's his but trick. before he goes, this is the scene <laughs> that fucking almost made me. <laughs> so this was the funniest scene. He comes back to tell this purple witch who he thinks is Ramadas, but yeah, it's not. Yeah, Ramadas, it's not. It's a man. Hey, he you know. knows that she wants him to go. to go. But he wanted her to think that he, he didn't, didn't want know to. that she wanted him to go. But now he's telling her. That he I, knows, yeah, and, that, and then that she wanted him to go, and that she didn't want him to yeah, know. Yeah, and it's so fu- because you have these golden I, guardians. The where fuck right? did you just say I'm to me? What is you, happening? Just the thing is, though, as this is going on, he's fighting these golden guardians. They subdue him, start dragging him away and until this away. woman, he who's breaks. a man, says, yeah, and, and then says, "That's your final act." Sad, sad play, Boston brand. Vishnu, you and I will have words, wise man. Yeah, you, yeah. And then all of a sudden, he breaks free of these guys and comes and is like, nope, I wasn't going because you wanted me to go and I needed to convince you that I didn't really want to go, but you're Briar Fox and I'm going now. And I'm telling you, your head's spinning. It's, and again, this is where I'm like, it's funny, but it's not funny anymore. It, it, there's nothing going on now. We it doesn't make next... any sense except no. to except to almost sort of negate everything that we've seen. Yeah, <laughs> in it the does. Comic it, to that no, point. Basically, it makes the filler we just saw null and void. <laughs> the last four pages, five pages mean nothing. Now, yeah. in the meantime, you also have Neil Adams where he's got to explain his own joke because during the dialogue, which I could, I didn't even go back to look. He has an editor's note, which is more of the you know the creator note. Did you notice? It's like, did you, did no one notice she, Rama, referred to his body? Oh, oh, thanks. What? As you go, now I had some fun because as this is going on, then you do see Etrigan first off peeking out from behind the corner, which (laughs) to me is hilarious. But he's looking at Boston's parents, and Boston's parents are there, and they want to see Aaron. They want to find Aaron. So they have this picture. So they're, so they're in Nanda Parbat, right? 
Uh, I think, but this I mean, is the I, thing. They, they with Rachel Gould. Quickly. I guess they, yeah. they have a portal, too. That's all right. Well, and with this, they have a picture of their son, Aaron. And they said, did he say we could see Aaron, the mother says. And the dad says, it was ambiguous. He gave me this photo. At least we know he's alive. So it's funny to me that basically I think that that's supposed to be this trick. Hey, you're going to get to see your son. They show up and he hands exactly. a photo. Here's the photo. There you go. The- I didn't lie. Then you get this explanation where the parents are looking at this photo while Etrigan's peeking around the corner, and they go, oh, he's got a GI haircut. What could that mean? And then that's where the dad goes, lots of men wear short hair. Buddhist? Could mean anything. He does it. He looks like G.I. Joe. He looks like he's in the military. You just said he's got a GI haircut. That's what it looks like. Buddhist? Could mean anything. And then you think, like, what? What is that? And then, what does that exchange I don't know. Even mean? What and then that? out of that, Etrigan then just says, "This makes more sense. Dead man was right to suspect something fishy's going on." What the fuck are you talking about? Because the haircut. And there, well, you, you have the haircut, but that I'll tell Eric with this deal. No rhyming going on there. That's the Etrigan. Oh God. And then you have the dad saying, "We think, believe." Our mission was accomplished, sir. And then the the wife says, the mother, can we see our? And then there's Raisha Ghoul, who has the craziest look. Think, believe. You think your mission was your mission was accomplished? Not exactly the words I wish to hear, Billy. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? And then they just start arguing, and yeah, I, I was done. I, I, I'm telling you. And then they well, bring out so, Aaron. Then so they, they bring, bring him out. Aaron, and, he, and he's attended by two kind of monkey guards. They're, they're wearing... actually repurposed yetis, he That's says. Right. They're, they're and, shaved and, and they're nice. Yetis. And yes. they're not bad, and he acts like he likes well, what's so, going so that's, on. It, it looks like he's there. It looks like he's in, like, super handcuffs. But yeah. it turns out it's just for strength training. It's, yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, that's, that's all, all it is. is. It's almost he's like he's those. Try, he's trying to make wrestling uh, team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All that is is remember that thing that you would do, the uh, the crazy uh, home it's, exercise it's with expand. the springs? Let me tell you something. <laughs> it's, it's so hilarious you mentioned that because my dad, who actually is a, quite a fit person, even yeah. at, at the age of 70, uh, that is the only exercise he did, but he did it every night for like really? four or five years. He With those now springs. He, yeah, the same, the, the, the tensility springs. Yeah. He, he hops on, he actually does an exercise bike now, but that was all he did he for did. like 45 years yeah. and he was great. It worked. That's awesome. you know, I'm telling you. A little, bit, a, little bit of t- a little bit of tension every night. Yeah, I'm telling you, that, that shit would go wrong for me all the time and fling out and i get <laughs> caught in the spray. I had the worst time with that thing. You and then that, no more if you And it's it. funny, too. You know, me being the asshole I was, uh, one of the things that I would do, uh, especially if this was just for sports, I was one of those assholes that went around with the uh, wrist fucking things that you, you uh, keep, you know, whatever yeah. those things are called. I would just constantly do those like an idiot. But, yeah, well, all this happens then is now we're going to get a big fight uh, between Ed because, yeah, he's he and I'm telling you, Aaron is stacked. He is in good yeah, shape. Don't, yeah. He doesn't look like – again, and, though, you don't even get to the point where, like, they were wondering about the whole deal. Is he a Buddhist? What is he? He's just working out. He's just hanging out in Nandaparabat working out, and now he's going to fight Etrigan. Uh, you know, well, Etrigan, and even, so Etrigan decides you know, he, he thinks that Aaron is still being kept there against his will, so yeah. he jumps out, uses the weird manacle 
strength training thing to beat up the uh, yeah. Yeti guards. And well, he it's grabs... funny because before that, he gets it because Aaron just goes, oh, what, this? Hey, yeah, like training and throws it over his head for no reason for Etrigan to grab and then just start and, and by, the, by the way, it's it's a it's a piece of equipment that looks like it might cost uh, $50,000. Yeah, it you does. Know, we were it about. really does. It's like the Nanda Parbat steroids is, is what yeah. this thing is. Uh, but, yeah, it's the buns of steel so then, of Nanda Parbat. This is when the most normal thing happens in the whole book, and that's Aaron jumps over Etrigan's head to stop him and then reaches into some sort of a warp dimension. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And pulls out a furry bug or yep. something. Yeah. And smushes yep. it into Etrigan's face and it yep. starts eating Etrigan. Yeah, and, and says to Etrigan, listen, uh, this is my new home and you're yep. less than a guest. And then Etrigan says, and as assassin, mind you, an ass. And then this bug? I, I don't know what's going on. I really don't. He says, Etrigan, is it I'd like to introduce you to my little friend? And ends up with this bug that looks like a, a kind of a spider type deal. That reminds me a little bit of Night of the Creeps or like a yeah, dog, yeah. evil tribble. Etrigan like just yeah. yells out, it's pointed everywhere. And then yells, you fool, I'm here to rescue you. As this is going on again, everybody has extreme facial fucking oh, expressions. At all times, yeah. They're and, either shocked or or furious yeah. or both. There's the and, only and two really, ways to be in a Neil Adams comic. And poor Etrigan, he says, I'm here to save you. And Aaron says, a fool's errand, dog. And then he's just er. yelling, it's trying to eat me, this thing. And he says, you are over your head, demon. Uh, I remain here, you go. And then the dad said, that's enough, son. End of book four. And I'm like, all right. I'm telling you, the only time I got a, a chuckle was this Weird discussion about that photo and the fact that they were kind of tricked at that moment where, hey, come with me and you'll yeah. get to see your son. Yeah, here's yeah. a photo of him. It's almost before. like something out of the movie Airplane. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that, like, that was okay. But even that, from the progression of De – and Dead Man disappears pretty much. Like this is the Dead Man book. He's gone halfway through it seems uh, when yeah. he's done. But with that, all of a sudden out of nowhere, the parents being in Nanda Parba <laughs> – I didn't know what went on. I had no idea. They, they and, dipped right over. No big deal. Just pop yeah. over to Nanda Why Parbat. They just I, take their son. I, and I even mean, that, this, you this also had... to be like the, one of the most secret locations on Earth. Yes. They just, just popped bang in. over there whenever Now, you want, in no the meantime, thing. also, uh, you had the whole thing at the beginning where they knew uh, about Dead Man. You know, they knew Boston. You had this weird deal of who knew. Well, that was just something he kept saying to yeah. Spectre. To he Spectre. Was like, he knew. He was looking at me. He knew I wasn't yeah, my brother. He knew it was he me. He, he said this. He said that. And then Spectre and, and him just argue about it. I... It's so good. Uh, that, I mean, and by so good, I mean it's horrible. But it, It's horrible. Uh, it's I horrible. Love, I, really, I really love that one scene especially where he's thinking, <laughs> you, now I know that It's you know horrible. That you, yeah. Now, it's, you, now what are you going to do now that you know yeah, that I... Oh, my God. And you know. said it. The Eric had to uh, chime in at that point. You actually said it a little more comprehensible than this book. I just... The one part I liked of that sort of dialogue was... Well, first off, you have the whole thing with the Yetis at the beginning where we kind of glanced over it. You had where Boston's dad went to Nanda Parbat and had to fight off the Yetis. And then you get this dialogue back and forth. You fought the Yetis? I did fight the Yetis. The Yetis? Yes, the Yetis. And 
and then you yes. go, but everything is repeated when when Boston and the Spectre are just arguing where, hey, I need your help, and then, hey, butt out, buddy, and it just goes on and on, and it never ends. You know, but one thing that you may not know about, we, we mentioned Chris before, the uh, fellow you know, yeah. I do the Young Admiral with. Uh, you know, you, you may not know is he finds the Spectre to be a very boring character okay. in general whenever we encounter him, but maybe it's because Spectre doesn't call people punk enough. That's probably – and use the word – and curses. He says it. At one point – and, and there's even at points where they use the craziest fucking dialogue that's – I'm telling you, it's dated to me uh, when I read it. But yeah, at one point you even just – hey, you suck, Spectre 8. Like, what? So no way. Bull. He, they start yelling bull at each other. And then there was one. I wish I knew where it was because I want to end this. But at one point, I think it's Spectre uses a weird phrasing that I'm telling you my grandfather would have used. And it just made me laugh. He is old. It's just nonsense. He's, you know, he's yeah. old. Yes, he is. But that's it. What did you give it, Reggie? Because I, uh, I, I, you know, I mean, you know, we have fun talking about it here and. When I read it, I do think about just like, oh, you know, Jim and I are going to laugh at this. But essentially, this is not really worth your time. This is not as crazy as Coming of the Superman. And that was a book I don't think I could sit and recommend to anyone blindly either. You know, you really got to be of a certain sensibility. This one is less good than that. So, uh, you know, Neil Adams still got it with the artwork, boy. Yeah, I love the art. I always love this art. It's like crazy shit. You know, if, if, if you're measuring a book on crazy shit happening, it would get a higher score. But... That's not how we do it around here. It's got a 3.5 yeah. out of 10. Yeah. Now, here's here's another thing, just as my last deal. You have Boston being drugged out by these giant uh, golden statue-like apparitions, yeah. whatever not you call feather them. pillows. They yeah. look as if they are sumo wrestlers with dreads kind of coming out the back, like, almost like, like wired. Masks or something, yeah. too. Uh, at the point where they're dragging Boston away – he yells, let me go, you giant scoops of vanilla ice cream. That They, they are yellow. They're yellow. And they, they are men. They, they look like giant men. Giant yellow scoops of vanilla ice cream, he says. It's just and, – and, and you say this. You just have to wrap your head around the idea that he wrote that line and he also did the art. There is no, you know, you could say it's to true, me. Yeah. And he colored yeah. it, yeah. It wasn't and like colored a it. Mistake you can say to me in another book that, oh, you know what? Somebody didn't really read that or maybe they changed yeah. the dialogue later. No, no, no. He he did all of it. These don't look like the, the, there's nothing there. I think I think the, maybe the problem is you're not reading it in a red fox voice. Maybe. Let me go, you big scoops. Let me go. Listen here, dummy. You giant scoops of vanilla ice cream. There you go. There's my <laughs> dummy. You just have to yell dummy at the end of everything because he does call I see and, it, and spells out, listen here, Brian Fox, you big dummy. Who'd you just think? that purple witch an idiot. I mean, the, yeah. na- the name calling alone in Neil Adams' book is yes. so weird and out of place. It's yes. so crazy. I love it. Yes. And you then know. when you have this witch, he says, he called me Rama. He still thinks I'm Rama Kushna. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't yeah, know. So I didn't know. tell you my score yet. Okay. It's weird uh, because I do love his art. I, I'll tell you, I became a huge fan of his art uh, from you, Reggie, from us doing the things. And oh, I do yeah. like the expressions. I like that he does the whole thing. It's it's detailed enough. I mean, the facial deals are very detailed. Uh, sometimes there's no background, but he does it in a way 
that it looks good. There's some artists that will do this kind of style, and they don't make the panels, the characters aren't big enough. So There's Ooh. not a lot of empty space. Even though at points you have the Spectre and Deadman yelling at each other, and in the back is no background with lightning – that he makes the characters in the you know really the yeah. right size and stuff. They're always in each other's faces. Their faces yeah. are always so. I love or, the art. You know, the, the mouths are always wide yes. open. And uh, uh, yeah, fills the oh, space. I'm telling you, the art. I'm giving a four out of ten. If that was just art, the problem is my final score is at two point five because this book is a minus one point five. <laughs> That's how bad this is, and you're you're getting this from two guys who really love Neil Adams' fun and nonsense and would love to be the only ones who like this book. Yeah, yeah. you look on the comic book roundup, the actual roundup score is like a 4.9 total. There's not oh, – I wow. think there's only four reviews, but uh, yours is the, the lowest, and I would guess that yours is pretty much the only one in a Neil Adams book that isn't really faking the funk. Some people are just like, oh, this is terrible. I'm not even going to read it. You know, I don't think that yeah. they're it's steeped it's, into this. So I remember this album coming by the end. I think we were the only ones we reviewing only it. Ones. It was like us yeah. and two oh, other at, people. At uh, points, you know. I, was I expect on that Twitter. kind of thing. But let yeah. me tell you, folks, if you see anyone put a 9 on this or a 10, yeah. no, no, there, there's no way. way. And, and, and there's no, no way. way. No way. And uh, uh, coming as Superman, I have occasionally defended that on Twitter where people are like, that's the biggest piece of shit book I've ever read in my life. And I'll just say, listen, if you go into it wanting to have fun and things like that, there's some wacky concepts. And where else are you going to get Lex Luthor laughing in the dark side's face to the point where three panels or three pages go by? He's still laughing. And the, the, like, it's the blood, the blood, yeah, oh, it's the, the blood. Some crazy <laughs> it fucking was so Nicholas great. Cage shit on yeah, that. I love this that. Is, it's uh, this is so not over that. the top. And, I think uh, and that especially the, that, that yeah. comic is good. If you take a little of your sleepy dust. Yes, yeah, like that. that. With this, though, it's just, it's nonsense dialogue. And I would have to say, yeah, and I would have to say, uh, it's more like I don't know much about Spectre and Dead Man, so right away I'm I'm already lost, and he just goes off the reservation really bad. So yeah, that is it. Now we get to go off and listen to Chris screaming, "Yo, you there? You there, Eric? You still uh, there? You oh, fall asleep? Eric, yeah. Eric gonna come back and say I think he left. I think that he hey, went man. off. He's probably buying an Insectacore uh, mm-hmm. by the name of Frankenfurter. I don't know. I know, I'm sounds, making stuff up because I, th- right. I think he might have fallen asleep or disconnected with us. But we are ending this segment now, and we're going to go off to listen to you and Chris get mad about Milk Wars, which it seems like that's not uh, living up to what you thought yeah. it was going to be. So we'll go off. I believe it is Shade the Changing Girl Wonder Woman, right? Number that one special right. or whatever the hell they call it. But take that is it away. Correct. Yes, take it away, Reggie and Chris. In every lifetime, comes a love like this. Oh, I need you, you need me. Oh, my darling, can't you see? Young ones, darling, with the young ones, the young ones shouldn't be afraid to live love. There's a song to be sung, cause we may not be the young ones very long. Welcome back to the Young Animal segment on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we are in the third week. Is this the third week of Milk Wars? 
got to be at least the 15th, right? It feels like it. It could be. Oh. There's only a superhero trinity, and we're only getting to the, you know, third member of that uh, trinity. Uh, what book do we got for him here today, Chris? Well, we got Shade the Changing Girl slash Wonder Woman special number one. Title is Mother's Milk, and I think it's technically part three, right? I believe of, it's part three of Milk Wars. Part three of Milk Wars. Written by the same writer, uh, Cecil Castellucci, uh, illustrated by Mirko, Mirka Indolfo, with colors by Marissa Luis. This thing will set you back 499 pennies you will never see wow, again. That's uh, that's quite a stiff price. Mm-hmm. What we're about to talk about here. Let's let's uh, get cracking. Let's, let's see if it was worth it. We'll uh, see. Yeah. <laughs> we open up with Diana taking a milk bath. Uh, she's being doted on by a yellow-clad shade who's being referred to as Haps. H A P S. We're guessing that's short for happy, right? I think we'll find out. Yeah, that's. <laughs> now Haps massages Diana's temples to give her the happy. <laughs> From the next room over, a baby cries. Shade runs over to check on it, leaving a blue-dressed Shade with Diana. Uh, now, the, she says that the baby is wet and miserable, and so she hands it over to Diana, where it's revealed to be a dustbuster. Well, you see, that's, you never get a dustbuster wet unless it's a wet-dry. True. That's why it's miserable. You see, you messed that up right there. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then you get all that hair stuck in there. Uh, and that, it'll, it'll never work right again after that. No, so you got to throw no. it away. <laughs> <laughs> now, Diana gives us some uh, 1950s-era homespun wisdom, such as a clean home is a happy home, and the like, before setting the baby dustbuster down and taking her leave. Shade's caption referred to Diana as Wonder Wife, and she wonders if there's anything outside of the domestic life that a woman can do. Gee, it's uh, too bad Wonder Woman wouldn't make her first appearance until current year, right? Because this is all she would have known in the 50s. You right? know, when, when yeah, there was, she was no Wonder Woman 50s, as right? back then. Or exactly. Wonder or wonder Tot. <laughs> or Wonder Girl. <laughs> all of them. Or any of them. Or sometimes, sometimes on the same cover. <laughs> <laughs> now, that blue dress shade we mentioned earlier, her name is Blue, by the way. Sure. She starts crying, like cartoonishly so. Like there are literal streams coming out of her it's eyes. Like a, it's like an anime cry almost. Like you know. It is. It is. Now, Haps runs over and dutifully grabs a mop and starts cleaning the mess. Hey, wait a second. She's being domestic. Uh, that, that, that's like a gender role, damn it. Uh, now we get a glimpse of the psychedelic Paisleys. We've missed those. And then we notice that Cave Carson's cybernetic eye has attached itself to the wet end of the mop. It climbs up and bites, taps on the hand, I think. Yeah. Uh, before being injects, yeah. zaps, something happens there. Yeah, it, it affects her in some way uh, before dropping into the bucket. Now, after this, Haps heads down a hallway decorated with images of Wonder Wife and some, like, typical domestic situations. She's holding the dustbuster baby. She's vacuuming. She's wearing oven mitts. Uh, all the while making some I am 14, this is deep comments while she's walking down. Sort of mm. like, whoa, this is, you know, trippy. If only I had angst yeah. and poetry. <laughs> Garbage. Is that what I said when I was 14? <laughs> uh, at, the other, at the other end of the hallway is a chain shut door with the word danger posted on it. This is the closet where she would, she would return the mop. Touches the door, the chains and sign disappear. For a brief moment, she realizes something's wrong here, but the feeling passes and flies begin to swarm. Inside that, uh, you know, room, she dubs the pail, which is supposed to be milk or tears. I think it's milk. I think 
It's it's white, but she mopped up the tears. But maybe it's milk tears. I I don't know. Maybe the tears. Are the I'm just milk. I'm just disappointed we didn't see the X Men practicing in this room. At least we didn't have to see uh, the finger the finger milk tips from a mother. Yes, again. from mother partake. Save <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cave cybernetic eye crawls out of the mop and beams a picture of Wonder Woman onto her head, like the real Wonder Woman that we know mm. with the typical you know tiara and the whole thing. Uh, before she can come around, the third shave, this one named Love, embraces her and tells her it's time for milk. And so we join Haps on, she's lounging on a couch, having some milk and cookies, and she's watching a, a television program called Rita Loves My Life, which is uh, milk-themed, yeah. I guess, because okay. there is a jar of milk on the TV, right? Yep. Um, now, in the show, someone mentions honey. And we're not sure if they mean honey rich or is this just another milk and honey reference? I mean, does it really matter? Does it, is it no. going to is it going to help us understand this anymore? Either way, no. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. A paisley Rita Farr emerges from the television. At least I think it's her, and begs Shade to remember her heroes. So is this a honey rich I, nod? Then I really couldn't tell you. <laughs> oh boy. Thus produces a fourth shade. This one's wearing red and is really angry. Which makes me think she must have read this book. Um, <laughs> Wonder Wife pops back in with a bullhorn and informs the four. Uh, the five, there are now five shades. Ah, 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 ah. Uh, uh, I love the count shades. <laughs> One. Uh, <laughs> so we got a fifth shade, and she's wearing green. And her devi- her defining trait is fear, right? Yeah. She's hiding behind stuff. Well, or like shyness, which... Now that, I mean, all this is, you know. This is Herman's head. It's this is ridiculous. ridiculous. I mean, it's, yeah. it really is. And it's like this idea that, like, you know, love isn't, it, you know, anger is a feeling. Or, you know, it's like, it, that's, this is like such a ridiculous way to boil down human emotion. You know, it's like, yeah, shyness or fear would be a filth. Well, then where's the brave one? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. every, everyone has their diametric opposite. That's not, anyway, forget it, whatever. We're getting into <laughs> too much shit I, I am 14, and this is deep. Still. Yeah, this is really, uh, yeah. Now, Wonder Woman pops in, and she tells them that, or Wonder Wife, that yeah. she pops in and tells them about a women's rally. Uh, she also begins to show signs of assertiveness before taking in a finger full of milk and then, quote, knowing her place. Very subtle, let me tell you. Subtle or subtle. So now Wonder Wife and the Shades, which is a terrible band name, head down the hallway of Purple Prose, and the green scaredy shade, her name is Fear, by the way, uh, notices the danger door. And now it's covered in flies and maggots and the cybernetic eyes inside. You also get a glimpse of Megan and Loma's bodies with the disparate shade motional spectrum emerging from it them. This was very confusing because we know yeah. how it, Shade 12 ended, and we thought that mm-hmm. we'd put some of this away. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, maybe not. Uh, things begin coming together, and Hap suggests Wonder Wife take a look at herself, but she doesn't. She just flat out says no. <laughs> nope. Uh, actually, fight, it fights over the matter. Uh, the women's Instead, they load her into her station wagon and head towards the women's rally. Seems like Wonder Wife's coming around again, and unfortunately, we still have a bunch of pages to fill, so she takes another swig of milk. That'll do it. Yep, so we have more reason for her to be uh, placid. The mother's ra- women's rally is exactly what you'd expect to be written by someone who's at least two generations removed from the way women were expected to act during the 1950s. It is a very uh, pat and yeah. uh, one-dimensional. Ask me about my feminine agenda. The exact kind of thing, yeah. So uh, yeah. there it was. Uh, later, Wonder Wife and the Shades have a Tupperware party. 
Wonder Wife starts to come around again, even remembering Steve Trevor arriving on Paradise Island. She then recalls marrying Steve, who now has a carton of milk for a head. Wonder Wife struggles a bit and argues reality with the shades. She then opens up one of the little Tupperware uh, burp-sealed whatevers and uh, Cave Carson's cybernetic eye is inside it. Diana freaks out and grabs Haps by the throat. Then she remembers how she's expected to act and tosses Hap towards a wall. Still cracks the damn wall, so uh, there was a little bit of force behind it. So that wall is cracked, and then Shade tears into the crack. Cave's eye does some stuff. Yeah, uh, it's something... <laughs> This is <laughs> that really was the best way to describe it. Like <laughs> something happens and crack opens it or opens a dimension. I don't know what goes on there. And then like it, it, like I, I feel like I forgot my 3D glasses for some of this. But uh, <laughs> then Haps's head becomes replaced by the cybernetic eye, uh, and then she can finally see the whole truth inside that crack in the wall. Uh, she comes back out the other side. Diana punches her in the eye head, and then beats her with a vacuum. All the while, psychedelic paisley spill around everywhere. And then Diana remembers everything. Mm-hmm. And she's Wonder Woman again. And she and Shade head to the Milk Wars. And the end. That's it. I mean, you really get so little more Wonder Woman for a Shade Wonder Woman book. Yeah. Uh, the backup is more of the same kind of thing. This is a more of a commentary on the history of comics. Let me get into it. We need more of those. We it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, so not a big fan of this one, Chris. I get the idea. I uh, I know your score, so I'm not going to reveal it yet. But uh, <laughs> let it, what do you expound on your thoughts? Let us know. This book sucked. Uh huh. I I mean, I'm I'm not good at giving bad reviews, but I actually got angry at this book. This book was a piece of garbage. Yeah. Um, I could not imagine telling anybody to spend five. Do- I couldn't tell you to pick this up for a dollar. <laughs> I mean, the art is great. I'll give yeah. it that. The art is great, but. This is this is garbage. It's, it's it's like I know what they're going for here, but it's doing it in such a passive aggressive and too cute by half kind of way mm-hmm. to where it's not doing anything. It's like you know, I I like to think that people like a writer doesn't wake up in the morning and say I'm going to write the worst comic book I've ever written today. <laughs> but I I am positive that comic writers do wake up in the morning and say, "Hey, I'm going to write a book with a message today." And we get a message in this book that I don't think the writer has the proper context for. I I don't think I got what message, what that message is. Yeah, it's uh, quite so... frankly, it's you know uh, that these you know did, that the gender roles, the mid-century gender roles, were uh, created by unfair. Milton or I mean, I, I mean to be honest, it it doesn't even say that. I guess implicitly, it's unfair because Shade is under yeah. stress. Uh, and and again, like. Wonder Woman is not really in this book, as far as I'm concerned. She's like, she appears at the end. It could have been anybody. Wonder Wife could have been, you know, anything. Could have been been Superwoman from uh, Earth 3. Could have been anything. Could have been a whole brand new character. Could have gone Mm -hmm. a million ways. Wonder Woman is inconsequential. So I think the real story here is Shade having to compartmentalize her feelings. and, And that's the way things were, I guess, in the 50s is the implication. Um, I, I never saw the movie Inside Out, but is that the story of that? Because I don't that's, know. That's basically what we've got uh, here, right? But you don't need to do that now. And it was, you know, it was just it's something we've said now uh, going on to this, this the second book we've said. This didn't feel like a Shade book to me. You nope. know, Shade dealt with the, you know, 
coming of age of a young girl, and there was some of that too, and also of a young alien and all the other mm-hmm. madness going around. But it was fish out of water. Yeah, it wasn't without its its own commentary, but it had a context, and you felt like you were uh, growing to something. This feels like mm-hmm. something thrown at a wall, and it feels like the Doom Patrolling of this book. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Doom Patrol, especially under Gerard Way, but uh, you know, even going you know back to uh, other people's runs. They like tend to make these broad statements about whatever, even if they're not high political statements or artistic statements. They tend sure. to make a statement, you know, and that's what this book is trying to do. And it's like uh, just too much shitness, too small a bag. I think it's uh, yeah, it's it really good. it really was like uh, it, it, there was no there, there was no message. That's a, that's what I'm trying to say, folks. Unless there was unless, no story. I yeah, mean, it was just that's exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, unless the message is. Uh, you know, gender roles were stricter in 50s suburban America. I, you know what I mean? Like, that would be what but I came away like, with. What's the point? It, that, I, I mean, that, but you have to wonder. It's like, one, is this a weird history lesson? I'm not, I'm not really clear. So, because yeah, I mean, you and I, we, we host a show called The Cosmic Treadmill, but that doesn't mean we can actually go back in time and write <laughs> un, un, injustices, right? Right, it's, right, right. It's like, well, I mean, we get it. it. <laughs> that, that's you know what I mean, and it's almost and actually it's something you pointed out. I think in your written review hmm. is that the regular shade book has comes with that life and honey, life, yeah, life with honey, right? Uh, the life with honey backups, backup. which are you also know, commentaries on gender roles, but it's it's more satirical and tongue in cheek. Where this book was that angry. The, that has the context of being a show from the fifties, from the fifties, looking like I Love Lucy, and actually pulling out more little like you know atomic age shit that uh, you know that, that at least you let you know the context. This I wish I, I, I basically I feel like this entire comic takes place in one room. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, what happens? Like, nothing really happened. I don't understand. What, what were the stakes? What What was the motivation? And what did we learn? Milk makes you into, like, a weird mid-century, uh, you know, EC Comics version of yourself. And that's not good. Okay. I, I agree. That's not good. Let's end that. So I, guess, I guess that's where we're going now, Chris. But I feel like this was, the, this was one of the – and it's unfortunate because – this was our favorite book. Shade right? was like the old reliable of that the Young our, Animal that was line. Our young Animal book, and this. Yeah. But the heartening thing is that it doesn't feel like a, young, a Shade book. It feels it like it got Young it got Doom Patrolled, as we've been saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, the art, I got to got to give it high marks. The I mean, art was way great. different than Zarcone, but really nice. Or Zarconi, I might be saying that wrong. Mm. Uh, really nice. Um, it's funny though. We also said that the Paisleys kind of. I kind of had to get used to the Paisleys being a little bit different. You know, yeah. like used to being so, a certain yeah. way. I guess when you don't even know what they are, you kind of rely on them, a visual identifier, and then, uh, you know. So when they change a little bit, you're like, oh, okay, I got to. We got to. It's it's missing a little bit of the psychedelic charm that yeah. uh, Zarkon's work brings, but it's still it's still very very good. Uh, yeah. Definitely appreciated the art here. Well executed, you know, just uh, yeah. coloring yeah. everything. Uh, you know, I, I would definitely wouldn't mind seeing this person. On other books, young animal or otherwise, whatever. It sure. Is. Uh, maybe I'll even look uh, him or her up, Mirka and Dolfo. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Mirka's actually done some. Uh, it's a familiar know, covers name. Covers for DC yeah. recently, so uh, we'll see. Maybe you'll be seeing more of that. But why don't we reveal your score on the site for this? And uh, in your heart, it's my very first. Fu five. Whoa, he did it, folks. He got mad enough to do it. Me, I'm gonna pull off of that. I'm not mad enough, but I think I'm gonna go <laughs> in somewhat solidarity 
I'm going to go 5.5. And the only reason I'm going to do that <clears throat> is I can't give a fuck you to the art. I really can't. It's uh, No, the art was great, nice. but the... It did too much. It did. It was. Uh, it did all the heavy lifting, but the the story. The story it. is. Yeah, the story is useless. Uh, if you can call it that. If this book was three bucks, I mean, it's crazy because I would. It, just like you said, I would never tell you to buy this book. But at three bucks Absolutely. for the art, you might get me up to a six. You know what I'm saying? I really am. Sure. Such, I'm such a. I'm such a conniver that way. You know what I mean? It's all about the money with me. It's like, <laughs> but it really is. Like for, like don't forget, folks. This is a five dollar book. So $5. we're expecting something very special. And granted. It's not, you know, I think Chris and I had an idea this was going to be more of a crossover where, you know, people from the DCU could get a taste of Young Animal. Mm-hmm. It's not that, and that's that's not why we're mad, though. You know what I mean? That, no. That didn't drag, that didn't bring the score down at all. We see it for what it is now, and it really does seem to be, you know, let's let's show everyone how wacky we are. That's it. How yeah, very it's all, wacky it's and cool we are. So cute, yeah. Let's, uh, let's go shopping at Hot Topic. So... First, I have some good news that Chris does know, but then I have some news that isn't isn't really bad news, but it's going to be fun here on the Young Animals segment because I think it's going to make you very angry. Uh, the, good, the good news is is that Cave Carson has cybernetic eye and Swamp Thing uh, special number one is out next week. We do have our copies, so we can guarantee, and uh, that will be Milk Wars Part 4, right? Uh, then after that, we should wrap it up with the JLA Doom Patrol. Sorry, special number two. The news that I was that I really wanted to mention this week was that um, DC Collectibles put out their spring, summer, whatever the hell their next seasons of statuettes and toys, <laughs> and uh, there's a bunch of stuff. I you know as usual, Chris, everything on there you could care less about. They had they had a a line of Doomsday Clock toys. Like really, this is really. Do you realize oh. how annoyed people are that this thing got <laughs> delayed? You're gonna come out with toys. <laughs> you know, people get turned into effigies. Oh boy, but. The thing that really struck me and pissed me off I want to talk about here was that a special Batman black and white statue designed by Gerard Way is what? coming out this summer. That's right. A black and white, you, I mean, the black, just so they know, black, Batman black and white was a, first it was backups, wasn't it? Then it was its own series. Yeah. Uh, awesome stuff, really, for the most part. It's, it's really experimental takes on Batman, if you, people don't know. This is going back now. Ten or more years, right? Jeez, I didn't. Yeah, realize. no, the late nineties. I mean, wow. black and white, like they're old. Back yeah. a long time. So, uh, but now they kind of live in a uh, these statuette forms, and most of them are taken from the black and white stories. You know, mm-hmm. they'll have they had a Paul Dini one, they had a bunch of other ones, but this yeah, one, the Jim Lee one, uh, all sorts. Of this one actually might be also. I don't remember if Gerard Way wrote a story. I don't think he did for black and white, but he got to design his own statue, Chris. Also a Joker statue. That's right. I didn't even get to. He did a Joker statue, too. So, folks, if you want to know why your fucking Doom Patrol 11 got delayed four <laughs> months and, and Doom Patrol 12 got taken off the table, it was for these statues, the fucking asshole. Well, well let's, let's, not, let's not put the cart before the horse. There's also a lot of T-shirts going into Hot Topic. Oh, my God. You know, and uh, mixtapes well, and lunchboxes uh, oh, you know, and all sorts and of the great stuff that we're begging for. Big nonsense, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, I said, I, was, I said it was going to make you mad. I ended up getting madder than you did. You know, <laughs> you know, I knew what it was. But it really does piss me off. Like, buddy, why don't you get your comics done, and then we'll worry about your fucking black and white statue. And your mixtapes, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like, what the hell's wrong with you? And you know, and I'm telling you, I, I am 
I would I would stand up in court saying it's it's got to be Gerard Way because like absolutely all, all I see is Nick Darrington cranking out gorgeous sketch after sketch after sketch. Uh, he's doing the Mr. Miracle covers, and I'm telling you, the people are going to snap him up. Uh, people are going to mm-hmm. snap him up. DC's smart. They'll try to get Sign some more work out of him or something. exclusive yeah. or something. Uh, but I see him getting a lot of online love. Uh, yeah, he knows people, too. He's not brand new to the world or anything. Sure. But, uh, yeah. This, uh, this black and white Batman, it's no great shakes. Oh, it sucks. Uh, that, that's, not even, that's not even the issue. The issue, the, the issue of it sucking is not even the issue. That's not. I, if it was the greatest statue, I'd still be pissed off. Because that's you do that later. What are you, Jim yeah, that's, Lee? That's the curricula. Yeah. What are you, what are you, you? You take off. You take off. You know your your regular work so you can go design a fucking statue. Get the Ridiculous. hell out of here. Ridiculous. I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna drop it to a, an fu three now. <laughs> if there is such a thing. <laughs> Fu, fu, up yours too. That really did. That really did annoy me on a personal level. Uh-huh. So I was just like, you know, obviously, if Doom Patrol was coming out, even if it was coming out like slightly delayed, you know, I might be like, ah, well, you know, he scheduled it quarterly and still delivered it quarterly. I wouldn't be mad. I'd be I just could live just with schedule that. it. I could live with that. Yeah. I mean, you, you saw this week, uh, Newsarama did another, did another. Uh, Bad turn to Incredible DC. journalistic. Yeah, uh, saying piece, that, yes. uh, say that Doom Patrol is is uh, been resolicited four months late. It's not four months late though from this March. It's from four right months now. from when it originally was supposed to happen. Which, granted, is still very bad. But sure. we do still expect it by the now the end of March is instead of the middle of March. And and as I said to Chris this morning, if they make it in March, I will consider it a success a on that on that level. <laughs> Even if it's fucking March 30th, I'll be like, all right, well, you made it. <laughs> you made, even, not even Wednesday. Somehow you got the, the specially released it on the last day of March. Uh, yeah, so, uh, that, that I mean, I see that. I, I just wonder what the future of an animal is, you know? And frankly, if it doesn't involve Gerard Way, I think I'm fine with that. That's fine. I don't mind. That's perfectly you know, fine. Do you make your music and, draw, and make your statues. But, mm-hmm. you know. But let you, someone else write Doom Patrol. Let someone else write Doom Patrol. You took... You took one of our favorite properties and you yeah. basically farted it away. You know what I mean? Like, no. And, this is... all, and like I've said before, all it is is a tribute act to Grant Morrison. I mean, yeah. we can get anybody to do that. I'd almost you like and I could see, do that. I'd almost like to see someone come in and do a Kupperberg or Burn more straight comic style. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. I, so I, I mean, is, is is an accoutrement instead of the entire platter. Just something, you know. I'm 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 not saying taking from them, but just looking at it like that's the way that people always try to out weird everybody themselves. Exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, where would it go if you just, uh, you know? And I don't know. Whatever. I, I don't want to. I don't want to say what story would be correct because that's the unknown story, obviously. But. Uh, <laughs> I don't know this the way this the way it's all the delays you know the delays these things these stories are poorly paced they're coming down like a pile of bricks on a flight of stairs like I like to say yeah. or like something written in the dark or something and because <laughs> uh, because not all the concepts are bad I don't like no. this shit concept uh, in no, Doom Patrol dumb. right now no. I think it's stupid uh, I love the Dan the ambulance I sure. I don't really you know even though we bristled at Brother of Dot I didn't feel like he didn't earn it and I know I still feel that way. I'd like to see them, like the idea of him having a door. A lot of things I like. The little uh, gross thing with the uh, cassette player in the front. Yeah, the Fug or whatever, yeah. And like, that, thing's, that thing's gone now, you know what I mean? Like, we don't even yeah. we just see him kind of lurking around. Uh, but anyway, there, there's stuff in there, but it's not it's not being presented well, and that's a damn shame, Chris. It is. 
But uh, on that note, next week we are still looking forward <laughs> to Cave Carson. I should have done Cave Carson second. I should that was the good news. I should have said the good news for <laughs> we'll last week. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, next week we are going to come back for Cave Carson, a cybernetic guy, and Swamp Thing. I have not read it. Chris has. We won't be talking about it yet, though. We will not we be talking about. Don't it want to reveal the amazing or non-amazing things within. So I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. Got anything else for him? I'll whet their appetite a little bit. The Cave and Swamp Thing book, we might actually get a retweet from the uh, from the creator on that. I know we won't. Ooh, but we could. Shame. We uh, could. That means that means positive things, but uh, that remains to be seen. So if I, that... I, I could have very well given this a 10 out of 10 to get a retweet. But I, I you know, I think we might have to join the 10 out of 10 club. You know what I we mean? We might. We might I, if you to... can't beat them, you join them, Just right? join them, you know? And next thing you know, you'll have keychains, t-shirts, you'll be the, you'll be walking around the house. Finals, you'll be, yeah, you'll be, you'll be the uh, hipst- hippest hipster in uh, your house, I'm sure, you know, be- mm-hmm. between you and your, uh, your dog. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll never happen, folks. We're not going to do that. We'll, you know, no. we, we, this is, this is an ongoing discussion behind the scenes at Weird Science and among Chris and myself. And, uh, you know, when we... We score these things not lightly. You'd be surprised at how much talk goes on before Absolutely. numbers right. come down. Uh, you know, but we—it's not an easy ten out of ten like a lot of other. Places. Not at all. This is this is or an easy five out of ten either. You know exactly. It's not an easy. It's not easy to go low either. In fact, it's re- it's really easy to come in that middle about it's a lot seven. Harder to go low. Yeah. Sevens are really <laughs> sevens are great. Come in really be like ah, this was a comic, and uh, you won't feel ripped off at the end. That's basically what that number is. Um. Anyway, too much, too much behind the curtain. So, <laughs> until next time, folks. I want you to keep it young and animalistic. See ya. Number four, the last mail section of the night is going to start with Luke Hollywood. What's up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, Brandon, Trevor, Josh, Jeremy, Andy, Abby, and everyone else in the Get Fresh crew? And he asked for this, so forgive me. Ah, yes, that was a little loud. He <laughs> blew my ears out. Damn, that was one hell of a week for new books, and it's only Thursday? I'm slowly working my way through this week's books, but I wanted to give a special runner-up book of the week prize to Sideways Number 1. 
You know what wow. is number one. It's just number one slot is just taken constantly. Uh, I think these new age of DC books are hitting all the right notes for me. The concept of introducing new characters to the DCU excited me when it was first announced. And while I think DC have plenty of pre-existing characters, they should be shining the spotlight on before throwing brand new ones to the mix. I can also appreciate the fresh faces and interesting power sets. I think these books so far succeed in injecting a bit of excitement back into the rebirth books as they have gotten a little stale recently. That is true, Eric. I, I agree with that, and they are surprisingly better than I thought they would be. I, I actually know, was very worried. It's a little down for me, and I actually was really yeah, looking even forward that, to that book. Even that, though, I'm telling you, when we first, just to, to wrap it around, we ended up saying to ourselves, we had no intentions of talking nope. about any of these books on the podcast, and I'm glad we did, and I think there are enough quality to be on the podcast. It's just but. crazy to me because I wanted nothing to do with Silencer because it just seemed like, okay, assassin lady, whatever. But that one grabbed me more than Sideways did. Yeah, it did. It did. And uh, we liked Damage when it came out. I'm telling you, Sideways were, were not as hip on it. I think it was just a different way of setting that up well, than right what now, we were expecting. it seems expecting. like Damage is getting pushed harder than anyone else because we had Damage number one. We had Damage show up in Suicide Squad this week, and we have Damage number two coming out next week. Yeah, yeah. Sideways was probably my second most anticipated New Age title after the Terrific. Same with you. What about the Immortal Man? Ah, well, yeah. When's that going to come out? That thing's going to come out in 2040. And it didn't fail to deliver for me. That was the one I was most excited for. I'll never see that book. I know that wasn't the case. Also, that just seems weird to have these come out, you know, at different times. It's so odd that they can't get that Immortal, you know, going. I know that was the case. It should have come out, you know, Metal should have been ended already. So if Sideways tells you, yeah. you know what happened last month you know like when the, the gotham incident happened like it feels weird having that take place a month after metal when we don't even know what happens at the end of metal it does it's almost as if it's damaging yeah! must be dark matter <laughs> you know what these books no i'm not gonna hit it i'm not gonna hit it again eric i promise you never again will i hit that CSI deal. I want to give a shout out to Hussein's review for the book on the site. I don't think he liked it as much as me, though. Ha ha. Hussein made some great <laughs> points about the similarities in Derek to Blue Beetle and Spider-Man. I bet Eric Shea appreciated that. Did you, Eric? I was hoping to. I'm not trying to put Hussein on blast. They started but I talking really... about those text messages in them YouTubes. They got yeah, me right out yeah. there, Jim. He, I, I hope he isn't putting Hussein on blast. I don't think he would. I'm not yeah. trying to put Hussein on blast, but I really enjoyed the book, especially the kick-ass Roquefort art. Told you, K-Rock. it's very divisive, going back and forth. K-Rock. I think Hussein hit the nail on the head when he said he was looking forward to what came next for Derek. Yeah. Uh, you know what came, comes next? Geometry class, Derek. That's what seems to be coming next. That's I think just this numbers book, and nap during nap time. I should have hit the CSI again. I think this book, like most of the new age of DC hero books, so far has lots of potential, and I really hope the creative teams can deliver and that these new characters can establish a decent readership and hopefully stick around for longer than a trade or two. Now, so. I will uh, drop a little knowledge bomb on you, which you oh. probably already know because people were talking about it in the Slack chat. Uh, but yeah, the Dan DeDio is co-writing sideways and there is talk that grant morrison is going to be jumping on that book so that'll be even and better I'm out. that'll be even better for you i read a oh 
Here's the best. I didn't read ahead. I read a Dan DiDio, Mr. DC, interview about the book, and he mentioned how Grant Morrison will be jumping on to write the book with him after the first couple of issues. See, stepping on the Hollywood kid's toes. I, I, what I you should doing? end up. I should end up reading these ahead of time. It really would help me out. It really, really would. I told you in the, in the news podcast, I'm talking about uh, the new Doctor Who book. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we just saw the new, uh, what's it called? Like the, the reborning. Uh, what do they call when they change him? Reggie had no idea. And then the next sentence says, the regeneration. Just I'm like, I, all I had to do was wait one sentence. I had to open my mouth. I'm I know. It's like what I was waiting to find out. Like I was trying to figure out what Telos' real name oh, was. And I did the Telos book. And all I had to do was flip the page and keep reading. You would have like, had it. I got some clues here. Yeah, I'm you go went hours. Do a bunch of research. Hours God, of research. Damn it. Oh, my goodness. Just to find Rx Son of Thunder. I know old Grant generates a lot of mixed emotions in the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop. boop. And we ain't so hot on him after Wild Hunt. Uh, some people aren't. But I think yeah. the wacky concept of sideways powers and the dimensional rift thing could be just the right fit for Morrison, as usually works best with the quirkier stuff. Time will tell how it all pans out. Let's just hope it doesn't get delayed like everything else seems to be these yes, days. Sir. LOL. And it's so funny to me to think of the idea that Grant Morrison, he's off doing his heavy metal uh, magazine, he's editing that and stuff like that, and that the reason he would fully come back to DC is for sideways? That seems weird. Plus, I I know that this doesn't sound, but I I don't want him writing a younger character anymore. I I don't know why. It's just, to me, it just, I I don't know. I don't know where I'm getting at with that, but it just seems odd. There's a lot of other writers, like a Kyle Higgins, that I think would do good on that uh, sideways. Christos Gage? Uh, a Tom Taylor, Christos Gale, and all these guys uh, would be something I'd like more than Grant Morrison. But, you know, we, we have our ins and outs with old granny boy, old Morrison there. Don't forget, Green's Light, see you on the sevens, your boy from Leak Slip, XO, XO, Eric, XO. Man of War. See you on the sevens. See you on the sevens. And that is the Hollywood Kid. The next mail is from Ray. And Ray Ray says, Jim and Eric, are, are we being too hard with the delays as fans? Are we just justified in our frustration? What do you say, Eric? I say we're justified? justified. I think so, too. Are there personal issues or are the other things going on that could explain the delays in the book? Sometimes there are. Actually, hey, uh, actually uh, Mr. Miracle, I think, had a month delay because Mitch Gerard's wife had a baby. So there there you go. You have How these things she? pop up. I know, really. Uh, I have just jumped on the reading uh, comics during Rebirth. I'm aware delays happen, but professionally, it seems things are hectic at DC Comics. And really, delays do always happen. A lot of times, they can kind of... You know, kind of you know, avoid the spotlight with them. All of a sudden, a book will come out a week later. You don't really mind. You don't even know. Uh, we do because we're used to a set number of books that come out. You know, when we have uh, Harley comes out the same week as Aquaman, when Reggie does his I'm books, just saying, things though, like in that. In my mind, it all just leads to bad planning because they had like, you know, what the whole idea of what they wanted to do for the New 52 and then even for Rebirth going into this where we have this background of like the doomsday clock. It seems like all yeah. of this was supposed to be set up for a long time, even metal at this point. It should have all been like done already. So the yeah. idea of delays at this point is to let me know that it's bad planning and shit is happening on the fly. And it's going to lead to poor storytelling. 
Yeah, I actually, the thing that also gets on my nerves with this, though, is the fact that pretty much when Rebirth started, their main goal was to never have delays. And now they are having delays. What I was going to say, yeah, and what I was going to say, at one point, you had, you know, some things. I I said uh, the end of the button story, that flash uh, issue, that was delayed a week. You have these things happen. You're like, okay, that sucks, but I I get it. And then they caught up with that month's annuals week where they threw a flash, got him back, you know, in uh, congruency with the rest. But with that, all these delays are just hitting one after another. I mean, you can't go a, a week without hearing about four delays, and the two biggest events are delayed. That is nonsense. That is complete and utter nonsense. But he does say, uh, now I'm, I'm on my soapbox, Eric. i got to find my way here. It just happens that the tweets I've been reading from some of the creative teams behind the Metal and Doomsday books, that these books are being finished as the series are still going on. Why is this? Now, some of them are longer series. The, uh, you know, Gary Frank doing the art on Doomsday clock yeah they're not completely done all the issues at this point uh because of the length of that but they had a long time to do some things beforehand you almost wish that they would have done that uh this seems unprofessional and sloppy where's the map or outline of the events now again you also have one of the main guys uh jim lee who is notorious so he's running you know part of the show i I can't imagine that he will ever say anything to anybody about delays can you imagine he goes to you and says hey by the way yeah this is bullshit that your book's delayed two weeks two weeks batman all-star batman and robin now get the fuck out of my office that's all i'd say furthermore how (laughs) can mug at him (laughs) fucking throw just my my whiskey bottle at him right upside his head Go and have yeah, another kid. You became a real drinker when you started writing comic books, Jim. I, I'm telling you, I think that he has more kids than me, so I could even throw shade at him about yeah. that. Furthermore, how could things change this much from the start of the event? I want great stories. I want stories that are interesting and intriguing enough for me to read again and get others involved. I can't yeah. explain Doomsday Clock 1 to 3 to my wife because it doesn't make sense to me. And she would look at me like wrong turn, looks at Eric when he forgets punchlines to jokes, Eric. That, that's also uh, – she would also say – when are you cooking me that goddamn dinner you promised me? That's what she'd say. And throw a whiskey bottle ahead. Ray, see, it happens. It, it works out all around. But maybe jokes are here. Yes, but maybe jokes aren't for Wrong Turn and Doomsday Clock and Metal aren't for me. Uh, maybe I'm not seeing the rapture and thrill that the others are, but Doomsday Clock has not caught my attention or hooked me, and neither did Dark Knight's Wild Hunt. I, yeah. I will say – Doomsday Clock intrigues me less than that Wild Hunt. The Wild Hunt, at least there's something going on. I, I didn't like every bit of it. I See, thought I'm it was more poorly intrigued set with up. Doomsday Clock right now because of what it like, you know, it kind of promises going forward. And plus, it's still at the beginning of its series. Metal. I'm telling you, quarter of the way done, we have got nothing from Doomsday Clock, nothing to even sit there and make me think. I mean, the biggest thing that I see people, it's the whole idea that we might see one of the Jokers coming up and that Jeff Johns promised that three Joker deal and this is his story. Uh, I'm not intrigued by that. I could care less. I really don't care what's going on in that book at all. And now it's delayed. So there yeah. you go. I, I I don't really care. I cut my books back because I couldn't continue spending on stories I didn't care about. So guys, is it so. me or am I a weirdo not following the pack of champions, these subpar books and delays? 
You I, are I think a weirdo. You're justified, but you're also a weirdo. <laughs> no, as well. he's a weirdo. Don't worry he, about it. He writes in to a nine-hour podcast. That that's just that's first <laughs> sign of being a weirdo. Thanks for all you is guys. A, is that do. like a sign of gonorrhea right there? That is a not symptom? a sign of gonorrhea. That's just a stage one of craziness. Is listening to the weird sounds the podcast, Eric. There you go. Thanks for all you guys do, and that's from Ray. And Thank you, Ray. 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 Uh, the next one is a Jeremy, and I believe this is the last mail. And if you are keeping track, this is Jeremy's second mail, yeah. and he says hello, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop. buddy, boop, buddy, poop, poop. And he he actually did a written version of the what? <laughs> ship, ship. Two emails in one week. I must be on half term. I don't know what that means, but all right, baby. <laughs> I think it means that he's half crazier. Actually, it's a school uh, school uh, terminology there. Well, I'm listening to the old Just for the Hell of It podcast. Uh, it's the Top by Frenzy that he's listening to, huh. uh, one that I enjoyed. It is a great show for a variety of reasons, not least Reggie's incredibly cool, laid-back delivery as he knowingly winds Jim and Eric up with his suggestions. A key <laughs> example is – Top five cakes, an inspired choice of topic, and one which has prompted me to respond with a belated list of my own. And he's going to go on with this. And I it's did funny, say, he brought this up because when he when he mailed in, you talked about. It. I'm like, the yeah. fuck is top five frenzy? Yeah, I have yeah. no recollection of. And ever then I, I let you know. And I said, this is one of the podcasts that I actually enjoyed and would love to do it again for the necessary nonsense. But I think I put it up one other time as a choice. I don't think it got a vote. And I think it's a weird one because that just throwing top five frenzy, nobody knows what that is. And uh, it's a weird explanation. So I'm going to explain it now. Yeah, it's basically that me, Eric and Reggie, all each of us come up with. 10 top five lists that and then we just rattle off things, crazy things, things that you could not have a full podcast on, yeah. but are cool lists because me and you love top five lists. So we're yeah. going to go into Jeremy's top five list of cakes. And now remember, Jeremy is a classy guy. He likes classy cakes. No as pineapple you upside down cake going on here? No, and that's, it's funny because I thought, I think in that podcast, I yell and scream about the pineapple upside down I think cake. You do. And, uh, with that, it's the first cake I thought of uh, when I read this email. <laughs> I couldn't remember because I don't like it that much. It's a very messy cake. Delicious. Yeah, yeah. Number five, Battenberg. Eric, Battenberg. Oh, yeah, you, Battenberg. You, you that's like that's Battenberg. not a country. That's a cake. That is a cake. I don't know if you do Battenberg in the States. If I did, I'm not telling my wife. It's a square cake featuring four smaller squares of pink and gold sponge arranged in a nice diagonal pattern, all encased in marzipan. I used to hate it as a kid. But as with lots of things, this is the same kid who thought Jack Kirby's art was nonsense, remember. I was stupid, ignorant, and horribly wrong. There you go. You you love (laughs) Great with a cup of tea. It now reminds me of a Friday tea times with my late grandparents. A classy cake. I will tell you, I will never ever in my life eat cake with tea. I think that's nonsense. And anybody who dips a goddamn fucking donut in their coffee, I'll slap you. Delicious. I think, that, I think that's – and it's so funny. I say that legitimately. One of the biggest you know, coffee-making stores is named after that whole process. Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> I, oh, I think it is – I'm drinking a Dunkin' Donuts coffee as we speak. I'm not dunking no donut in it. That's nonsense. It's complete nonsense. I hate it. Okay. Number four, and, and Battenberg cake does sound a little too fancy for my liking. Number four, carrot cake. Again, 
Get out of town. Hated it as a kid, but damn it, do I love it now. Who knew root vegetables could be so tasty? Just like that potato cake, Eric, that we all know and love. Potato cake. Uh, uh, One thing I liked uh, or didn't like as a kid that I do like now uh, was toothpaste. I I didn't like that as a kid, Eric. It led to a lot of problems with me and and my dentist. I, I would actually choke. And my mom had to go out and get like this weird flavored toothpaste because for some reason I did not Double like the, and it was like that, but it wasn't even that. It was like grape or something. It was something all messed up. Yeah, it was really messed up, but it didn't have that taste like that. Though my brother would sit there and just eat the toothpaste out of the tube. He would well, squeeze Steven it. Steven has some it. problems. He does and continues to. Uh, number three, red velvet cake. Rich as anything and mind-blowingly awesome, and that is one of the top cakes. It's a little too, it's a little <laughs> it's a little too rich for me. I can't eat a lot of it. I'll tell you. And uh, our local donut shop, not Dunkin' Donuts, Eric, the local deal, does Yum. have a red, red velvet cake donut that looks like it is probably the greatest treat that you could ever have in your life. I get one bite in and I am so sick. It's so rich that I can't take it. Number two, coffee cake, walnut optional. Great with coffee, oddly enough. Again, coffee. Uh, I like coffee cake. We have coffee cake muffins downstairs that are okay. I don't mind. Number one, white chocolate cake. Tesco's Tesco's do a white chocolate celebration cake, and it's like crack, or at least what I imagine crack would be like if it was moist, spongy, and covered in white chocolate icing. I'm telling you, Jeremy, you you just nailed every crack that I had. Uh, It's always spongy, moist, and covered in white chocolate icing. Obviously, I have no idea what real crack is like. Uh, (laughs) He says that, and then goes on to say it again, obviously. Uh, Yeah, it's funny – do you, you don't really like white chocolate, right? We talked about this a bunch chocolate. of times. I liked it at one point, and my mom I, – I told this story a million times that for Easter, my mom would continuously get me a white chocolate Easter bunny way past the time that I liked white chocolate. And uh, it, I, she would just give it to me, and I'd go and throw it away, just like the yeah. cakes and treats over the fence. And then, But I would just sit there, and for the longest time as a kid, I just – why is it called white chocolate because i just assumed chocolate meant brown and it always blew my mind honorable mentions too eric victoria sponge cake you like that right i do like sponge cake i don't know about victoria's but i do like a sponge cake strawberry shortcake it's okay sometimes i don't have that a lot it's like me and a uh like a banana split you know it looks great but i'm never gonna go with it yes french fancies you know the you like fancies? you like them French fancies, do you, Jeremy? And angel cake. I, I think I was on Chatterbait watching a French fancy one. French fancies, Eric. French fancies, and ain't, I, I think you might have seen somebody by the name of Angel Cake as well. Uh, they get very uh, into the next on the staging area. Angel Cake. There you go. That's it for me for now. I'm happy to report that my wife's uh, my wife has modified a recipe for green smoothies. Although they still look like they're composed mainly of grass cuttings, they now actually taste pretty good. Switching just, water. J- Jeremy, Jeremy put a picture of these freaking green smoothies on the Slack yeah. chat. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing to yourself, buddy? Oh, he, my God. Don't drink that. He's eating switchgrass. Switching water for apple juice and throwing in some grapes, lemon juice, and ginger seems to have done the trick. 
I'll take your word for it. I remember at one point I was eating this powdered green drink, and it was one of those, like, back in the day, you couldn't even get it to dissolve in water. You'd, you'd fucking put it in the blender, all the shit to do it, and it would still be this clumpy shit. I swear it had the fucking tree bark in it. It was the worst. I couldn't even take it that down without almost gagging. But you know, I was Why were be, you drinking this? trying to be in shape at that point. And it was something, it was like any time back in the day that I'd hear any trend, that yeah, any trend trend that hit a fad like before it becomes really big i'd always jump on so i'd always overpay and then go with the non-perfected method of it and uh yeah that that was me uh but he says all the best jeremy now uh speaking of jeremy we're gonna go off to we're gonna go off to both uh jeremy's crossover corner and vermilion's visions and then right after that finish up the podcast with two books Hello, 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 and welcome back, Weird Science listeners, to Vermilion's Visions. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in this week, and I want to give a special shout-out to the Get Fresh crew, whoop, whoop, uh, and especially one member of the Get Fresh crew, one Mr. Luke Hollywood, the Hollywood Kid, for recommending this book to me this week. You guys all should know what it is just based on that. It's going to be Transformers, The Last Stand of the Wreckers. Uh, It's five issues long. It's written by Nick Roche and James Roberts with art by Nick Roche as well. Um, So I guess, for starters, I should admit that I do not know shit about Transformers apart from the movies. And really, mainly, only the first couple of those Michael Bay movies, even. I never... Played with the toys much as a kid, and wasn't into the lore and the stories of the figures. I didn't watch the animated shows, and I've never read any Transformers comics before this. So yeah, like I said, I don't really know anything about the Transformers. Uh, And this book doesn't really hold your hand at first. Um, It throws just a shitload of characters at you, and you kind of just have to, to run with it and learn as you go if you're not steeped in the Transformers history already. Now, I know it sounds like I'm talking shit on this book already, but I'm not meaning to. All I'm saying is that for someone like me who knows little to nothing about Transformers, it's a little hard to get into it first. That being said, I do always enjoy trying out new books and different stories, Uh, so I'm going to save my judgment for the end of this review, and instead, let's just go ahead and jump right into the first issue. Uh, So the book starts out three years prior to the main story on the planet Garrus 9, which serves as an Autobot prison where they hold Decepticons prisoner. Uh, It picks up right in the middle of a battle with the invading Decepticons who are trying to free their people, except they're not really with the main group of Decepticons. They're actually an off-branch of Decepticons that don't follow Megatron anymore. Uh, But anyway, Fortress Maximus is the Autobot in charge of the prison, and he, he obviously wants the Decepticons repelled, 
but the leader of this invasion is a Decepticon called Skyquake. Soon, uh, another Decepticon overlord shows up and demands to take over as leader from Skyquake. Skyquake objects at first, and Overlord simply just destroys him with one blaster shot to the head. Overlord and the Decepticons make pretty quick work of the Autobots, honestly, and they take over G9 for themselves. Overlord frees the prisoners and offers them to stay on G9 with him instead of, as he says, bowing to Megatron's wishes. Instead, they set up a planet that will be used for hunting captured Autobots for sport and to gain prestige. Uh, he starts by throwing Fortress Maximus into the pit of former prisoners and letting them pretty much rip him to shreds. Now flash forward to eight months before the before the main story instead of three years before, and there are a new group of recruits about to join the ranks of records wreckers among the Autobots. On a fuel stop, uh, the recruits Pyro, Iron Fist, Guzzle, and Rotor Storm are pretty much making just a giant fucking mess of everything as they test out their new weapons that they just got. Uh, the bot currently in charge of them, Dipstick, is pretty happy to get rid of them when Ultra Magnus's ship shows up to take them to become full-on wreckers. Uh, once they get on the ship, they are greeted actually by a human girl named Verity that says she has been a valuable part of Ultra Magnus for a year um, and that she has actually talked to Op Optimus Prime. As they are getting acquainted with Verity, the big dogs come in. You got Twin Twist, Cup, Perceptor, Topspin, and the man in charge here, Springer. Uh, Springer explains to the new batch of soon-to-be wreckers that their first mission is going to be cleaning up Garrus 9. Apparently, prior to this, the Autobots were betrayed by one of their own, and ever since then, they have had a pretty rough go. They were nearly exterminated, but they are determined to, you know, kind of regain some ground, and that starts with the Wreckers and starts on G9. So now there is a quick flashback to two years ago, and the Decepticons on G9 are playing Hunt with one of the Autobots. Uh, they do manage to pin it down, but instead of immediately eliminating or restraining this Autobot, they play around and it actually gets back up and starts to attack one of them. Overlord steps in, shoots the Autobot, and then executes the Decepticons that, that were kind of just fucking around. It's a pretty good scene here to show Overlord and just how brutal he is. He demands the best out of his Decepticons and wants to turn them all into Predators. Up to this point, 19 separate characters have been named in this book, and I haven't even mentioned all of the names so far in this review. So like I said, there are definitely a ton of characters thrown at you straight away and there are even more to come in this first issue uh, so back on ultra magnus's ship iron fist had mysteriously blacked out during springer's talk iron fist has a nickname uh, which seems a little bit insulting the way it kind of comes off that the way they're saying it uh, but it's actually just an alias of his it's physitron and apparently He's kind of a, a huge fan of the Wreckers. He, he wrote a bunch of Records declassified catalogs by requesting access to a ton of data from, from High Command. Uh, he wasn't given everything, but he did get a lot of the info, so he kind of became, became a big deal as, as his, his writings spread, shed a lot of light on the Wreckers. 
Uh, Topspin and Twintwist are a little flattered to learn that they were actually under the classified information that wasn't given out, uh, but they, they just ask Iron Fist to stop digging into them because when it comes down to it, they're just two more soldiers just like he's about to become a soldier. So meanwhile, Springer and Cup talk about what's been bothering Springer. Apparently, the former leader of the Wreckers, Impactor, was close to Springer when when he quit. Impactor ended up breaking the law and ended up imprisoned on G9 and was there when the Decepticons took it over. Uh, so now, just for a couple pages, we're going to head back to G9 real quick. About a month before all this, an Autobot called Kickoff was forced to fight another Autobot in front of Overlord and pretty much kick the shit out of this other Autobot, honestly. Even when the other one asked him to stop because, you know, he was an Autobot, Kickoff simply told him that that doesn't mean anything here anymore. So after this quick fight, Overlord has Kickoff join him in his quarters to choose a reward for his victory. And now back on Ultra Magnus's ship, the Wreckers are heading to G9 when a Decepticon dropship enters their flight path. When they come up on it, they see that it is, it's nearly completely destroyed and there is pretty much no activity coming from it. The Autobots have all their weapons trained on it, and as Ultra Magnus tries to reach out to the dropship to contact it, it explodes kind of mid-sentence. They think they're, you know, they're clear to proceed, but someone made it out of this dropship in time and is headed right for them. They are about to blow whatever it is out of the air, out of space. They are in outer space. I don't know what to say, but they're about to blow it out of the air when they realize that it's Impactor, their former teammate. And that's actually where the first issue ends. Impactor flying towards them is the cliffhanger of this first issue. And the rest of this book pretty much just follows the Wreckers as they try to take back G9. You learn more about Overlord and why he doesn't follow Megatron anymore. You learn more about pretty much all of the different Wreckers that are involved here, especially Impactor uh, and Springer and Iron Fist. You definitely get to see a lot more of their backstories. And yeah, that's pretty much what this book is about. The, the Wreckers trying to take back G9 for the Autobots. Um, it's a little bit of a confusing timeline for me. It jumped around quite a bit. You know, just in this first issue, we were three years ago, eight months ago, two years ago, one month ago, you know, now. Um, so there's definitely a lot of different timelines timelines going on here, and it's, it's hard to keep track of them sometimes. Um, I like the art quite a bit. Now, like I said, I don't know a whole lot about the Transformers, so... It was, at times, it was a little bit hard for me to tell which Transformer was which, you know. If this was an Autobot or a Decepticon, especially in the middle of fights. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily an art problem, or it might just come down to me not being very steeped in, in Transformers. I don't have very much experience with Transformers, and absolutely none in comic book form, so... It might just be something that you have to get used to, kind of looking at robots instead of people in a fight scene and figuring out who's who and what's going on. Um, so that did cause me a little bit of problems, but I don't want to blame any of that on Nick Roche because overall the art was really good. Um, and it was a fun story. I, I did have a lot of fun reading it, and the story itself was was really good. It was, it was, it was enjoyable. It was, there was 
there were twists and it was just a well-written story there were just so many different characters along with the jumping around timelines you're jumping back and forth between different characters and it's a little bit hard to keep up with if you're not familiar with any of the characters or familiar with any of the the backstory going on um, it probably would have been better if I knew about the Transformers continuity because I'm sure it seemed like there were there were hints and nods to other stories uh, in the Transformers universe in here that have been told before and it would have just been nice for me I guess if I could have could have picked up on those those hints and those nods I think that would add a little bit of something for somebody that has read other Transformers stuff uh, but when it comes down to it you know like I said, it was a really well-written story, and I did have quite a bit of fun with it once I kind of sorted out the different timelines and the different characters. So I guess I would probably, I'm not going to be quite as high as what I'm sure Luke Hollywood would give this, but I'd say I'm right around like an 8.5 out of 10 for me. Like I said, if you're somebody that is is better with Transformers, you have more experience with them. It might be a higher score for you. Um, this is just coming from my perspective of having not watched the cartoon or played with the toys, really, or definitely haven't read any Transformers stuff before this. So not knowing a whole lot about it coming in, um, that's where I sit at an 8.5. So I think just knowing that, that shows how well-written this is and how how good of a story it is and how entertaining of a story it is. It just wasn't necessarily for me right yet in my comic career but like i said if if this sounds interesting to you if you're interested in the transformers if you've read other transformer stuff in the past definitely give this a shot because you know the hollywood kid was not lying when he said how good the story is and how much he enjoys this because it is really really good so definitely if this sounds like something that interests you go check it out definitely recommend it to everyone out there but that pretty much wraps things up here. So if anybody wants to get into contact with me, give me some book recommendations. You can follow me on Twitter at Vermillionaire3. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to me talk about Transformers this week. And definitely want to remind people to go over to patreon.com slash weirdscience and support, support Jim and Eric and Reggie if you can. They put in so much work for the regular podcast, but there is so much more that goes into the Patreon you get so many extra shows and it's really really worth it if you can support them for all that they do uh, so go check that out but that pretty much wraps things up here so i want to thank the hollywood kid once again and i'm gonna send it on back to jim and eric with and i'm gonna steal the hollywood kids sign off here xo 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 so Hello and welcome to uh, another edition of The Wild Storm. Uh, this time we're looking at The Wild Storm Michael Cray, issue 5. 
Uh, it is, of course, written by Brian Hill with Warren Ellis. Uh, there is art by N. Stephen Harris, Dexter Vines and Andy Owens. Colours are by Diablo Kelly. Uh, letters are by Simon Boland. It's published by DC Comics and the price is $3.99. Uh, what happens when you cross the Wicker Man uh, with Jaws and set the resulting hybrid in a world where DC's best-loved heroes have become dark, psychopathic versions of themselves. If, like me, you've never really thought to ask that question before, uh, tough, because you're about to find out. Um, yeah, this is this carries on, really, the, uh, the sense that this is a, a comic series that has found a formula that it thinks works and is hammering it until it breaks and my my concern is uh as it has been for the last couple of issues actually uh is that the formula isn't that good and the cracks are already beginning to show um this is especially true in this issue which is which is a which is a real shame because there's there's some real potential in this issue and uh, allow me to explain what I mean by that. Um, we start off with a very, very atmospheric and sort of genuinely creepy scene. It's about three or four uh, pages long and it's set at night. Uh, it's in a remote uh, area of New Zealand. Uh, it's by... Uh, it's by the, the, the shoreline there. You see a house, a sort of an old grand house, sort of perched on a, uh, on a rocky cliff's edge. Uh, and next to the, sorry, on the balcony uh, of the, the house, there is a, a well-muscled figure who is taking his shirt off and he dives into the sort of raging sea below. And we assume that this is Arthur Curry. This is, this is the first problem that we have with this. We assume it is Arthur Curry because we have already been told that it's Arthur Curry. Uh, we saw Arthur Curry at the end of issue four. Uh, he was in a, uh, a tank surrounded by bits of dead people and, uh, he looked like I don't know, he looked like something from the creature from the Black Lagoon or something like that. He, We've already been told that he's been experimenting on himself. We get a little bit more information about that. The, the problem with this is is that if you have been following this, this story, the tension about who and what Arthur Curry is, what he's doing, is kind of drained away here. And you're left with an, an admit, admittedly quite suspenseful moment because you, because you see, uh, having seen him dive into the, uh, into the waters below the cliff's edge, you then see, uh, a woman, a young, well, I presume a young woman. She's got sort of, you know, flowing dark hair going into a boat on her own as she's surrounded by other villagers. Um, I mean, it does look like a, a, a scene out of the, I guess, early 19th century, maybe even even earlier than that. Um, the, the sort of rustic cottages on the shoreline and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and everybody seems to be wearing uh, the kind of clothes that you would expect from, um, from sort of a 17th or 18th century uh, sort of time period. Um, and and they're kind of watching her going into the into the water. It's all very, very there's no no dialogue at this point. It's all very quiet uh, and eerie and mysterious. And then uh, both the people on the shoreline who are holding sort of flaming torches uh, and the girl 
start to chant and it's you know they, they talk about sacrifices they talk about bounty uh, and and so you get this kind of wicker man kind of feel to it that this is this is sort of a a, a kind of sacrifice to appease some kind of god um who is going to sort of you know bless them with uh with with uh, with a rich harvest of presumably fish and we do in fact find out later on that um that they their sacrifice does in fact uh bring quite expensive and rare fish to their their shores which they can then sell and make money and keep themselves going you then get uh the boat being attacked by sharks these are rather energetic sharks and they're, they're quite happy to bite through boats and which is which is what they do there's three or four of them in shot and um she basically gets eaten uh, you actually see her get eaten which is uh, unpleasant but you also see a um a hand come up out of the uh, out of the water it's a webbed hand and um, this presumably belongs to our renegade sort of Arthur Curry Aquaman type person, and um, he he pulls her under the water, and you just see sort of various severed bits of her, you know, in the uh, in the panels afterwards. It's all rather gruesome. Uh, the artwork's not terrible here. It's not great either, but it's not terrible. Then you see curry kind of as a as a sort of spiked so he's got like like spines on his shoulders come up out of the water onto the rocks and and uh he's telling the sea creatures to feed and presumably that's what they're doing then he goes back to his uh the house on the uh on the cliff which is his home and you see him kind of sit it, it it's kind of there is a, this this sort of it's like a throne. It's like a, a, a sort of seat that he sits on, and um, it's it's kind of styled like a throne. And he raises a glass to a portrait on on the uh, the wall above the mantelpiece, and he says, "Father, we are still kings." So the kind of the the idea here is that he is uh, just like like our Arthur Curry is the king of Atlantis this guy believes that he is and we later find out that he's from a whole line of people who believed that they were descended from Atlantis and uh, there's no actual evidence that Atlantis exists in this world um, so th th this is presumably some kind of delusion but he has actually begun to experiment on his body to recombine his DNA with uh, with animal DNA and he's he's gained kind of these powers as a result um, so there you go the bounty comes in the following morning there's all sorts of fish and what have you on the shoreline and uh the the, the mother of the girl is kind of being comforted by the elder of the village and um you know he kind of says yeah i know it's it's tough that your daughter's dead but hey look at all these dead fish isn't it great and uh she seems to be okay with that so there we go. Um, San Francisco is where we return to next, uh, and that's where Michael Cray and um, Christine Trelane are. And it, it, we've seen this kind of thing before. It's it's this kind of uh, I said in the review that that Michael Cray 
uh, the book has decided to follow a particular formula, and the formula is that of a uh, of a kind of investigation sort of procedural. So essentially, what you get is you get um, a setup like we just had there. Then we get uh, some background information. Uh, Cray is given his mission by Trelane. And then Trelane, uh, then Cray goes off into the field and uh, and kills whoever it is that needs to be killed, which which is you know I, I, I said in a review on the site that that's not an unreasonable approach to take. The problem is is the the limitations of that approach have become very evident, and um, when you're dealing with uh, a story that is essentially uh, well, it, it's an opportunity to examine. Uh, some of the myths of the, and when I say myths, I don't, I don't mean sort of fictitious things, but I think you know um, stories that have accrued uh, a certain amount of uh, of kind of power and influence over, over the course of the last sort of seventy years or so, and, and and certainly the kind of you know the background of Arthur Curry is is certainly one of those myths. I, I, I would suggest you know this idea of um, of a man born to you know, to essentially sort of mixed race, so sort of half Atlantean, half human. You know, a, a man who is kind of conflicted about that, and and you know, as we've we've seen in uh, in recent issues of Aquaman, uh, he's been deposed as king, and he uh, is kind of struggling with the implications of that, and, and all that kind of stuff. That that's interesting, and I think bringing that myth is sort of looking at that myth in a different way kind of reworking that myth that's that's interesting the problem that i have with all of these with the oliver queen the barry allen and now the arthur curry is that it it's far more interesting to me than it appears to be to the writer because because i think i think as far as as, as i can tell the notion of kind of bumping off these these versions of the dc uh, characters that we know and love um, is there to provide kind of the impetus for the narrative, but it isn't interesting enough to keep uh, to be explored in any great detail. And I think that there's there's I have issues with that. Um, and 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 it's not that I don't like Cray as a character. I, I've said this before. I do like Cray. Um, it's just that in this particular issue in particular, he's not really very interesting and. Arthur Curry is. What I'm trying to say is that in choosing to um, to look at these DC characters in a different way, those DC characters have cons- to me. It's anyway. I, you you might feel very differently about it. I don't know, but to me, those DC characters have much much more weight to them. Much more, and they have much more kind of kind of impact to me than Michael Cray does. And so, so, so you're introducing some quite, you know, really kind of big names, as it were. Oliver Queen is a big name. Barry Allen is a big name. Arthur Curry is a big name. Not as big a name as Clark Kent, but bigger, I would argue, than Michael Cray. So you you bring these characters in, and then it's just like two issues, bang and done, and that's unsatisfying for <laughs> for all sorts of reasons. Throw in the fact that, that you've got a repetitive structure and a repetitive structure to the stories, and you end up with with a with a series that is is in danger of, of falling very very flat, uh, and that is a concern for me.
Uh, anyway, we've got Trelane. Trelane tells us everything we need to know about Arthur Curry, apart from how to kill him. Uh, which presumably Craig will work out for himself. I mean, there are another six, seven issues or so in this series. There's a nice kind of bit... There's a, I was a little bit scathing about this scene, actually, but there is a nice little bit of back and forth between uh, Cray and Trelane. Uh, Cray quotes Frankenstein at her, which is, which is pretty cool. The Curry lineage believes they are descendants of the original Atlanteans. They made millions shipping tea from India to the West. But their true obsession was unlocking their divine connection to what they believed was the most superior race on earth. And so there's a there's a photograph, quite an old photograph of them, uh, of some members of the Curry family wearing weird robes and stuff. They believe they're the descendants of forgotten royalty. They call themselves the Lost Kings of Atlantis. And she goes on then to say, you know, uh, the Currys passed down their work from generation to generation. One generation thought it was a matter of spirit. Another believed it was blood. Then they realised it was genetic. Um, and so there's this notion that that their their royalty sort of should manifest itself physically in their bodies is kind of what's driving Arthur Curry to do what he does apparently. So again, that's that's quite an interesting idea. And this bit annoys me <laughs> because and 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 I think well, we're five issues in, so so let let's deal with this. Cray's team that he assembles in issue two. Um, who are they? Uh, it's Victoria, Leon, and the other guy. What do they do? It's a really good question. For at least, well, for in issue two, uh, Victoria saves his life. Uh, in issue three and four, they don't do very much except sort of hang around and decide to be bait. Leon draws a gun on Michael Cray uh, in issue four, so that was the last issue, and Cray dissolves it with his gun-dissolving dissol power. Yeah, he, he decides to just to take Leon and leave the other two at home. Why? Well, Trelane says don't use him as bait, that's a, that's a waste of resources. Now, to be fair, he doesn't actually technically use him as bait. But nevertheless, that that is how Leon ends up at the end of the issue, and we'll 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 get to that in a moment. So he's taking Leon now. Here's the thing: this is a guy that uh, that Cray had a kind of uh, a spat with um, last issue, uh, and it was it was a disagreement over over the over the the plan that they were going to use to bring down Barry Allen. Uh, Leon is a bit of a hothead, it would seem, from the meagre characterization that we've had of him so far. Um, and uh, he pulls a gun on Cray. Cray obviously doesn't. Cray obviously doesn't like that very much. And uh, as I said earlier, he he dissolves the gun. Now he's taking Leon with him. Now this this to me, he's taking Leon to a remote part of the world, New Zealand, right? Not only New Zealand, but a, a remote part of New Zealand. So you'd think, okay, th there's an opportunity here for for characterization. But for a bit of kind of a bit of conflict, a bit of understanding what what the where these two characters are coming from and and what their background is and 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 how they're going to relate to this and work through it and there's nothing there's absolutely nothing they they arrive uh, at this place in New Zealand by seaplane they're posing as scientists um I said in the inter in in the article um. I said in a review on the website that uh, Leon says a grand total of zero words. I was wrong, actually. He says one, and the word 
is Harvard, uh, which is when uh, when the elder of the village asks uh, asks these two who are pretending to be scientists where they're from. Uh, Leon says Harvard, and the elder says I've never heard of it. Um, Michael Cray and Leon don't have a conversation in, in, in this comic. <laughs> so what? What the hell? <laughs> uh, they don't have a conversation. Maybe they're going to have one later. So there's there's virtually nothing here uh, in in terms of characterization. Um, there is a lot of conversation, but it's it's between the elder and Cray, and the elder kind of. You know, we, we we are given some some important information to be fair, which one of which is to do with this uh, this fish um, that 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 visit this this remote beach, uh, and they it's a, it's a, it's the rarest. It, this is what he says: is it's the rarest breed of arowana. That one is worth. Uh, we call it the godfish. That one is worth fifty thousand dollars. And so Cray says, "Well, arowana don't migrate this far." Uh, he says, "Each year they migrate to us. We have a we have a, a holiday. The harvest has been thirty years now. We you know, you just missed our last harvest." It's like, yeah, but you did. And then he then Cray starts asking about the house on the uh, on the cliff edge. We get some backgrounds, the curries. Apparently they came from Britain in the 1500s, which is is really interesting because Abel Tasman uh, was the person who discovered New Zealand, and uh, he did so in the 17th century, not the 16th. So I don't, I don't know. I, I'm going to say that's a, that's a mistake, uh, which is mildly annoying. But anyway, there we go. Basically, uh, the elder leaves, and then Cray... Um, is left on his own, and then suddenly these masked men burst into the room. It's all—it's all a bit jarring, to be honest with you. I mean, I mean, this this bit is done okay. It—it's it, a—it's a reasonable uh, fight scene. There is a moment actually where Cray looks like he's about go, about to disintegrate the sword. Uh, there's a sword hanging above the uh, above the fireplace, because of course there is. Um, cause I, <laughs> Is that's what you do. do? Do you not have a sword hanging above your fireplace? I do. I have two. Yeah. So there you go. Can I just say no? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really don't. If I had something hanging above my fireplace, it wouldn't be a sword. <laughs> I might go for an axe. An axe could be useful. Anyway. Um. It looks like he's going to disintegrate the sword when he reaches for it, but he doesn't. Uh, and I don't know, I don't know what to make of that. Whether that's like a deliberate thing or it's a it's a coloring mistake. I don't think it is a coloring mistake. Actually, it, it must be. There must be a kind of deliberate thing to. It. A anyway, Cray uh, dispatches his attackers reasonably well, and he does so. He does so with a with a cigar in his mouth. He's he's got this sort of big badass cigar he's wearing like a a, a, a very um thick uh jumper uh and he's wearing gloves um um and um he he kind of he he does look pretty badass actually to be fair um and he's there must be about four or five of them i think and he he dispatches them all pretty easily um and the elder shows up again 
he stabs somebody in the head, which is always it's always good to see. It comes out the back of his head. So he he asks where Leon is. He says, "Where is the man I came with?" And the elder says, "It's too late. What is done must be done." And the next thing we see is that he is uh, Leon is in a boat, and he's gagged and he's bound, and there are sharks swimming around the boat, just as they were circling around the boat uh, of the the woman uh, earlier on in the issue. There's an, I suppose, from a purely from a purely structural point of view, there's a nice circularity there. The only problem is, we don't care about Leon. We we don't know enough about him to care about him, uh, other than he's a bit of an asshole, uh, which isn't, you know, that's not a trait that you want somebody to have that that you want the reader to care about. <laughs> I just, it, it's a weird issue. I, I, I can't get my head quite round some of the creative decisions that are being made this issue it's just a bit odd it is not it's not terrible but it's not great either i said on the slack chat i was very close giving this uh, a fuck you five um which i think probably would have been a bit too harsh i i really did i gave it 5.4 in the end um, the, the problem that we've got, as I said earlier, is it's just too repetitive in terms of structure. It's The artwork's not great. The artwork is not great. I've, it, it is, it's functional. Uh, the, the, the fight scenes work fairly well. Um, but the, yeah, it, it's not great. I mean, I mean, the, the the first couple of pages are quite nice and atmospheric, but when you get into the bit where the the, the girl gets sort of dismembered by the sharks, it's almost sort of uh, painfully bad and and I don't know. I it, it it's it's not great artwork. End of story, really. And and in fact, it's not a great series. I I, I think it, it's too. The, the the big thing for me is it, you, you've just got lots and lots of really kind of interesting ideas that aren't properly followed up. I, I don't know what we're going to get with Arthur Curry uh, next issue. Um, it kind of makes sense that... Well, to be absolutely honest with you, no, every single every single time in, in issue one and issue three as well, um, you keep Cray away from the, from the main bad guy. Uh, until pretty much the end or near the end. In fact, it hasn't even happened here at all yet. Um, and so, so, so everything is set up in this first issue. Everything is kind of leading to that that confrontation. Um, and in order for the confrontation to kind of make sense, we are told stuff about about these characters, which means that we don't really get invested uh, in the notion of Michael Cray uh, tracking them down because it feels like a lot of the work has already been done for him. And, and, and I, I know that's that's kind of the point. The point is, is he's the person to kill these people, and I get that. But from a narrative point of view, that's not very satisfying. I think I think the, the, it would be better if there was some kind of investigation kind of element to the story, so that that there was a sense of, or that you know maybe Trelane's information was actually wrong <laughs> on some level. I mean, look, she she makes a kind of thing here, going, you know, maybe he's 
maybe he's uh, he's done these experiments successfully, and maybe he hasn't. Maybe you know, but we kind of know that he has. We've already seen him. I mean, this is I can't get my head around that last that last page at, at at the end of of issue four. It's like okay, you you just you just taken whatever you know sort of mystery there might be around around Arthur Curry there's no there's no you know in this issue he shows up and he's he's in a few panels and, and the art the artist kind of makes a makes it makes a a a very kind of uh concerted effort to sort of to 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 keep him shadowed and 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 to keep the kind of um the extent of the experiments that have been done on his body uh, to keep them hidden. What, what's the point? We've we've seen it at the end of of issue four. We've we've seen it full on. We we know exactly what he looks like. We know exactly um, what the modifications are that he's done to his body. We can see it. Anyway, this is a, it's a frustrating series to review. Actually, it really is because this should be better. And 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 I it's funny. I'm way behind listening to the podcast. I just listen to myself wax uh, enthusiastically uh, about issue one in this series. And I, I'm just like I'm just shaking my head here. Like okay, <laughs> I think I think so many kind of elements have been introduced that are not, just not working as well as they could. I think that the, the team. Is not working as well as it as, as it could because we don't understand who these characters are. We don't really care about them. We're not given enough uh, to to care about them. The the, the whole sort of um, the formula is is just it's so obvious. And what once you spot it, uh, once you spot it, it's it's like oh okay here we go again. Oh look, there's another info dump. Oh look, there's another uh, section of um, our DC named you know, villain uh, doing what he does to prove how terrible he is and what have you. It, it's all, it, it's the same. It, it's all the same. And and there's very little variation on any of it. And it, and it just, it, it kind of upsets me. Because, because, because to be honest with you, the, the idea of, of, of this series is so good. It, it could be so good, but at the moment it's just kind of meh. out of 10 do better next time maybe maybe next time will be great i i I have no idea it 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 is it's not beyond the pipe bounds of possibility for the creative team to turn this around but at the moment they they just seem to be very very satisfied with just telling these kind of self-contained stories um with you know using these dc characters and using them in a very kind of in, in a fairly sort of repetitive way, and I, I know there is some variation, obviously, in the skill set and the power set and what have you, but it's the same kind of thing happening over and over again, and, and after a while that gets tired, and I think we're at that point now. In fact, I think actually, to be honest with you, we were probably at that point last issue. Uh, there's no Doctor Shahi this issue either, and and, and which actually made me realise that she's easily the most interesting character in the whole comic, um, which is. That's also a bit of, not that I don't I don't it's not that I don't like Michael Cray I do I think he's great but he's he's one of these kind of self-contained uh, heroes that that don't really give much away you do feel a certain sympathy for him but there's there's not an awful lot of characterization going on here there's not a lot of characterization going on full stop 
but the, the the stuff that does interest me is the Dr. Shahi stuff and her relationship with Michael Cray. You don't get that this issue, so never mind. Righto, I will hand you back to the uh, boys in the studio who doubtless are reviewing things much more interesting than what I have just done. So that's good. Uh, if you're interested in following me on Twitter, though Lord alone knows why you would be, but if you are... Uh, at door jeremy is the uh, is the twitter handle to follow uh and you can also check out my my blog which i actually i, I put on a a non weird science dc review uh last week uh i wrote a review of elves volume 1 which is a very nice kind of nice looking um french comic uh, which I picked up in a sale on Comixology a while back, uh, so that's that's up there. Um, but you can follow my my blog, which is uh, com. and you can follow me on there. And uh, if you do, thank you, God bless you, and uh, I will see you next week. Next week is the final instalment of Wonder Woman and Conan. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to that. That should be awesome. Join me for that. Uh, in the meantime, have a fantastic week, and I do mean that. I'm back at work uh, after the half term uh, this week, so hey. <laughs> there's excitement. Uh, but I hope you have a good week, whatever you do, and uh, I'll speak to you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Now here's Eric, and he's talking all about DC. Now here's Eric, and he's talking all about DC. Eric Shea will throw it down, his reviews are strong and sound. His scores are much better than Jim's you'll see, he will tell us all about DC. So tell us all about DC. Eric Shay. Eric Shay, there he is. Wee! We have a couple books left, two books left, Eric, and usually that spells disaster for yeah. these books. Uh, that's not exactly the case here uh, because of the two books, one is a surprisingly good read to me. What book is that? That book is Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, number 19, written by Julie Benson and Shauna Benson with art by Raj Antonio, Marcelo Maialo, and Seda Tamafante. Batgirl's been moonlighting as Oracle, and with that, she's, hack- she's hacked into Calculator's program, allowing the Birds of Prey to take down more cri- criminals than ever before. Too bad that she's been keeping a secret from the rest of the team because when Calculator found out about the hit, the hack, he sent an assassin robot after our crew so that he could find out who Oracle is, which got their former associate Gussiel killed for keeping the secret. With Gus's death, the birds of prey not trusting Barbara, Batgirl decides that Oracle is more trouble than it's worth and destroys her software. Yeah, it's funny too because when when you read this – issue and when we read anything and it's something where like this sort of thing happens you, you sit there and think like 
okay, what's the plan here? What are they getting at? Like, is it that they just want to get rid of Gus so that he can't come up later? Like, because I think that might be part of it. Like, he is, well, right is now, a Right now, in my mind, end. he's just a red shirt. He actually, I'm like I'm telling you, I was all about the stakes, I guess, this week in books because, like, we had an action comics and then I read this one next where people are just fucking dying left and right. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? He was there as cannon fodder. He got killed. I'm like, you just up the stakes and back yeah, up the I know, birds of Yeah, I prey. know he's cannon fodder, but the problem is, is he's basically out there and knows their secrets. Yeah. So at any point, you'd There's be sitting there thinking like, uh, yeah, you'd be sitting there thinking like, uh, you know, if Gus, something to me is going to happen down the line. If this book continues, the sales aren't great. Uh, but if it does continue with the Bensons on it, something has to be coming up where there's the whole deal. Because even with, you know, uh, Jim Gordon's here out of nowhere and he wants to know how to use computers and things like it just seems weird. But also then you sit there, okay, do they want the team to be pissed off at each other and not trust Barbara? And where are they going with that and stuff like that? So actually by the end, I'm intrigued to see what they're doing. Uh, and I got to see a book that mentions catfishing twice, Eric, and basically two panels. But you do have this deal where Barbara is hacking into the calculator's, you know, deal where he is almost has a, I don't know, would you call it like He's a Craigslist of, of villains with info, you know, like how she hacks in. It's almost like this network that she gets in that they get a hold of him. It's like the eBay of supervillains yeah. where he is selling it's Craigslist because then you have to go yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It does seem like Craigslist or or Grinder, Eric. But yeah, yes. basically, she finds out what's going on. She sends both uh, Canary and Huntress there to stop it. And at I, one I, I point, would, I've been thinking about it too. I actually spent way too much time looking yeah. at it because while she, you know, is catfishing this villain, yeah. she's going by the calculator, and the villain's freaking handle online is. Dancing Hot Dog 92, and mm. we get to see the villain that she sends uh, Huntress and Canary after. It's, it's like a, a fish, fish man. Yeah, it's like a catfish where they even say, and then you get such things as, hey, I have one, one on the hook. Man. See that, Eric? It's prime for that one. Yeah, all of a sudden out of nowhere, they're like, oh, fish villain, okay, get out the fish talk. We got one on the hook. The thing is, like they are, this this book is usually so over the top joking. Yeah. I think it's really subdued this issue. Yeah, and I, I don't, don't mind. mind like it. They, they throw a little one liner here and there. Like, yeah. you know, it's not over the top. Yeah, I'm looking now because I didn't even pay attention to. No, and really, here's the thing: they have the clock tower. Where it starts, where Barbara is. Usually it's the clock tower, but time is of the essence. You know, they always have this little, you know, this little being clever. No, they don't. I Uh, even wrote in my review that it seemed like the the Bensons are writing this issue like they have something to prove. They're fucking pulling their A game out here and making it a serious kind of book. Yeah, and I've liked it. Uh, I've liked it. It's not one of those where I'm giving it tens, but usually when this comes up, I do say, you know what? I kind of like it. It's kind of my almost like my goofy little book that I want to have there and be nice to and whatever. Uh, this issue is pretty good. I like Rose Antonio's art here, and you have Raj. this whole idea. You, know, you, know, you say it wrong, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, you have this whole deal. Uh, I think it's Raj. I think it's Roger, probably, or something. But yeah, she's basically breaking the law doing this and then tries to justify it to herself throughout this, saying, well, I'm a vigilante anyway, so and I'm already well, breaking the, thing the law. Is, even when Huntress and Black Canary bring it up later, like, you know, breaking the law, don't it's like, yeah. you're goddamn vigilantes. You're yeah, breaking you are. the law every and fucking she, night. Says that to herself. The the funny thing to me is, 
is that they just go to it. I, I really wanted more of this like, hey, Barbie, like, right again. What are, you, what are you, Nostradamus up there? Boy, you're really knowing where to go here. And I like to where she gives the thumbs up to the computer screen. <laughs> they, they act like, I guess there is, but they're looking off into the distance. Like, they, you know, she's like, good work, you two, or whatever. And I think that it's a funny play here because it does seem to be a setup from the beginning of, oh, you know what? I think Barbara's back to being Oracle. This is more Oracle yeah. stuff. And even, you know, Jim Gordon has to use the computer. He's he's old there. He doesn't know how to use these things. He's like, oh, my, my computer's eight years old. I mean, well, they just try to make you update. And he has to go over and work See, on, the, you know, the Barbara's thing with deal. The, like, you know, Jim Gordon's computer that Barbara goes to work on and even bringing up Poison Ivy over at TerraCare still, you know, reminding mm-hmm. people of this whole thing but it's showing yeah. you with this whole oracle program and a catfishing calculators program yeah. she's got a lot of free time on her well hands. that's what i'm saying it really seems to be pushing like you're like okay you know what? Time on our yeah, yeah. the whole thing is a lot of people love oracle now here's the thing too it's funny because the time in her hand she really doesn't use to do much except more oracle stuff it seems but uh, with that, a lot of people want Oracle back. A lot of people love Oracle and are still mad that the New 52 took away Oracle and brought back Batgirl. And this is a weird I wasn't switch. until Batgirl at Burnside. Yeah, and this is funny, too, because you're getting that, like, oh, my God, maybe she's going to be Oracle until she isn't to the point where she destroys everything and, like, nope, no Oracle for you. Uh, but John in and that, John. Yeah, and in that, you know, she's going, she goes off, says, you know, bite or dead. She helps him with the computer and then heads over. She's got time, so she goes yeah. over so uh, to like Terra Gordon Care. Queen Energy has taken over Terra Care and yeah. put po- Poison Ivy in charge. You know, you got to check in on freaking Pamela Isley every now and again. Yeah, yeah. So and she goes I, over with Bat. I think it's so funny that we're talking about this though, because yeah. Tom King coming up has a Poison Ivy story where it yep. seems like she's a straight up villain, where she just takes over the world. There is, there what is no quid pro quo going on because no. the Bensons have done their best to incorporate Tom King's continuity into their own book, like Selena, you know, being engaged to Bruce, yep. even bringing bringing in Gotham, Gotham Girl, Girl during the manslaughter yeah. arc and now they have Pamela Isley they've been using she Pamela Isley her. for a long time now as a hero yes and now Tom King comes out nope I'm gonna use her as a villain fuck you and this is and yeah and with this it, it's like that What's extra deal it's so weird because it's like this is thrown in because you have Barbara go over give her bat burger so there's yeah. another one that they're throwing in there and uh it says yeah you know what I got to keep looking cuz you know she's redeemed but you never know and yeah you never know because they know down the line that they were they were going to get screwed with because it, it seemed like at one point you almost even had poison ivy on the team I'm telling but, you she isn't one of those uh like a, a not, I'm trying to think of the word like uh, a pseudo member of the birds of prey yeah, when she's yeah. called upon she comes and acts yeah and so now that's all going to be screwed up. And she starts talking about, like, the research she's doing and things like that. The best thing here is there is a little hint here of too much time on your hands is when Barbara goes back and then starts drinking. She pours a glass of wine. Huh? I guess it's time for wine. I don't got anything better to do. I'll tell you, the best part, dude, she pours that line, like wine about how she has so much time now. Did yeah. you ever think of the freaking uh, You Only Move Twice episode yeah, of Simpsons yeah, where Marge yeah, pours that's like, what it seems like. Yep, Mar- I, I was drinking one glass a week. Yeah, yeah, that's what it seems like. But yeah, she has some time, but she's also going out and kicking ass as Barbara as well. But this is the problem is she's hacking into so the calculator time. deal. Yeah. 
Kind of a girl, I guess. Yeah, and this is she goes out to do that. The birds of prey are on the scene, and you know they're taking down everybody. The calculator now is pissed and figures out that Oracle has you know went and hacked, hacked and so sends out burn rate. Uh, like a Android type deal uh, to go and wreck house and to find out who Oracle is. And, this and is actually the worst part of the like, not the worst part. It yeah. just didn't make sense to me that a like, calculator. He's an information broker. That's the that problem. Seems to be go online and, and find he, us. He builds a robot and yeah. creates this AI for So me. weird. Going a little too far Yeah, you now. could just go online and figure out, you know, look up IP addresses and things. You don't have to make a Android robot that goes and shoots fire because his name is Burn Rate. Though he's okay. Actually, and they say her later on. So this yeah, is they do her say robot. her. They say her. I would I call say. call it it the entire yeah, time. No, I say robot. Nah, to give I'm a robot you. a gender. I, I, when I see a robot, I don't see gender or color or creed or race and nothing like Good. that, Eric. I, thing to do. I am colorblind when it comes to robots. And uh, basically, they're fighting this robot that is, you know, scanning them and, a la and when Terminator. And to people too, right, Jim? Yeah, that, that okay. is true. Right. That is true. I hear that's not always a great I'm thing. Say, all of a sudden, you're throw... just not racist against robots. No, it's just robots. It's just robots, Eric. I can't say anything else, uh, you know, beyond that. But robots, I, I just accept as robots. Uh, what happens, though, is this burn rate's going around and taking out you know basically calculating uh 22 percent that you can be oracle and trying to find out and it leads you know to who gun. oracle is i know that gus might be knowing but goes to gus's calculator <laughs> calls me burn rate but i go by vicky his <laughs> i am here his name is calculator the last night i turned him upside down and spelled boobs but yeah, uh, you have uh, this. Ah, uh, ah, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, that is a joke. L O L. There you. Go. I talk like all the kid robots down at the rec center. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Can you give me a malted oil bath, please? Is this thing on? <laughs> Try the bean dip. Ha ha ha! I am now the stand-up comedian robot. I don't know. <laughs> Another bit that's going on. If you don't start laughing, I'll really show me you. I'll show you me uh, killing on stage. Uh, uh, you are going to be dying out here. Uh, here is the punchline. Boom! Right in the face. He uh, goes. Uh, uh. He goes to the door. And, oh, this is like a computer thing. I'm going through the back door. But he goes and knocks on the door. Actually, like I did last up. night. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. We don't want to talk about that. That is a forbidden interface. You, you have it where he actually, <laughs> when they fought the birds of prey, uh, she ended up pretty much seems like she recorded uh, Barbara's voice and then uses it to get Gus to answer the door. Knocks on the door. Which I'm telling you, the thing is, the whole idea of you know calculator building burn rate felt odd to me. Yeah. When we had you know the birds fighting burn rate. And then them getting away by just throwing a sm like a smoke grenade out yeah, so they could actually grenade. try to escape. All of a sudden, Burn Rate just being at Gus's apartment just goes really to Gus. Yep. And then later on, after Gus is dead and the birds of prey show up, Burn Rate's just gone. I thought she was yeah, dead gone. until the end. Yeah, yeah. And there's Burn Rate that goes and attacks Gus. And basically, you know, they, they're all fighting. It ends up shooting Gus and then saying, like, Gus, 100% Gus knows who Oracle is. Yeah. Though really doesn't get much info because uh, he's like, he's not going to give it up. And then she will him. not give up the goods. Epic Burn. That's what she says. Right. And then uh, the, I didn't realize that I had razors for feet. <laughs> I'm telling you, out of nowhere, it's some crazy ass Holy feet shit, going I on. just saw that. Yeah, you see time. that? I didn't get that. It's like, I look kind of like Eliza in the Supergirl book. 
But yeah, the, you have this where nobody gets it. Yeah, no, just disappears. Error. The, if somehow the canary cry errors out, burn rate and, and, and burn I thought, rate goes. I thought burn rate was destroyed at this point, but like you yeah. know, and nobody like the birds of prey don't do anything at this point to try to like su- like subdue or secure burn rate. She's just gone until yeah, the end gone. when it sees that she's actually you know uh, going after a um, a parole officer at yeah, the end yeah. for the cow. Yep. I'm like, why is nobody dealing with burn rate? What, Canary, you are not the only one who cries. I am a crying robot. I can Why learn. was I programmed to feel pain? <laughs> why did you program emotions calculator? Why, why? There you go. And scene. These calculations the seem to end. be off. <laughs> two plus two equals one. Two go. plus two sad. minus one, one equals broken heart. No. One, one <laughs> is in fact the loneliest number. <laughs> it basically goes off. Gus. Dies. So every, everybody's pissed off that Gus died, yep. all because Barbara Gordon was keeping the secret behind their back of her Oracle activities and actually hacking in the calculator system. So they leave all pissed off at her, and they're fighting like, yeah. Canary is just you know freaking uh, rage dancing. I think yeah. in a warehouse. Yeah, yeah. And like, She's just dancing he, around, shooting out. Seems, canary cries. It seems to actually lead to Huntress going and visiting her mother looking for yeah. a second chance. Yeah, and again, it's like one of those that you see somebody die and it kind of makes you think about things. And yeah, and then Barbara says, okay, all this shit, it's all because of Oracle. I shouldn't, you know, all this stuff's my fault. So gets a hard drive. You know, she's going to dispose of the hard drive with a sledgehammer. She, yeah. she needs business. She gets a sledgehammer. She's taking it out on that. And it says from now on, Oracle is dead. Uh, in the meantime, you did have Gus uh, give her that key. You have a, a couple things there going on. Yeah, nobody on. talks about that key. Yeah. She just hands this key and yeah. then we move on. Don't do yeah. anything with it. Yeah, so we'll see. And she does have it at the end. She's just sitting there with it. So yeah. We'll have to see what's going on with that. Uh, in the meantime, you do have the calculator having uh, burn rate there. And then again, uh, burn rate not really camouflage. Uh, a, no. a flaming robot. Bitch, bitch robot's on fire. <laughs> she is. She's walking around. I am on fire. <laughs> That's all she says. Do you think I'm hot? Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh, uh. Space cadet. Yeah, where she's control all sexy. <laughs> she's peeking out from behind a tree on fire. Oh no, the tree's on fire now. <laughs> oh no, I stood where, too close. Where there's smoke, there's me. But yeah, she's looking at this uh, this crazy thing with this parole officer thing. The parole. Larry board. Watson, the parole Larry officer. Larry Watson, parole board judge. Judge, jury, and executioner, and then you have Huntress going to talk to her mother, who happens to be in prison, so I don't know if this is a connection that maybe her mom is up for parole and this is going to be the way he tightens the screws. I don't know. It's very odd to go, let's hang out, look at a parole officer, and then the next thing is you are reminded that uh, Huntress's mom is in jail. It's very weird. It's very, We're it all in a prison of like- our own making, Eric. But yeah, it doesn't I, I don't seem know like how, uh, Fini- what the hell, how do we pronounce Finice. her name? Yeah. It doesn't seem like Fenice is getting paroled. Going to be getting like, out. All the time in the world in yeah. here, baby. Yeah, all I the know. time in the world. It's just yeah. so weird, though, to go from a parole officer and basically calculator like, huh, my plan's all coming to fruition. Good work, burn rate. To, uh, you know, stoke the fires. What, like, what is this, though? Do you think that, you know, this Larry Watson knows who Oracle is? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
I don't know. I just think that calculators spend a lot of time and money on this burn rate and needs her to do something uh, More to, than justify just find out Oracle is. to justify it. You know, he's there and she's on fire. She's burn rate. It's funny too. Like, did he end up making the female robot? And saying, you we know, know what? what you know what? Are you, uh, I am not a pleasure bot, uh, no <laughs> matter how many times you ask. No, is is it the thing like he's making this robot? He gets done and says, you know what? You know, it'd be a pretty cool thing. I'm going to have her look for Oracle. I guess I'm going to call her burn rate. And then because of that, add a couple extra things to shoot flames. Or yeah. is it that he was making it? He fucked up. This robot is always on fire. He's like, fuck it. I'll call it burn rate and pretend that I meant to do it. Yeah. You know, it's one of those. It's a flaw that ends up being a feature. I yeah, just want to know. Never wrong. Yeah, which is right. Which is the uh, chicken and the egg here uh, with burn rate. But it's just there, there are some times where things just aren't very practical. And a robot that's constantly on fire to me, not very practical. No. And the calculator, he, I, I don't know. From his name, I think he's a guy who he calculates things, Eric. Where is this calculation going down? That must be new math. Uh, it just, it, it's funny though, but yeah. And, and Gus really liked the name. Yeah, that's like one of his last things he says. Burn rate, pretty cool name. <laughs> you are right in that. Your calculations are correct, Gus. That is 100% correct. Yeah, so I, I did like it. I, I like this issue. And no, I, I really like the art in this issue, and I think the weakest part of it is burn rate because yeah. she just keeps hopping around and just doing whatever, <laughs> it makes me and it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, but I gave this laugh. a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 as well. And, and uh, even with that, I might have given something like a Birds of Prey like a, a 7.5 in the past, but I really do think that yeah, even I with like burn rate that this is one of the best issues the Bensons have written. That is correct, and, and with that, I like the art, and what I get out of this book is – I get a Batgirl that I like. Uh, yeah. The regular Batgirl, Hope Larson's Batgirl, I just – I can't get into that book, and I do like Batgirl. I, I know well. our joke is that I don't like strong women characters, but it is funny that besides you know Nightwing, maybe Barry Allen, a lot of my other favorite characters are the female characters. Batgirl's one of them, and you just don't get to enjoy her that much, and I enjoy her in this. And I actually enjoy Canary and uh, you know Helena as well in it. Yeah, so I, I do like it. I want this book to be really good it's just it's struggled for a while they really the benson seem to kind of be learning on the job i think they're learning though i actually they are learning robots eric they have learned they're using tools now and using their head to not make it so jokey like you said it this is a straight up you have a, a goddamn murder in here uh, that's yeah. big for this book so yeah i was happy with that we're going to finish up the podcast with a book that I was not so happy with, which continues. I wish Burn Rate was in this book because then I'd have some fun. Just League of America, number 24. You see how down I am now? You, you don't I, realize that it's Burn Rate's just one of her names. She's also known as the Might Beyond the Computer. Oh, I am the Might Beyond the Monitor. Yeah, you have Justice League of America number 24, written by Steve Orlando, art by Neil Edwards, Daniel Enriquez, Andy Owens, Hi-Fi, and Clayton Cowles. We end the Might Beyond the Mirror story, and after all the setup, this was a waste of a story, a waste of an ending, and a waste of $2.99, Eric. This is easily the worst bi-monthly book, and I wish, and I wish, actually, I wish that the uh, Queen of Fables could come, and I'd grant a fucking wish. She could give me the wish. This book will never existed. I wish it would get canceled now, so I don't have to read the next hand full of issues but then again i'd miss out on angor and lord oh, havoc God, eric and who wants to miss out on that 
But really, the biggest problems with this, before we jump in, is basically this whole book was wrapped around and retrospectively, and you know, in retrospect, it was made into a book that was based on This Might Be on the Mirror. We were told as it went on, even though it didn't jive with the timeline of Not the book, all. that it was uh, The Might Be on the Mirror that caused Batman to form this squad, to form the Justice League of America, because it'd be the only thing that could fight the might. And that's nonsense. That's not how the book started. Nope. We we didn't even get that for you know issues in, and then all of a sudden we got these wishes, and it was all this. Um, oh, they might be on the mirror. But all the setup, which probably around twenty issues, it ends just by ending. Yeah. I mean, it ends with basically, I'll say, Killer Frost just deciding, not on my watch, and then in one panel, killing Freezes off her to death. Yeah. the Queen of Fables. And with that, I'm like, really? that this All this nonsense that we've dealt with, and that's all you're going to get. Now, in the meantime, the last couple issues, a cliffhanger, then last issue, and now this issue, you have Promethea. And this caused a lot of controversy because Promethea is a, a J.H. Williams and Alan Moore Alan character. Moore, yeah. Uh, that they Steve Orlando did not ask them if they can use. And again, this is more of an etiquette thing. Uh, obviously, it went through the lawyers and you know legal, and they said no, no, we can use that character. We we own it now. Uh, but he didn't do what you're supposed to do and go and talk to the the creators of this. And in fact, with this Promethea, they have pretty much let her kind of lie with what they have done because they are very proud of the work that they'd already done with her and didn't want to, you know, it's one of those things they don't want to sully the image of yeah. that. Uh, I can only say Especially to them, in this book. I know that I, me and Alan Moore were tight and oh, I'm yeah. sure he's Old listening Alan here. Somehow it, it, he gets Ow. the he gets the uh, podcast through signals of his beard. And if he's listening, Eric, I, I just, I just want to tell old Al that don't worry. This Promethea, anybody who's a fan of Promethea is just going to think that this this ain't my Promethea. I just mean, this, like Prometheus? Yeah, and this that's what Steve Orlando, where we talk about all the time uh, with Tom King. You mentioned it just the last book with Birds of Prey, where Tom King kind of does his own sort of, you know, I'm going to do this how I want. It's going to be my King verse that I'm yeah. doing with Poison Ivy, with whatever. Uh, Steve Orlando just throws characters in this book, and you can't expect – that these are the characters that we're going to go forward with. Yeah, he had Prometheus, which he changed completely, and basically a character who would take down the entire Justice League in a past continuity was defeated with a lady in a crowd with a taser. And a taser. Yeah, God, that's what happens in this book. Prometheus, ends up, everyone. What Steve Orlando does, he ends up getting these characters to point out how great his characters – and it never works out. It, it does not. It does not calculate. But with this, you have Prometheus who just disappears at one point and leaves and then comes back to say, hey, you know, it's almost like in The Simpsons we were saying uh, with the monorail at the end. Where, hey, you didn't help us, didn't I? Didn't I? Oh, Spock. <laughs> yeah, Spock. But yeah, with that, you start off this issue, and one of my biggest problems isn't anything that I just said. One of my biggest problems is you continue this narration that we get every single issue from Killer Frost. That's all she does. Caitlin keeps giving you the exact same things now. She I reiterates get it. everything well, yeah. every issue. And I get it that you have to kind of set up things and say, oh, the Queen of Fables, she did this and this and Granite Wishes and her sister. And here's Prometheus. She came out of this. And that it's not just that. It's the continuation of the I don't know what to do. 
My friends are here, but if I if if the Queen of Fables is defeated, my wish goes down the tubes, and my wish was to and not I'll, have and my I'll sickness. destroy the world. Yeah, so you just keep going, and it, it's just I'm telling you, I've had enough. Now the issue itself starts in the red. And we have Vixen, who seems to have a different totem, like you pointed I, I, out. I'm to telling me. you, the thing is, we had the tan- the regular looking tantum t- uh, tantum totem yeah. when uh, she died, and now she has this new one. I have no idea where it came yeah. from, and no one's talking anything about yeah. it in this book. And with this, she is in the red, and basically, I mean, really. The is red it is you told him a transformer? Did it I, change? Well, here's the thing: the, the red is transforming a bit in my mind too. And now I'm yeah. not going to tell you I'm the expert of the red. I am not. But usually, you know, uh, power of the rhino, and there you go. Power of the, you know, pistol yeah. shrimp. She calls as we for say. powers of animals. She does not become like that's yeah. even the thing I've had a problem pistol with shrimp? in this, where the constructs are physical beings now. They're yeah. just not something for a visual aid to see yes. what she has become, you know, what she has the power of now. Yep. Now the constructs are physical things. So Steve Orlando, this is his own vixen as well. Yes. Yeah, and with that, it's not that I'm saying that humans aren't part of the red. Obviously no. they are. They're living, breathing animals. But how they are part of the red. Works. But <laughs> uh, yeah, and as you go into the red with this and she's like, "Hey, I'm part of the red." Hey, hey everybody. I know we're all here. All of humanity, we're in this red. Oh my goodness. I only need those with the everybody with the wishes say hey you know you have this sing song I'm just gonna talk to all the sexy people with the wishes and that's what she has there so now she's talking directly to everybody in the world who made a wish you know I wish a lot of things maybe I'm in there but with that it then ends up leading her into having an army of the red people with wishes that and now it, to me it's setting a very very dangerous precedent here where now instead of her saying like oh my god i can't get through that door you know power of an elephant now she can go power of every goddamn elephant on the planet and now she power can just stampede everybody yeah power of whatever power of this that and the other thing why not every time she meets somebody just happen to the red of every person in the world you have a billion billions upon billions of people there you go there uh boom uh she could defeat anything we'll because never see this power again no because what she does is gather up the power of all these people who wished and says to them you know and again this is the thing that steve orlando and that's the other thing in this book kind of like i said with supergirl uh in our regular spotlight he keeps pushing these, you know, points, these bullet points and keeps, you know, saying this. This is just the continuation of, listen, we're the Just League of America, but the real heroes in life are the people, the regular people. So this just is a way for him to continue that to save the day. Well, the it's thing is, just then, regular Jim, people. We have all of these people, these wishers that like, you know, she is taking the power yeah. of now they're as constructs with her during the fight. Which one of these people do you think can fly that's giving her the power to fly with yeah, all these people? I, I don't know. You know, Superman. I, <laughs> I'm telling you. Th- there you have – and, and really, sense. yeah, that, that is true because she is flying. So, yeah, where is she getting that power? They're, number one, you know, you're 100% right. I will give you a ding for that. Right. Actually, I'll give you this. Pistol shrimp? Pistol shrimp. I like that better. Yeah, it's it's funny too. It's there's the guy in the background. Even wrong I, turn knows it doesn't I, make I, any sense. I see this guy in the background, and this guy's like, you know, what the fuck? My my life was kind of okay. 
All I wanted to do was get rid of my fibromyalgia. Now I'm stuck in this nonsense. The, the poor guy, all he wanted to do was not wake up in pain. And now he's like, I had problems before. Now I'm in a fucking army and we're flying. But it makes no sense. It makes no sense. And you, before you even pointed that out, it makes no sense. No. Now you're right. Where? How is she flying? How is no, she you're... flying? I don't know either because then you go and you continue this whole deal. Tony, where, everybody doesn't make it. I don't even no. know what Ryan does because at one point he grabs a hold of Lobo, shrinks yeah. him down, and then it seems that Lobo just shrinks off the fucking like the miniaturization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just shrugs it off basically by saying nobody shrinks me, Trib. Oh. But while this is going on, the next thing I we do have to point out is – Frost is fighting Lobo. Now, the thing is, is all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Frost has her powers. And I, I'm telling you, I thought that they were gone because yeah, that was part the, of the, the sickness. The cure. Exactly. Yeah. The cure, in my mind, took away her, all her powers. You know, because nope. she's not blue anymore. Yeah. No, she just doesn't have the sickness of the, the, yeah, the hunger. Yeah, she doesn't have the sickness But she now. can still use her, her abilities. Yeah. But it's never been brought up before this issue. Yeah, yeah. So she's, she's, fighting, she's fighting Lobo. At one point, makes him slip and fall. Nonsense. And as this is going on, uh, you also have Canary uh, fighting off Woodsman. You have that going on. You have the Ray who just showed up. He's blasting people as well. The Woodsman guys, they're just in the background. And the Adam. Pretty much as far or Adams there too and uh, with that though you have the you know might be on the mirror the queen of fables who is now fighting with Promethea and it's just nonsense dialogue it's basically like you don't have imagination no I have imagination and I'm going to rule it no you're not yes you are don't be a slave of imagination you should rule it you know what I'm going to go off for a little bit here ha she runs away yeah because Promethea then says like ah you know what check you later I'm going and that's where the queen of fables is like huh you run there is no purchase in immateria she's just yelling shit and she's gonna go and basically to me it's almost like obi-wan you strike me down i'm gonna grow you know stronger she leaves and that's part of her plan because by the end it just doesn't make sense but yeah because you, you she can, had the imagination to know that the jla yes, could handle it they can handle it is what Fuck she you. basically says with this you do keep with killer frost who just basically i don't want to get my sickness back so you can't defeat the queen of fables but she is watching just people die left and right her her teammates are going down and finally it gets to the point where the Queen of Fables says and starts throwing shade at Ryan that it does end up, you know, helping. But Ryan, again, he still just keeps going. No, no, we can't fight for Caitlyn. She's good. I'm like, you, you got to get off of this, at, buddy. At I know it's your first girlfriend. To, after all of this, all the things we've seen, her rage is overtaking her want to, like, you know, help her, like, you know, honor yeah. her sister's memory. Yeah, I yeah, better kill that, her now. Yeah, that's what basically it is. Where y- you had Frost, who kind of keeps saying, like, well. Well, you know, she is honoring her sister. She's got that. And then realizes, you know what? I didn't realize that her, you know, her anger is overpowering that. Now, Vixen shows up and you do legitimately see these people in the red are flying. And yeah, yeah how are they flying? How are I they? Know. I don't know either. I have no and idea. And they go and they break the gateway to Immateria. Yeah, they they bust down that tower that we rarely knew, you know, barely yeah, knew what it was. It's like the and goddamn then, lightning rod in and Central then this City. Is, yeah, and now here's the big deal. That also, I mean, there's a lot of shit in this that's just nonsense. Basically, the Queen of Fables says, huh, you think that that's what's going to stop me? You think that these wishes, because you have Vixen, like, winking. Hey, had quick talk with your wishers. Wink. And then she's like, oh, 
Wishes? No, I don't need wishes because now I'm going to just use fear. Uh, what? Now you're a yellow lantern? What is going no, on? She, I'm sorry, this has been a thing where she didn't need the wishes anymore. Now yeah. that she's in the material world, she was going to use the fear as power. Yeah, now she's going to use the fear. And the it thing just is, keeps even the going whole back thing where, like, you know, the whole idea of taking the wishes away, what does that accomplish? Who says no. you can take the wishes away? Yeah, I don't know. It's like, that's like they just decide I don't want them anymore. It, it's just stupid. Now that guy with fibromyalgia is back to hurting, though he never got his wish. They stopped yeah. him. That yeah. poor guy didn't even get to go that far. He's probably watching on TV like, God damn it, I didn't even get to be a hero. <laughs> I didn't. I have my fibromyalgia and I'm not a hero. God damn and it. But- even with the bit with uh, you know the Queen of Fables using this fear construct like she's a yellow lantern, yeah. I don't even know know what like ryan does because it seems like he shrinks himself down but looking at it because he's wrapped up with this freaking yeah. eel construct and, uh, and then it looks like himself he just away face, the thing is he faces through yeah, he it faces, looks like that's what it looks like it does it look doesn't like look that. like he shrunk himself down it just looks like now, he faces through i'm like i don't know what's going yeah. on and in the meantime you have this moment where you the, you know the team now sees that vixen's alive we already knew this we already saw it ourselves so it's not a big moment like no. that uh but when she arrives with these you know 800 people army she flies in in, and you have Canary go, my God, Vixen. Then Ryan says, Mari. And then you have Lobo say nothing. And then all of a sudden, the Ryan or Ray just yells out, I guess she really is that good. I well, guess she is, he, Jim. Who is he talking to? I'm talking to everybody. She really is that good. Yeah, because what that leads from is, oh my God, Vixen. Lobo says to Ryan, listen, take a fragment step back. No one shrinks the main man against his will. I guess she is that good. Looks like. That's what Ryan says. And then, you know, they're like, oh, my God, uh, the live. And you have that weird deal where you have Caitlin say she's alive. And then the question, yeah, I see that sister. And that seems to be where it's like the tide is turning with Caitlin, not the sister part. But basically like, okay, you know what? I was kind of giving up because Vixen was dead anyway. I don't know. But she's like, okay, this is nonsense. Uh, And and even the line here where Vixen's flying in with all these people for some reason, hard to tapple your tower with an army of once, Sarista, but this ain't that army. Kaboom! Yeah, yeah this right. ain't that army. It's like this endless army of something. Again, this is supposed to be, you know, the red and a, a totem. And what is and... this thumb where they're flying from? Did they just open a portal too? Yeah, I, don't I don't know what's going on. I don't know. It's just nonsense. It's just there to end. And, and really, I didn't even mention in my blurb or up to this point, this issue wasn't even supposed to be. No. This was an added-in issue. This was the issue that caused the problems because they're like, oh, my God, Promethea, not knowing that Promethea was already going to be in the last two issues. And uh, it, it, what what were they going to do without this issue? Because the ship wasn't done. But this is what happens. Basically, uh, the Queen of Fables says, you know, well, get rid of these fucking assholes. We're going to get to Immateria still somehow, and uh, we're just going to rule, and maybe later we'll we'll deal with these mortals and their weakness. But your weakness is, you know, your weakness is your friends because then he and then that's when she's like no because ryan it looks like she's gonna try to you know kill ryan or whatever and frost just completely uses her powers to kill the queen of fables uh uh, another beloved character who's now dead uh just to be dead it just happens and now she has her sickness back because the wish is gone and with that, then Promethea shows back up and says, hey, 
I knew that you were guys, guys were good, and I said in my review, and you said you thought the same thing. It's very much like that footprints uh, deal, that religious right. footprints, where they, it's like, hey, uh, God, you were walking with me along the beach here, but when times were tough, you disappeared because those footprints, they were just mine. No, no, no. That's when I was carrying you. <laughs> and it's just like that. She comes back out, and I'm telling you, she just wants to take credit. She comes – that's why she's got imagination, Eric. She thinks on her feet. Oh, look, she, I, I am Art's fiercest yeah. spark, the secret song of the unnoticed guardian of the imagination. I am Promethea, and you just left us alone to finish the queen? Yeah. I never left you, Canary. I made way for you. Yeah. I saw your moment. No, Six no. warriors with thousands <laughs> at their backs, and it was all your victory. It always was. Yes, I was carrying was. you the whole time. I thought that I was teaching you, but yet you were teaching me. That's here. Pistol shrimp? Pistol shrimp. Uh. But yeah, and even then, you have a queen of fables who's now dead. She's laying there dead, and you have Promethea, like, prancing around. She's like, and now her wishes stand undone. And, uh, it, it sucks, but hey, we're going to start again. And with that, she comes out. Uh, as this is going on, and then starts looking at uh, Frost, and now Frost gives us like, huh, somehow she told me her origin. So since we're ending this and we never did this, I'd better do it now. It's like Steve Orlando at the end, it, we're it, pages away from ending, decides now to give a backstory of Promethea. That's the time is done. I mean, really, and I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going that this is any Promethea that that was ever done before because it's nonsense. She whispers in her ear, "Thinner," and then oh, just, and then freaking leaves. But yeah, Go there's her. Frost, <laughs> warmer. But yeah, you have that. You know, unfortunately, now you have Frost who has the sickness again. Yeah, and uh, now we have this whole team moment. With uh, the Ray being back and and Loba apologizing and you know whatever, yeah. And with that, I, I'm it's done just with ridiculous. this whole It is. Story. It's just ridiculous because they're like, oh man, this was tough. Here we go. And it's so funny that uh, Caitlin's there and's like, I have a lot to make up for. You know, uh, Vixen going away, dying, and coming back. Why do you have to deal with that? Uh, and and <laughs> you know, work itself out all right. This is pretty messy around here. I'm gonna have to you know clean up or whatever. I don't know where to start. I have to cough. And Batman shows up and says, I do. Angor. That's basically it. And yeah. With the next world's waiting to be saved. And roll with him is friggin' Ray Palmer as well, who's yeah. just decked out in a goddamn vest of teeth. Yeah, he's got, he looks like he I'm just got, came off the I didn't set. I didn't even of, realize who he was at first. No, I didn't either. I actually was like, oh, I guess they stopped by the set of fucking, you know, Back to the, Back future. To the future. That's, That's right. what it looks like. He's there. Hey there, buddy. Well, well, where's hey, Dream Ray Slayer? Palmer, you, jump, you jump ship? Yeah, you jump ship, buddy. Hey, I'll have a tab. No tab here. Yeah, it's just nonsense. I'll have a Pepsi free. You it's go to nonsense. Pepsi, now, you're going to pay for it. Kid. Yeah, yeah, really. And I'll tell you, the whole thing with this, too, is that through this story, which probably only happened within a couple days, you know, of this, you know, yeah, yeah. since the, they kept mentioning the Dark Knights. They right. kept mentioning that. They even you, mentioned it here. Yeah. You had, oh, I understand the world. You know, you have these Dark Knights going around, and it was stressed. To that's me, why Batman that it was, wasn't around. It, you, it was stressed that, yes, that's why we could say he wasn't around. Also, though, though we were kind of silly to think that because we knew uh, he should have been in the microverse at some point. But we can assume that he went out and whatever. But these wishes these people have done, a lot of them were kind of pointed out. Hey, look, I know there's these dark nights. That's what causes wishes. They say it again in this. And we thought, boy, why didn't somebody wish for the dark nights to go away? Yeah. That was our joke. 
when Batman shows up at the end, I'm like, what is going on? Because now, now are you saying that this is after metal? But if it is, it still doesn't match up. It doesn't no. match up at all. So what he is doing, what Steve Orlando did was try to get synergy. Completely fucked it up. He completely fucked it up. Though, when you're reading this book, I'm telling you, you don't even think of the greater continuity. No. That's why he didn't need – and also, when Batman left, he just left. And they said, listen, Batman has Batman things to do. He's also in the regular Justice League. He has Gotham, whatever. Uh, let's just leave it at that. Why go too far to fuck up? Because you always got to go full retard. He did. He did. So Batman shows up, and now they're going to go off to Angor to finish up the series. Because thank God, it, it is can it canceled. It's going to end with that whole deal with Scott Snyder taking over the Justice League. This book is going to end. They're going to have these, you know, things with these tie-ins and things like that. However, that's going to play out when it does. But this book's done, and thank God, it, it is so bad. It, it is awful. Uh, the dialogue, the best thing, the dialogue isn't even the worst that it's been in this no. issue. It's more of the situations. It's more of the think about what he's doing with these characters. He's made Vixen pretty much the, you know, avatar of the Red who can do more with the Red than we've ever seen. And, with an animal man. And yeah, and end up doing things that are illogical to what is being spelled out. You had Promethea that is this huge thing that caused such a stir and she's just there for nothing. She's window no dressing. This yeah. is the only reason you can think of is he wanted to get people to buy the book. It just seems like a money grab situation. You have the might be on the mirror, Teresa fucking uh, queen of fables. She has so many names. Uh, and she's been behind the scenes of this book since the beginning, pretty much the beginning, and then just ends because Frost ends up saying, oh, you know what? I don't think she's that good. Like, yeah. I, I think that she might have some uh, ulterior motives here and ends up just killing her. I will go back to where we started this podcast with books with Detective Comics where Batman says, nobody kills on my team, so you don't do it. She just killed somebody. Yeah, she legitimately either. killed somebody. Uh, again, you, you can't kill Clayface, but you can kill the Queen of Fables, and that's fine. Also, you had the situation in this book where Frost ended up killing one of the Null Army guys in the microverse, and it made the team go batshit crazy because she's a killer. That was the big Lobo's deal. I saw what you did, Trib, and ended up throwing it out there, and the team went nuts. At that point, Ryan was just like, oh, no, say it isn't so. You're not a killer. Oh, my God. Uh she just killed somebody in front of everybody there, yeah, and nobody nobody, nobody mentions it. The only thing that's mentioned is from freaking Promethea, who basically ding-dong, the witch is dead, and off I go. I, I got imagination. I'm, I'm out of here. And you know what? You guys could all go to Immateria because you got imagination as well. Write a little fucking poem, and, and I'll see you. And really, they just brush aside all of that work that he kind of did because it was convoluted. But all of these issues of the – we got to get the mic beyond the mirror. Oh, my God. That's why Batman formed this team because of this, all this explanation. And it ends and they just boom, done. And the ramifications of it should have been bigger in just the fact that she killed somebody and they, they don't care. And she has – you know, and basically at the end it's, you know, do the hands and like, I guess it's back to square one with that sickness, the end of that right? Chapter. Yeah, am I, am I right? Ooh, and that's it. And it's done. Now off to Angor. 
I have to go. Fucking don't want to deal with Angor again. Yeah. I, I mean, even the, the thing, it's just nonsense. It's nonsense. We're going to go deal with some Dream Slayer, some Blue Jay, Jim? Yeah, Blue Jay, Dream Slayer, all that. I give it a 3 out of 10. I've had enough. The art's good. I actually And like the thing that. is, I, and the, because of the art, I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of 10. But this book is garbage. It doesn't make any sense. And it just destroys no. any character it wants to use. Yeah. He is the killer of characters. Uh, he even – and I, I get it. I, I know that some people even like it that he is a guy like you have all the – in Supergirl, he's throwing characters from the movies, getting this, that, the other thing, Selena. You got all these things and uh, basically he just butchers everything and it's just there, like I said, for window dressing. You, you have these characters show up that don't make sense in the Supergirl even and then he uses them for an issue and then they disappear never to be seen Back again. To the toy box. Yeah, that's all it is and it's just – Just a little bit damaged now. Don't yes. let it, Steve Orlando play with your toys. No, he, he he. And then you sell them on eBay, and you have to point out that damage, and you don't get as much money for them, Eric. You the hell would you some, sell them for, you, you goddamn heathen? Yeah, that's what you do. Well, somebody has to sell them to you to have them, right? It's true. Yeah, you can't just shut down the the fucking supply line, Eric. There's somebody has to get rid of them. Uh, what was your book of the week? Because I'm trying to think what mine was. My book of the week was Action Comics. Yeah. Uh, what you gave that an eight. Yes, so you gave it an 8 as well. I think I did as well. I think I have a couple ties. Uh, but because of that, I'm going to go with I New think you Superman. gave New Superman an 8.5. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought I just gave it an 8. 8.5, but I never remember by the time we're done. But I'm going to give it to New Superman anyway. New Superman and the Justice League of China just because I, I want to give that some push and maybe some people will yeah, jump on good with that and keep it going. But this is what we're going to talk about next week. Now, obviously, if you go to the Patreon, you're a badass. You're going to be able to pick two of these books out. That will not be on the podcast. And one uh, another book will be on the regular spotlight. But – in some way, form, or matter, we will be talking about all these, Eric Me and you will get together for five days to talk about them. We have Aquaman number 33. We have Batman number 41 that Eric mentioned during the Birds of Prey that is a uh, Poison, Poison Ivy, Ivy. It's starting yeah. off an arc. The Super Friends deal is over, though it doesn't seem like it really should. I don't know. The, the, his right. stories just kind of end, but you have a Poison Ivy deal coming up. We have Batman and the Signal number two, which is big because all the other issues in that are delayed. So at <laughs> least we get that one. We have well, Batwoman. even this was delayed. Yeah, we have Batwoman number 12. We have Damage number two, so we're going to get one of the first, yeah, or the first one of these New Age of Heroes having a next issue. Too. Uh, yeah, I do too. Uh, we have Green Lanterns number 41, where we uh, predicted Capers. before that we're going to get a lot of the those Z-list heroes from the Green Capers. Lantern runoffs. Yeah, when I, I, I really want that. I really hope that's fun. Uh, we have Harley Quinn number 38. You want uh, to call to them the the hookups would be pretty good. I'll, I'm calling them that now. You can All call right. them that. That's your name. I don't want to step on your toes there. Justice cool. League number 39, Nightwing number 39, Super Suns number 13. And to me, it seems like we it's been so long since the Super Suns book. Yeah, so we have that. We have Superman number 41 and the Brave and the Bold Batman and Wonder Woman number one. We have Trinity number 18. That book has been announced to be ending, so that's going to be coming up. They were, you know, winding that down. And that's it. And there's some other stuff on the side, like a Wonder Woman Conan that I believe Jeremy will be reviewing and talking about. And we also have a continuation of the Milk Wars with a weird one. Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye, Swamp Thing special number one that Reggie and Chris will be talking about. So that's about it. That is the podcast, Eric. Uh, We'll see how this one 
plays out there oh, on, on the old intranets. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, this one is a little weird for me to gauge right now. I know. I, I'm sitting back there as we stop after all these days of recording, and sometimes I kind of get the idea, okay, we had some fun, Eric yeah. Shea, me and you. I don't know about this one. We'll have to see what people say. So also burn remember, rate laughs weren't enough. Oh no! Well, that was that's that's still fresh because we just <laughs> talked about it. But uh, let us know how it's going. And Dirty also, gorilla like gonorrhea wasn't yeah, enough. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, I'm sure people love that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, tell us how you like the new setup with the mail, uh, with the rent and raves combined with that, and all that sort of rigmarole. See how that goes. But. That is the end of the podcast. Thanks, everybody, who helped us out. Uh, yes. If you would be so inclined, go over and check out our Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash weirdscience. Uh, we have a lot of shows. You can check them out. And some of them are free as well, Eric. So you can go and kind of root through that, though. I'm telling you, maybe they get lost in the shuffle of 175 shows. That might be. But, yeah, check it out. See how you like it. And if you join up, I didn't even say it at the beginning, but if you join up now, you will not be charged for a couple weeks. At the beginning of March is when it goes. So treat it as a free trial see if it's worth it and we don't mind that at all eric what do we say at the end everyone have a great week great keep it weird, weird. and we'll see you in seven oh!